Howdy, howdy, oxen free, all you get fresh crew out there. Come out of hiding because it's time for another installment of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 148. 148. We're getting close. We're getting yeah. close, Eric. Two milestone. More, I haven't heard milestone bitches in a long while. I guess well, you'll been be a able milestone to do it. In a while, well, bitches. every everything at one point was a milestone to you. You yeah. have actually uh, now realized that not everything you do is that important. Are you I mean, saying you, I've become <laughs> disenchanted? You, no, you're just less pretentious. Oh, Hello and welcome one and all the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for November fourth. 2007. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud! Proud indeed. You're back to being proud. Last week, I believe, you weren't proud. You said something else. Nonsense is what it was. I forget what it was because I got angry at you. Actually, it just threw me off. But I'm going to go on with what we always go on with, Eric. You can find us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We do have that award-winning website at Weird Science DC Comics.com. And we're on Twitter, Stitcher, all those places. Everywhere and if you want to be. If you want to, you know, rate and review our podcast, we'd appreciate it. We're not going to demand anything from anybody. I demand it. Do it now. Stop you listening right demand now. It. Stop review, listening. Go and rate and review. Yeah, it's you already said you've never rated and reviewed any ever. sort of podcast ever, so you can't really tell people to do that if you yourself wouldn't. I, I have. Can so? No, you can't. You can ask. Possibly, you can't demand. Yeah, you're a done. very demanding person. That is yeah. true. Uh, I have rated and reviewed podcasts. Some good, some bad, Eric. I, you know, I don't fake the funk even on an iTunes review. I just have to tell you that, but we also have an email uh, that you can email us for the show. We're going to have mail a little bit later, but you can also email questions, comments. You can tell Eric that he uh, he should get together with that cellar dweller, possibly have a uh, show with both Eric and the cellar dweller Yo, on that at once. That would be amazing. Ooh, I don't, I, it's weird. You've had two, or there's been two cellar dweller shows so far, Eric, and you haven't been on them. That, that makes me person. wonder. I'm doing this makes long me FTC wonder why we podcast. never where see, am I to find the time? We Jim? never see Eric and the cellar dweller in the same room. Very, very odd. But the email is weird science DC comics at gmail.com. And one other thing we do have a Patreon account. We'll mention that now and again, Eric. <laughs> Patreon.com slash weird science. And one of the main reasons I'm going to tell you about that is this week we have the Patreon spotlight double header. Uh, the badass has actually picked two books. For the Patreon-only spotlight. So if you want to hear these books, you'll have to go over to Patreon, subscribe to us. There's different levels. Check it out. You can subscribe whatever level you want. One of the lower levels, the $5 a month level, is the spotlight level. Uh, also, you would get early uh, New 52 review and all the free shows and all stuff like that. But it is a double shot with Batman, White Knight number 2, and Batman the Devastator number 1. So if you were hoping to hear those, you'll have to go over to Patreon and, you know, and support us. Uh, we try try to do a lot of work for you guys if you do support us we, we try to make it worth your while and before i play a clip a select Ooh, a clip. clip from this double header spotlight so you can see what that's all about i just want to mention as i always do usually at the beginning of the month if you go over and support us on patreon the minute that you click that to support us at whatever level you will not be charged immediately uh, i am so confident 
in the quality of work that we do, including the cellar dweller and a little known man known as the attic animal, <laughs> Eric. Uh, but I, I think that we do enough shows that you'll be satisfied that by the end of the month, you will keep subscribing and then you will be charged in the beginning of December. But up until that point, it's like a free trial. Check sure. it out. See how it is. Trial. Dip your toe. And, and if you do want to listen how for inviting that water, there, is. we have 80 shows, 80 total exclusive shows already since we started at the patreon which is is insane to me uh but if you want to listen to all those you get them done by the end of the month and you think you know what i'm not down with this then you just unsubscribe you'll never be charged so i I just i'm confident that people will like the shows but eric this is a little clip just to show how serious we are when we do the patreon spotlights uh i just want to tell everybody we might have a lot of nonsense during the regular show that we're doing now we're very very serious we're very serious comic book reviewers on the patreon so it's it's something a little different so i do want to play this this is the beginning of our review of batman the devastator number one Listen to the how dedicated we are, Eric, oh, to get this this professional type review. Here we go. Batman the Devastator number one, written by Frank Thierry and James Tynan, art by Tony S. Daniel, Danny Mickey, Tomei Murray. Tomei, Tomei Murray and Tom Napolitano. I don't know why that stuck there. I have no idea. You usually have Tomei Murray. Eric, I usually don't have I to say I think Reggie usually has it. Really? Well, I usually don't have to say it. For some reason, I just had a brain. I, it's not, it wasn't even a fart. It was like a, a, a fucking aneurysm. It's time for Doomsday <laughs> Batman. Well, that's and I a think, problem. Get that shit out. <laughs> it's time for Doom. It's time for Doomsday. I, t- I, t- I want to tell people. I sat there today. We were leaving work. And we're in the car. And I said, I don't feel so good. If I had a stroke. And this is me saying to you, if I actually had a stroke and I called you up and I'm like, I'm in the hospital, you come in, you wouldn't come see me, but after I, I get come out, see you, I, come, I come back to work and I'm like, hey, Eric, when, uh, do we come to podcast tonight? I said, would you let me, yeah. if I said to you, I'm like, um, Eric, the, only thing, the only thing that keeps me over. going, the only thing that keeps me going is the podcast. I w- and would you say to me, oh, you know what? I, I know this is a disaster. I've already told you. If I'm I have a stroke, I'm cutting out. Somehow, though, turn that spotlight <laughs> off. I'm like, you would. You would. Would you? But I said, would you make up an excuse, or would you just be like, no, I'm not fucking having a podcast with Strokey McStroke Stroke. I'm not There's having no a way. fucking podcast with Strokey McStroke Stroke. Yeah, and then I said that night is when I take my life, Eric, because you've taken away. You've taken away. Taken away. The only thing I love. By then, my wife and kids have left me. That's the problem. Tanya and the kids have left me because I'm just sitting around yelling at people with that voice, and nobody would be able to take that, right? Nobody needs so. That's it. Podcast over. See you and never. So I better not have a stroke, I guess. That that was that. (laughs) See, professional. Professional comic reviews. You get no on the stroke, page. Stroke, stroke. Telling you, I was very upset then. That has upset me since that you have told me that you, you don't appreciate me a, enough to keep the podcast going if no, I have just, I a stroke. I appreciate the listeners more. 
Really? So that that basically is what you're doing is you're saving the listeners from Strokey McStroke Stroke. Jim Strokey McStroke Stroke. Is that what you're be a doing? I'm superhero because I'm saving the world from Strokey McStroke Stroke. So you're the superhero, huh? Well, yes. Yeah. But if you wanted to hear that, we do actually talk some comics on that as well. But yeah, uh, I actually played that to Logan and Logan got a kick out of it. So I figured that we would have that as our little clip. Then that's what you get. You get a lot of uh, comics and some nonsense eric and a lot of other shows just go over and check it out but we're going to move on because i already mentioned that the badasses of the get fresh crew boopity boo did pick those two books so you know what that means eric it's time for the badass roll call yeah yeah here we go these are the badasses of the patreon these are the guys and gals that we want to salute and we're going to start with the ultimate badass toby hagan rob lewis lone wolf marv uh andrew belfast dave J, all new dave richard richardson i think we're going to hear from him a little later eric simon g-man monty hakeem jolly drill manship T. Werner. T. Werner is also part of a show with me that people seem to like, Tanya. Basically, T is set up to just take my yelling. It's basically, it should be called Jim Abuses His Wife. uh, With words. On and off the air. With words. Ian, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, B. Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G., Josh Vermillion, who some claim sounds a lot like the cellar dweller, Eric, voice of an angel, Missy T., Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, and the OG, Christopher Hyden. We salute all you and thank That's everybody right. who is part of the Patreon badasses and just the regular other levels. I, I don't know what I'm saying, Eric. I actually, we're doing this show tonight a little bit earlier than we usually do. And throwing you off? Anything that happens like that throws me off. If we start early, it throws me off. If we start late, it throws me off. I Actually, we start on time, it might throw me off, Eric. I don't know, but... You just got a lot of problems. I'm just always thrown off. That's the problem. I, I hope I'm not having a stroke, Eric. I, I really... I hope I'm not I getting really gonorrhea. I hope I don't have gonorrhea as well, but those those are the best. Oh, and really, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you all uh, who support us on Patreon. Now, we also have yes, a rant and rave line. Line, Eric. Threat and the rave line. Is that good? I got to get something going here to get me better. I got to get in here. What what can I have here that'll get me excited here? Yeah, Eric, here we go. This is going to get me back on track. Throw me off now. You like that now? Eric chasing the house. He's not the cellar dweller. That's right. <laughs> there you go. See, now I'm back on track. You can tell them. There you go. You can call the Rent Rave line at 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by that pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. You know it's gonna be a long one. Get first crew. The winner is Jim Warner. You know it's gonna be a strong one. Hello, weird science. If you're thinking of some nonsense, then it's time to phone it in. Come on, time. If you 
the remix version all right we have a couple of science mix of the rant you like the, the, re, the remix of the rant and rave song well we're gonna go on right now to these rant and raves we have a bunch tonight and eric the first rant and rave is from one of your good friends one of your Ooh, good friends a, a man that you respect with all your heart and your Daddy? brain he may even give you nightmares and dreams eric no it is keith oh. giffen oh. keith giffen eric here we go Hey there, weird science guys. Hi. I just wanted to call in. This is Keith Giffen, by the way. <laughs> Hi, Keith. I just wanted Hi, to Keith. call in and say, look, you want to get the kids on board? And I just also, Don't before I really get into my rant and or rave, I love your show. I really, oh, really love you. So help with the on your little your little show here, your little podcast, little your podcast. little weird science thing. It's yeah. cool. It's a cool gig. Thank you. Thank you. But look, you want to get, you just want to set the kids on fire. You want to get them rolling all on board. Yes, let's set children on fire. Burning. Burning. One word of advice. One piece of advice. I'm waiting. From Keith Giffen. I don't know what my goddamn name is anymore. I'm fucking 90 years old. (laughs) Keith Giffen, world famous DC Comics writer. Yes, yes, world famous he is. Throw a random Donald Trump can in there. Just do it. Just throw it in there. It doesn't have to make I don't want to. fucking sense. Just wherever you're at, in your little review, in your little blurb, just throw it in there. Just, <laughs> just throw it in. Fucking throw it in there. Throw it, it in. It doesn't matter. It's actually better if it makes no sense. It has nothing to do with the story. And it's obviously just a piece of my political agenda, hoping to get brownie points on the streets by a bunch of anti-Trumpers, which is most people. Oh. Doesn't matter. Just Doesn't matter. Throw it in there at random. Doesn't matter. Trust me. I'm going to let you try it right now. I'm going to give you five seconds. I, you know, Raptor really did have an it's orange perfect. suit in this issue of Nightwing, kind of like Trump's face, Everyone huh? Was perfect. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's better. If it doesn't matter. Uh, Fuck it. Just throw I, I it in there. Look, the kids are already. Uh, how about if I was feeling. like, hey, there's Starfire. Boy, I didn't know. I thought it was Trump. Uh, is that okay? I don't know. You, these just, you son of a bitch. You just stomped over my joke. Was that your next one? Or was that no, what you just no, said? No, no. It was just so similar. Oh. Just so similar. Oh, jeez. Now I messed up. I, I sit there and pause, Eric, and now I mess up. Whatever it was, it was perfect. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he didn't even know. He thought it was perfect. So angry. Fuck it. Just throw it in there. Look. The throw it in there. Rolling. I can feel it in my, my guts right now. I can feel it. He needs to calm down. His heart's not going to take all this. That is free. So I have no idea how old he is. World-famous DC Comics writers of the world-famous new best-selling He needs to get a new phone. Trump jab. I'm sure it's a rotary. Kids to get on your review. Like Probably. Ten dollars a review just to read that, this shit. The cord is all wrapped up. Buy it. It's flying off the How shelf. did you fall with the pound sign? Doesn't even Use make it. any sense. Use it. Use it. Now before I go, I just want to 
wanted to say Keith Giffen here. World famous He's forgotten. writer, comics writer. He's all getting old. He's an old man. I just wanted to say I like the red and mile, although it is a bit confusing. You come in here, you get the number, and you beep, beep, boop, 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 and hit the bound side of your I think you just sent out the uh, Skynet uh, link. Weird. Must be part of the Jimmy Carter administration. Oh! Okay, I'm out tonight. Holy moly, throwing shade at that Jimmy Carter. That, that's what I think would get the young kids going. You know, we oh, yeah, do some Jimmy that. Carter references? Shit. Yeah, oh, it'd be so good. I, I'm trying to think of one. Uh, I'm trying, like, uh, you'd be like, oh, I handed him my one-term paper. One term, like Jimmy Carter? Whoa, wait! Oh. <laughs> that would get them, right, Eric? Oh, my goodness. The the laughs we would get. Hey, I don't know, but that rant and rave line is kind of like our Trump card. How's that? <laughs> that's, that's about as close as I'm ever going to get to having any joke like that. We're going to move on, Eric. And this is, I, I hinted earlier, uh, we're going to get to the insanity of your friend, Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson here. Yes. And I've just been calling today. I'm calling today. First of all, a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Do, do, do. In Jim, yes. Eric, yes. I just wanted to yes. say how much uh-huh. I've been enjoying all of your guys' podcasts, how oh, good you. you are. You guys are my favorite podcasting group ever. What yes, group. Ever. You're so Super good. Group. You're so great. Like damn Yankees we all and shit. love you. I was hoping you'd say Asia, but I'll, I, I guess we can go with damn Yankees. Uh, Dancing Mike, <laughs> <laughs> he would he would enjoy hearing that. You know, like all the kids want to hear about damn Yankees. Like, damn Yankees. One little critical thing I Uh-oh. would like to say. He's going to be critical. Jim, are you listening? I I am. <laughs> Get close to the speaker. I'm, Get I'm very close. close to the speaker. You hear me, Jim? Jim, are you ready? Jim, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, are you close to I the am. speaker? I, I am so close. It's okay. exciting me. Are you all the way to the speaker? You better you not close? cut off at the end. I'll kill him. Are you close to the speaker? Yes, I am. Jim, I am. Message for you. Keep doing what you you're doing. You son of a bitch. Mr. Richardson. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, yes, I knew it. Yes, we had a Patreon. I just like that Richard Richardson thinks that you have to get close to the speaker. Yes, to hear that. Yeah. What about headphones, Rich? Come on. No, no, no. I'm I'm close to the speaker. Yeah, and that was, uh, of course, we had a Patreon uh, show, uh, Necessary Nonsense, on family stories. And I told the story that I had told on the podcast way, way back. But I figured I should tell people who had joined him recently about what my grandfather said uh, from, from, beyond, from the grave. beyond the Grave. From Beyond the Grave. From Beyond the Grave, Eric. And if you hadn't heard it, I, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But he went down a long list of everything that he wanted to see my whole entire family do and he knew personal info on them and stuff and all he said to me was keep doing what you're doing that was from beyond the grave that was from beyond the grave eric that son of a bitch my grandfather never liked me he never did and you know what sometimes i can tell why because yeah. <laughs> I'm an asshole. But the next one, who isn't an asshole, Eric? We are going to get the first rant and rave from Lex Slip. And you know that Hollywood means kid. the Hollywood kid is giving us a rant and rave, and here it is. 
What's Up Weird Science Podcast, coming at you live from Leak Slip. It's your boy. Leak Slip? I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> leak Slip, I, I say. A leak Slip. That sounds like something that happens when I have diarrhea, Eric. So I don't know, but there you go. The Hollywood Kid. It's the Hollywood Kid. He's here. So, uh, it's Monday morning. And I'm listening to episode 147 of the podcast. Uh, uh, he has a very manly voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we, we call him a kid. I, I don't kid. know anymore. It might be Hollywood adult now. Hollywood man. That is a that is a very, like, resonant voice, I think. You know? Does that make sense? And while I'm doing the hoovering, I'm listening to the podcast because I like to hoover and listen to the podcast. That's why I like... Hoover. That means sweeping, Eric. Oh. Sweeping. That's ah. how the Hollywood kid likes to do it. But then all of a sudden, in mail section number one, I'm hearing people put my book of the week four weeks <laughs> running. Yep. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1, yes. on blast. Ooh. And that will just not stand for the Hollywood kid. So I had to grab my headset and set things straight. Hollywood style. It's Hollywood uh, style. And it's my first rant and rave as well. So uh, shout is. out to the rant and ravers out there. Like uh, St. Patreon. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, so I want to give uh, uh, a big shout out to Mike from last week's mail. Uh, you know... It's nice to hear another true fan of Kyle Rayner on the podcast. It's really the Not only like that. true fan other than, than Hollywood Kid. Nobody else Aww. I know is a fan. That, that is worth mentioning, actually. Fake poser Eric Stray, who doesn't <laughs> yeah, even they... have Book of the Week, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. Buy books. What's up with that? But Mike was asking, what's the deal with these new Titans issues in the Kyle Rayner trade? So I'm going to give the Hollywood Kids... Two cents straight yes. up. Nice. I, you know, I agree with Mike. I think that those two issues aren't the best. Two issues. Uh, to be honest, I but I would say the they are necessary because they feature the first time that Kyle meets Donna Troy, okay. who ends up that being his girlfriend deal. later on. Yeah. That so is it's uh, kind of some necessary nonsense, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, uh, so I hey. would. I, yeah, you. you sh- I, I don't know that. That what is this? The now the Kyle Rayner down a Troy trade. I'm calling nonsense. <laughs> Read them. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's not hoovering now and he's going to stop and end up uh, sending in another rent rave, ripping me apart tr- like he did you. Trade might as well. But uh, there's another issue in the trade. Uh, Rebels ninety four. Which is complete nonsense. I don't know who any of the characters are, and it barely features Kyle, so you could give that, that one a skip. So skip that one, and just read the, read the two Titans ones, and you'd be grand. Uh, but I'm afraid, you know, if you don't really like the two Titans ones, uh, you haven't seen the last of them, because uh, they show up later on with Kyle in a yeah. big crossover called The Siege of Zai Sharam. I think he just had a stroke. He just had a stroke. Ran, Duran, Duran. Who knows? Uh, I like Duran. So you'll 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 see them show up maybe in Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume Two, which spoilers alert that will be the Hollywood Kids. Yeah, it it will be of the week whenever that comes out. Uh, happy days. Uh, so on to on to the second order of business. Uh, I'm listening to the lovely Jim Werner oh. read out my mail on mail yes. session number five. Boom, 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 uh, boom. He's he's saying 
uh, saving the best to last, you know, yeah. uh, blah, 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 loving it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Eric Stray comes out with the line, and I quote, I quote this, ladies and gentlemen, I wrote <laughs> this down and I stuck it on the fridge. He says, motherfucker buys one goddamn trade, and now all of a sudden he's past me, past me in, like, the liking of Kyle Rayner. Exactly. Well, well. The, well, the Hollywood kids got something to say about that. His response something. is, come on down to Leak Slip, Eric Stray, and you're going yeah. to catch these fists straight oh, no. up. You know, he sounds like he'd beat the America shit Sweetheart, out. you've been reading comics all your life, apparently, and you say you're a number one Kyle Rayner fan. <laughs> apparently. That. That, he, that is, you did put him in the top five as your favorite Lantern, though. I did. You did. Lee. But I don't see you with the book of the week, no. Green Lantern, <laughs> Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. So how much of a true fan can you really be? Throwing he's, down the gauntlet. Called, he is. He's what up? Where's that tattoo? Eric Stray, we need to see it. So, you know, <laughs> well, 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 all joking aside now. No, no, nobody's getting put on blast because the Hollywood kids, he don't put anybody no, on blast. He doesn't put people on he blast. He just here to spread the love. That what the Hollywood kids do. So I want to say a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Shout out to Book of the Week, Kyle Rayner. No evil escape my sights. No. And this has been your boy in Leak Slip. Not Lex Slip because that's, <laughs> that's not right. It's Leak Slip like potato and leek soup. XO. Now you ruined it. Now you ruined it. You've XO. never had potato and leeks. No. You never had potato and leek soup. No. Oh man, he needs to punch you right in the face. The only thing that's going to calm him down Don't right now is this. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthrits, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Exactly. Yeah. Luckily, I can put that in there, or uh, a certain man in leak slip is going to end up punching you right in the face. But we're going to go off. Uh, we're going to go up to the next. The next deal. Yeah. The next you, rant and rave is also from across the. Pond. Hey, Sally and Pumpkinhead. This yes, is your boy Sally, Toby calling from the Toby. UK. Uh, um, something Toby. went down in the chat room the other day, and uh, I need Toby's to, uh, I need going to get something off my chest. I, I am challenging. Eric Shea to his title of being the continuity kid. We had a little bit of an exchange about Back to the Future. Uh, I'm not going to go into why, because I think that we have uh, strong arguments for either side of the fence. Um, But I'm I'm here to challenge him because I think that he's wrong. So here's my proposal. Episode 150 is right around the corner. It is. And uh, I challenge Eric Shea to an episode of Jim's Court for episode 150. (laughs) That'll be the first time Jim's Court appears anywhere outside of my little deal. Uh, I do want to tell Toby that you came into work. And you were t- you were saying to me, oh, do you see, I-, I think I saw some of the chat before yeah. I even got ready. And I'll tell everyone, one of the things that I look when I get up in the morning, and if you do get involved in the Patreon, you'll know what we're talking about. You get into the Get Fresh Crew, boom, boom, boom. and you get in the Slack chat of the Get Fresh Crew, boom, boom. boom, boom. And uh, everybody talks about a bunch of things. It's, it is probably one of the best groups that I've ever been involved with. Just And oh, I'm not even just saying that. It's just people talk about sports, everything, but comics also. And uh, – I always look because if Eric Shea 
is in that chat before I go to work. That means Eric Shea is, is showing up for work that day. And right. It always makes me happy. So I now I know that he's wearing – and this was, I think, Thursday uh, when I woke up and I go in the chat and I see that Toby and Eric are fighting from a conversation that was from the day before uh, – carried over because Swanee has never seen Back to the Future and, and Swanee actually has never seen. seen some that blew my mind uh, so we're actually going to have a lot of movie nights just so that Swanee can catch up with some movies and actually maybe get some references that we use in the show because I don't know what he thinks when we say some things but <laughs> but uh, him and Whitney can come in, we'll, we'll go on the rabbit, we'll watch these movies and whatever but the talk continued with Back to the Future and Toby and Eric started arguing about time travel and Eric came in that day and he's like huh me and Toby are fighting about time travel I, I hope he doesn't think I was mad at him and like yeah. because what happened then is you have to leave for work yeah is I, what I, I'm I getting talked at. a little bit in the slack and I had to yeah. go to work I'm like, and, and you don't have a phone still open yeah you don't have a phone so when yeah. you leave for work that's it you are not going to be back in the chat until 3 30 at least right. so uh you were upset and then I I kind of went and I said to, to I said yeah I I think Toby I'm like oh man Eric's not talking uh yeah I'm typing him on my phone because I have my phone I'm like yeah yeah he thinks you're an asshole you know okay. shit like that so I stir the pot and I keep things interesting now uh Toby actually said i hope that eric isn't mad at me because he took it the other way of eh, eric went dark <laughs> he's not talking to me now <laughs> but yeah so toby actually uh kind of hinted that he might want to have a little jim's court against uh, him. jim so will preside over i will um, preside he's over. gonna hear both you have to remember though this is about time travel something that i just let slide no matter and you what. hate i i hate it but i hate thinking about it it hurts my head so basically, if you have time travel and you kind of tell me at the end what happened, I'm good with it. Our arguments, I, I and really... then he gets to decide which one is either the compelling argument or the more yes. um, non, the, the more in the right, or he could completely <laughs> check out and think that we're both fucking idiots that's and probably that's probably what will happen. Not care. A little bit, but of uh, either way, a. I intend to uh, uh, to strip Eric of his title of continuity <laughs> kid at least for one day only. So yes. if I win the case. Then Eric has to introduce himself at the beginning of episode 151 as the incontinent kid. The that's incontinent my only stipulation. Kid. That would so, be uh, that's his only stipulation. Jim, Eric, Sally, and Pumpkinhead, if you will. Yes. It's over to you. Sally. What do you think? Uh, I like it. Uh, if you win. Uh, Toby has to stay off of Grinder for a half hour. That'll oh kill my him. God. You There's don't no kill way. That boy? He couldn't do it. <laughs> but yes, the other thing is when you weren't at work on Friday, I had to work by myself on Friday with me and Wrong Turn. Because when you're right. not there, I get a heavy dose of Wrong Turn. But as that was going on, there was mentions about me not liking James Bond movies. And Toby said his first uh, mail that he ever sent in, or maybe Rant and Rave, I think it was a mail though, was about uh, – no, maybe it was Rant and Rave, actually. It was about James Bond and stuff like that. And you and he said, oh, I didn't know both of those, Both of them hated James Bond. Eric didn't give a fuck, and Jim hated it. And I, whoa, whoa. He said, and I just want to mention this so you can tell. James Bond is one of your favorite franchises. You oh, love yeah. James Bond. You just know that I have nothing to bring to that conversation. So all I'm going to do... I tried to talk to you about James Bond. You, no. like, you saw Moonraker. That's all you go back I to. I saw For Moonraker. Your Eyes Only, too. 
Uh, All right. Those are the only two. You never bring that one up, though. No, no, because I saw Moonraker like three times in the theater. I kept being dragged to watch that movie. And I went through my life thinking that Moonraker was the greatest James Bond movie. And since that was what I thought, you can tell why I didn't go for any others. Yeah, I'm just not that into it. I'm not into the newer ones, older ones, whatnot. I know that that's not something. It's not a popular opinion in the nerd circles. But you know what? Uh, I do not fake the funk, except when I say that you're one of my favorite guys of all time. Then I'm faking the funk. I, I have oh. to put you up on that pedestal so you continue the podcast and don't quit. And just tear uh, me a, down, but no, I don't remember things, so it doesn't matter. That is true, but we're going to go off now to another Keith Giffen, Eric. He's called in again. Really? Yes. Hey, weird science guys. <laughs> Keith Giffen here again. Wanted to call in and tell you a little story. So I'm in traffic. Stand still. Bumper to bumper. I'm talking crazy as fuck. Crazy. Look. Never thought Keith Giffen to have the mouth that he has on him. Uh, You know, most of his comics are kind of, you know, sing-song dialogue. He is a very gruff individual. Also, I want to mention, like, how many other podcasts have this plethora of guests on I know, Greg right? Capullo, <laughs> Keith Giffen, and it just goes on and on. on. Left, so I try to get in it, but guess what? Guy in front of me tries to also get in it at the same time. What a jerk. You know so what I'm saying? So he sideswipes me. He sideswipes Keith Giffen? Piss me off. Shocking. It was crazy. Well, I'm the really wind, waiting for, for fucking AAA. What's going Must on? Must be the Nancy Pelosi era. Oh, my goodness, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> There you go, Eric. Wind tunnel. <laughs> thank, right. you. thank you, Keith Gibbon. Thank you very much. Oh, damn right, Ray Warren. We, <laughs> we, we should call it something else. Yeah, whatever. But here is the last one. I saved this one for last because it is Jolly Drew. Here we go. Hey, guys. It's Jolly Drew Jolly here. Drew. What, 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 what? We haven't heard what? from Jolly Drew in a very long time, Eric. Not wink, from Jolly Drew, wink, no. Wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, oh man, do I love you guys and listen to the podcast? Too, boy, you, you guys do some great stuff. Thank you. Um, boy, it's been a real tough week for me here. Uh, my favorite radio station uh, is doing their pledge week, so you know I have to turn that on and off. He likes NPR, Eric. Off. Uh, I bet he likes. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Fresh air and pass. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the, these things are. I don't listen yeah, to NPR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is happening. Uh, comics are coming out. Yep. Movie True. trailers. People True. are talking about Check. Thor. Thor. Ooh, everyone's yeah. favorite superhero. Yes. Thor. Thor. Ooh, Ragnarok ah. is gonna blow your Hulk. fucking mind, Thor. man. It's the best. It's a. Ray Ray said uh, he didn't like it as much as he was hoping. He That's went and saw. He used the movie pass. Uh, him and Stormy went, and uh, he didn't like it as much. I think he was uh, really looking for a lot out of it, though. But you know, he didn't like it. It's the best reviewed Marvel movie of all yep. time, and that makes a big, big, big difference. In is he hoovering while he's doing this? <laughs> Whether I'm going to go see it in theaters or not. Oh boy, is it fun! Uh, so I got a couple of questions here for you, Jim. Okay. Uh, number one. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Where do you see each of your children in five years? Uh, probably right, right where they are in the rooms yeah. right next to me. They're all going to be sitting around watching TV. Today, here, here's no, the thing. Gonna be doing, they're going to be watching YouTube. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, really. Probably while we're doing the podcast to drive me nuts. Actually, probably. Ethan is working right now is why we have such a great connection. Uh, I would think that one day they, they'll be here. We've already said that me and my wife, she'll say like, oh, I can't wait till they get out of the house. And we realize <laughs> that what we're talking about is, is a pipe dream uh, today. Zach, Man, I can't wait till we get out of the house now, thinking about you, you and Tanya. If you had a party you were going to, and this is a party with a bunch of people from the choir. Uh, Zach is oh, going, and he and I see. You know, I, there's some joke there as well. But it, he's going to a choir party tonight, and he says to me, "Yeah, I have this choir party. Uh, everybody's bringing something to eat or whatever." So then he goes, he goes to the gym, and then calls me up and says, "Hey, um, um can you come pick me up and bring the the credit card? Bring the card." Why? Why do I need to bring the card? Oh, because we have to go get the, you know, the stuff for the party I'm going to. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You have a job. You're old enough that what? What do I have to give a goddamn? So I have to buy fried chicken. Fried oh, chicken, Eric. I did that too earlier today. Yeah, delicious. but th- this is the thing, though. Why am I paying for the fried chicken? And Tanya, if she hears me saying, if she hears me saying this, she'll flip out. If I accidentally say. Oh, where's my card? Meaning the credit card? Holy moly. She, she almost cuts my balls off. Because I don't know why you're uh, talking about this so loud right now. I'm Because he asked about where the kids are going to be. I, I'm telling you, this is where I can tell they're going to be here. They, they have no idea what the outside world is like. And here they think I. that I have to front all the bills. Thanks, Jolly. Here we go. Ooh, this should be a good one. Um, I'll, I'll pause a few He's seconds. Pausing, uh, I, already, I already paused. Yes, they're, they're going to be here. Soaking out my money. <laughs> Boy, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, second question. Fuck, Mary, kill. JLA, Flash, Cyborg. Hmm. Well, I would probably say ooh, F, Mary, kill, Flash. Flash, I would probably marry just because he's fast, right? Also, oh, yeah. but he's a little dark. Lately, I, I don't know if I want that. JLA, though, I couldn't sit around with that dialogue. Like, can you imagine sitting there? I would kill JLA because I could not sit there at the dinner table and talk to JLA with that fucking awful dialogue, and it wouldn't make sense. And I guess then. Dinner table. Yeah, yeah, eating at dinner. This is, you know, me and JLA. If I married JLA, we'd have dinner together. We'd have a little Chablis afterwards, Eric. A little, <laughs> a little cheese and crackers, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd kill JLA. Get I think I, I think I would probably, like I said, I'd marry Flash, and then I'd just fuck Cyborg, and then afterwards tell him he's more machine than man, and screw him up for years. That's what would you do? Up, dude. What would me, you do? I would no, kill JLA right off the bat yeah. because it's nonsense and I hate it. Yeah. I would Fuck Flash, at least because I know it would get like done really You'd be quickly. Done quick. And I okay. would marry Cyborg because I know I'd Cyborg. always have free Wi-Fi. That is true. He's also a ex-football player, Eric. So you know that. Plus, actually, you know what? I, I may have to change it because it would go good with you. Because basically, you'd come home from work. Oh my goodness! Hey, Cyborg, what do you want to do? All he wants to do is watch TV, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> he's monitor just on duty. monitor all duty. Day, all so yeah, night. I'm it's, down, it's Cyborg. Netflix you and, and I were made for each Netflix other. and chill twenty-four-seven with him. So maybe <laughs> I will change it. Yes, I will go Cyborg marry, and he just sits there. And if you want to avoid him, just go away from the TV. That's all he'll do. TV and Though he might get a little boring talking about the old days with his football. So that might get a little. daddy issues. He'd probably be pretty good. Actually, I think he'd be one of those know-it-alls watching football with that would fucking, you know, be all, you know, in your face about it. But. 
curious to hear your answer to this one. Mm-hmm. And the third question, uh, Jim, if you had to survive... By the way, you notice these are only to me, Eric. I oh, know I that, that. And I know that that's upsetting you, isn't it? I almost didn't even talk about the I know. I kill because I, I know when I said... Uh, given to you. That's why you were, you were kind of a little bit at the beginning. I could hear it. I could hear you were upset. Survive off of uh, one food stuff only, and you could only choose between um, Snickers, Red Vines, and Tapioca Pudding, what would you choose? That's Tapioca Pudding. I I don't even have to answer that. Uh, That should be clear. I hate Red Vines. You can go take them and and smoke it in your pipe, Eric, whatever they say. Yeah, Twizzlers are way better. And Snickers I hate. I fucking hate Snickers. I think it's the worst candy bar. It it irritates me. And I had about 7 million this week because we have them at work and I keep grabbing them. Dude, we had them at work. You remember I told you I bought those two big bags of candy for Halloween? There was a lot of Snickers in there. No, they're they're done now. It's all done. I finished the last night and we got done recording. Nice. Well, I I will say, though, they're the fun size. I go into the other room where they have them. I open it up. I grab some Snickers. And I will say I don't enjoy it at all. I hate it. I think it's the, the... big peanuts in it you know you have big chunks i'm not down with that but when i do eat it i do sit there every time i go you know what they do satisfy i have to say even on even on fun size you're not uh, you when you're hungry jim no that's yeah i'm all of a sudden i'm doomsday i I sit there and when i eat it though i'm like you know what for such a little fun size guy it's kind of like you say about me you know i'm a little fun size guy but you know i pack a punch satisfying i pack a punch here but yeah i i hate snickers And red vines and all that. I said the other day I was going to throw a ball, one of those mad balls at your face. I think I'm going to do that on Monday. I'm going to hit you right I in the really face for all that. this talk. You just called me a, a fun-sized guy. I don't need that. I'm a little guy. You can only choose. Actually, I said that. Choose <laughs> one. Uh, okay, I'm going to take my answers off the air. Thanks, guys. Love you. Why wasn't mallow cups one of those options or po- po- possibly peanut chews? Well, peanut chews, a mounds, not an almond joy. I'll kill you. I'll kill you if Why you give me that almond joy. Why don't they sell mounds for freaking fun size? I don't know. That's weird. They have, to, they have to have it at some point. Somebody has to have it. I've like, never seen I it. I know Peter Paul, whoever makes it now. I think that it might have been bought up and, and thrown in with a bunch of things. But, yeah, it's usually that almond joy. I guess they like to have that symmetrical deal where you have it and that one almond on top. It's nonsense. I hate it. I don't like white chocolate with uh, coconut. Dark chocolate with coconut's heaven. You talk about milk chocolate. Yeah, milk chocolate. I meant it's all the same to me. <laughs> you don't like Pretty white much, chocolate at all. I right? hate, you hate white it. chocolate. So I used much. to like it as a kid, but my mom and got yet, me too I much. I ate of it. all of those white chocolate Kit Kats with Jess bought. Oh, I ate hate those. Oh, I hate those things. Bye. Bye. Bye, Eric. That is it, and that is the end of the rant and raves. I'm just checking to make sure I didn't miss any. What's the worst part about it is I was going grocery shopping earlier today, freaking. I actually looked around because I know it's a few days after Halloween just to see if there's any more candy. I'm like, I've become addicted. I need to have that fucking bowl of candy on my goddamn uh, table so I can just go up and grab a handful every now and again. I I get this whole thing. Logan, first off, he comes back from uh, trick-or-treating and he falls asleep cuddling, you know, spooning his bag of candy. Then he took the candy to to school every day because he said uh, Tanya would eat it all. So he had that. So you get through this whole week. And then today he says, uh, hey, can we go out and get some candy? No. (laughs) 
We're not getting candies. For some reason, he has become hooked on Kit Kats. He needs Kit Kats. Aaron. They are amazing. Wants, I agree. They're actually, one of my favorite Halloween candies. I have to freeze them, though. I have to freeze the Kit Kat. Me and Reggie have talked about it. We actually yeah, talked about it, like it on our, our candy deal. I do. I eat it like corn of the cob. I have to bite the layers, and it's kind of like a game. But, Eric, that is it for the Rant and Raves. Thanks, everybody, for calling in. And we're going to go off to mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. This is mail section number one, and if you want to be involved in the mail sections, you can just email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Or do, is that what it is? Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. I, I, I'm having problems tonight. I really am. I, I did mention uh, later on, but now that we, we we do this all out of sequence, and I mentioned later the fact that I they have put me back on Adderall. Eric, True. And I think that it is making me very loopy, and I cannot – it's supposed to make you concentrate. Scatterbrain. It makes me scatterbrain. It really does. No, I, I get crazy ideas, though. Crazy ideas, Eric. Well, what are we talking about here, Jim? I, okay, I'm not ideas. allowed to divulge. Uh, okay. That, but no, I actually, uh, when I do take Adderall, I end up with about seven trillion ideas for different podcasts that I certainly have no time to do. No, uh, I, an idea man, I become Eric, not a man of action, though. Uh, I can't be a man of action, I don't have a lot of where you know, get up and go. I don't have that, Eric, but I do have some ideas. I'm going to give them to you. You pass them on to the cellar dweller, solid gold. That's what right. I say. I'll, I'll talk because, to him. because he has, like Josh, a voice of an angel, I have to tell you. Uh, this is mail section number one. Like I said, we're going to start off with Wheezy, Eric. And Wheezy says, hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop, the chicken soup. It had been a while since I emailed. I've recently moved teams so I can no longer swing on my chair for eight hours a day. Those bastards actually expect me to work. The nerve of them. The nerve of them. It's good to earn a bit more money. And now I know how Jim feels when he left home as I no longer have to see that woman from Bournemouth every day. Yeah, that's good. That is really good. Believe me, both of us, Wheezy, we're happy about that. Sadly, this is seriously eating into my free time for comic books and podcast listening. I'm hoping things will calm down soon and get back to basics, which is seemingly hating Batman and looking forward to the C-list heroes like New Superman and Red Hood, both of which I'm still enjoying. Do you consider Red Hood a C-list? He is a Robin. I don't know. I'm saying he's not exactly a B-list. I'd like to put him a B. I'd like to put him a B. But yeah, and and really, if Red Hood's a C list, and I'm sorry, I love New Superman D. He'd have to go down a notch. And New Superman is not in the same list as Red Hood. I just I hate to say it, but I'm gonna say it, Eric. Uh, there you go. That is my two cents worth. Ooh, and you know what? That? And that is my trump card. Boom. <laughs> anyway, on to a few quick fire questions for Eric. I'll be uh. listening and judging you on your hesitation. Hopefully, Jim will have his bell on hand to prompt you. So for like jokes you. and riddles, oops, I mean shits and giggles. Gun to your head time. Here we go. I got to get the sounds ready, Eric. This is the sound he wants? Is that the sound that he's talking about? 
Is it or possibly this one? Which one do you like better? Here, we're going to be – it's yeah, almost here, like play, we're doing – Play number one for me again. It's almost like we're doing a vision test. Here we go. Here is number one. Uh-huh. Here's number two. Which one? Which one do you like better? I think I like number one better. Number one. Okay. Now, this one or this one? The one That's or two, number two. Okay. Okay. Now I got it. So what you're saying is you want – that one. All That's right. perfect. Here we go. This is going to shock some people. I, I'm going to be all over here with this board here. This first one, sliders, Eric, sliders. Sliders. There you go. <laughs> or quantum leap. Oh, Quantum Leap. That's yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I know that as well. And I think that some people might be a little taken aback by that because you do talk more about sliders, Eric. I just and, don't and, think that <laughs> enough people are talking about sliders, sliders, so I have to put it on myself to sliders. do it. Yes, Quantum that, Leap that is a fucking is gem true. of a show, though. That is. You're right. Jason or Freddy? Uh, I was just taking a drink. God damn it. Uh, Jason, uh, obviously. Uh, he actually meant Jason Mraz or Freddie Mercury is what oh, I was talking Oh, Freddie Mercury then. God. <laughs> he did not mean that. The Mist, film or TV series? Well, The Mist, I still enjoy watching. The Mist TV series was canceled, so I'm guessing it's The Mist TV movie. I mean, the uh, movie. Yes. Uh, now, the next one is, this one was hilarious. because when I The next couple are hilarious because I know my Eric Shea. Actually, we oh. should have done this. I should have answered first, and then you tell me if I'm right. But this one I know. I can answer for you. It's Hawkman or Hawk and Dove. Hawkman? Nobody wants Hawk and Dove. <laughs> That's the best. Is You can't even answer that without laughing. Next one, Snake Plissken or Solid Snake? Snake Plissken. I don't, I don't yeah, play that, video games. It's so funny. Solid Snake would be my pick there. I think that that would probably be – I would have picked Quantum Leap over Sliders. I would uh -huh. have picked Jason over ah, – I would have picked Freddy over Jason. You, you're uh, a Freddy guy? Yeah, I'm a Freddy guy because that's the only movies of those I've seen, really. Uh, the Mist film or TV series, I would have thought you were speaking some other language. Hawkman, I would have picked. I would have picked Solid Snake. Now, this next one, me and you would both have the deal. Big Trouble in Little China or Showdown in Little Tokyo? Big Trouble in Little China. Come on. Yes. It's Kurt Russell. How about Big Trouble in the Big Easy? Would you oh, pick that? Oh, I, I would pick about, that over many things. <laughs> how about this one? Tremors or Critters? Fuck me. That is a tough one. It has to be I, Tremors. I don't know. I do love Tremors, but Critters are really just fun. Yeah. Are, I, you, I guess... are you going for the whole – Are you when you sit there and think of that, do you think the first – like Tremors, the movie, the first one in Critters, or are you talking franchise? I'm going franchise in my okay. head because, okay. you know, Critters 4 is garbage, but also is, uh, you know – I mean, uh, yeah, Tremors 4 yeah. and Tremors 3 aren't very great either, but Tremors 2 is amazing. Fuck. I'm just going to go and say Critters just because. How about if – Trancers you know what? was I'm in gonna, that. I'm gonna, no, Trancers doesn't make the list. But uh, <laughs> I, I do like Jack Death, but no. No, uh, Critters is going to be my number one just because okay. Kevin Bacon is doing the freaking Tremors TV show and freaking uh, Burt Gummer's not going to be it. Michael Gross has not been invited back, and I think that's oh, bullshit. Oh, now you're mad. Now you're just going to do that. Okay, now it's up. Uh, Kevin Bacon, I'm angry. Zach Efron or Zach Morris? Zach Efron. I yeah, you know what? Crazy. Weezy, if you would have if you would have mailed this a year and a half ago, there would be no. First off, a year and a half ago, I think Eric would have been who's Zach Efron. Then maybe a couple years before that. Uh, but yes, yeah, Zach Efron is a gem. Uh, I also did uh, last night, Eric. After we got done recording last night, I did watch Baywatch. Uh, that like movie. That movie's a bunch of garbage. <laughs> It's I, I left. I left. You know what the best line was? Was because The Rock kept calling Zach Efron different names when he's exactly. like, hey, High School Musical. <laughs> now, that made me laugh. Uh, Bloodsport or Best of the Best? Bloodsport. Yeah, Come you on. damn well better say that. 
Arnold or Stallone? I got to go it, Arnold, even Arnold. though I love Stallone. It's weird. It, it's a weird deal that I know you love Stallone, but I, you just have to go Arnold there. Tonight. I do always. You have to really go do. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, geez, I hit the wrong thing. I was gonna. I'm actually trying to hit the sound the without Green looking. Lantern section That's what of the Boom. Uh, you have Hard Target. Or Hard to Kill. I almost watched Hard Target today. Bitches. And you know I'm a huge Jean-Claude fan, but I, I uh, go Hard, hard to, to Kill. kill is where I go at. Hard to Kill there. Yeah, I have to go there. Um, you get Captain Marvel, which I'm assuming he means the original name for Shazam because it's Captain Marvel or Shazam. And you like you, – you're a big – well, you told me. You, you go and tell your story here. That's the thing. I don't know what he's getting out of here, but I will go Shazam <laughs> just because I know who we're talking about in the scenario. And plus, well, if, if he's saying – we'll go both. Uh, if he's talking about the Marvel Captain Marvel, then I know Shazam is definitely you know your pick. If you're yeah. going the original name Captain Marvel of Shazam, you said what? You told me this this week, well, actually. The thing is I used to be all about the idea of Captain Marvel, but just yeah. thinking about it, you know, this, this like you know magical character being called Captain, it just yeah. bothers me now. I don't like it, but yeah. his name being Shazam doesn't make a lot of sense for he has that's his magic word yeah that's his so word, it shouldn't word. be his name but it's cooler than captain marvel yeah here i i know when they announced the shazam movie and you have these people and some may be listening and i'll come to your house and slap you when oh, you God. have the huh, why isn't it called captain marvel this is bullshit no 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 it's just shazam now just go with it get yeah. off your goddamn high horse your Shazam high horse. Come on down with the rest of us. If they call it Captain Marvel, all it's going to do is confuse people now. You just got people know well, Shazam. They don't have the just rights go and Shazam. Get sued. Yeah, that, then that's real big problems there. And really, if you want to talk about it, and I, I got in the argument way back with somebody about this on Twitter, where they're like, oh man, this is bullshit. You know, Mar- Marvel took the Captain Marvel and they're assholes. No, no, no. It, it all started with DC being assholes because yeah. they said that Captain Marvel was too much like uh, Super. Man, so then that got ended up being freaking canceled, and then they didn't buy all this stuff. So it's DC's fault either way. That's right. There you go. I go Shazam. Pretty woman or officer and a gentleman. Pretty woman. Oh, pretty woman. Do you like that? Do you, do you say to Jess, "Listen, I don't kiss. No kissing allowed, Jess." No, I say I, that... I'm going out tonight to look for a pretty woman. <laughs> yes, that's what you say. Is that what you say? Over the top or Top Gun? Over the top. Yeah, I've seen Top Gun so many times. We even started the Jim has issues with his wife with the uh, Danger Zone playing because Tanya still, to this day, I don't think I get by a day without a goddamn Top Gun reference. I, I can't. I, I don't know. It. The whole idea, though, it's just a fun movie that I can watch over and over again. And plus, it's the idea of a little boy getting to know his dad and going over the video, top. A cross country trip. And you know what? That sounds amazing. Over the top or real steel. Oh, uh, real steel is way more fun. Yeah, yeah. Scott it's Robert. basic. It's basically over the top with robots. I've got <laughs> you. You combine over the top and Rocky together and add yeah. robots. You and have add real steel. How, and it's how, amazing and it makes me cry every time. How could you lose? And the last one. And wait, that gets it. That gets a good one. There. Cool in the gang, or Kool Aid. I do love me some Kool Aid. Yeah, I do too. I love Cool in the gang. But boy, I love that Kool Aid, especially as a kid. I love Kool. I haven't, I haven't really drank uh, Kool Aid in a while because I'm an adult, Eric. I'm a yeah, man. Yeah. I'm a man. 
But yeah, I, I do like uh, some. I Sharkle. like the invisible mystery flavor. Oh, I like some Sharkleberry Finn now and again, Eric, <laughs> when I when I feel like it. But yes, and he says, I hope the above has revealed some of Eric's true nature. I do believe that some people. I think the big one was the Sliders Quantum Leap. That first one, people might be be shocked. But to the most respected guys in the podcast realm. Your last British fan, Wheezy, and thanks, Wheezy. Glad every no, no, everybody can be glad that we got a little Bournemouth out of our lives. That's right. And the next one is Mad Marty. Mad Marty says, "Good day, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew." Goop goop goop. I think that of all of my accents, I think I nail the Australian accent so well. I think that when I do that, people suddenly think they're listening to another podcast. I, I really do. They get all confused. That and, and then is they... making you think funny things, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. It's just listen. Good day, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh Crew. Weep, weep. See oh, that? my God. Am I listening to Crocodile Dundee? It's Crocodile Dundee. I, I, like the famous line from Crocodile Dundee. Why do you have a gun? <sighs> isn't that what he said? That's what he said, right? I dare you to knock this battery off me shoulder. Isn't that in there? Isn't that there? Hey there, have one for my friend. <laughs> in the lead up to the... T- I'm telling you, the- this medicine is making me fucking loopy. Eric. In the lead up to the Justice League film coming out this month, I've decided I'm going to watch the previous DCEU films again. And so last weekend I watched Man of Steel. I know uh-huh. I said that I like Man of Steel before, but what a film. I've also said this was the film that got me into comics before, uh, before but back in 2013, I was still hesitant to read a Superman title and ended up reading Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Supergirl instead. Watching Man of Steel again makes, uh, means I am now all in to get started on reading some Superman stories. And you know what? I have some issues with Man of Steel. I think everybody has a little bit of issues. I, I do uh, have a feather in my cap that I watched it opening night and told you on that Saturday exactly what I had as a problem with that movie. And it seems to be what ended up being problem with that movie with a lot of people. So, right, I told you. The fact but- that Superman had a beer in it? Yes, that no, that he stole those clothes. <laughs> I really had a problem with that. But uh, – it's cool that I'm so glad that like Mad Marty oh watched that and he's now going to read some Superman stories because I have really not watched Man of Steel in a long time. I haven't now. either. I haven't. Either. And why did Kevin Costner just not let God that dog die? It, you Kevin can go. Costner. You go and get another dog, please. You're on a farm. How the, many the dogs worst do you of have? it is, is a fucking dozen. The the best part of that though. Dozen. The best part of that is later on in the movie you see that that dog was very important to Clark later on. <laughs> No, uh, I, I'm glad, though, because really we've talked about it before. Uh, Superman and Action Comics, though we've had issues with both, you know, now and again, are two of the stronger books in Rebirth. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad. And and even going back and reading other stories, if Frenny's listening, she'll be happy because she's a big Superman fan as well. I've been uh, buying Action Comics since the beginning of Rebirth, okay, for my girlfriend. So it was great that I could go to the bookshelf and read the first story arc with Doomsday on a whim. This kind of reminds me of you and Jess with Batwoman when yeah. we went to do the uh, new film. 52 review. You had those. I thought it went for two issues too long, but I enjoyed the story otherwise, and I look forward to catching up with the title. There's a lot of things in that first arc that never were resolved, though. No. Hey, hey, Geneticron. Where's Geneticron? What is going on with Geneticron? They are just, they're full out now just going to town in the Amazon. 
In my email, spoilers, Eric. In my email last week, I may have made it seem as though All Star Comics in Melbourne was a shitty comic shop to go to. Nothing could be further from the truth. All Star Comics is a great store, and the owners actively facilitate growing the community for everyone. That's cool. I don't get my pull list from them only because Mad Marty is a lazy piece of shit and would rather have his comics delivered to his front door than make the trek into Melbourne. Uh, CBD from the western suburbs every week. All right. This week, I'm only getting two titles. Astonishing X-Men number five. I'm not sure if spoiled is the correct way to describe our situation with all these fortnightly titles from DC, but it does mean that with a monthly Marvel title like Astonishing X-Men, Eric's like, the fuck language is he talking? I've forgotten (laughs) he's there. He gets his books fortnightly, and he's hoovering at this moment. I've forgotten what the hell happened in the last issue. I remember thinking that issue four was half decent, though. Uh, Batman the Devastator number one that was one of our you you won't hear it tonight but that was on Patreon having just read that first story arc of action comics I'm still up for some doomsday stories so I'm looking forward to reading this one I do hope we get more than just a slightly different version of the death of Superman though and you do I actually think that you'll like that. All right. I hope everyone has fun with their books this week and that we can all enjoy our weekend. Now, he says that, Eric. Now, I'm going to read that again. All right. I hope everyone has fun with their books this week and that we all enjoy our weekend. How can that be from a man that calls himself Mad Marty? I think he's got to change it to Happy Marty. He is a very positive fellow. He's very positive, but he's fucking insane, Jim. Well, I say, yeah, I guess that could be (laughs) it. Cheers, Mad Marty. And that's the end of Mail section number one i'm gonna calm down Eric. very Actually, jovial madman that he Marty. is a jovial madman aren't we all mad at some level eric in this crazy thing that we call life yes <sighs> yes eric you know what the, the problem with marty is he's he's been mad and he's always he's like i'm dying to read these superman books i'm just dying to read the he never remembered to live, Eric. That's oh, the no. problem. He's going to remember that. He's going to realize this too late. We all realize it too late, don't we? Aren't we all time travelers there? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Now I'm gonna. We're going to pause now and Freaking go off out, to man. the books. <laughs> Game over, man. I'm going to go and I'm actually going to drink three coffees before our yes, next that's section. That's what you need. Yeah, because I have to pick myself up. But yes, that is the end of mail section number one. Uh, thank you, Wheezy. Thank you, Marty. And we're going to go thank off to some indeed. books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more, and we want to hear all of your scores. Eric Shea, you are back and ready for some reviews, aren't you? 
Back from where? I don't know. From the bathroom, oh. possibly. Uh, from the other side of the world. I have no idea. This is the meat and cheese of the podcast. Uh, I will give you the cheese. I will say just a Swiss. Uh, a and Swiss cheese. Mainly with the Swiss is one of those cheeses that I cannot eat by itself. I really can't. Swiss cheese to me tastes like garbage, yet... Kind of like when I hear you talk with Reggie, Eric, your two voices combined in such a sweet song to my ears is kind of like a Swiss cheese joining with, say, a turkey. But I'm going to leave you uh, to is, be in I charge the of the meat. I what I was going to say. You're going to say turkey. That well, is one is of my November favorites. November now. I'm thinking Thanksgiving's coming. Why oh. not have turkey? Would you ever stuff a turkey with a full-out Swiss cheese? Would you ever do I would that? I would never stuff a turkey. <laughs> you would never stuff a turkey? Have no. you ever yourself? made a turkey have you made one yourself like you actually did I'm a all of the man. Prep. why the hell would i have to make a turkey you've never had like a a, a brine that that you put it in to soak a little couple days no. make that oh no you haven't have you ever made a turducken could we have a turducken as the meat that, are, that's are a lot you, of are meat you telling me that you think i would never make a turkey but i would go and make a turducken out yes, of nowhere yes i i had a turducken i've told you this many a time i've had i had a turducken before i like to say before it became a thing Eric oh. up especially you know it was always a thing you know down in Louisiana way yeah, from what I've heard but we I actually me and my buddies we ordered a turducken it came in on dry ice we ordered it from Amazon it was outrageously priced it came in it had a Cajun spiced stuffing and I hated every minute of it and it gave me diarrhea and a sore throat like and yeah and really heartburn for like a week but with the Cajun spice it was Cajun air. And uh, the, the thing about it is I realized then I, – I knew before that I hated duck. Uh, that really solidified that. I, I don't think I'll ever eat duck again. So I don't think that if we're going to ever have meat and I've had to have podcast, had duck before, but I, I can't think of what I, it would I don't really like. like dark has, meat. If I have, it hasn't probably been like 20 you're years. More, you're more of a dark meat chicken fan than I am. Not that it's your favorite, but you, yeah. Willie, you told me the other day that Jess was making a soup. She was throwing in some thighs. She was oh, throwing yeah, in throwing some everything. legs, some wings. And uh, to me, I, I avoid a lot of chicken parts. I like the breast, Eric. I'm a breast man. I like the I, don't know if you knew that. Um, I am not a big fan of dark I'm meat, a beak and man basically, <laughs> well, basically, a duck is pretty much all dark meat. It, it, it seems to me it's greasy. It sticks with you uh, for a while, and I did not like it, Eric. So if you say duck is the meat of the podcast, I'm out. See you I and say never. Goose. See you and never. Duck, duck, goose. Is that what you say? But yes, these are the I reviews. Like games. Yes, you do. We're gonna. Have, do you like musical chairs? Is that one of your favorite games? To no, play? it's not because I was never like a real physical kind of guy so if you don't go for those final chairs like kind of thing yeah, like final chairs. If you don't push somebody out of the yeah. goddamn way you like you're gonna lose I'm telling you, I'll, I'll slice your throat so i'll slice your throat for that last chair. one i'm gonna kill somebody you, for I that last got chair my freaking like my dander up the one time like i'm not gonna fucking lose i'm not gonna let these motherfucking children push me around i was think i was no. 30 and no. yeah uh, i freaking went for it and i ended up hurting a kid just trying to get to that and i'm like never again done you're, all, you're an awful person you really are i don't like duck duck goose either I do. Uh, i'm not a big marco polo fan I will fuck that. I'll never. That, that is a nonsense game. First off, I'm in the pool. Uh, yeah. Why do I want to close? You know, close your eyes and go. Nah, nonsense. That that's a game. That to me is drown? that is the game equivalent of whistling. It, it's you only do it if you got nothing else to do, and then you, you you're lazy. No, no, the game me. equivalent, the pool game of equivalent of whistling is whirlpool. Just go walk around. Oh, the whirlpool's fun. 
then yeah. you, you turn around and fight the whirlpool. Yeah, Marco that's Polo some good was thing. ten times better than Marco whirlpool. Polo is nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense, Eric. Kind of like some of these books tonight, which we're Got starting it. off. Uh, this Good. is the, I said, the meat and cheese of the podcast. If you want to read all the written reviews of all the books that you're going to hear, uh, go off to our award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and you'll be able to hear or read just the flowery verbiage from one Eric Shea as he talks uh, all these books up. I don't know what happened to you, Eric. I think that you were overly positive with some of these books this week. Well, and you I understand. Am- it was... Uh- the day no Halloween was the day we would have normally done true. all our reviews. No, no. So I was going to tell- say before where I mailed a lot of this shit. No, so, so, so really, done. so what you're saying though is that on the site you are willing to put a stamp on that bitch and mail it in. But that's not the case with the podcast, right? The podcast yes, you are if here. If it falls, if review day falls on Halloween, I am there's totally some trouble. To mail it in. You have your overalls now. You got your lunchbox here. You're ready to go to work, right? You're ready right in. now to clock in, get to work, and tell people who uh, unfortunately already read your reviews and are upset now because now they're mad that you mailed them in. You're you know, not. I probably will stand with all my. You are tonight, not supposed to admit they- that. They might not be as well written as I would normally like to say I do. Oh, that's what you're saying. It's it's not that you mailed in your opinions. You just mailed in kind of the, you know, it it was a quick deal. You you wanted to tell people A lot of these books you could tell, like talk about really fast. So it's like, you know, where I normally like to have three paragraphs of explain it. This will do it too. This will do it too. All right. Yeah, but really, I think that you are, uh, there's a couple books this this. That we're going to talk about tonight, this week, that you really didn't have to mail it in because I think the writers the mailed it in, Eric. Yeah. So that's where you go. But Little we're going to chat right there. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. But we're going to go off to what some people still consider the big book: Batman number thirty-four, written by Tom King, with art by Joelle Jones, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. Our rules of engagement story continues here with Batman and Catwoman taking on the Silent Army of the Pit, which means that Talia Al Ghul is involved for some reason. But this fight, which our heroes eventually win, seems to be all about tiring Batman and Catwoman out so that Talia can come out in the end and challenge Batman to a sword fight. But since he's here looking for Holly Robinson and that's it, it seems that Talia will settle for fighting Catwoman. Yeah, and the weird thing about this is to me, I don't know, does it it strike you that Talia is not one to tire you out like she would want to just fight you mano a mano uh you know what i mean i don't know what's going on with this talia al ghul at all freaking her being in this forbidden land of kadeem which nobody can leave or enter i don't know what's going on with yeah, that. the, I the don't best know what's is been yeah. going on with this character since she was in the robinson of batman book or yes. what tom king is even giving us so i have no idea about this character this how book. long not giving us anything how long has kadeem been a quarantine city uh if, as if by the if it's, <laughs> if it's more than a month i'm shocked yes because that's that's where i actually starting off have a little bit of an issue uh I don't know what's going on with the city. Has it been a week? Has it been six years? Has it been a month? Because, number one, it's the city nobody can enter or leave until they do. I mean, exactly. we obviously the, we the have we have Batman and Catwoman this, in here, but the Holly whole Robinson of coming to this city is because Holly Robinson is somehow in this forbidden land of Kadim, which you're not supposed to be able to enter. No. So how Holly Robinson, a person who killed 237 people, just crossed the desert and freaking yes. entered this land? I have no idea. And, and with that, you can say I think that what a lot of people say, and what I think may end up obviously happening, and I think it's pretty obvious, is you'll find out that Holly Robinson, what she did by killing those 237 people, was at the request or with the help 
of Talia. The problem is, is it's not Talia making it so nobody can enter or leave, it seems. No, it seems that it is the UN and now Superman and outside. So yeah. there, there is a little more at stake here than just, oh, Talia is, a, you know, she has a refugee in coming. It just does not play well to me what I think that this Holly Robinson being in here, after all the time that we sat there, you know, what happened to Holly and why? Is Catwoman still won it for these murders, whatever. I understand that we didn't get it and that this could be why, that they're leading to this. But this really seems like Tom King thinks that he's being tricky and all of a sudden he came with this idea. You know what? I didn't finish this and that's the problem. Tom King rarely finishes up stories. You yeah. end up with, you know, Batman headbutting Bane. Stories. Where's Bane? Where did he end up? We we have no idea. So when you had Catwoman and Holly Robinson, Holly Robinson kind of t showing us that Catwoman wasn't the one who murdered him, that Catwoman was taking the fall because of her connection with Holly and all this, and Batman knowing, being the only one who knows that Selina was, was innocent, innocent yeah. that's fine, but then all of a sudden you throw it in here where this is why they've, you know, they killed a horse to do this, Eric. They, they traveled across the desert to do this into this forbidden city, and it's just, it seems like way too much going on to explain well, something very simple. You know what I mean? In my mind, Holly Robinson, street rat orphan girl who went on a freaking murder spree to get revenge for fucking things. And then somehow we have her crossing the goddamn freaking yeah. world she across the, the, the world and the desert, the forbidden city of Kadim. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't understand any of the freaking transgression, like the yeah. freaking uh, how we got from point A to yeah, point B. Yeah, I don't either. And again, to me, it continues the Tom King emphasis on big scenes that are supposed Little, to be cool. Repeated dialogue. That That's repeated right. it's, dialogue. It's, it's extended scenes and but underwritten nothing stories. connecting. This doesn't no. have connective tissue, Eric. It's a bunch of meat. It's what I, I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, you have this where they are now fighting. It's a bunch of meat. I really do. Yeah, well, you have. Meat, you, I get something that's satisfying. I'm saying there's nothing to connect it, though, Eric. I agree. So it's, it's just laying there in a pile. But yeah, you have Batman and Selena going back and forth. And, and I'm telling you, it's I know. I, I get the idea. Much. I know that it's supposed to be like, who look at them. They're already like a married couple. Look at these old souls together. And they're in the middle of a fight, and it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. It makes me. I've read this stuff. I looked to you when we got the copy, and I read it, and you just you were trying to get away from me, and I, I was I was just following you, and just basically like yeah the whole thing. That's a lot. I've seen more. I didn't say I haven't seen more. I'm just saying that's a lot. I wasn't trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. I'm telling you, it's veering really, really close to Keith Giffen dialogue. It's getting very close to. Is Honestly, this Batman it is, or is it, it, it is the a fucking? Mix. Yeah, is this the Gilmore uh, Girls that I'm reading here, or no, are we no, reading Batman? You, this is a mix of Keith Giffen and Steve Orlando dialogue, yeah, and, and, that and two of the worst. That is an abomination. Yeah, two that we hate. And what happened? What happened? I love I the Grayson book I love and even the first arc the I am Gotham arc I love what Tom King was giving us it is devolved into this sing-song goddamn dialogue that does nothing all it is I like I said it's supposed to show us who look at them they're so close already and no I I don't need this also you get and, the whole nightmare whole thing, Batman deal and yeah, you have that I don't that. need the movie references that he tries no. to tie into every goddamn arc he's doing but we jump in we have our freaking Catwoman and Batman surrounded by the silent army of the the pit, which I, I don't know if I'm missing something. Yeah. If I have not read some kind of arc where Talia Al Ghul controls the silent army of the pit, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but and this must mean that Talia Al Ghul is involved somehow with these freaking soldiers or these, yeah. uh, yeah, these soldiers going after Batman yeah, and yeah, Catwoman. They are. They're her and while men. this is going on, 
freaking you know Talia is watching from above, yep. where one of her silent army or just an advisor because it can't be the silent yeah, army. Yeah, it can't the be. Silent he army talks. doesn't have a fucking tongue. Yeah, they don't like, have tongues. Oh, they uh, uh, that's Batman and Catwoman. Selena Kyle, the Catwoman. Yes, they are to be married. I'm like, how the fuck does this guy yeah, know, do you that know Batman and Catwoman yeah. are about to be married? Uh, uh, God damn it, fucking you know Damien and, and Dick Grayson who show up just found that out yeah. a couple d- days I, ago. Maybe I'm, I'm spending this entire fight and this whole like uh, yeah. like uh, progression of the story just wondering what happened to Tiger. Yeah, we yeah, really. Tiger and Adam yeah, Nord Tiger just team. disappeared. He He's just disappeared. Where did the second horse go? They just shoot him just to join his fucking brother? Uh, yeah. And even with this, I love the art. I think Joel Jones's art is great. I like it's the so art. good. It's, I love I, it. You, I, for some reason, Catwoman's face starts like slouching at parts. I'm telling you, yeah. for some reason, it looks like I love it's it. melting at me. It's uh, I, I, it, it actually upsets me because to me, it, it's completely wasted on this nothing of a script that does nothing. Basically, we're going to get a thing. And also, I just, I want to know, like, I know this is really asking a lot, but you have Batman and Selena fighting, and it's basically going back and forth. Well, you said Talia's watching. She's like, you know, uh, tell the men it's fine. They may do as they do. So they're obviously, you know, they're doing, they're guys. her men. So they're going to do it. Yes, mistress. And they're, they're going, and this grandpa. is where, Keep doing this what is doing. where, yeah. And this is where Batman's like, they're not using guns. Why? And then Selena's like, how would I know? Maybe Aren't you the world's greatest detective? Kadeem, I don't yeah. know what the freaking rules are of Kadeem. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I probably think it's because they could just shoot their heads off and it's done. They're like, no, no, I can tell. We can't ask them because the bounce of their jaws on my knuckles, it's off. They don't have tongues. To me, that makes no goddamn sense. That's soft tissue. It has nothing to do with the jaw. Uh, But in this is you do have that little joke of aren't you the world's greatest detective? This is Tom King's way of showing you that indeed he is. It's nonsense. Why don't they have tongues? I know that this is asking too much. We're never going to find out why. But it would have been one of those things that we like. They have to take an oath, and the last thing they say, I'm telling you, this is script, Dr. Eric. This is what I say is going on. The last thing they say is, we we will, uh, I'm trying to think, like, everything is for you, Talia. Then they cut their tongues off so they can never say another word. That's the the last word they say. Yes, that's what I would say. But even without a tongue, you can still kind of mumble. I don't understand the connection to Talia. There's nothing. Well, it's just her army. This is what I'm saying. This whole thing with a tongueless army who can't talk that Batman can tell by punching a jaw is all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't mean anything. I just want to know these armies, though, because, you know, like we had the Leviathan. We had the League of Assassins. Now we have the Silent Army. I'm telling you, it's only there to be cool. It's only there because he thinks it's a cool deal to have an assassin army that has no tongues that's all it's for nothing else and you don't even get the point they're not going to kill because you know, yes you know we find out later because then you have to write more dialogue yeah really yeah really they they have, have to, to repeat themselves something. no they'd have to repeat themselves 15 times you know they may actually have to have a nine panel grid then for god's oh my sakes god, you know what? But, yeah, I'm, they, I'm surprised they don't have tongues just so they can I say just, all god. for talia yeah over it would just keep again. going it would just keep going because then when she shows up it's goddamn repeat everything's on the fucking rinse and repeat in this dialogue but yeah and they even go, and it's the whole deal. Like, hey, uh, you know, what's wrong? What's up with your ex? I'm like, first off, I know that this is the joke in here, and Batman kind of tries to explain, or it's not an ex, but she's not. And everybody's going with it. Ooh, Catwoman has to go. Batman's taken to see the ex. No, no, it's not an ex. Yeah, it, it, he has a son with it's Talia. A baby mama 
from a test tube. It's a yeah. baby mama that wasn't even involved in the, the good parts. Look, you know I'm what you, I mean? I hooked up with girls. I would never consider them my ex. So just, no, that's but all she was to Batman. For even a while so, there. at least you had the fun of the yeah. get, the get together. They had nothing of this. And yeah, you, know, you, you have this where they're fighting. Oh, she's the most dangerous woman in the world. And then Selena gets upset. And I want to just stop. I want to go through the desert. I will not take a horse, Eric. I will take a camel, okay. possibly the Batwing. I will land. I will go up to Catwoman and say, really? Really? You, you really think that you're as dangerous as Talia al Ghul? You really, really think? Catwoman, you, you think this? Nonsense. She's not. She never will be. I'm well, telling look, you, if they have this we, sword we, fight going on, she is done. Uh, this we is have a woman. for these kind of things. Like, you are considered a thief. She's considered a killer. So, yeah, yes. she's more badass yes. than you. She's a ninja assassin fucking head of armies. This one, a new army that we didn't even know of. And you think that you're the most dangerous? And I know it's supposed to be catty dialogue, Eric, if, if, if I may. Uh, but really, it's just like, <laughs> it, it's complete nonsense. And then you have, like, have I mentioned how lovely you are? And I'm like, come on, Batman. Please. Act like Batman. Please, one time. Act like goddamn Batman. And then, the, oh, Bat, you're in so much trouble. She is fighting a army of assassins. That We had Haviland who, who actually wrote, and I hope that she writes in again this week, maybe after she hears this, because she was upset that they even made Selena look like, you know, a buff kind of deal or yeah. whatever. Actually, she said it was like a, a the combo of don't make her be this kick-ass ninja and then look like she could be snapped in half she is going through half of a goddamn ninja army here as wide as her shoulders yeah 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 that's what she <laughs> said and it's 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 more nonsense here like there you have catwoman fighting her you know hand in hand you know fist to fist with batman against these guys and it just doesn't and even if it's guys or girls i don't care they are trained really, assassins it, it's just extended with uh, yeah fight scene it just no goes on and it's just this sing-song dialogue face. And that sing-song dialogue that's yeah. just infuriating. We get to the point where Superman is, is standing guard outside, and, uh, and uh, you have – we're already more than halfway through, and you have got nothing. Nope. Nothing at all except, again, this you know back and forth where people will. If you're only in it, if you're in it 100% to see a Batman and Catwoman that are in love, maybe you're enjoying this because it is like this catty uh, – like I said, it's Gilmore Girls dialogue back and forth. But if you're here for Batman – or you're just stay home. Don't even go. Don't go to the theater, Eric. Yeah, you go and then outside. Why am I going to the theater? I don't know, Eric. It's a drive-in. You, you go out outside the city, that what? gate. <laughs> Superman's there. And then I start thinking, it's like, okay, nobody in or out. I get the concept. But you are there because a national or a worldwide incident has started when Batman did go in. Why yeah. isn't Superman going in? Why isn't Superman not to go in? No, but that's the thing. You are actually now the peacekeepers, the ones who have set up the rule. I would think that they'd have an army, and Superman would go in to get Batman the hell well, out. That, that's, that's the one thing wall. I don't mind just because they set up initially already in the last issue is that when you leave here, you're going to die because there's a well, whole idea. That, but, like, nobody's allowed in. Once he comes back out, he's in fucking deep. Yeah, but that's trouble. even he even says, "Do you think I'm even going to make it out?" They wouldn't know that. They they would be called in to do something. But really, Superman is only there. For Damien to talk shit to because Damien does talk shit and says – and again, this is like, okay, Tom King's going to show us that he knows Superman and Damien. It's just it, – it doesn't ring true to me, especially oh, with does. what especially we've had. The, like I said, I'd use magic against you. I'd draw a circle on the ground that within a pointy star, chant some demon, blah, 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 my soul, blah, 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 presto, changeo, abracadabra, you're dead. I'm like, yeah. 
Well, you're just you're just spouting out nonsense now. That's not yeah, like you're, going out like Damien. Like, yeah, I know just, you're worried about your yeah. father, and you're just fucking talking some yeah, shit. Yeah, this but is the problem. Yeah, just, and and that's feel even right. Yeah, and there's Superman who knows fully that that's Damien. Obviously, he he deals with him and knows all that. And it's not even like, listen, I know you're upset. I'm going to be here when your dad does come out. Hopefully he will. But when he comes out, I'm going to make sure nobody can hurt him. We'll see what's going on. But he doesn't say that. And in fact, just says, I'm sure John wouldn't like that mouth on you to go adventuring. If he heard this, he wouldn't adventure with you anymore. It's okay. But then Superman's just like, honestly, I can't let you in. It's so funny. It's like, that's his joke. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm not sure John's going to want to go adventuring with you anymore. But honestly, I can't let you in. I'm sorry. I'd like to. No, he probably will. John loves you. But no, I can't let you in. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we have to deal with the UN. No one in or out. We have to honor it, whatever. It's already been broken. This is where he should have been there with the UN to try to fucking patch Agreed. this I, over. I still don't think that they can go in, though, for the, what they have set up. Somebody going in, they have to deal with it after the map, but I don't no, think they I, can I go know, in. but this is the problem is you can't go in or out because of the UN with the help of the Justice League. This would be like if we had a building that me and you, you nobody's allowed to go in or out. Like, this is a building in Quakertown. You can't go in that warehouse. Listen, Eric and Jim, you are not allowed in that warehouse. We break in and then we just stay there because i say to you this is great the police can't come and get us we're, we're, they're not allowed in I, once somebody but, but, has broken but, the yeah, rule I, I don't i don't want to live in this world well that's the problem though out. once the rule is broken that shit then has to go to the next step where they have to solve the problem that they've laid the law down to me it's only because they want the scene but they can't have it so that superman just goes in and grabs him and flies I, I, I out i hate this issue i have no problem with the scene though yeah i'm, I'm telling you like just say they have we have the idea no uh no americans allowed in, in iraq and right. we go in we're not just going to be able to stand around because nobody can come in and out they're going to come and get us and get us and arrest us and we're going to be done i it just to me it's just forced because they want to get them involved but they can't go in because that would ruin the story it makes no sense to me it makes no sense at all but we'll see if anybody else agrees with me because you don't but then do you not. have this well you have but like i said though what happens then if batman just kills everyone in there and never comes out then it's just you know they wash their hands of it and go home yeah, uh, somebody has to go in and stop out. now again though this is the problem though you're you're not we don't even know why there's this quarantine of the city. No. So really, to so me, I think... Yeah, well, that's the problem is I think that most people are dealing with the idea that they're thinking that it's something to do with Talia. Now, but Talia seems to be, she's the one who was bad and was put in, but we don't know why. You, yeah. you know what I mean? We have no idea saying, why I, this happened. I have happened. no idea when any of this happened because I'm telling you, we had the idea that nobody can leave or go in. Yeah. Well, when was Talia put in there? When was Holly Robinson put in there? Like... What's going on? I need yeah. to have a time frame. Well, we don't have a time make frame. Any of this to make sense. Yeah. Again, it's just to me, now the rule is broken. Obviously, the UN knows the rule is broken. The UN yeah. themselves would go in to rectify the situation that has now been broken. They wouldn't just go, oh, well, you know, we said nobody in or out, but, yeah, well, he's in, so we'll just wait. They're not even there. So yeah. it just throws it off to me. It's just a forced way to get Damien and uh, and uh, Damien and Dick there because then Superman's just like all of a sudden, oh, alien invasion in Central City, got to go, leaves. He just goes. And then Damien's yeah. sitting there thinking maybe we should go in. And then Dick's like, no, he can still see you from Central and City. I, I just think that's is a, uh, Dick, he should have said Metropolis. I'm like, why are you yeah. just going to go into Big Flash's city? You know, maybe he can take care of it. Yeah, really. But he goes off, and it's just to get him out of there. And that's where Damon's just like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait for my father and mother to come out. They'll come out and explain themselves. And yeah. then Dick says, Hopefully. okay, I'll sit with you. You know, and then well, he's like, hey. Italia. 
She's yeah, 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 really. And he's like, thanks, you know, thank you, Richard, uh, for coming when others wouldn't and for this. And he's like, okay, kiddo, you know what, from the beginning and all the way to the end. And again, it, we've That's seen a nice this. Scene. It's, it's a nice part. enough. Like, like it is the best part. Know. That's the best part. The it is the best part, but I've seen, part I've now seen oh, it a yeah. hundred times. I, I just, yeah, it's it's okay. It's, one it's page, just so forced. Yeah, I know, because then you have, you have a beaten up, tired Catwoman and Batman laying there and talking again. You get back. I was wrong. I know. Most dangerous woman alive. Please. They're not here to take us. And these are everything I said is on a different panel. I mean, these are just big panels that you're going with no story going on. Yeah. And there's like, they're here to tire us. And that's where you have. And I I did see, and I, I wish I can remember somebody in the Slack chat or on the site mentioned that this is the most ridiculous thing because you have. Uh, lip saying detective uh, there's no there's no surprise here you don't have no. to have the legs and the first off, reveal yeah. Batman says right away Talia we already know this is Talia you don't need this big panel with just lips detective Talia and then now we're going to get the most infuriating oh dialogue that you can ever get she starts I, I can read it because it's so quick she says do you have a sword and then he says no, no. well then get one and then the X, tell you, I'm not here to fight. Get one. Yeah, definitely the X. Tell you, please. Fine. Here, this is this is what we have. And he says, we're here for the woman, Holly Robinson. And then they just start fighting while he then is she, dodging you know, blows. Tom King has to remind us who Holly Robinson is because we haven't dealt with it in so yeah, long. Yeah, so he, I am suicide. Yep. Or he actually might be the rooftops after yeah, that. But still, it's yeah. been a long ass time. It's been a she while. She killed 237 people. Catwoman took the blame. She fled from Gotham. We tracked her here. To, to you. you. Yeah, and then this is where you also get the idea that he doesn't want Batman really to fight a woman at this point because she's just trying to get him. He's blocking the sword. She's got dual swords, which she could have been nice. You know, you, you need a sword. I've got two. Let, let's make this, you know, a fight. Here's well, she, a sword. She she, she does kind of do it because, you know, she stabs Batman. No, she, like, she gives one to Catwoman just by yeah. stabbing Batman with it. Yeah. It's like Batman has become a sheath. Of this sword because she's like he doesn't want to fight her. It's like let us see her. Whoever can pull it out can be the new protector of Gotham. Yeah, and he's like, listen, uh, let me see her, uh, talk to her, and we'll leave. And then she's like, yes, this is what you do. Leave and stabs him in the back. And it's kind of funny stabbing him in the back. But then uh, you have Selena go over and like bet. And then she starts again. Do you have a sword? Like, are you insane? Do you have a sword? No. Get one. Okay. Got one. Good. It, it, I'm telling and you. Shall we? Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Fuck that. God damn it. The I'm end. telling you, meow. The end. The end, indeed. Uh, I just really wish it was sit here end. talking about this. Uh, it, it. You can read this issue in 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. it, it's such a quick read, but it's not a quick read because it's exciting. Because I'm reading it and I'm just getting bored and infuriated with not knowing anything. And really all it is again that's, that's is – every Tom King arc in my yeah, mind. And all it is is like you have the Batman punching. Oh, my God, they don't have tongues. I'm the greatest detective. You have the back and forth. Hey, I'm the most dangerous. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Oh, I'm sorry. You're beautiful. Oh, here we go. Then you have the scene with Damien and Dick. Okay, hey, until the end. the part with the most substance in my yeah, mind. Yeah, but I'm saying it. All of this is all fan service. Even that yeah. thing that we've seen a million times. 
times. Hey, hey, little guy, till t- us till the end. Then you go back, and now you have, oh, Talia's going to sword fight Batman, and then going to sword fight Catwoman. There is nothing going on in this issue. And nope. like you said, even to the point where we have to force feed us the info about Holly Robinson again because he hasn't done enough to keep us informed from way back when. And really, you have the idea. Talk, we've talked to online. Like, we talk about, oh, Catwoman's still wanted for murder. Like, yeah, we, no, everybody, no, no, they cleared that up. No, like, yeah, oh, I was told. Everybody I was pretty much, went with it. I was legitimately on our site, and this might offend some people, but it wasn't me who said, I was called a retard because I said, wait a second, isn't Catwoman still wanted for murder, mass murder? And the, the guy wrote, you're, you're a retard if you don't know that, that's, that you have to fill in the blanks. And, you know, obviously I was, I guess I'm not a retard, but even now we have to fill in the blanks in every goddamn issue. And I'm getting sick of it. We don't know when this city was quarantined. We don't know how when it was quarantined. If Holly Robinson got in before, okay. But if not, whatever. We don't know anything about this. All of a sudden, in this city, there there is a goddamn army without goddamn tongues. We have Tiger, who just disappears. But then says, Batman says, you know I am going to never survive in there. I'm never going to come out alive. And even if I do, when I come out, they're going to get me then. Me. Yeah. He obviously didn't know what was in the city because he was surprised by this army without fucking tongues. So he didn't have any intel. So what was surprised. he what was he talking time. about, though? What was he telling know. Tiger that whatever was in there, he was going to die? I don't know uh, why Tiger was there. No, it was just there because that was to get people who like hey, Grayson. Grayson. No, that was it to throw the Grayson deal in so we can get all excited because he wrote Grayson and that Tiger. Is an but idiot. He just disappeared. He he disappeared. You have Superman out there. I said I have more of a problem that if if you break a law. You will have to have some, you know, you can't just do that. And they just, they, the UN isn't even outside waiting. Where are they? If this is such a huge thing that we had an incident going on and they're just there. And now you have Damien and Dick just sitting on the steps. God damn it. And then this stuff with the, you have a sword? No. Get one. Okay. Got one. Good. Gone. Get it. Boom. Huh. Meow. 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 That says it all. That says it all. What did you give it? I gave this issue a 5 out of 10. A fuck you 5 out of 10 because I'm telling you, Joelle Jones' art is the best part of this. I'm telling you, I thought it was a little off from what we got last issue. It's still really great art, though. There's just no substance to this story at all. It's like all Tom King's uh, things are. We're going to have some extended freaking pages, like, you know, just showing the art because I don't want to write it. And it's just completely underwritten just to get to the end as fast as possible so I can just extend the story arc and make it feel like I'm telling a story without even doing anything. I agree. I'm I'm actually not going to give it an FU5 only because I do love Joel Jones' art. Now, it's funny for people who don't listen to us regularly. Uh, I'm giving it the more positive 4.9, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's better than the fuck you five. It just, it's just nothing. There's a lot of nothing going on in this book. Uh, a lot of times it seems that Tom King tries to grab onto a crutch uh, to, to get people hyped, whether it's Kite Man. Now it's basically the couple, Batman and, and Catwoman. It's just, yeah. to, to me, it's everything has to have the wow factor. Oh, yeah, the wow but, factor, too. It's the whole idea of the sword fight coming out, like we had with yeah, Ray Shaw yeah, and freaking yeah. Batman. And now we're going to get Catwoman and Talia. And we even have to wait another thing for that. But really, to me, it's like you, you can have these wow factors. That's that's great, having Nightmare, a wow Batman factor. You wow. need substance with it. You need something to keep that wow factor going uh, on. And for people... 
like I'm telling you, when I think about it, and and people who obviously there's going to be people who hear this that don't agree with us one percent, you know, think that we're fucking idiots. I just want to know what you would do to explain this to somebody, and then not don't dive into filling in the blanks. Try to explain this issue to somebody, and really, first off, once you've done that, you can do two sentences. You have now saved them two ninety nine because they don't have to buy it because nothing happens. You would just be like, yeah, it's Batman and Catwoman. They're kind of fighting Talia, and and then they have a sword fight. That's all that happens, and nothing, and, and really, and, please. And, and Holly Robinson was mentioned. That's a big and deal, please, right? please, I've heard some other podcasts. Please, everybody stop with this. Well, he and, – and now we see what he's going after. At least we see it's Holly Robinson because yeah. I've heard too many people like who – he has to take Catwoman so that Talia can see that he's getting mad. No. Well, I'm telling you, unless unless you read the freaking solicits going forward, you had no idea where they're going to Kadeem last night. No, and, and you would get the idea that it seems like he has to go and ask Talia for her permission or her know. blessings. Invite her to the – here's the thing. He All he wanted to do, he goes all the way and he fights those guys like, God damn it, these guys are left the tongue. You tired me out. And she's like, detective, what are you here for? I, I just wanted to give you this. And she's like, what is it? Oh, it's an invitation to the wedding. No, I'm, oh, I'm going to – I'm not allowed out of here. As, as it I, turns out, I'm kind of stuck here for a while. Yeah, so I am kind of stuck. This. I, yeah, but, but he's it, like, it well, is the thought that counts. You're yeah, right. It Batman. would be good too. And he's, he's like, listen, well, you know, we, we have registered a lot of places you can order <laughs> online. He just wants more gifts. And she's like, you know, they, they really don't allow inter- internet access here. I'm really sorry. Turns he's like, out we're okay. registered at the Kadeem freaking, you know, the, like, the store down the street over yeah, here. Yeah, the Kadeem fucking, uh, I don't know, the JC Penny's. JC Kadeem's. And then she, he's like, okay, well, I'm glad I came because I did want. So, you're saying you're you're a no go, and she's like, "Well, I'll RSVP." You son of a bitch. He's like, I, "I know she's not gonna go. She's just fucking with me." That's her whole plan. Her well, evil uh, plan. Well, don't don't worry. We're gonna put her at Jason Todd's table. It's not gonna be a big deal. It's all <laughs> the way in the yeah, back. That's all it is. It's all the way in the back with Jason Todd. Hey, did you did you talk to my? Fu- oh yeah, he's gone. I got a hold of Ray. She, he's in. Really? Well, I'll have to rethink this. Is there any way you could talk to the UN and allow me out for a little bit for the wedding? Yeah, I don't know that I can do that. I, I really don't know. But hey, we're going to go out. Or actually, tell you, like, listen, before they did shut me in here, I did go online. I'm actually an internet uh, freaking uh, pastor, like a Eric Shea, America's oh, sweetheart. So I'm a basically, minister, I, I, can, yeah, I can end up, I can do the ceremony right here. And uh, yeah, that sounds good. That would save us money. And then Catmone's like, no, no, no. I right. want a big wedding. You, you're I not getting off wedding, cheap like and that. And I'm not having a big wedding in Kadeem of all yeah, places. Yeah, nobody wants to be here. And then he's like, okay, so we can come back for the honeymoon? No, no, no. This is the last time we're ever going to deal with this place ever again. Right, but- Superman number 34, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Ed Bennis, Doug Mankey, Jack Herbert, Denae Ribeiro, and Rob Lee. <laughs> Ribeiro, I would say Ribeiro. Ribeiro, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> go <Dene>? on. <laughs> Wait a minute, that that deserves. There you go, Eric. You're, you're on. Go. Starting this off weird with this. Over on Apocalypse, we see Lex Luthor having to give up the ghost about him being the prophesied god of the people, so that he can hopefully get back to Earth and do just that. He presents them with their real god, Superman. Dick move, Luther. Besides that, though, we see Lois become a female purely solely out of necessity to survive, and John getting the health uh, away from the hellhounds. <laughs> Still a better family vacation than what we got in Road Trip, though. That is true. That is true. Uh, 
Yeah, this this has all of the you know they're all on apocalypse. We we saw that at the end of last issue. You had and they were them, all and, separated. Yeah, and they were all separated. And if you know, uh, they kind of use you know go a little with this to show what happened that Luther left here during Dark Side War, uh, left Apocalypse uh, being the god of Apocalypse, and they have brought and then him immediately back. Immediately lost the Omega effect, making yeah. him the god of Apocalypse. So he never went back. Yeah, so he never went back. So now they have called him back, and he's trying to see what he can do here and he like and, and said, what, it is time to give up the ghost because you know what no matter what happens at this point i'm gonna get killed so yes. i better fucking just not yeah, just he, not he is in trouble come clean he is in trouble i do like the way like he's trying to get a hold or, or bring superman in as well or but uh one thing i do like about this issue you do jump between the characters but it's not one of those i i actually realized when i was reading this how much i like this better that you don't go back and forth as much as what you usually have like i'm telling you in a green in a green arrow book i mean right, right. Th they'll jump you'll and it's a pain to talk about on the podcast too oh, because the pacing is completely yeah, off when you and, have that yeah, the... you'll have two pages then you'll jump to something else go back go back but i like this that we actually get big chunks of the story as we go now it kind of is a eh, you know it's a lot of setup this and issue the is a is, ton too, of the setup one, the one problem is you were i do not like this stuff we're talking about green arrow how they jump over and over to all these different things here we have a bunch of stories we need to tell yeah and the story I want to see, though, is freaking plays second fiddle to Lois Lane being a female yeah. fear. I'm like, yeah. that's cool and all, but I want to see more Lex Luthor and Yeah, Superman. I want to see Lex, and, and I, I'm sure that some people were thinking like, oh, he means John, because you don't get a lot of John at all here. No. Uh, no, we mean Lex. We've been wanting to see Lex. Uh, Lex is pretty hilarious. I like seeing Lex in this position where he knows he's fucked. He is, and he better figure out something. And basically... The sacrificial lamb is what yeah, he figures yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and really... Really, it, it's funny because they, they want him to be there as their god. And he does start kind of, you know, he starts the lies right away and starts yeah. to pretty much play up stuff of like, you know what? I could kill you all right now just by looking at you, but I'm not going to do that to you right now. Well, you that's know what? the best because he's trying to play it up like, hey, like, a, why oh, he's he stalling come back so like, bad. Hey, check this out. The children of Earth, my home world, you know, they're weaker. Than yeah, you. They yeah. need constant yeah, supervision and protection. Yeah, they needed some supervision. And then Shit when, was when going down. He's coming back to him like, you are the prophesied one. You're going to take the throne. And I love even the fact where he walks out and see like the balcony where Darkseid usually stands yeah. with his hands by it. Luther is standing the exact same way that like a Darkseid would. Yeah. But oh, he yeah. really has to freaking. All right. The jig is up and gone. Oh, I yeah. And gone. Shit. Hey, uh, hey, prophecy seer guy. Tell me the prophecy again. Yeah. Does yeah. it say that I'm immortal in that? Can I be hurt? No. Why? My, my word. No, sir. My Give me word. Your sword. And yes. the one problem I have here is that I really like the setup, though, but he takes the one sword and he cuts his hand through his power suit. I'm like, yeah, through his power what, suit. What the fuck is this goddamn it power suit doing? It doesn't make sense. If you can just it doesn't make sense. Then you just think it, it should just be uh, maybe that part is rubber glove. You do kind of see a grip there, but still, don't don't wreck your power suit there, Lex. But it is funny because it, it all really is he, he he's stalling. He's yeah. stalling until Superman shows up. Suit, yeah, which apparently, yeah. like I'm telling you, I don't know how any of these things work. Boom tubes just work however yeah. they work. Yeah. This button apparently though opens up a boom tube wherever Superman was to bring yes. him where Lex yep. is. And until that, I guess it finds Superman. Yeah, Lex that's the thing. That's the problem is it seems to be able to find Superman and then boom him through to the point where Superman doesn't even realize like the hell just happened why am i here uh but in the meantime he is just stalling like you said he's like 
yeah, you know, you're not the forsaken. And he keeps saying, and then like you said, he must know that it's about time that Superman comes through because cutting himself and doing that really is kind of like the the jig is up then and they are going to kill him if Superman doesn't show up. But he's like, listen, no, no, no. I'm just kind of the the guy who brings your savior through. I I am like – the timeline of events doesn't match up to me, but I do appreciate that this whole, like, you know, repeat the prophecy as yeah. we saw in the Dark Side War just to catch everybody up. Just to catch up people up. They, they were long ass time. And there's the been a lot Side of people War. who jumped on at Rebirth. At Rebirth and, yeah. and yeah, when he was on there, he ended up on Apocalypse and they had the prophecy. And like, oh my God, you're you're the one the this prophecy man said. Would bring the same hope yes. he spread to, our, to his world to ours. He is an yeah. orphan, a humble son of farmer, seeker of truth, embodiment of justice. And he's like, this was the prophecy. Like Luther's, like I am this man. Yeah, yeah, now, and, and it's funny because when it first started, it was like, yeah, he would come from a land called Metropolis. And yeah, yeah, I'm from Metropolis. All right. And then the Son the point farmers. when they went to the farmers and the things, it was we laughed so much because he was like, yeah, that's me. And he thought that he was gonna like nothing could go wrong for saying that. But like you said, he he lost the Omega effect, and now he's back, and they expect him to be Dark Side. And this. Book again. If you are reading Mister Miracle, anytime you have Apocalypse, Dark Side, and in this Granny Goodness as well, uh, Tom King has said that Mister Miracle is in continuity. So this is just another thing that points out what you know about Mister Miracle not being real and all that. Because you have Granny here; they're all Unless going. He comes out down the line and says, "Oh yeah, Mister Miracle takes place three years later." Yeah, yeah. Because in this, you even have a continuing of like we don't know if Dark Side's dead. You know, we're trying to find him you know the whole thing that we had before that that i like but yeah he basically he's like and here is your savior behold and he gets superman down. booms in he's yeah, like look yeah. look this is the savior everybody kneel before the new yeah. dark and side, it, it makes me laugh so much because he is dick you, you see her. it's a dick move but you see right here how desperate he is because there's no way Lex is ever going to bow down to Superman any oh, other time. Well, but he does that here. Even when talking to our door, like, she's like, are you that man? He's like, no, I am not. And they're immediately, kill him. Yeah, God, yeah that's what I'm saying. He has to know that Superman <laughs> is on his way in a second with this boom tube because he really shows his hand there. And yeah, they're going to kill him. And yeah, that's when Superman does show up and he's pissed. He's, you know, what have you put us in the middle of Luther? And especially, you know, he's going to be real, real angry because Lois and John are involved as well. And that's where we, we do start with a couple pages with Lois, but they, you know, you get caught up with that. And then you go with it where basically the Furies have her, they're marching her, they're whipping her, you know, they're trash talking and she's a tough cookie. And even to the point, like anything she does, they're just like, you know, nobody told you to talk, get the, you know, shut the hell up. And Granny is in the in, in the front of this, but she's the one who hears or feels this rumbling and says, you know, don't you feel that? They fucking slap her, and then all of a sudden, this dredge worm comes up. Oh, and, the dredge worm. And, yeah, the dredge worm. And again, it's kind of a – it's a very long scene. It, to it, me, it it's go, a I'm little bit over – It goes over, on way yeah. too much for yes, what we get does. out of this thing because we have the dredge worm. All right, like, you know, let's just shoot at it for a couple goddamn pages. Yeah, yeah, and, and to the point where you get the idea where you can't, you know, Tomasi does not want to have uh, Lois kill anybody. 
So she can't be killing Furies. She can't be no. killing her captors. So basically, it's almost and even to in my me, mind. She can't kill a Fury. No, and yeah, really. But she, they, he doesn't even want her to try because anytime somebody gets near her or is going to do something, at this point, the dredge worm is there to take care of of whatever is there. And she even says, you know, the enemy of my enemy is still my enemy. But it kind of comes off. It, it, it was cute at first, I thought, but then it's just overly done. Where Lois is like. Everything that happens here is just to set up Lois looking great. And she is. She is pretty cool. She figures out how to kill this dredge worm where I thought, you know what, these Furies and, and, and you know, uh, Granny Goodness, you think that they might have fought one of these things at so. some point well, that they would the know they how to attack. It's a, it's a lone dredge worm that yeah. usually travel in packs. Yeah. They know some shit about some it's dredge like the worms. sand people, Eric. They, yeah. they know the intel, but yet it takes Lois to yell, shoot it in the eyes. I mean, really, there's only a couple things that you can shoot at a mouth, a bunch of eyes, and Lois seems to be the one that comes up with it. That's why the dredge worms have been the scourge of apocalypse all this time, because the people there are retarded, Eric. They don't know how to fight a dredge worm, but Lois does. Like and the Granny, sand people in their crate dragons. Exactly. And Granny Goodness saw Lois fight, and they need somebody, Eric. The numbers yeah, are dwindling. They just lost a fury, so okay, we got yeah. another fury right here to take her place. Yeah, here she goes. And, move and, on, everybody. Let's keep dredging yep. through the desert looking for Darkseid. Yeah, let's go look for Darkseid. And, and it gives her the uh, you know the breastplate of the fallen fury, and then they're all like, all the rest are like, oh no way! And haven't you forgotten Aliana Hubbard, the first and only human to join our ranks? Like, okay, here we go. We get a little lesson there, but yeah, then yeah. they just start eating dredge worm, and to me, As Lois one goes off. Once you kill a dredge worm, yeah, really, yeah, you know, they're, they're hungry. Why would you be wasteful? But uh, you see Lois, and she's looking off a cliff. You know, obviously thinking about uh, John and Clark. I thought that actually she just didn't want to eat a disgusting dredge worm. I don't but, eat with these savages and the yeah. filthy goddamn dredge worm. Well, Granny Goodness meat. sees it and brings her some dredge worm, and Better Lois is eating it. ducking me. Yeah, it is. It has to be. But yeah, Lois starts eating it. And it basically, Granny's like, you know what? You're one of us now. It's all about family. We're family first. You know Furies what that means? We're yeah. family first. Here, eat this. Okay. Yeah, and she says, I'm a remember, yeah, remember, nothing is more important than family. And she's like, I know. And then she's eating that. It looks like bloody beef jerky. Uh, then you go it's elsewhere. Yeah, then you, it doesn't. Then you go elsewhere on Apocalypse, and that's where you have John. She's uh, gonna get worms. She's yeah, gonna get dredge worms. Yeah, she she's gonna be. She's not gonna go. It's not gonna go well when she goes back to Earth. But yeah, John's there, and it's just a quick deal where they're going to kill him. You know, yeah. and you have the dogs and stuff, and he just basically, you know, isn't hell gonna hell. have any of that, and ends up get using the heat vision. And then flying off. I mean, there's not much to this issue. I, and I'm telling I, you, the thing is, this is an arc that I've been looking forward to for yeah. so long because I couldn't wait to get back to the whole God of Apocalypse since we left it in Dark Side War. And even the last issue, I'm like, all right, I'm all on board. This issue where we deal primarily with Lois being one of the female fears, like, you yeah. are giving me the thing that I want the least yeah, out of this I, goddamn I, market and, at this And point. even with that – Here's the funny thing about it, because you do, like you said, I want to see Lex and Superman. That's the big deal. Uh, we get the the beginnings of what that that set up, and but the setup of Lois being a Fury to me, the only thing that would hit hard with this, if it would be something at the end, she's like, no, you know what, John uh, and Clark, I ain't going back. But we she's know, variant. We, we, yeah, really, but we know that that's not going to happen. So it's just it, it ends up you get this setup just so we have a reason why Lois won't die. While yeah. our superheroes on Apocalypse can do their battles and things, like, I even, don't think the whole thing too. Like even John being on Apocalypse by himself, 
That's a more interesting story than yes. Lois becoming a female Fury in my yeah. mind. Because not only that, okay, I'll go with Lois being a Fury. Yeah. Just the freaking setup of it went on for the majority yeah, I, I, of the issue, and it's not very interesting. Yeah, like I'm saying, I think that what Tomasi is doing, he has to set up a way that Lois will be safe so now we can get back to what we you know, what we want to see. It's a Doc Brown situation where yeah. you have Jennifer get in the car at the end of Back to the Future 1, so in the sequels, you have to deal with yeah, her. Yeah, you have you to deal with her because to. she's there. Yes, it's so exactly you that. If you would have written the last issue where, oh no, Johnny Clark got put <laughs> yeah, in a Johnny cube Clark. and taken away. Because basically Lex hits the thing and gets the two people that may be able to help him. Yeah, uh, Lois just, is just there. Why not yeah. just take the Kryptonians? Yeah, and Lois says you need something to keep her safe. And I maybe some other people like that part. I it was just I too like Long. Lois, but it's I just, love it goes Lois. on. It's not the yeah. part of the story that I want to see, but I love the art in this issue. Yeah, no, the art's those, great. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm still on board with Imperius yeah. Rex because it's a story I've been looking forward oh, to. Uh, here's the thing. We're saying this. I like this issue. I, I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed oh, I it. It just – it didn't get me to where I wanted to get through this. Exactly. Uh, at the end, I just thought to myself, you know what? I didn't get to see the good parts. Where's the fireworks factory? That's yeah, all right. I wanted to see. We didn't get to it, Eric, but what did you give it? 7.3 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'd go 7.5. I like the art enough that I would go that much. But really, when was the last time we talked about a Superman, you know, deal? And it only took us 11 minutes to talk about it. Oh, that's a fast-moving yeah, issue. There's not much going on here, Eric. I, I know that I'm on Adderall, but that doesn't mean I have the foot fully on the gas here. I mean, there's not much to talk not about. Not yet, at least, but we're going to move on to the next book, Eric, that again, I, I don't know, this might be the trend of these two books here of yours, that uh, it ends up that I don't hate this issue, but again, it just kind of treads water and doesn't give me exactly what I want, but tell us what it is, Eric. Nightwing number 32, written by Tim Seeley with art by Scott Eaton, Miguel Mandanka, Wayne Felcher, Diana Igigia. Chris Sotomayor and Carlos Emanuel. <laughs> a true backstory is given for Raptor in this issue that completely kills any idea that this character will ever get Nightwing on his side, but all that backstory did was give Raptor time so that he could put his plan into effect, and that's to make the people of Bloodhaven into what they had admired in Roland Desmond. That's right, we have a casino full of blockbusters, and with Dick possibly dealing with more than he can handle, it looks like it's up to the runoffs to, sell, to save the day. Yes, the runoffs are going to – and that's why uh, we've talked about this since uh, Tim Seeley has gone to Bloodhaven with Nightwing. One of our favorite things is the runoffs, and actually I like the runoffs a lot in this issue. A little more – like uh, you liked them last issue, and me and you, I said, you know what? We didn't get enough, and yeah. I, I said uh, this issue, not that we get more – of them or less or whatever, but I really like the idea that we got those placards with their names, Eric. Why out of out of the blue did we get those again? It's because I love time. them. They, they should have had them every well, issue, especially you, for people jumping on. I can never on. remember Thrill Devil. I'm so I know. happy to be able to see it. When I, when I saw there. it, I'm like, all right, Thrill Devil. And I laughed when we <laughs> saw it. And then it's funny because later he actually has a couple lines, which, you know, four giz, he says with them. <laughs> now, he He's actually has some lines. forgotten runoff. He is. He really is. But yeah, uh, the thing that I I was saying at the beginning that I kind of do still like this issue and what we didn't get was the runoffs, but it was also the whole thing with uh, Blockbuster and what's going on. The thing that I didn't need 
is more of Raptor. I, I don't need him. I think that he is not. I, I don't know why this character keeps getting pushed, except that it is a Tim Seeley character. Yeah. So he's going to push it. But boy, he, he just comes back in this issue. I just well, we I, have I can't stand him. Nightwing so far. We've dealt with two arcs already with Raptor. Yeah. We had freaking Raptor show up in a Deathstroke arc and now showing up again in their latest Deathstroke arcs. I'm like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of Raptor for Yeah, there's so a lot far. of Raptor. And, One and, thing, though, I will do is because I hate the character of Raptor. Yeah. This issue actually didn't it made me not mind him well here's the thing it's one of those where i don't mind him because now he's a full-out villain exactly. and like you said There's in your no blurb redemption. dick has a re- reason to just knock his block off air and before it was like all the stuff where he kept he was like one of these gray area guys with the hey you know what i'm for the poor you, you can't yeah. be upset that much with a guy who you know wants to be a modern day robin hood in a in a comic even if he is going about it the wrong way this actually throws that out to the point where it seems that tim seeley is really stressing before he leaves this book because sam humphreys is taking it over i do think that he kind of wants to put raptor away you know put him in the in the fucking bin and put him away for you right. know storage because because all of a sudden now, Raptor has gone from being a man of the people, a man of the poor, you know, poor versus rich, to being a guy who doesn't care at all about collateral damage. He doesn't care if, if a tourist, he actually badmouths him and, you know, all and that. And not only that, that the brand he's been trying to sell to everybody, including the readers of this it's book. It's a lie. How he is this freaking, it's been soiled. It's freaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. no longer come back to the point where he can say these things because Dick Grayson has figured out that he, the whole thing that he has based his entire life on off of is a lie that he told himself yeah yeah it is now let's just get into it eric you start off and we get yet another uh the retelling of the uh, flying graysons and we watch them but it is uh ends up twisting around by the end where we find out there was uh you know something else going on there uh, with Raptor. But in the meantime, this is all being told uh, in the way Raptor is there, like we saw him before. He's at the blackjack table. And the thing is Dick about Grayson. this, I really like the whole setup of where we're at, the whole surroundings, because he's talking about this. It's like, you had a good hand in life, Dick, but you wanted more. And all of this freaking, you know, kind of blackjack freaking uh, talk around the whole thing. Like, yeah, you, like yeah. the hand you've been dealt, like who's the dealer and who's yeah, the player. Yeah, it's a lot of card like, talks. It actually works out really yeah, like well. It. I'm like, you know, it's pretty clever. I like what I like of it is it's not I, the card talks okay to me. What I like is that you have Raptor who's pretty much figured out the game here that he knows that if Dick jumps across the table and beats up Raptor, number one, Raptor can just start yelling. This is Nightwing, and, and even oh, it's time he to sits your hand at that point. Jim. Yeah, and he says, "Yes, it is." He's you don't, you don't, you don't want to show your hand like that. You know, all the chips would be in. But yeah. he he says basically card like talk. then. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, Blockbuster would know them. Roland Desmond would know who you are, know that you're spying on him, so you can't do that. It's also pretty much, he could pretty much say that everybody there then would know that he is Nightwing as well if Raptor decided to just yell. I mean, really, Dick Grayson could just go, you know, he's not going to kill Raptor, but if he did, he can just say that he was cheating or something. But the best thing of all this is just seeing Raptor sitting there at the table with Soyulak breaking through that wall one finger <laughs> just so we know that it's him I, I think that they still didn't want you know still thought that some people were like who's this you know who's this sexy fella talking to dick grayson in this bright yeah, orange suit 
Yeah, with this crazy suit. But yeah, they're talking about this. Well, in the meantime, you do then go back to uh, Pigeon's house, you know, her apartment there where the runoffs have gone because uh, uh, Sean had gone in. And like we saw she before. She wanted to warn Pigeon because it seemed like with the whole thing yeah. with Roland Desmond and Raptor that there was a war brewing against, you know, metas and freaking just, you know, vigilantes like uh, cr- criminals or freaking heroes. Yeah. There's going to be fucking bad times coming. She thought she owed it to Pigeon to freaking talk about, you know, yeah. give her the chance to leave Bloodhaven. But as we learned last issue, it seems that Raptor is working with Pigeon. Yeah, or as Pigeon. I might have thought, they might have been the same character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they might have been having sex. We, we yeah. don't know. Uh, what threw yeah, us off, though. Off the table. We, we, the what threw table. us off kind of goes back to it a little by the end of the issue was that we had the idea that Raptor pretty much had his costume on and everything else because he was a fucking monstrosity from yeah. being a leper. But yeah, when we when the last anymore, issue ended... It just seems like the only thing from leprosy that still affects was just possibly the hand that soil acts possibly. on. Possibly. But yeah, even then you do like we said. He was better with me and he had fucking leprosy. I know he had leprosy. What the hell's going on? I I didn't know that made you sexy. You you go, that's sexy C. Is is that what it is? <laughs> sex That does sex per uh, You go and you see the runoffs again, and like I said earlier, that we uh, we get the placards that I, I like. So you have Stallion, you have Thrill Devil Mouse, uh, Gorilla Grim, and uh, I like that. I like to see that so that people can just like, okay, at least I well, know they're their not names. Exactly featured characters, and they no. show from time to time, but they you no, but we have to like their them. names. Yeah, we I like, like them, them and it's funny because as they go in the apartment, a bunch of pigeons fly. And Grim gets upset, and it really is funny uh, because you do have Mouse like it's seriously. Birds are bringers of doom. <laughs> I stand by my reaction. I stand by my reaction, <laughs> and that's where you see then that Sean's there, and like Pigeon isn't here. Uh, she's working with a guy named Raptor, a guy who Nightwing warned me about. So they they're basically trying to figure out what they're gonna do, and she says to them like, "Hey, runoffs, it's not your fight." You know, this is my fight. I don't want you to get involved. I don't want you to get hurt. And, and through all of this that we know, that Giz kind of jumped in with Nightwing to try to help and to, to save people. And he ended up dying. And that's where you get Goober the Squirrel who goes and starts hitting the, uh, the Again, laptop. Again, I appreciate the placard for Goober Squirrel. Yeah, yeah, really. And you have it there. And basically, that's when Mouse comes up. Because if you weren't reading, Mouse was Giz's girlfriend and says, when Nightwing asked for Giz's help, he jumped. He wanted to be a hero. He saved lives. And he didn't die a villain. And then that's enough for all of them to kind of, you know, put for their hands Giz. in for Giz. And that they're ready to go. Uh, but yeah, then you go back to uh, the casino where you had. It's weird. This is, like I said earlier, this is only set up for me to just show you that Raptor isn't good at all. Before he seemed like, you know, Tim Seeley oh, yeah, wanted to you, push the idea that he was good. When we started the Raptor's Revenge arc, when he actually sacrificed the freaking waitress in order to get mm-hmm. away, like he was willing to let her die so he could get away that from That was Nightwing. so out of character like, of him. Exactly. And I yeah. said immediately, this is like, this is a whole new ballgame because yeah. this is not yeah. what Raptor does. And it just really continues it and freaking puts an exclamation point on it. Like, he is not the same character we knew when Tim Seeley introduced him. He's like, yeah. everyone in Bloodhaven are pieces of shit. They all friggin' you know, worship the royal dot, like the holy, yeah. like what the hell is that friggin'? The almighty dollar. The almighty dollar? Exactly. Is yeah. that what it is? <laughs> I always stick with the system. Oh, uh, yes. The, the one thing that I want to know is I, I, I've never really been to more than one or two casinos, but I've only I, ever been to one. 
I know that there's no, it's not a place for kids. I'm well aware of that. But I also never have seen a casino where right next to the slot machines with old people doing the slot machines, there is a stripper in a cage. I was wondering, what the, what the hell is going on? There's a girl dancing in a cage. Seems you a little any good casinos. Apparently. I guess I haven't here. But, yeah, you, you know, this whole, le- this whole thing leads to basically Raptor is still upset at Dick Grayson, mainly because he thinks that Dick Grayson kind of left his life behind and got the, you know, pretty much got a wealthy to do life when Bruce Wayne took him over. Uh, but we already know that when they had all this going on, that Raptor considered himself, first off, a friend of Dick's mom, uh, but also wanted to be more. And also here you see was a full out bodyguard and tried to keep track of what was going on. And he was in the shadows of Haley Circus the entire time. Like yeah. whenever the, the flying graces would go on, he'd make sure that everything was on the up and up to make sure yes. that his love married Dick's mother would always be okay yeah and with that you get the idea that this was the most important night for him to pay attention because they were going without a net that whole deal not going without a net and tony zuko was around freaking shoving the freaking owner about yeah because he saw that he was sitting and this is what we're not getting this from raptor this is where dick turns it around and says you know what listen here i'm gonna tell you what you're all about this is you know my mother I actually I really like the reveal here. I just find it a little bit hokey because that this he is all, got it dead on. Exactly. He yeah. got exactly dead on because, you know, he Dick tells him ever since you came into my life and like I kicked the shit out of you and broke your yeah, fucking yeah, bones. Yeah. I then went and freaking broke everything down like Batman taught me to. I went and like uh interviewed everybody I could find at Haley Circus and tried to like create a scenario in my head yeah. how everything yep. can turn out the way it does. And it's all about how Raptor decided he was going to steal from Bruce Wayne that night yeah. and was not checking. He was more like he, he was all concerned with the almighty dollar than checking out on the freaking how the ropes were. There was, yeah. that, and I find out that there was acid on it. That there but was acid. It's like, how did you – I'm like, you are now the world's greatest detective, Dick Grayson. Yeah, he is. I don't know how you could have figured this fucking shit out. And, and it's funny because before, if I remember right, and I thought that it was going to get to this here, uh, the big thing is Raptor's love of Dick's mom. And I actually thought that you were going to get that kind of cliched, but I think it might have played out a little better here, of Dick Grayson kind of riling up Raptor enough. Like, you know what? You don't know what it's like. You know, I love my mother. And, you know, and then you'd have Raptor with the, you know, you don't know what I like. You know, you're not fat. You're not nothing is what he'd yell, Eric. But (laughs) when you have this, though, I thought that that's what we're going to get to. But instead, he, Tim Seeley wants to throw out that Dick Grayson did learn from uh, Batman. And I think that, and I think that that, might be a little dig also at Raptor because Raptor wanted to be the teacher. I mean, really, the first arc of Rebirth was better than Batman. And he even says here, you know, I wanted to train you. I wanted to show you the right way and whatever. Uh, You see here that Batman did teach Dick, you know, how to be a better detective than it seems even Batman has been lately. But yeah, you find out that he did see Tony Zuko. Batman trained him and also taught him that if you want to exercise, you need to jump to conclusions. Yeah, yeah, because he jumped. But hey, that's the thing. Time. The, the bigger conclusion you jump to, if you're right, you look even that much smarter because God he's damn. right on. He's, he's right on. Anymore. He's a psychic. Yeah, yes, he is. And then he's just like, you know what? If you wouldn't have been intrigued, because while Raptor was looking at Tony Zuko fight with Haley, uh, you, he saw Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne had a very expensive watch. And the whole tie around was that and Raptor saw the watch. Walking around money. Yeah, a lot of walking around money. He saw that, and it was the day of. 
Dick's mom's birthday, and he already had seen that his mom or his his dad had given his mom a nice present. Raptor saw that is jealous, wants to get a better present, and he can do that through Bruce Wayne. So he completely neglected checking out the rope, anything like that, and went to try to steal, and that's why they died. Now, I will give Tim Seeley some credit here. You don't go too far with this. You, Dick, you go a little bit too far in my yeah. mind because why I like this whole setup, and then because Dick Grayson goes on, and it was that hand that tried to steal from Bruce that's Wayne. True. You wrapped it in the gauntlet. You call Soylent. That's it too was long. Romani what? Wizard. No. And I'm like, you <laughs> motherfucker, what are you No, where I was saying is he didn't go so far as to to actually to have Nightwing say, to have Dick Grayson say, you're the reason why my mom died. He yeah. never goes that far because it's not true. It isn't his fault. He Tony wasn't Zucker's even, fault. it wasn't, yeah. yeah, it was Tony Zuko's fault. So actually for Tim Seeley to go that extra, it would have actually ruined a lot of things. So I, I give him credit for pulling it back there. But yeah, Dick, now he goes from the story that, like you said, he's jumping to conclusions. Now he's just, you know, throwing shit at this point. Raptor seems to be crying, Eric. Yeah. He's very upset. And that's when he He's like then then Dick gets him with the dealer wins Ooh, and that's not the case and that's not the case <laughs> because behind there uh, there seems to be a wild card in play Eric <laughs> because everybody who is drinking starts choking and we see that basically rapper, see, honestly I'm freaking when I was reading this too because like he yelled at that tourist yeah. earlier and like yeah I thought he epic. poisoned him. No, he did poison with my yeah, mind with well, the drinks. He has the blockbuster serum, but I'm like, yeah, now, the blockbuster the drinks. Because he did tell that guy, go check out the oyster. Oh, yeah, oyster it's the bar. oysters. Was it the oysters? Oh, you I, never eat oysters here's the thing. Yeah, really, but here's the thing to me. I'm there, and I'm like, hey, hey, baby, let's go over and play some blackjack. And I go over, and the guy's like, hey, hey, fatty. Why don't you go and get a goddamn cheesesteak? Now, granted, I may be like, oh, oh you, know <laughs> you know what? You know what? Cheesesteaks, that's really good. I think that I'd be like, Fuck him! I'm getting pizza. I'm not getting that. That fucking asshole told me to get it. I'm not gonna get a fucking drink in the oyster bar. I'd be so against that until nobody was looking. Eric, then I grabbed the cheesesteak. But no, they all start uh, choking, and it seems that he I has take spiked care of myself. Yes, he has spiked everything with the uh, the uh, Block blockbuster serum, yeah. serum. So everybody's turning into a blockbuster. So it's all a thing where everybody you know worships Roland Desmond. Now they'll become the thing that they you know they actually worship in yes. his mind. It's a whole like you know. A little bit of irony for that he's throwing out there. And now yeah. Dick Grayson yeah. is freaking trapped in a casino with a freaking room full of blockbusters. Yep, he's that in with blockbusters. cannot control their rage the way that no. Nolan can. Yeah, no. And uh, am I mistaken or is that Tiger Shark, Eric? Is, is he, has he survived? Dude, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. I don't is. know I'm the talking. tattoos, but that is that is Tiger I, Shark's you, deal. I actually, there. when I was reviewing this book, I'm telling you, I was trying to mail it in and get through things as fast as possible. <laughs> I spent so much time looking at this panel where there's yeah. a guy walking around his casino with a goddamn like a freaking uh a mess that wraps it's around the, the tiger shark mask it seems that's yeah, the and problem just, a guy who's not wearing a shirt with a fucking dragon tattoo I'm like yeah, why yeah. is this guy in the casino yeah i don't know it's no shirt no shoes come on in and, and gamble i guess i where is the policy here but yeah he's just walking around i do think that these mask guys wanted you know like, i think <laughs> that those guys are kind of the behind the scenes uh you know guys the bodyguards or whatever but yeah i, I don't know i thought that maybe tiger shark lived I guess you've seen him die in two books more that I look at it now, it he looks was like, in this book. No, it looks like this is the um, the bodyguard that's in, in yeah. front of the aquarium that freaking yeah. blockers are put Tiger Shark. And, and, Tiger that, Shark and he's in there, not, yeah. yeah. And Tiger Shark's not turning because he didn't drink the freaking. Like, yeah, he didn't the, drink uh, it. The so. poisoned up. Yeah, stuff. I would think that Tiger I'm, Shark's I, actually going to help. I didn't because, know that Tiger yeah. Shark had these body tattoos. And <laughs> honestly, either. 
I didn't realize from the panel of progression because I thought we were just hanging out in the casino. Yeah, the so casino. So I see this guy wearing his mask <laughs> without a shirt. I'm like, what it's the funny fuck? too. The guy looks like Hulk Hogan. He's all fired up. I, I just think he's just been lifting. So yeah, uh, that, that has to be Tiger Shark. Yeah, but I would it just think. really threw me off when I looked at it originally. Yeah, and then and then we kind of end on the uh, Wales End neighborhood. They go to Sealand. The runoffs go there uh, because they want to find Orca. They want to get Orca involved because well, yeah, you what happened? Back up because shit's getting real and fucking yeah. blood. Well, when they were in the apartment, they actually got a hold of a formula, and as Mouse says, she's a hacker. She don't know nothing about no formulas, so they have to figure out what's going to go on, and Orca was the one who they think could give them uh, the deal, and also they kind of kind of break her down into yeah. joining them again because of the whole deal of, you know, she was a runoff at one point, and uh, she went off, and the thing about it is she would not want anybody else to become as strong as her so there's because a whole then she's not deal. needed that's then the only she's reason not she went needed, to the whales yes. enders is because she was needed there and if yep. the whales enders actually made themselves into orca like we saw last issue and they she all wouldn't be needed yeah. anymore and she fucked them I, she fucked them over again yeah the she fucked them over they're all dead they all fucking went went bad uh but yeah they want her to to get involved they want her to help and especially with this formula they brought that laptop and that's where you have uh mouse say you know they want a raptor and pigeon want to tear bloodhaven to the ground they're going to use it uh, this on the citizens i got to their computers but i read code not formulas and they want to know what this is uh then we go to bloodhaven boardwalk when you know outside the casino where shit's gone wrong and you do have pigeon just is flying freaking raptor out of there yeah Yep, and, and I like it though. We do have Swoboda, which you know I, I always like her. Though he doesn't seem to want to delve too much in with her. No, uh, I'm anymore. telling you, we're done with Swoboda in my mind. Ever since I like the hard no Swoboda. I'm telling you, ever since. He's warm from my form. We're done with Sabota. Yeah, yeah, but she's there, and that's where the one guy's like, hey, where's your your superhero guy? Is he going to show up? And yeah, you see Pigeon fly off with Raptor, and like the worst two superheroes flying off together. I mean, it is the <laughs> worst. They are. <laughs> There's the worst. All right, who do I have to fight today? Pigeon and Raptor? Get Pigeon and here. Raptor. Let somebody else deal with that. Yeah, and, and the runoffs. At? And even the runoffs are going like, oh, god damn it, the police are here, but I guess we're going to have to, you know, team up or something because we got to fight these guys and in the meantime Dick wears this freaking nightwing outfit yeah. underneath this freaking yeah, well, you know why wouldn't you and that's where he has to fight all of these you know blockbusters these guys everybody even the normal people and you have to realize that's also probably raptor's whole deal which this is raptor's revenge part oh, yeah. three uh part of the deal is these are just normal guys the poor guy eric all he wanted to do was gamble he went to the oyster bar now he's a blockbuster <laughs> it's not like dick grayson can really just punch all these people right in the face. He's gonna. I'm, have to you, I'm not a fan of oysters, go. but I just imagine I go to an oyster bar. Like, what kind of fixings do you think are at an oyster bar to put on your oyster? I, like, I would think the freaking like the. I would the, think the only the thing that you can have the bar more <laughs> than just the oysters. I think that the only thing you would have is that you know what's it called the uh, the cocktail sauces. I don't even know. I hate I don't oysters. oysters, so I don't know me either. I think it just it slurp it out of that shell and taste like because I'm telling you, all I know is clams. I'm like, all right, we got clams. Actually, to me, it's funny because we talked about it at the beginning of this segment. Uh, clams, I don't mind. 
Oysters yeah. to me are the dark meat of the clam, you know, of the <laughs> mollusk world. It really does seem like that to me. Like, oh, I want the I'll chicken breast it. of the mollusk. I want clams. Uh, you dark oysters. They they seem disgusting. But yeah, uh, that is the end where you do have a pretty cool setup with Nightwing ready to fight all of these blockbustered out people. Uh, in the meantime, you want to know like where's Blockbuster because his casino is getting destroyed at this yeah. moment, Eric. So we'll see what goes on. Uh, I hope that. We see Tiger Shark get out of that fucking, you know, aquarium. He comes out and explains those tattoos to us because I've never seen those, though. It's probably something from before. Yeah, it probably uh, is. Something yeah, I, but, I've never just thought of Tiger Shark without a shirt on, probably. Yeah, but no. I gave this issue a 7 out of 10. And I honestly could have gone higher if it wasn't for the hokey goddamn explanation of how Dick Grayson came about all this information, yeah. just jumping to conclusions and happening to be right. But yeah. I love the art. And I actually, I'm telling you, Tim Seeley is making me care a bit about Raptor, making me see him more as a threat. But I hate it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, I actually am happy right now with Nightwing, and I'm actually uh, happy about it. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a seven as well. I like the art. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I like what Tim Silly's doing with Raptor so he could just get punched in the face and we can get rid of him. Uh, again, I would never think that a Sam Humphreys will continue with a Raptor story down the line. So I do think that this is just leading to the know, end of Raptor. I Priest would. Yeah, yeah, he was just there. He was a character <laughs> witness, Eric. But yeah, yeah I'll give it a... about before when he put on the icon armor. That is true. Well, they, again, that was set up to be a character. Well, I don't know, but yeah, I actually I did like this, and I'm looking forward. And me and, and you, I got the me. runoffs that I love. Yeah, in in the background of all this, I have actually talked to you, and we may have a little switcheroo coming up. Speaking of Christopher Priest, me and you are in the middle of uh, some heated negotiations where I think sure. I may take over Nightwing, and you may take over. Justice League, but but there's the caveat that I get I get Nightwing and a book to be named later in case Nightwing goes monthly. We, yeah. we have I have to end up with all of these things to give you to to get Nightwing because I do think that I'll probably like it a little more once it's taken over by Sam Humphreys. I seem to like Sam Humphreys a tad bit more than you. Maybe not this week though. Eric, we'll see about that. Well, no, after. because that's Tim Seeley as well. Oh yeah, you're right. Holy moly, you are right, man. There you go. I'm not a huge Tim Seeley fan. I know that a lot of people like Tim Seeley. I'm not. I'm not as, a huge Tim Seeley fan, but he's been huge doing fan. wonders in my mind for Hellblazer, and Ooh. I'm starting to really dig his freaking Nightwing. Oh, what about that Green Lantern? Do you, you want to give a little hint? Because we're, we're going to be going off to a mail section Blues, right now. Man, and damn. after the mail section, after the Marvel Minute, we will be talking about Green Lantern. So I guess we don't want to spoil it that quick, right? You, you don't want right. to do that now? All right. Well, we'll go off to the mail right about now. It's It is mail section number two, and no, as it's always, mail with Eric. oh, it's mail with Eric, and always with mail with Eric, it's usually Brandon, right? Is is yeah. he your little pen pal? You two, you can get together and have a little quiet I time. Like talking to little Brandon. quiet time with you, little Ali Ali oxen free again with you two. You freaking sending code. Brandon says, "Sup, fellas? Code. Well." <laughs> 
<laughs> Why don't we kick off this email extravaganza with some Halloween observations regarding the candy handed out and left in my daughter's bag here, among other things. The good. One house is giving out full-size candy bars. There's awesome. always that house. Why, why is it that people get excited about that? But to me, it's more of like a me and you have a, you know, we're going to buy presents for the boss. And right. we have a $20 limit, and you end up getting them a Rolex to make yourself look better. All these people are doing is trying to outshine everyone else with these and full bar businesses. isn't that what we're all trying to do in life? It may be, Eric, but when you're the one doing it, it's nonsense. What, are you goddamn rich? I'm telling you, I don't think there's that many Rockefellers living in the Buffalo area, but I don't know. This house might be. They're a little over their fucking means here. Get the fuck out of Buffalo. These people go to New York City. Get out of Buffalo. That's almost Canada. I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Uh, you could choose between. Here's the three that you can the choose. The good. From. This one house gave a full size candy bar. The bad. She got a rock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, there's three bars. You had three full size bars, and to me, there is only one clear cut winner of these three, and even that is not my favorite. So the you get either a Snickers, uh-huh. Twix. Uh-huh. Or Three Musketeers. To me, you go Twix. Well, Three Musketeers is right out immediately. So yeah. I go Twix because I love yeah. Twix. You know I don't like Twix. You're going to get a shit ton of Snickers everywhere else. Fun yeah. Sides yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like Twix. I, I would I like Twix. to – yeah, really. I think that you should get the full-size bars and we should make like one giant bar out of it. That would be cool. Even though Three Musketeers is trash, still yeah. not bad handout they had going here. I want to know if he lets his daughter – pick the candies or if he you know gives her like the get the twix you know don't don't go nonsense well, you, you, you gotta nudge him in the right direction that's called parenting jim and now here's the best because his daughter is four full-size pixie sticks at another house yeah i heard from that's the simpsons pixie sticks don't have sugar eric no. no way in hell i'm letting my four-year-old anywhere near that thing but i will happily slurp that up and also pretty sweet handout i hate pixie sticks too unless you're gonna give me a candy stick to eat it uh, with it, I'm yeah, then if I'm you done. gave me like a full size candy bar size, one of those vanilla sticks from the Fun Dip, that's, that's what I'm what, saying. That's what that'd yes. be amazing. Give me Fun Dip. Keep your Pixie sticks to yourself. That's that's what I say. I don't need your Pixie dust. My uh-uh. friends and I have kids who have turned Halloween into a yearly walk party. We pull a wagon full of beers down the road. That's oh, you're nice. drunk. So As our you. kids run down the street, hitting up houses with an eye shot, dancing Mike will be proud. I was mad because <laughs> a lot of the people when we went out, a lot of people smoking, and, and I was offended by that, Eric, let alone drinking. <laughs> I, I'm just an asshole. I just sit there and bitch and <laughs> Look at these thing. people in my neighborhood Look at, smoking. Look at these people having their way. Listen, I don't stand for baloney. <laughs> yes, I, I, did, I did complain about that. The bad. What All right, people. To? <laughs> Me, I said to Tanya. We were walking, and I was bitching and moaning while she was, was smoking. She smoking next yeah, to you. yeah, she was smoking. Next to you. I got pissed, and, and also she my, my wife. Gym. That's the other thing. I, I want to have this. I want to have it on the gym as issues with his wife. And my wife smokes, right? And she ends up she she can't just smoke though. She has to smoke. She has to eat candy while she's smoking because she can't stand the the taste. I don't That's understand what's going on. I just you know what I mean. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I yell at her all the time. She's like, hi, oh, I, I can't quit smoking. Hey, Jim, what do you mean you can't Jim, quit can smoking? Can you please man? go and pick me up a pack of cigarettes and a pack of Tic Tacs? Yeah, that's what I have to get. You've seen it. I feel like an idiot. And and you know also, I do not like buying cigarettes. Cause I, and I sit there. I am like a George Costanza with the cigarettes. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a, you no know, Marlboro. And they'll, I'm like, I'll have Marlboro. And they're like, okay. You know, I'm like, oh. And they're like, oh, do you want this or that? Oh, it's not for me. I'm not a smoker. 
It's like just at the freaking drive-ins. Yeah. At yeah. the freaking food, like the uh, Burger King or whatnot. She's like, uh, I want this, this, and this. And I'll have. Yes. And, and that's for my boyfriend. Then, like we said, we mentioned this on the but Then goes and sits in the parking lot and cries to herself as she eats and all. <laughs> that's that's what she says. That is inappropriate. Yes, it is. That is inappropriate. Plus, the the worst thing about that is the the shit that you buy when when you're actually eating fast food. Holy moly, you make up for lost time. You told me you sent me a message today that the McRib is back, and I said that is old news. Not only is that old news, I've had one already. I had one on Friday course, for yeah. lunch. I'm staring at right. Oh, I'm staring at right now. He says, "Okay, here. I'm sorry. All right, people. This is the bad. Enough with the Smarties. This candy is god awful. You know what Smarties are good for? My smoking wife. She ends up doing that. She, that's like that's Tic Tacs galore. Smoking indeed. Even pre-existing Jim's existence. That's that's a long time. Really, the candy that I had as a kid, we ate a uh, glass." Rocks and uh, black licorice. Those were the Aww. things that we liked. Well, when you got glass and rocks, you were happy. Then you got black well, licorice and you and were the thing pissed. Is too, talking about the black licorice and how terrible it is, I think I saw an article. I didn't click on this article because that would require me to read it. But I think it had something to do with how black licorice is actually some kind of poison inside of it that actually hurts your body. Yes, okay. I know that it has like a like, – I, I would, I'd like to say like anathe I forget that. It does have a name. I can't remember it. I, I remember when I was a kid, we used to get pieces of the candles and chew it like gum we did, Eric. <laughs> so you know it's we gross. We got wax bottles. <laughs> we got, oh, for a those while. wax bottles are the worst. They're so <laughs> bad. My kids at one point – actually, I think it was when we did the candy uh, necessary nonsense. They wanted to go and get some old-time candy. Yeah. So we went to the farmer's market, and the one place does have those. Those wax bottles are garbage. They, they, they're just Chew terrible. on them so much. Uh, we used to call the gum chickle. Because, so you know it's gross. Old-time candy is bullshit. Like, uh, you think that one of the uh, Mary Janes, that, that's kind of an old-school candy, yeah, right? Yeah, gross, man. Well, I told you, one of my favorite peanut chews is a candy that they developed as a ration during World yeah. War One. So, you know, when that happened, I told my son, listen, just deal with it since you're in the Army now. Now get off and go fight the war, I told About him. About time you I'm, got out of I'm house. staring at right now no less than 10 packages of Smarties as I gaze into the candy bag. I, I'll say also, I think that the fun size Smarties, I don't mind because... Because you don't want any more of those. So I also like the chewy Smarties. You ever had those? No, like I'm, done. I'm not a big. fan of Smarties. Just the over-the-top sweetness of those things. Anything that's like fruit-flavored or just sugar-flavored, I don't yeah. care for. You don't like sweet things. That's that's no. why you don't like Jess. This is just highway robbery to be handing out Smarties for walking around on a cold October night. I bet the homeless would even refuse them. That We have a church a couple blocks the away. got around. We have a church a couple blocks away, and uh, they actually make hamburgers, hot dogs. They have soft pretzels. Oh, my God. I, I make a beeline right for there. I have my dinner there. Let's get a little more original people than just grabbing the fun size Snicker bars by the checkout aisle on our way in or out. Well, what does he want them to do? <laughs> you want them to make you a goddamn turkey dinner? <sighs> he wants them to get original of the store. Uh, can we? I'm fairly certain 43% of my daughter's candy bag this year is Snickers and Smarties. We did get a lot of Snickers. We got a lot of uh, Reese's uh, Pieces, which I enjoy, and peanut butter cups as well. I didn't so get any like Reese's that. Pieces this year. And I, I'll tell you, I, I don't mind Twix. They're not my favorite. We mentioned them earlier. You love Twix. I do. Twix may be the biggest bullshit fun size when you get that little piece yeah, of Twix. Yeah, that actually is a bit That in my is mind. bullshit. I'm all for bite-sized cookie packets, but those are bullshit to hand out on Halloween, right? 
I mean, they're crumbs after the beating my kid puts their candy bag through that night. Candy givers use some foresight for Christ's sakes. He's got a lot of issues. The severe lack of Milky Way is going around. Yes, now going on two years running is frankly some pre-crime bullshit. He says he wants Milky Ways. We did not get one fun-sized Milky Way dark. This year, last year we got a lot, and and, and if you've had the Milky Way dark fun size, so it's good. a square. It's that little square, and I love it. I love that candy so much, and they didn't get one. I made them dump all get, of their was, candy. When I was at Target looking stuff, I did not see you any of those in bags it. anywhere. I, I would have bought I them if I saw those. them. I love that candy. I love it. Overall, had a good time with the little one, but one hell of a time getting her to bed. Yes, I, I, I don't like uh, trick-or-treating one goddamn bit, and I have one last kid. who And, and it's funny, too. Uh, Rafe and Ethan end up being able to extend their trick-or-treating time because they have uh, Logan's their younger brother, and he's still you know 11, so he can still do it. So I believe that uh, Ethan will probably be trick-or-treating till 19 because of that. But seller dweller, I think he'll go past 19. Seller dweller props, maybe like the episode on how Halloween the movie series makes no sense at all. I've probably only seen the original one and two, then the ones that came out when I was a teenager, but never the Rob Zombie one. Is it worth it at all? Eric? Yeah, if you're a fan of Halloween, it's, it's at least a decent watch. I'm telling you, you're not going to get anything real new out of it. He does the whole Rob Zombie thing where he gets a white trash background of freaking, you yeah. know, Michael Myers to, like, give him motivation to be a psychopath. But okay. I don't know. It's just an updated Halloween for the most part. Also, whisper to that basement buddy of yours, Eric, that he should do a Stranger Things-related episode. There you go. Oh, do Stranger you, do you Things. think that he should do that, Stranger Things? Maybe that's something for the Attic Animal, right? I the did Attic just Anna. actually go back and watch the first season of Stranger Things oh, again did yesterday. You? You, well, that she, there you go. I think that Brandon's on it. Actually, Eric had a spinner at work. He made a homemade spinner it's and had all spinner. of these, the horror movie spinner, and did what most people do. He spun it, and then it went on something like a Hellblazer, possibly, and then he's like, Hellraiser, no, 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 Jim. that did Oh, Hellraiser. Yeah, what am I saying? Uh, he, he gets on Hellraiser, and he's like, huh? I better spin again. This well, time this is, I mean this it. This time it's for all the yeah, marbles. This, this time it was for it. all the marbles. The Hellraiser kept being the one, and you, I don't know why you put it on there. Good show, but I always thought he'd have a creepier voice, a la the Crypt Keeper, to be honest. Currently, I'm getting a mild Buffalo Bill vibe, and I'm not talking the NFL team. Yeah, Brandon, the NFL team lost. So basically, he hears this. <laughs> That's what he hears. Books. Metal tines, if there's one thing you could say, it's the least they seem to be improving ever so slightly along the way as this story continues. Really like That's the you. Devastator, but does this Bruce just transform back and forth between that form at will? It seems so. But yeah. at least we're getting that. We're sh- we're seeing that. The others don't seem to be able to and just go all mindless doomsday once transformed like Lois. So why is he special? I can I, I don't know. I can only think that because he's I don't Batman, know. Brandon. Well, he is Batman, but I can only think that he has devised something that is like counteracts it. But then he'd have to do it again. He's the I, man I, who developed the virus, so I'm sure he freaking allowed himself to be able to take it. Yeah, I, I just you know it's like a, a button press or something. But he goes all mindless dunes. They once transformed like Lois, so why is he special? That's one of the problems I had when we did talk about it. Is when he does transform back to himself, I, I get the idea that the virus must still be inside him because you would think he'd kind of come out of that you know haze that he's in of of being cold and uncaring, but. Uh, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he says, just a nitpick. Maybe this Bruce has fish gills like Bruce, like Bryce Wayne, and that's why. Justice League was okay, better than Hitch at least. The art was fantastic. 
I didn't like the Justice League. You'll hear us both bitch about that later. Superman, Lois is one down ass bitch. I can sure see is. why down ass bitch. I can see why John's eating snacks all the time. Her spare time is spent down at the gun range testing out alien weaponry and armor. Is she a sugar bitch, Aaron? She always just yelling, aim for the eyes. Like Yeah, aim for the, the eyes, fucking, she's yelling. Goddamn paper cutouts, like aim shut for up. the Here's a little do you know this? This is a little uh deep cut. Ain't go for the eyes, boo. Do you know what that would be? No. Never mind then. There is nothing that fires up my loins more though so than when Lois goes all super mom on everyone. Keep doing uh what you do, uh Lois. And that is that would be Boo and Minsk from uh Baldur's Gate 2, Eric. There you go. Batman, geez. At least the story looks pretty sexy. If this was scripted out into a TV show, it would have been maybe five minutes of airtime at most. I swear to God, I can't do this cat and bat crap anymore either. Reading that over and over again is like when you're watching Sunday football and the same awful commercial keeps replaying after every kickoff. Well, last no, no, no. but not it's worse. Imagine this where you have somebody read it out loud to you before you actually go and read it and just keeps doing the same lines over and over again to the point you want to slice your fucking wrist. Who, who the hell would do that? Who would get, who would get that review copy and follow you around work reading the dialogue in the same monotone voice well, of both characters? That motherfucker can't read. No, he can't. He can't. Last but not least, White Knight is really good. I like the story a lot, but I was a little bummed when Joker was already revealed to be up to just some same old shenanigans again by the end of the story. I like the eight-issue format, though. Hopefully, we'll avoid the typical miniseries formula this way that some of these tend to fall in. And what he's Hopefully. saying, that third and fourth issue would just yep. stall out. Uh, now fuck the, the fifth and sixth. Yes, fuck the Jets for getting me yelled at all night long because I woke my daughter up about three times that night yelling at the TV before collapsing into a defeated fetal position on the floor. I'll tell you, Rob Lewis, he's happy. The single Jets fan there is out there. And he was happy that, that the Jets pulled it out. They came through. And I told Brandon, because we do that sports nuts thing together, and we've been talking it up about the Bills and the Eagles doing so well, I'm now worried about the Eagles just because the Bills lost. But we'll see. I chance, and that's from Brandon. And we're going to go off to the Marvel Minute, which is going to be about Captain America number 695. That's not what I voted for. And I did, and I've read it. So this is one of the first times that I can actually introduce a book uh, before them and say that I've read it, and I enjoyed it enough. I, I wanted a little more from it, uh, but it is a good start. It's like a hey, legacy you doing the restart. Minute, what are you doing? I am. That is by uh, Captain America number 695, written by Mark Wade and art by, I think it's like, say, I forget the guy's name. Hey, who is it, Jim? Come on. It's like I, – I can't remember his name. It begins with an it. S, and I don't I'm, – I'm not uh, – this starts off the Captain America legacy, and if you – I don't know. We're going to go off now to hear them talk about it, and I'm sure uh, – Trevitt's already told me that he loved it. I'm uh, interested to see if Brandon does as well. America. Alright guys, welcome to another edition of the Marvel Minute. I'll have to count these up one day to see what number we're at. 
because I, I would say it's probably getting near, um, you know, altogether, maybe close to 100. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, we're here to talk about me and Trevitt, Captain America number 695, right? Yes, yes, 695. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these uh, legacy books are like 95. I've, I've started to notice. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I thought Miles was 295. It's not. It's 234. But, like, uh, a lot of them are real close to a big milestone number here. Uh, and that's where we're at with Captain America. 700 around the corner. Uh, and we got the credits that are a little confusing this week. Uh, it says storytellers in the comic book. Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Um. Color artist, Matthew Wilson. Uh, so I, I assume Wade did most of the writing. And then Samney just kind of, he had like free reign to do what he wanted with the art and kind of like fill in some gaps of what Wade writ or wrote, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't it know was, what storyteller means, really. It was like That's that, what I'm getting at. <laughs> it was like that in uh, Black Widow because sometimes you'd have, um, you know, like eight nine pages with no dialogue so the yeah. art would tell the story instead of like yeah, okay, dialogue. I got you. yeah that happens here a few times too but not just not for such a long stretch um mm. but anyway yeah captain america beat out uh guardians and power pack i think i threw up there um yep so this was the winner and i'm getting better at remembering the books we put up there uh, actually lately the last few <laughs> weeks i think i've nailed it uh, but regardless, we're going to get into our blurb here, spit the bit about this book, which probably will not take too long, and then tell you what we thought about it in our world-famous buy, borrow, or forget it altogether format. Um, so here we go. Well, to the joy of almost everyone, we're done dealing with two Captain Americas running around. Uh, and it, at the same time, and back to putting our focus on an old classic Steve Rogers character. So after the events of Secret Empire, what everyone wants to know is what is Cap up to and where will this story take us? So let's stop wasting our time and find out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, if you don't know Captain America's origin, you have somehow managed to avoid the three movies with his name on it in any comic in your entire lifetime. They give you a quick rundown <laughs> here. Uh, all the way up until the point. Yeah, they get him out of the ice. Um or find him in the ice. They don't get him out just yet. But then we turn the page and we get some sweet action shot of Cap kneeing somebody in the face and his shield uh, taking out two more guys across the neck in the face uh, as it probably ends up bouncing right back to him. Um, we, we turn the page from here and we find out he's fighting a group called uh, Rampart. Now, I looked them up, and these seem to be new guys. I, I couldn't find anything except DC-related stuff about uh, Rampart. So they just made up for this issue? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and they're currently all in the town of Burlington, named Burlington, Nebraska, where kind of this Rampart group has taken control of this police station, and Caps come to put them down and, and rescue anybody uh, who, who's held hostage by them. And, and there happen to have been a field trip in the police station at this point in time. So he's out to save some kids and stuff and teachers. Uh, he comes across uh, just a couple of kids kind of separated from the rest of the group. And, you know, he runs over this line that'll become a little more important later on down the road where he says uh, to the girl, please, you know, protect this boy because, you know, you're, you're bigger than him. And that's what we do. You know, the bigger people protect the smaller people. Uh, so you get some, you know, classic, uh, 
cap references and dialogues just being like in general a, a good dude you know what i'm saying that <laughs> this shady personality we've dealt with for the last uh year and a half two years with uh, secret empire um yeah the classic ideals yeah so so that's a good refreshing feeling and then uh cap starts taking out all these different rampart guys in different ways punching them using the shield um gets them to shoot at each other with, with, I don't know, their concussion guns, whatever the hell they got. Uh, at one point, kind of things get a little crazy, and, and this guy gets the drop on Cap about to shoot at him. And the, the girl he said to protect the boy, uh, the people in my house are going crazy currently. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, this little girl he says to protect the boy steps in front of Cap, like, you know, defending Cap. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, but I'm stronger than you, and, and it's my job to protect you. So so he takes out this guy who's threatening them and, you know, wraps this girl in the American flag, solves the situation. The police take over from there, and he heads out of Burlington, Nebraska. So this is um, a scene in the past, not necessarily uh, – is it when he first got out of the ice? Are they saying it's only been 10 years or what? Uh, I think, um, yeah, when, when it happened, it was like – a little bit right after where he got out of the ice because nobody yeah, knew where, who uh, he was yet. Yeah, still getting to know everybody. Uh, he wasn't, you know, this big figurehead of America yet. Um, so, yeah, he leaves Burlington, Nebraska, population 6,319. <laughs> and then 10 years later returns there uh, and sees that it is now renamed Captain America, Nebraska. Um, so yeah, he enters this <laughs> town. Um, you're kind of wondering why he's returned, uh, and, and all will be revealed in time, basically. Um, so he, he ends up walking through this 10th annual Captain America celebration, like festival lawn fate this town puts on every year. Um, you know, and then, and then we just basically get, uh, I don't know, it's not really filler pages. It's letting you know Cap's still a good guy. He's just interacting with the people kind of under under disguise uh this little boy you know he's like you're him you should enter the lookalike contest uh you know not necessarily calling him steve rogers captain america but just saying you look so much like him you probably win this contest and he goes to eat some uh dogs with relish and mustard two big boys and then uh <laughs> he, he kind of oh, yeah he catches this toy shield thrown at him by this little girl. So this is just some random things going down here in the middle of the book. Um, the, is this the look like contest that starts going down with people like telling stories about how they've been inspired by Captain America and what they did as a result? Uh, so, so you get like three or four different stories about that. Uh, and then this kind of Kevin yeah. Smith looking dude with long hair gets interrupted. <laughs> and he gets 100% backhanded bitch slapped across the face uh, by these Rampart guys that have, I don't know, invaded the stage, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this guy looked like Kevin Smith. Like, Kevin Smith doesn't have long hair, but it looks like him to me. Anyway, uh, they take over the microphone, and, the, and they kind of go on a semi-Hydra-y speech about how they've returned, yeah, 10 years Ten years later, and they're here to usher in a new era of uh, America, I guess. I don't know. They want to take over America and, and run the country. Um, 
So these guys start pulling their guns out and, uh, I don't know, look like they're about to open up fire on the crowd. That's not really a way to get the people on your side to take over the country. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, out of nowhere, the shield, the cap shield comes flying through, takes out all their guns, you know, like kind of halves them. And uh, Cap pulls off his button up and his jeans and he's got his suit on and throws his helmet on. I don't know where he was keeping that, but he, he puts it on. And takes on the rampart. I always want to call him rampage. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> when I was typing these notes, I kept typing rampage, but it's rampart. And they're just—I don't know—they're—they're they're in like half hockey helmets. They—they uh, kind of dress a little like um, think of like the classic Hydra look, but it's red and black instead of green and yellow a little bit. And it's not an H. It's kind of like a—it's not an R either. Just I don't know a design on their chest. Um. So yeah, they get in a little bit of a fight and they surround Cap, kind of dogpile him, and then he does the classic superhero bust out with an uppercut um, move. I don't, I don't really know what you call it, where you kind of like punch everyone at once and they go flying. Yeah, and, shield. Um, yeah, and then and then um, he he grabs like somebody that's not totally unconscious, and uh, <coughs> oh, man, I'm still a little sick here. Um, Tries to get some information out of him. I thought this dude was biting a cyanide tooth at first from the look of his face. Uh, but what he sets off like a suicide bomb here or something, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he, he, he like bomb. yeah, he grabs his button and Cap gets behind the shield so it doesn't hurt him. Um, but yeah, I think this guy just blew himself to pieces. There's like a big hole crater in the ground. Um. And, you know, with the rest of the guys all unconscious or either destroyed in the blast, uh, everyone's, <laughs> everyone starts thanking Cap for saving the day. Uh, is this the girl he gave the flag to that makes a reappearance at the end 10 years later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. who it is. Yeah, so she's, like, wearing, wearing the flag all grown up uh, that he gave her 10 years prior to. Kind of salutes everyone on his way out of town, and it says... Uh, the end. Uh, the, I did forget to mention, though, that like um, Cap does kind of address the people before he heads out of town. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't mean to deceive anybody. I kind of came here because I had information that these guys were going to reappear. And I just wanted to knock it out, take care of it real quick before it turned into something bigger. Um, <laughs> I tend to get a little self-conscious when people make a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some funny like borderline corny but not eye roll corny you know what i'm saying it's just like good-hearted captain america dialogue i guess you could say um yeah classic cap something that everybody's been wanting for a while now it's definitely like uh i don't know interchangeable with um 70s style captain america issue like it's just real classic feeling like the the art kind of has like um it's Samney, but it has like a little bit of an Archie flavor to it, I would say. Like classic Archie flavor style, like old timey looking. Um I, I don't know if this rampart is gonna be a continuing story or if Cap just like <laughs> solved the problem here in in one issue, because it does say the end. I don't know if he's just like yeah. hard traveling one, one heroing on his way. Um and going to deal with a new problem next issue or not. It doesn't really lead you to believe things either way. It looks like maybe Taskmaster by the uh, sword he's holding 
Is that Taskmaster Sword or no? For the cover of the next issue. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it says the Swordsman, the the Swordsman strikes. I don't. I have. It could be Taskmaster Sword, but yeah. You know, lately they've been showing that Ultimate Taskmaster Sword instead of and passing it off as the regular yeah, Taskmaster. Looks, looks more like a He-Man Sword. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know, buy, borrow, or forget. I, I mean, it was a fun book. It was uh, definitely hundred per hundred, uh, like a a one eighty from the Cap Amer- Captain America you've been getting lately. So uh, if you're looking oh, yeah. for a total change of pace, it's it's definitely there for you. Um, it's uh, I don't know. I'm bordered between buy and borrow. It's definitely not forget at all. Uh, but um, I think it's a buy for now. But it, I could see the like one shot, just classic Captain America thing. If it, a longer running story doesn't start threading itself through the issues, becoming a borrow. But for right now, it was uh, kind of the taste in your mouth you were desiring after the long Secret Empire. Um, you know, extravaganza that we've dealt with for, for seemingly what felt like forever uh, since the end of forever. Civil War. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, so in that, in that reason, I enjoyed it. Um, and it was, you know, a, a good one shot to, to get everything back on track. And I think a story will develop next issue probably. Um, so I'm going to lean towards a buy. I really liked the art too. Uh, I was iffy about it at first, but I really did enjoy it by the end of the issue, the action shots and stuff. like It's really easy to follow uh, and, and enjoyable in its simplicity. So, uh, yeah, I had fun with this issue, actually. Uh, I would say it's a buy. What about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I was, I was trying to think the other day. I was like, how long was that Nick Spencer Captain America run? Because there was only 19 issues. And then towards the end, it got bi-weekly. So it was like pretty much a year. But it felt like it was two. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I know I did the Hail Hydra issue. I was still doing the Marvel Minute by myself at that point. Like, you hadn't joined me. So I did yeah. the, uh, I think was it issue one of that Cap runner? Like, issue six that he ended up saying I, the Hail Hydra. Uh, The Hail Hydra, I think it was issue one. Okay, yeah, I, so I, I did that one. I was still doing the Marvel Minute by myself, so that's how long ago it was because I feel like we've been doing these together for like a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, a long that time. Felt, went on forever. To, to this was definitely time. really refreshing. Um, I, I, you know, I like that you get the little, not that anybody does not know Captain America's fucking um, origin, but, you know, just in case you don't, or just in case you haven't read Cap in the past couple of years because the Nick Spencer wasn't your thing, you get like a nice one page refresher, you know, of what happened. Yeah. And then you get, uh, and then you get an old story, like just like an old time Captain America story. Um, it, the art does kind of look like art. It gives me that Archie feel, you know, that old time yeah. feel. Yeah. Um, what I like is, even though it's a one-shot, and even though, like, you're not going to see these Rampart guys again, probably, or maybe down the road, who knows, but probably not, because it says the end at the end. But um, Yeah, I know. But it at the same time, it shows you what you're going to be getting, like him traveling from place to place, you know, just helping people out on the way to, like, you know, trying to get a back to basics and back to square one after everything that happened to him over the course of the Secret Empire arc, or it didn't happen to him, technically. Um, yeah. So I, I, re- I really enjoyed it. It's definitely uh, definitely a buy for me. Yeah. Were, were there a few weird parts to you where it came off like nobody knows Steve Rogers without his Captain America stuff on, that they're one and the same? Like it, there, were, there were some weird parts where it still feels like everyone's sorting out remembering Captain America. Did you get that or no? Yeah, like, 
in the present time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the present time, it was kind of weird. I mean, you know, I mean, think about Nebraska. I mean, it, it, I was thinking about that when I was reading it, and I was like, uh, if you've ever like seen Nebraska, that place is kind of like cut off from the rest of the world, so it it's be- almost believable, you know, like like um. Oh God! What the hell was that name of that movie? Remember Napoleon Dynamite? Like all those people? Like it took place in like <laughs> it took place in the mid two thousands, but for some, but it still looked like it was in the nineties or like the, the yeah. late eighties because like people out there are like a little behind. <laughs> so maybe they don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can roll with that. I'm fine with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So the- yeah, other than a few just like weird tonal issues, like you're not sure if everyone remembers his history, or maybe they're all just still confused after the Secret Empire stuff that occurred. Uh, it it was a fun issue. I think if you're looking, um, you know, you avoided the Secret Empire stuff, waiting for Cap to get back on track. This is where he gets back on track, and, and you'll like uh, once you read it. I saw someone complain on like a in a comment section somewhere where they were like, uh, "Why do they have to choose white supremacists? They're giving white supremacists a bad name." But I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, those people are a little crazy. You know, you, you see some weird shit on the internet. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna wrap this one up, guys. The vote will again for next week be up on Monday for three new legacy issues. Uh, we we try to put the new ones up for. Uh, at least until all, all the books are officially released and out. Uh, so you might not see any repeats for a while. It's not because we we hate those books or we're avoiding them. We're just trying to get everybody the info on the new ones. But, uh, yeah, we're going to end this party. I'm going to head off to see Thor talk next week. Trevitt, if you're looking for him on Twitter, where can they find you? You can find me at Afrenetict. And I'm at Beamer3660. Party's over, guys. We'll talk next week. Peace out. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty talk about some green books eric it's the green section of the podcast i'm sad to announce tonight damn it that unfortunately this is going to be one of the last pure green sections because uh after this issue uh after this month or this issue actually i was right the first time of green arrow it's going monthly and it did seem as we went through things we were actually going through the app just talking about how many goddamn reviews we have each week and i do believe that green arrow is actually falling on a different week as yep. green lanterns coming up so we're not going to have the full not out not even once a month 
No, we're, we're not even going to have it once a month. I think this is it. Thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, yeah, thanks a green lot. Section yeah, like we that. love Take this green section. Time. We love every single bit about this, including the books, every single time, Eric, right? Uh, every time we love it. But yeah, this is and, – and it's weird, too. I just like too. having themes is what I like. Yes, I do, too. And uh, the thing about this I'll, – I'll tell you there's a pretty cool theme again next week. I'll, I'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast when we talk no, about you. it. But I, I may remember it if I don't. Well, I'll tell you at work. But uh, the thing about it is there hasn't been a lot of talk. I still see people like are still surprised that Green Arrow is legitimately going monthly. Uh, I don't think that that's really been pushed. No, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. What I'm saying is people seem surprised because they just they're not really pushing it. Uh, to, uh, you know, DC themselves. Right. And it, it's funny because a lot of times you hear the talk like, oh, DC doesn't want to cancel a book. Like we see the numbers on Cyborg or Superwoman. And Superwoman, it's pretty much that's been announced. That's the first book to be announced to be canceled. And pretty much in my mind, Blue Beetle as well because and Chris Bella said well. he is bringing yeah, but, the final but really, writer for, for five DC issues. DC has really been pushing off really announcing these books getting canceled and the thing is when they have gone monthly they really don't say anything they no. really don't all it happens is what i look for is when the solicits come out you look obviously there's only there's only one issue and it's 399 those are the two things you look and, and you go but it's still some people were shocked so that's a little bit of news this is the last issue before uh, everything or actually i think it might be the first of the deal i don't know eric i'm looking right now i want to see if I'm what i'm saying you started talking about correct. that i didn't want to say anything about like, yeah, we talked about a lot of months, so I don't even know yeah. what it's. No, I, I think it was because I actually, when I was doing my review, I have to put we put the price, and I think right. this was the last one. I'm looking; it's not even on there. But we're gonna move on. This not. is the green section, Eric. The last one. Uh, I don't know Possibly. what we're gonna do from now on. Probably just bitch and moan every time Green Lanterns comes up, and we can't say it's part of a true green section. But saying that, what is the book that we're starting with? Well, before that, I think oh. we have Wrong Turning wants to tell us something about the Green Lanterns. Oh, I'm off tonight, Eric. You are, <laughs> you are there. You are the savior for Luke Hollywood. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. Thank you, Wrong Turn, and oh, thank you, turn, Eric. Uh, what idiot. would it What would it be without Wrong Turn? I mean, he is he's very much a part of this well, podcast. I'm just and saying, Wrong lives. Turn wanted to show up for the last true green section. If that's what we actually have here, that is true. Well, Eric, now that we've heard Wrong Turn say what what I only can imagine is the Green Lantern oath, uh, what are we talking about? Green Lantern number thirty four, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Ronan Coquette, Hi Fi, and Dave Sharp. Simon and Jessica continue to save the day by bringing the Molites to safety and Simon doing that healing thing he does with no explanation for the biggest pop star on Gara. On Gara, Jim. But all that said and done, it looks like our heroes will have their job situation to deal with Jessica's rings, AI possibly becoming a physical being, and Bullfunga, the unrelenting, coming to Earth for a few days to kill. Oh, he's unrelenting. All right. That's what I heard. I, I don't know how he got there. But yeah, you, you have a continuation of, obviously, last issue. Um... I don't know. This is more of Tim Seeley kind of getting, I don't know, kind of getting his feet wet, kind of getting used to like. things going on. Going in. Yeah, yeah. I'm 
you know, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I know some people like the idea of the Green Lanterns getting a job uh, or getting jobs. I think that's complete and utter nonsense. But it does point out at the end a little callback that I wasn't aware of. I'm not a guy who has read comics most of his life like an Eric Shea. But right. I did mention last – I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast or I was yelling you at you at work like – the fuck don't they have some sort of like fun that they can get these green lanterns you know anywhere that they don't have to have jobs and have things well we find well, out later. i'm sure we've talked about on the podcast for some reason i never even thought about sector houses because we have not yeah. seen them so long yeah, but once i cool saw him like, oh shit sector house yeah the, the two things that i see that they have for green lanterns you have the sector houses that's a, that's a cool callback and yeah. also a camera when ab and sir gave the ring to hal jordan i, I do, it's so weird where you that's see not, that scene that's, that's not a camera in my mind that is just a painting of the time no it's right as all we all see it i thought that they were actually watching a video it looked like to me but you know we can go with that i don't know it's a but, dramatization yeah. they like to play on angara every so year. what you're saying it's that's the dramatization it was more of like an after school special yeah. when ab and sir was or, or something like that ab and sir is dot 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 eric is that what you got dead but yes 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 he is dead but you know you start and i don't know i like this a little more than last issue i was a little down on last issue i think i was being overly negative because you liked it and i got pissed off at you i'll admit really? to that, that. yeah well, sometimes it's not often eric it's every goddamn book but you know you go in here and you still have jessica trying to you know save the mullites and with this that is where we're talking like do you like this part of that because it is very much just what we saw last issue and it's just oh you know it just goes on and on it, it just is, is her i like aspects of this issue and i have problems with other aspects but overall i enjoyed this issue but this whole yeah. thing where jessica needs to save the molites right away i had a problem because she needs to also convince the molites while she continues to hold a yes. construct of a net keeping the planet from crushing down yeah. on them yes. around them so it's like hey ring um my, your will rings like you know willpower is at 46 percent falling yep. rapidly he's like all right check this out you hold up my constructs for me while i use you as a megaphone yeah. to freaking speak my yeah. piece now here. We're, like, we're yeah we're starting to change to, the green the, yeah the whole idea now that we have this willpower is at 46 percent. that's now the battery which can now since your willpower is at this right now the ring can now just take over and do whatever yeah. you need to do i'm like yeah, they, they seem i don't to, like yeah. that no, I don't either. And we have had that problem all of Rebirth that Sam Humphreys has pretty much decided that the ring I mean, doesn't like, have a oh, charge oh, and now it makes lines, it more. I'm telling you, along those lines, you could still say like, you know, she is keeping her willpower what she needs to to keep the contract. But the whole idea where she doesn't need to focus on it now or no. it's just there. It's just a weird idea to me for some reason. Like you could this line could not even be here and it can make sense where she uses the ring while the contracts are doing to be yeah. a megaphone. Just them spelling it out for some reason bothers me. Like I'm telling you. Yeah. I would have been fine if they didn't go with the extra step and actually spell it out this way for some reason. Like I've seen like, you know, lanterns go and do other things while they have somebody wrapped up. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to think about it. That, like, you know, oh, but the, you spelled it out. They, they spelled it out. I so that actually, it yeah, bothers me. Well, in the meantime, you also have Jessica where she has to convince these mallites that they they're better than just letting themselves die yeah, with the planet. Like, you know, this planet, it's your God. Yes. And like uh, it would since it is your God and you love it and it loves you. It wouldn't want you to be destroyed. It would want you to take, you know, the love that it has given you and, like, spread that on. Like, be the freaking uh, tether to other worlds and stuff like that. And immediately, you know what? That's the problem. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah. It's an okay concept to say, like, but 
but do Not something more. Do right something. Now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Do something more to what show to, sh- like. to show somebody What's doing something, or they yeah they figure out something because basically they are ready to die with their planet that's their god. And then all it takes is for some Green Lantern to show up and just say with a megaphone fucking ring, "Hey guys, you're better than that. You're you're God that I don't know anything about. In fact, I don't even know what he's called. Uh, he would want he would yes he would want you to go off and and, and carry on. And they're like, you know what? I, I like what she's selling here. I, like I, I know that. It, and pretty much, it's so forced to just get to the end. It's almost like you have that, and okay, it's time to have to rescue them because now the time is taken. Because it's you also have Simon. Like I'm saying, we have this really thing. Like we were continuing where we left off last issue, and it is only seems like a two part arc for yeah, what we yeah. deal with with the Molites here and the freaking Ungarans. Yep. But like, uh, we are dealing with all of this very forced and very quickly yes. just to move on because not only is this very forced, but when we have to have Simon deal with yeah. freaking the Ungaran pop star, yep. and he just goes and uses his healing thing that we've seen him do okay. before. And, and that's I, and like, I can't. How did I, you do that, like Green Lantern? They're like Green Lantern. I don't like to, to think it. about it. I, I don't like to think about yeah, it. Which yeah. tells me I'm not really. going to get to find out. Yeah, and, and here's about it either. And the other thing about it is you have her, and she's going to die. We saw this. This pop star is going to die. So Simon's like, listen, I can help. And you have this other thing where the, her mother, you know, who we find out is pretty much an adoptive mother. It's yeah. a nice enough story that we get and i don't mind the way we get the story the backstory of them it's just that when it's the wraparound of simon healing her i don't like but you have the woman she's like oh my god my daughter she's gonna die i can tell because my sword it only shines bright when there's life around it i'm like there's a lot of there's a lot of life there is a lot of life around you including simon right near you and you if if this sword was somehow tied to your daughter then yeah that makes sense otherwise it does not yeah that's what i'm like that was the first bit i'm like well what? Like, it should be glowing pretty bright. There's a lot of alive people there. And she's basically like, okay, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to be with my daughter. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. again, you have a lot of people that are there that are relying on you. <laughs> Lady, you don't go that far. Why don't you try to do something? And this is when Simon's like, okay, listen, you don't have to die, and neither does your daughter. And then he says, I think it'll help if I know her better. Can you tell me about her? And the I'll problem is – Tell me about it, I'm telling you. But make it in words and freaking put it in situations that I can understand as being a human. This is the problem. This is the problem with it is like I could say to you like, okay, I'm going to save this person, Eric, now. Tell me about it. And it ends up that you start talking your goddamn nonsense uh, of your your freaking uh, rap group. What's it called? The The uh, insane – no, the insane clown pops. So I'm there. Violent J. He is – he's dying. And I say, Eric – uh, I need you to tell me something about him. And you start spouting off shit about their third album and this and that and how you were in Detroit the one time and you were in Cleveland. I wouldn't know what was going on. How does nah, this make so, Simon? No, no. Even that is too like – <laughs> It might be because I have mind. a basis of that. Yeah, Exactly. It, yeah. Tell me a good memory. Yes, the sure. The sure of – Yeah, the, I had the biggest – Yeah, and the, I, I'm like, what is going on? 25 years ago, it was to <laughs> – it wasn't it's, been a naval assault, but in the wake of the tsunamis, had become little more than a tour of an atrocity. <laughs> I saw her there, lying yeah. in a puddle, so covered in mud that I couldn't even tell that she was a Gobradian chimera. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, Simon's there, and at that point, he's like, ah, and I'm like, he is straining Don't to not stop words. and say, 
what the fuck are you talking about? And, and then they do this, and it's so funny because when you just were reading that, it really points out a, uh, the fact because to me, this pop star girl – I was taking her as a like a Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus type deal that she was like 12. I right. don't know why I went with that. I, I don't even think that maybe the, you know, her character deal might show her to be a little older. But at the end, she does hit on Simon. And oh, yeah. I think that they, ha- I, th- I swear to God that Tim Seeley went back to put that 25 years deal so that we realize that he's not going after a younger girl. Dude, at the I'm end not even, I'm telling you, by the end of this issue, after having that, it seemed like they aged her character up in the drawing that's what, what i'm saying and, and now you're pushed off that she was she's at least 27 28 well, it because it doesn't she said, matter because she's an ungarn freaking you could marry an ungarn at seven true. years old on no, that, that is true but you know what i don't go with that eric i i don't like my ungarns that young i, I hate to say it but no it just it's Are you such a to weird in the face of the ungarn people I, in the I, hey listen they don't hear that i've never met an ungarn that listens to the podcast eric so if they do and they get mad at me then yes i'm i'm actually spitting in the face of the Ingarns. There, I went and said it, Eric. Okay, are you happy? Are you happy? Uh, Though, it's just... I, I'm glad that you thought the same thing, though, because he wants to know something about it. All, all you have to do is say, I know, all you have to do is have the mom say, like, listen, she's not my biological daughter. I actually was in a war and saw her. She was a refugee. She was somebody I was supposed to kill, but I saw, and she was such a good person. That's all you need. A Goldbradian kind oh, of yeah. until yesterday, or actually not even till before an hour ago, he never even saw it on Garin. <laughs> I know. There's no way that this would do anything. And then you get slapped in the face where all of a sudden the, the, the goddamn uh, sword starts glowing. Eric. Now it's a goddamn lightsaber because she lives. Now there's and, around. And yet now you also have that doctor with his magic flashlight in the back. She's healed completely. How did you do that, Lantern? Yeah, Lan- yeah, Lantern's dive. I actually thought it looked more like the uh, sonic screwdriver, but that's me. Uh, then like, oh my God, you know what? How did you do that, Simon Baz? Green Lanterns can't heal. He's like... Yeah, I'm different. Why? <laughs> I don't know. No. I tried not to think much about it. Oh, really? That's what you're going to give now? He has basically, angry. yeah, he basically has saved a life. He's done it before. He actually brought yeah. his, he actually brought his brother-in-law out of a coma, but still, it's the same deal. And you have that where this is so, the major. Here we have this again. We've had Emerald yes. sight a couple of times throughout this thing. No explanation given. It just happens and nobody's looking into and, it. And here in my mind, it's like you have Simon and Jessica. Me and you both like both characters. We're yeah. fans of Simon especially. We've always been a fan of him. And then you have Jessica. You don't have to go- do these hokey tricks to make people like them. You don't have to have Simon suddenly be the only Green Lantern. I don't even know if it's a hokey trick like in that fact. I think it's more of like I'm Tim Seeley. I'm taking over this book. So I better do the greatest hit. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying it. Yeah, I like think you're quit. right. But I'm just saying in general, you don't need this. You don't Agreed. need the, yeah, I'm different. No, you no, have at Simon. This point, after having years of not knowing why you can do this, an explanation would be nice. Yeah, no, I just give him back his goddamn gun. That's where he was different. Back to I like it because last time we saw Ganthet and Sade were there. We didn't have Guardians for a long time, so go there and say, "Hey, Ganthet, Sade, why can I do yeah, this? Yeah, what's going on?" And and really, not only that, hey, but Robbie, you you Robbie, might be up, you might be the most powerful Green Lantern ever with this nonsense. So go and tell people. So maybe you can help some people. I, I don't know. But you go now. We're gonna go, and we jump back I'm and forth to phase here. Out the white lanterns completely. Why do yeah, we really? Lantern? Yeah. Why do you need that? I mean, 
And really, you say that. Why do you need White Lanterns? Because Simon can heal. And the other thing the White Lanterns did, and the Blue Lanterns especially, actually, is what I was going to say, is that they can amplify the ring. That seems to do it themselves now with willpower. And even that, we saw that he was able to cure Red Lanterns like the Blue Lanterns' big deal was, and we don't need that anymore. Yeah, so basically, that's Simon. Simon is actually the guy that the people are going to complain. army knife of fucking Lanterns. That, that, and also, people are going to be upset that they're out of jobs because of Simon. That's all he is. He's the Green Lantern that made us ironic that he can't find a job himself. (laughs) And he's putting all the rest of the cores in unemployment. But yeah, we jumped then to see him uh, with the job that he was trying to get. And we did have the whole thing where Simon and Jessica were both trying to get jobs on Earth. Uh, Simon, especially because his sister kicked him out of the house if he doesn't pay his way. Uh, Something that you might have to do eventually with Jess. I'm just saying it. I don't know if you're going to get that mean, but maybe. Uh, but yeah, you have today. That. It's our anniversary, Jim. Okay, yes, it is. That it is. Uh, congratulations. And I'm doing today. the podcast. <laughs> and you're doing the podcast. And uh, he goes back to the uh, speedway, the Flat Rock Speedway, where he had gone and applied for the job that could be as being on the pit like. crew. Yes, yes, <laughs> speedway. And uh, he goes. The lady has called him in and says, you know, hey. Uh, don't move so quick because he's like, hey, I can't wait. I can't wait to start. I'm going to make you so proud. And then she's like, you know what? All that stuff you were telling me about, yeah, I went home and thought about it. And it's such a weird deal here because – these people are pieces of shit, Eric, and they want to make it. Tim Seeley doesn't want to go that route. It seems. Why do it then? Why I, I don't have know. this I, happen? I, the thing is, I really didn't see them as pieces of shit. It's more along the lines of they're like, I actually see the owner more of a piece of shit just because she thought Not about me, it. He's because like, those Look. people are looking in at them. Oh, I know. Because the thing is, like, that's that tattoo you have on your arm, which isn't friggin', you know, Islamic friggin', yeah, you know, yeah, tattoo. Yeah. And, like, you know, if they look up Simon Baz, it has, you know, terrorist online for kind of thing. If you look at which it, which we he pointed out to, to her, yes. Exactly. And he's all like, she, she she actually tells him, this place is like a family. Yes, we have to move fast, but we have to be in sync and trust one another. So with these things out there, it's going to be hard for me to freaking do, like hire you because yeah. I am going to need this to work as a cohesive team. Yes. So the thing that I find dickly is like, I just wanted to tell you in purpose and I didn't yeah, take a phone call. I'm like, you know what? You wasted my whole fucking morning. A phone call yeah, would have yeah. done. God yeah, and that it. gives them tickets to, to be able to see what the tickets? race. But she says, like I said, with your record well – doesn't matter whether you had any part in terrorism or not. It's just like you said, my guys look you up. They see that word and they see the tattoo on your forum. She's heard these pieces of crap talk. Uh, she's like, they're not going to go for it. They're going to be pissed, so I can't hire you. And it 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 is kind of subtle. That It's not subtle the way he does no. it, but he does it and tries to push on. I don't know why he went there thing is, because I Simon already had because, spelled you know, that there out. There are pieces of shit, and the thing is well, we have to see it's going to be hard for Simon to freaking be a regular just, person on I'm Earth. telling you though it, it starts to push towards what we had at the beginning of Rebirth where they kept you know terrorist on the yeah, side yeah. of his, his uh, sister's deal it just seems weird to bring that up again when he brought it up himself again, when he went for the hits. interview it is the greatest hits and then he's going to go off now he doesn't have a job and we go back and, and we've already talked where basically Jessica has to end up holding up the destruction of the planet while she talks to them convinces them to live and that's where Simon jumps in then, gets them all in these construct cars and takes them to the ship that they're the above. Ungarn ship, 
the yeah. Angaran ship and saves them, and everybody's happy. They're all cheering. Uh, in the meantime, Jessica gets her job. She actually does get hired uh, at that get diner. The job she wants. She, she can't yes. be a waitress because they need to see that her anxiety is not going to be too much for her. Like in this, like you know really fast-paced kind of physician, so we're going to start you out in the kitchen first. Yeah, and she seems very upset about that. Uh, that is not that crazy. You know and what honestly, I mean? the thing is, I've worked at restaurants. I hated fucking waiting. Put yeah, me in the so kitchen. so do I. Yeah, get right in the kitchen. and just your, It doesn't seem like she's going to have a pay cut of what she thought or anything. She's going to get that there. tips, though. No, no, she is not. But she, she'll be in the kitchen a little to see and how she can she knows what her take. body looks like. She knows them freaking, and it's going to pull in some tips. That's right. But she has to see if she can handle Jessica might be anxious. She's not, not self-aware, though. Yeah, she got to see if she can handle the hustle bustle. Now, in the meantime, you have these two things going on where you have the concert afterwards, the celebration concert of the Angaran uh, pop singer who then, you know, sings her song about the Green Lanterns. She's all happy and then basically tells Simon, you come back. Back, and we're going we're gonna really celebrate later he, he goes off and just done and like done yeah gonna really I'm, some I'm, alien strange yep, you know what he, because that is that's some t- freaking you know that's some talk at the green lantern corps meeting every time you know hey, yeah you ever banging on garin yeah, yeah that's what they talk about Chimera. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly but then yeah now we're gonna have some setups of Dude, what goes like on. Durlin. No, it's not. Yeah. Shut up, man. No, Durlin. No, no, no. But yeah, now we're going to get uh, some John setups for gross. what's going on. Now we're going to see what Tim Seeley has coming off because you have uh, Kesh Kerr, Eric, where oh, that, that's yeah, Kesh Kerr uh, and Commodore Spsit. <laughs> P-S-Y-T. Uh, but yeah, they come and basically say, hey, listen, the uh, Green Lanterns uh, ruined our plan. Uh, you know, they saved that planet, all this stuff. And, and that's very quick. Uh, I don't. Do you, are it, you excited about that no, at all? Sorry, it's just going to be some more on Garn stuff, which I actually yeah. expected never to come back to. Once no, we're and that's desk. where you're going to. But maybe like Keshker is all pissed off that you know the Green Lanterns have like come in and screwed up what he planned, and now the Molites mm-hmm. are on his planet. He's like, look, this is for the Angarans, not these dirty Chimeras, not these yeah, Molites. Yeah. I'm going to have to do something about it to bring pride and freaking yeah. back. It's a goddamn. It's a pink supremacist. Is what yeah, this that's what he is. is and it's Gara. funny too because it's like he's a wannabe Sinestro. He looks like yeah. to me, but it's funny too if you ever want to see somebody kill the messenger. Yeah, pick this up because that's exactly what he does. <laughs> this poor guy comes and just says, "Oh my god, you know what? There was some problems these Green Lanterns," and he just shoots him right in the head. But then, yeah, then you go off and Simon's talking to his sister, says, "Hey, don't it's worry a weird about it because we, we're dealing with this issue." And we have all this stuff, like the Molite stuff really yeah. seem to be wrapped up really yep. quickly yeah, yeah, so we can yeah. deal with the freaking jobs on Earth and then have the wrap-up with what they're doing with about their like job yep. situation and then the move on for the next two ideas of what the arcs are going to yeah. be going for yeah, the Green yeah. and, with and, Angar and Keshkar and with the freaking AI of uh, Jessica's rig. Yes. And freaking and uh, Bullfunga. Bullfunga. Yeah, like, because it's – a lot and, of stuff was smashing in here at the and end. And it's, it's smashed in so much because I even thought it was a little off where Simon and Jessica take off after this concert. And then I actually would have wished that I realized right away that we were still – uh, you know, on the planet because all yeah. of a sudden you have this guy go to talk to Kesh Kerr and I was like, what the hell is going on then? Almost to the point where you, you're supposed to really know what's going on. It's it's just well, thrown out you, there. Even that, by the time we get to the Balfunga, I thought yeah. 
I didn't I didn't recognize him right away. I'm no, like, I didn't either. Kesh-Kurt? I actually went back. That's what I did when I, yeah. when we get to the end. I actually went back to see if it was Keshkar. It's not because then we go off and you do see uh, Simon's sister apologize and say, "Listen, I shouldn't have been acting like that. I kind of How was acting like mom." Cell reception. Out yeah, here yeah. Goddamn friggin' alive. Yeah, like, oh, it's crazy. Lantern. Yeah, because you have Check Simon on a fan. He's still fixing that engine, and then it wraps around that you do see that he is in the sector house, the Leonard sector house at twenty. Uh, you know, 2814, he's there. There A lot of activity around that lantern, you know, that sector house. Freaking ships all over the place. But then we go back, like you said, then we quickly go to Jessica, who's going to bed, talking. Basically, it seems like this is the setup of a horror story, Eric, because you have the AI, you have the ring that has been talking to her, and basically she has spelled out, like, hey, you guys don't talk to your ring like that? Like, hey, Jay Bird, and all this stuff, the ring in her. Yeah, we've seen the ring being way more active, almost to the point, like, you know, where Eddie uh, Eddie Furlong is talking to Terminator, trying to to act more human, like, you know, hasta la vista, baby, and all that shit yep. so now that we have this point where jessica goes to bed because she has to wake up early for her first day yep. at work and the ring has just becomes a freaking like an outline of a person just I'm staring telling at her you, while the ring to me that rings her greatest fan Eric, because she's basically saying you know what it'll be nice to have a job you know i could do something without you and then Ooh. takes the ring off, which number – there's number two thing wrong in my mind. Why take it off? Why put it at your bed? I'd never take it off. I don't know why she – Well, not a year now. Shit goes missing all the time. She, hell yeah. I mean anybody. They could just come and you know, she puts it on the side of the bed and then basically, hey, no offense, ring. And then the ring's like, of course, Jessica. I just imagine you and you go to bed. She takes off her wedding ring. No offense, Jim. Yeah, of really. course, Tanya. Next, yeah, of next course. thing, both like Jessica, she's going to get her freaking throat sliced. And and oh, basically God. now the ring is going to call her. That ring is coming from inside the house, Eric. But it's there. <laughs> and it's so ominous there. And I'm like, oh, no. And this is where we were talking about it. And you said, because I, I even said to you, oh, well, that's crazy because she's become friends and really talks to the ring like a person. You're like, maybe that's not what you're supposed to do yeah, because okay, now it seems to think now that it's a person, I think. But then we go now to probably the best part Crazy to me, Eddie's used car? Yeah, to, to me, yeah, you have Crazy Eddie's, which is the best, especially if you're an East Coast guy uh, from the 80s. You'll realize what yeah. that Crazy Eddie deal is, and it's hilarious. Uh, crazy Eddie is insane. His prices, Eric, are insane. I but know. you have Bofunga there and basically screaming at one of those, you know. Get uh, that mega horn. Yeah, well, he's got a mega horn, Eric, and he's screaming at one of those, you Earth know, man, freaking. Face made the, tall and what, what do you call those salt? things? What do you call yeah, those? Fly, the inflatable, inflatable thing man. with the tube man thing. And yeah, he's screaming at it because it, what well, you know, take me to your leader, and it's laughing at him. He thinks now the problem is he well, ends up blowing it up. Green Lantern Earth man. Yeah, he wants to Green Lanterns think that you this thing is actually a person. Carry on with your the problem is Bofunga. He, we said Tim Seeley was reading things. He, he must not be reading Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern yeah. Corps, because Bofunga wasn't a Sysol M was pretty much put there by John Stewart and told, you will rot till the day you die in this Sysol. You will never get out. I don't know how long his sentence was, but he said, you'll you'll like, you know, take your sentence in yeah. full. Yeah, and the, the problem is, though, this seems like this would mean his sentence was two weeks. I mean, he meant it. It was I'm only two it. weeks. 
The so Green Lanterns are really lax about their walls. They are, yeah, but yeah, Wolf this is still be locked up on. Mojo he should still be locked up. It's very odd to throw him in here like that, and I blame the editors for not allowing or not telling a new writer that Bolfunga has already been taken care of and supposed to be in jail. Now maybe Tim Seeley will wrap it around next issue and show us that he escaped, whatever. But well, I'm the saying, problem don't is, what's going to be going on and how Jordan the Green Lantern yeah. course. So I'm sorry, he is setting stuff up for future storylines, yeah. like we have said. So we have Keshkar, we have the freaking yeah, AI, I, I, but, yeah, Ren, again, and we have Bolfunga the Unrelenting. I think we have a Bolfunga lot of stuff coming at us going forward. I think that Bolfunga's in next issue. I, I couldn't Maybe. think that you're going to have – he's the cliffhanger. Uh, you can't have a cliffhanger that all of a sudden you come back exactly. to the 10 years from now. The cliffhanger goddamn pages of my mind. Well, it does, but the, the issue with this is – it doesn't – the thing with Bofunga, he knows – like this is not just a guy who did something little and John Stewart put him in a side cell. This no. is a guy who could pretty much bring down the Green Lantern Corps and now he's running around on Earth with a fucking bullhorn as, as comic relief. That's wants to think. It ain't yeah. true though. He's all yeah. taught that unrelenting bastard. He might be. But he's yeah, very he's, relenting. He's, he's – yeah, really. But right here he's just comedy relief and he's a little more important to that the in is, the overall rebirth story. Really humorous. I thought it was hilarious after this whole thing because i find it odd that we're well, he has so much set up for going forward like you know you could yeah. take your time but having everything going forward is freaking like i said jessica's ai in a ring we have keshkar on angara and we have bolfunga the unrelenting we've got a lot of stuff planned ahead I'm yeah like, and, and if in this book for a while there's a b and c and whichever one is kashkar you, you can cross that out i wish that that wasn't even involved i hope that that's something that we don't see for a while i don't know the thing is i i don't i'm not really interested i think it's cool that we're dealing with some ungar and stuff because we have not been like yeah. doing anything with but the still you just went from ungar and then now you're gonna go back it just oh, seems the big thing correct, back in the I day hope. i thought was really cool during kyle rayner's run back i think it was the late 90s or early 2000s when it happened but they brought in the character of a monster who was Abinser's yeah. evil son and they had to go up against him. I'm like, oh, that was really cool. The story never really panned out in my yeah. mind. It was kind of boring, but just getting back to this other like big like uh, planet in our sector, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, and actually, we, we didn't even point it out. I know that most people reading it would know from the issue, but just in case you haven't read it or didn't realize, this is the planet of Abinsur. So yes. when they do say this, that's a big thing to them, and it's a really big thing that Abinsur ended up giving the ring to Hal Jordan and Earthling. So they're kind of like sister planets there. Kind of like first they, contact if Ricky yeah, starts right. Yeah, they have a uh, you know that connection. They even bring it up. Like I said earlier, it seemed like they had a video camera there but yeah it might be a pain but this is a big moment for them and that's why they love the green lanterns especially the earth green lanterns have a special uh place in their heart now yeah. really even more so so you go but what what did you give it i ended up giving this a seven out of ten and this is one of those issues where i think i might have just mailed it in a little too much just Ooh, because you're not supposed no, to not, admit that or not no not <laughs> even like that it's just that by the end i was having so much fun because of the stuff i, I like Bofunga. Bofunga. I, exactly i'm telling you <laughs> By the end, I think it swayed my – because a lot of stuff in the beginning with like Jessica's ring yeah. doing stuff for her, freaking Simon just being a goddamn guy who could heal and no explanation actually really angered me. And for how quick that setup was, I mean like the wrap-up was for everything we had last issue, just so we could focus on a pop star. I'm like, I don't really like that. But I would put, like yeah. only go down probably to a 6.5 because I did find this enjoyable and I really enjoyed the art in this issue. Now, I, uh, I don't mail it. Views, Eric, and I'm gonna oh, no. give. I didn't review this one, so I didn't. I didn't mail this one in, but uh, 
I actually didn't like it that much. I, I give it a six out of ten is what I would give it. Uh, mainly because a couple of the things, you know, Keshkar, I, I don't care. I don't really. I know some people seem to think it's exciting that Jessica's getting a job. I don't need to see her washing dishes and then get called away all the time. I, I just don't I, I need think it's that. Gonna be, honestly, the way they played it is way better than I thought they would because the whole idea of both the Lanterns having jobs. Now where Simon doesn't, yeah. he lives in a sector house. He doesn't have to worry about it. He can go on all these different calls. Jessica can't now, and she has yeah, to Yeah, but now you have things. the Green Lantern's book, and you're just going to have Simon going, I think that this is a setup that this book doesn't need. Uh, I this think is it's an the interesting same... setup for what we would have had, like, for yeah, how we thought I, going forward. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that this job thing's going to be seen that much anyway. I think that she's going to get called away a couple of times and then have to decide, you know what? I guess I'm a Green Lantern for life, and then go off. I don't know. I just want to see. I, I just whoop, whoop, I want to see her using the ring at the uh, the job. Now again, maybe this is the setup. He wants to have this job thing set aside because maybe the ring's going to go off. Maybe this ring, the what we saw, and for a little she won't even be a Green Lantern while they try to track down her ring, and that it gives her something and we to did do see in a the while meantime. Ago, I forget which arc it was, but like where we saw the Emerald Sight, and we saw all those power rings coming yeah. in from like Earth Three's yeah. power rings coming at the freaking universe. So. I don't know. Maybe she'll become Power Ring again, which either. I really want. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. But we're going to go on to the next book in the green section, Eric. And you know what that is. As I get my notes, we have Green, green Arrow number Arrow. 34. <laughs> green Arrow number 34, written by Ben Percy, art by Stephen Byrne and D. Ron Bennett. And I do think now that after all these issues and all the things we've gone through, I do think that Ben Percy has a little thing. It's a little rider. That he has, and he says, any artist that I get involved with must be a triple threat, Eric. I right. don't want any, I don't, he doesn't like to see a long bunch of names on the cover. That's just what he's about. Because everybody really think on the DC, like Simon Baz, is trying to put people out of freaking work because they're it like seems. saying, like, look, we're are you saying that Juan Ferreira is putting people out of work? Maybe Juan's putting people out of work because he wouldn't freaking set the standard in my mind. Like, look, he, I, I think no he, he was you know the what? standard setter. I guess we don't I like Akers are going to be past, say, 10 from years from now. You say Igra, people are going to be reading comments. What's that? Exactly. I need Juan to tell. We, we actually were wondering, like, do you actually get full pay of the being the. Now, here's the thing Juan does not use inks. He is, and I, I don't know Stephen Byrne. I would assume maybe that's the same way, but Juan actually has told us. He pencils and colors. He, he does that. So you don't pay an inker. So does he get a little more as the penciler than Eric? I don't think he does. Do I they... think he's just freaking <laughs> undercutting the inkers it completely. Just, oh, my goodness, Eric. That is not a nice thing to say. The trial of two cities continues. <laughs> well, I do too. With an issue that felt more like a sitcom clip show than something important, we see a lot of flashbacks, get a bunch of recap, but in the end, the story is just rotting on the vine. Eric, I'm glad we saw that Diggle and Merlin didn't drown in that river all those issues ago. Oh, yeah. But this book is in dire okay. need of a new writer. I, I am not enjoying Green Arrow at all. Uh, the story-wise, it always ends up at the end where I think like. Nothing happens. No. It, you go and you, more nice circle nonsense. Oh, Fucking thirty-four yes. issues. 
we are 34 issues in and it's still and now you see why where all of a sudden last issue you had Dante show back up and it was out of nowhere like and I even said yeah Dante showed up who Ooh. the hell is Dante I mean, you remember the burn he got that fancy red suit you're like I don't know who you're talking about then all when the you burn saw it, red suits yeah no, well then when you fancy. saw it well we said and I told you listen when we first talked about it we talked about his red suit and we figured out that he's got blood and shit dripping off him all the time you wear a red, red suit it doesn't show you don't wear a white suit That's but out of honest. nowhere Dante shows up now if you weren't reading at the beginning of this of this series Dante was pretty much the guy in charge of the Inferno this big giant aquatic ship type bank every aquatic bit ship. of yeah, well, it was kind of like a, it wasn't a ship. It was more of like a monolith that was in the ocean. I don't know what it was, but it, it was, was a big old ship. It was their bank. It was yeah. pretty much the bank. It had everything. I actually thought it was a very uh, poorly planned to get all of your riches as the Ninth Circle and put them in a, a big giant it's ship. It's a sailing why, money friggin' Why do that? Has. Because if it sinks, you're fucked. And in fact, and it, it did. did sink. And Dante kind of seemed to go down with the ship, though he showed up last issue. And when this was happening, uh, it seems as if Oliver Queen is the only one who should know where it is, though we also saw Shadow was there. We also had, uh, I believe, Diggle was there and Emiko. So I don't know what Mora is saying because there was a lot of other people, but Mora well, maybe, is here. Maybe Moira freaking like, yeah. doesn't know, and that's why she needs well, maybe she doesn't, but Moira, I, can't, I, I have a Moira. problem set. Moira is there, and you start off by seeing that basically she was the glue that kind of kept the Queen family together and seemed like a good enough mother at, at one point. Because oh, yeah, because she stuck around and raised Oliver yeah. or freaking Robert Queen went off on flights of fancy and banging Japanese women. Yeah, and women. they said this. And you even get this story decades ago where Oliver's being you know, told basically the Robin Hood story by his dad, Robert. And Moira says, hey, get over here, you son of a bitch. And, and Robert's like, huh, what's going on? And then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, all the things he had, Shadow, uh, having the Emiko as, as a daughter, all these things. And she says, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm trying to keep this family together. Family means something to me. And it's a pretty good setup of what you're going to go because Oliver yeah, has assumed. Yeah, we something to you, Moira, until you fucking take off for well, years that's the on end to the point where I, your son thinks you're yeah, dead. Well, that's the thing is he thought she was dead and you go there beneath the Queen family tomb, which we'd already seen where Oliver had gone down and he thought that yeah. this was kind of a cachet of weapons Robert and things Queen's that Robert like Queen set up. And in fact, you find out it was not. It was his mom's. Now, the only thing I'll go that I think is very creepy in this is she looks exactly like Black Canary and it kind I of throws me off a bit. It really like, throws me off. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I guess fire here. I guess they always say, you know, that a guy will go after somebody that reminds him of their mother, but she looks exactly like her. I, I, it's crazy. Uh, but she goes, and this is where I said it was like a clip show where she's like, you know what? It wasn't always like this. I, I had a rough upbringing, and I swear to God, you need the and they just show her, and she's telling the story. You know, I grew up not, in motel not only, rooms. Not only does Moira look like Black Canary, but Robert looks exactly like freaking Oliver right yeah, now. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because uh, so Moira is saying. Let's recreate the past, baby. 
Yeah, yeah. Basically, she's t- talking about you know. I wrote later so, on I, after I knock you up, I'm gonna go find a Japanese. Uh, I'm woman. telling you, when they have that wedding, I'm like, that is very crazy. But yeah, she ended up begging. Her mom was a piece of shit who passed out, was high or drunk all the time, and she ended oh. up having to beg. And she said, as she was begging, and she, I'm telling you, looks like a cute little girl. These somebody's giving her money, you would think. But she's like, that's when I realized that I was never gonna be a victim. I never was gonna be powerless again. So oh, I ended up getting me a sugar daddy is basically <laughs> what, what she's saying. And, and really I took it as. I'm like, okay, uh, you yeah. found a powerful man with wealth and freaking yeah. a legacy. I'm like, yep, you did exactly what yeah, everybody I, wants to do. You found it, a sugar yep, daddy. Yeah, you found a sugar daddy. And I'm thinking, boy, I want to find you? a sugar daddy. Thinking, Ro- yeah, same, same here. Robert didn't look into her past, I don't think. I'm like, you are the head of a huge thing and you're, you're no, going No, but there, I do but... believe his parents probably disowned him for marrying this probably, freaking trash Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sugar daddy. But then she kind of goes on and like, you know what, Robin Queen, your your great great your your ancestor, he went, he made Seattle, he did it with his bow and his money, and uh, his money, yeah, and ends up though. Then we see that you know she kind of was the head, she kind of got involved in the Ninth Circle. Broderick was there while Robert was off fucking shadow, and that's what basically the the moral of the story is. I was here to do shit while your father was off, like you said, and she says, in her flight, in his flights of fancy, having kids or whatever. And, and that's the thing when, is, too, she had to make everybody believe that she was dead because that was part of the burned yeah. initiation yep. where she had to lose everything in order yeah. to prove herself yeah, to them. Why is she the one that doesn't have to get burned, Eric? I she didn't know. have to do that because it's his mom. That, that's the and only Broderick. reason. Yeah, and Broderick. And she's like, listen, you know, that, and spells it out too, which is pretty cool. Like, the Ninth Circle was set up, uh, you know, by your great grandfather or grandfather. And what he wanted to do was make this so that we could help people. It is supposed to be an organization. It's that's a trickle to help. down effect, too. Yeah. Thing. You're like, that doesn't work, Mom. The no, whole idea is like, it the, doesn't. the better off the queens are, the better off that, everyone that is. That I don't mind. That I don't mind. When she says, listen, if Queen Industries is doing good, we're giving, you know, everybody has a job, we're all this. Once you start, Start saying the ninth circle is good. Now, now you're starting to get saying certain people had good ideas, even though they, yeah. you know what I mean. It's really bad, and she's trying to convince him of this. And Oliver seems to somewhat buy into it a little. Uh, by the end, he basically to me is like, well, I, I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else to do. So yeah, I'll go with you. But yeah, he even says, and just in down. case you didn't think that it was creepy enough that freaking Moira looked just like Black Canary, which is yeah. younger. We have Black Canary call up and freaking the artist put like, you know, on top of the dialogue where the, yeah. she comes in on the Looks comp. exactly like her, her right with there blonde with hair. Oliver's mother it's behind exact. her. Ooh. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you look at her there and actually go the panel above, it almost looks exact except white hair. It's exactly. so crazy. But yeah, and she says, listen, I believe in capitalism, but not out of greed, out of altruism. When the queens do well, everyone does well, like you said. But she says, listen. Just imagine, got- honey. Just, like, just think how great Germany would have been if Hitler yeah, was – that's what it seems. It's Jews. like, you know All what? The would have been his, econo- his economic plans, they, they were sound. It, it's so crazy. But it even says like, you know what? Broderick was the one who fucked up. I was gone. Yeah, Broderick fucked up. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. The whole ninth circle. I, but, you know, she wants to say Broderick messed up. He's suffering right now for that. Uh, but we'll go, you know, we'll go on with that. Because upsets then, me because I was really hoping that Broderick was dead at this point. Yeah, I don't I know what too. he's doing now. Is he just continuing to be tortured somewhere? That, and, and really, like you said, it, to have this book go on, 
you need to have you you have to see people die or else they're going to come in 20 issues you're going to have people just show up i, I want to know where like mayor domini has just disappeared he's going to be big coming up you know he will and yeah. it, it's just what happens with this book is that be a character you, witness for fucking it, oliver oh yeah yeah you'll have craziness but what the problem is is ben percy will never kill off these characters so now it's like it's a avalanche of fucking characters that just keep coming back and nothing is interesting half of the stuff this ninth circle has not been interesting this whole run to me but yet we have to keep dealing with it now we do go back then to find diggle and merlin and it's funny to me because they've just they completely disappeared they are in diggle's little yeah and they are in diggle's little hideout in the mountains uh but that he even has diggle i don't even know if this is supposed to be kind of a joke because they've been in this fucking thing together and diggle's first lines well first he's like quit quit being a baby just a few more stitches but then says Three surgeries. It's like this is supposed to explain why we haven't seen him. Three surgeries, two infections, and however many months later. What? You don't know? You're just standing around? So crazy. Get a calendar, Diggle. Uh, yeah, uh, months of this. That you he's have just... all this high-tech surgery here. Get a goddamn calendar, dude. Yeah, what is he doing? Like, you, you have this. He does a surgery. You you would assume that Merlin now has to recover. So he's laying there. He's asleep. Right, what is Diggle doing? Stranger things. Yeah, what is he been doing? That he doesn't even realize how many months have passed. Oh, man, Mindhunter's out now on Netflix. Mindhunter, all right. Woo, the time. Boy, the time is flying. But, yeah, and he's like, you know, you'll live, Merlin, but you're going to be more scar than skin. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's how you're going to go back to them with this, like, out of nowhere, however many months later. And then he just says, you know, hey, I never minded scars. They're good souvenirs. Help me remember my debts. You know what I mean, Diggle. And then all of a sudden, Diggle's like, yeah, and now we get a flashback. This is why I'm telling you, this is a sitcom where they're all sitting let, around and let somebody's hurt. Let me tell you why I hate Oliver Queen yeah. so much. Uh, it's, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. And you find out that Oliver fucked his fiance, but you, you can't have Oliver be, be that bad. So it's an ex-fiance, and this made him have a death wish. He ended up doing things, including f- fucking flying a goddamn hey, parasail hey, kite over a, goddamn volcano, over a yeah. fucking volcano. What the hell is That's that? That's what that is. He's on a hang glider over a volcano. Yeah. It's such not- hey, Here's the thing. You really have a death wish? Fucking right into that volcano. Done. But yeah, now he's going to go, I was going to free climb and base jump off the fabled Salt Cathedral until a terrorist cell made me an example. What is going Thank on God here? Thank God Merlin showed up and realized, hey, that's a friend of Oliver Queen. Yeah, Kill all the terrorists. Yeah, that's the whole thing. He just shows up out of nowhere. Hey. I recognize you. You're one of Oliver's friends. <laughs> the, ch- the chances, Eric. Uh, and then saves him. So that's his debt there. And he even says and now at the one debt's point, all paid up. Yeah, and uh, even then he even said, you know, that was his debt to Merlin. But in fact, then he had to fuck over Oliver, who's his friend, uh, to do that. But it's just, Exactly. Debt's you know. all paid up because Oliver fucked me over. Yeah, really. It's, everything's free and clear. Uh, Tit or tat. Yeah, and, and then the, the issue then gets even more ridiculous where you have what Black Canary was trying to get a hold of uh, Oliver for is because Clockman. The whole point of this, ah, I'm what? telling you, yeah. I, I don't care about the Diggle stuff. It is more poignant okay. than whatever yeah. we're dealing with with Black Canary right no, now. No, this the whole is idea nonsense. Of Clock King. This is if you ever 
want to read an issue and see what filler is and see where it's right here because Clock King has decided since the Ninth Circle has made Seattle into Star City, they have pretty much made the everything automated to yes. run by itself. And this into the mainframe, and he has hacked into it because he doesn't like that. He want whatever because I don't it's understand nonsense. what he's getting at. Because the biggest problem I would think he would have is that since they became Star City, they've yeah. That's the, honestly, you would think he'd is, like this. Yeah, he would like it. I was going to go somewhere, then I realized no, it doesn't make any sense because we have a None background at one point sense. where you know. Clock towers were a big thing when Seattle was started. Yeah. And once they automated and put it, made it Star City, the clocks are something that they kept. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, he wouldn't even be angry about no. that. No. And then what basically happens is uh, Black Canary basically says that everything is automated. And, and then when it was shut down or messed with with Clock King, people don't know when they are. What? God You're telling me calendar, be Diggle. Yeah, like I said, this is the problem with Diggle. Now it's case closed. I don't know when they <laughs> we are. Just, uh, they I'll don't know when they here. are. Look at your goddamn watch. And th this is the other problem I have with this, that you have Clock King has gone in and fucked with basically everything, uh, but mainly this elevated train that's going through. Now, number one. No, not even that, the elevated train, the friggin' the uh, – I, I love the fact, too, where – he has taken over the city, and one of the things he seems to be doing is making green lights green yeah, when they're not yeah, supposed to be green. Yeah. So what Oliver does is shoots an arrow at it after an accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and basically, they it's, don't know when they it's are, causing Jim. such accidents that a, a fucking 18-wheeler is flying in the air because, you know, green is red, Eric up is down. Uh, the thing that I think that Clock King, uh, yeah, you know, better I worry about. I realize the reason it's flying in the air is because Oliver shot an arrow it's, to the it's tire. It's just ridiculous. So why, it, yeah. Like, it's an auto... This is the weird thing. It's, it's just ridiculous. Car, yes, it's an automated it deal. It's and just, but it's everything going idea. here is stupid. But it, the other thing about this is with clocking behind all this, I think that he's very lucky that it's Oliver that shows up. Seriously. Because to me, the Ninth Circle have, I know that they kind of are a joke. They, they've been hanging around. Oliver is going and doing all these things to them. Uh, but I've seen those birds. Hard Traveling Hero? Yeah, yeah, Hard Traveling Hero. But, you know, clocking. If Oliver doesn't show up, you would assume that a bunch of burn with goddamn fucking flamethrowers are going to be next, and he is going to be dead. And really, like you said, it doesn't even make sense what's oh. going on. You know, everything's running on time, so he's mad, and he ends up making it so this train uh, thinks that it is not running on time. Again, so you have the ninth circle. You, you have the ninth circle. I know that you have that uh, Talkman has broken into the mainframe and done this. They have to have people say a Henry or say somebody that would be able to just cut him out and stop this train. Eric, it's I, just I don't nonsense. understand what he's pissed off. Like I said, the whole idea is when it became Star City, they kept all the clocks. Yeah, they kept them all. Space, you know, it was Seattle was known as the city of clocks. Yep. So like, the, I understand the why the clock king would hang out here. Yep. But why is he angry? Things are I running on schedule. He he seems like, and it's weird. It just seems like he doesn't want to be cut out. He wants and to be involved. Clock king. Immediately take it out by Green Arrow, and we yeah, move on. Just so immediately. Nothing. No, and as this is going on, you also have where Black Canary, this train's coming out of a tunnel, and she's known for her high singing voice, but now yeah. she's all about that bass, Eric. I even, I'm telling you, I'm so mad now. I actually put the soundbite of the Megan Trainer song, and I was going to play it and be all oh. happy. I'm not playing it now. It's okay. just nonsense. And then she, the low decibels will interrupt both the, the burning material and the oxygen that feeds it, canceling the fire. Yeah, the fire may be Shut out. Up, why Why is the train still going? Uh, but, yeah, 
it ends up that Oliver just goes, he he shoots some arrows, punches Clyde, and then done. Done and done. Uh, you know, that's it. That is the biggest piece of crap story right there. And then you have the thing where Canary's like, you know what? We're going to celebrate. It's time that we get a little close. Make up for lost time. First off, we already saw them make up for lost time. I guess she wants some more. And it's but- also a little scene to see how the city's getting more and more corrupt. Because we have those two cops yeah, in the floor yeah. where the one guy, they're like, I don't like that green arrow. But the way the city's been like, yeah, he's on the payroll now because he went out and bought a fucking Lamborghini. Yeah, like, you, he's got you a Lamborghini. Nice tell you to fucking keep this on the down low a little yeah, bit dummy yeah, yeah. why well, why well, i i guess i don't know i don't know much about lamborghinis i guess maybe they they have the steering wheel on the other side because it's he a lamborghini a one. because yeah because he's getting into the wrong deal he's getting into the passenger side uh, he doesn't know how they work either man but you know, he doesn't know the, the craziest thing is it's like you know they're on the take jesus christ they're on the take and you don't even get where you do have this guy where he's like the old guy you don't even get through the art that he's old uh he's smoking though eric uh, and he gets a cigarette knocked over but he's like hey when did you get that fucking car hey maybe you should retire pal I'm, no way i want a car like that yeah. i'd be pissed but yeah, and then you go you go back and see basically Merlin creeping up behind Diggle. He ends up grabbing a chain and starts choking him out after their little story and time. The progression of this is so fucked up because we had this little bit of clocking. Then we go to freaking yeah, back to Diggle and Merlin. Is way so, off. Just so Merlin can strangle Diggle and then we move back to Wendy Poole's house. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and, pace and the here. Wendy Poole, again, is pretty much recap of last issue because still to this point – they're not going to get her to testify. We've already seen this again. Her dad said, hey, listen, now, again, I think that this is a forced way for when you say, hey, the fuck's Emiko? Why isn't she helping? She does say that Wendy Poole does not feel safe without her being around. And I you think that is a – I say I want young girls around me. I yeah, don't well, that's – I, I, Yeah, really. Me, Jess. But I, I think, though, that that's just a forced way for Emiko to be out of the picture because we're going to have Moria and uh, Oliver go in their little submarine deal. Uh, like, then we go back and we bookend this thing by bringing yeah. Moira Queen back. And the whole idea is now we have to get down to the Inferno where yeah. all the riches of the freaking oh, yeah, nice We have to have a little recap of the Inferno point, again. Before they kill me – I still have their technology. She freaking clicks a button, a freaking submarine fucking pull comes up like, all right. Okay, and also the the best to me, yeah. She says, listen, I can still use some of the you know Queen Industry stuff like the sub, whatever. The problem that I have with this, which I have a lot of problems in this book, is that basically what Moira is saying is that when she goes off here, the Ninth Circle is furious with her. Star City was one of – it was her plan, her and Broderick's I would say. But you know, it was a failure. They are in big trouble. So what she's going to do to make things right is basically go and get the treasure that the Ninth Circle already owns but it's under – this doesn't make sense. Like they're basically going to say, thank you for finding this. You're still dead. You still caused all these problems. What you're giving us now is is ours. And yeah. really, you have the Ninth Circle, which we were pointed out, or they, you know, Ben Percy at the beginning of this really wanted to point out as a global organization. It's getting really wrapped in to be a U.S. deal, very centered on Seattle. Exactly. They, mostly centered on to Seattle. To me, they have a lot of resources. 
they, they have to have somebody – somebody knows a little bit of the location where this fucking inferno went down. It should be at least be a fucking black box getting off a homing signal yes, or something. Yes, you would have somebody out there looking for it, but yet it's just more you're saying, you know what? You're the only one who knows where it is. You were the only one. You're the only one who saw We just saw Dante who was on it when it went down. He yeah. should know a little bit more as well, and we get – it just – it's so – Lame. I hate to use the, the term lame, but just That's to lame. think that that is what is the the be all end all of saving Queen Industries is to go and get somebody's treasure that was destroyed by Oliver, pretty much, and go and salvage it to to pay off a debt. But it's not her. It's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. And when when all this is going on, you you even have where you know the one announcer is talking about Seattle, like, oh my God, Seattle Clock King is going. And and by the way, we still have this trial that's going to go on with Oliver Queen. Where is he? At? What is he doing now? He's just I going around town. He should be. He jumped bail. That gets so whitewashed over that he should not just be walking around town. And he is. He, he Man just about town, up. Oliver Queen. Plus, here's the other thing is you have Oliver Queen there and out. You, you don't think the Ninth Circle would have an, uh, an eye on him as he goes around and goes no, right to Wendy Poole? No, it doesn't seem. This is why they, they end up fucking failing. They didn't shut off uh, Moira's fucking little gauntlet thing that she presses a button and a goddamn submarine comes up. Like right there, that should be gone. You you have somebody get fired from a job. You change those locks. And they're not even doing that. They're making it so she can access every bit of resources that she ever did. God darn it, Eric. I'm not going to curse. No. <laughs> so 5.5 5 out of 10. So Green infuriated. Arrow. I enjoyed what did you the give art, it? but 5.5 out of 10. I give it a 5.1. I like yeah. the art. That's the only really thing that like kept it. That's the only thing that kept it from a fuck you five. This, this story is and I'm complete. really invested in Merlin and Diggle right now. <laughs> it's nonsense. I just want to know what happened to Clock King. He looked like he was having a good time. I, I actually, if you're going to do script doctor or whatever, I actually would have liked Oliver go to Clock King and say, listen, you know, you, you kind of fucked with, you know, people before, but can you help me? I, and Clock King go, what do you mean? Everything's running on time. This is my goddamn dream. And then going you're right, 4.5 out of 10. And, and out of nowhere, you have <laughs> 4.1 I'm going now. No, I went 5.1. But we're going to move on to the next issue. And my, my attitude is not going to get any better. Nope. Justice League number 32, written by Robert Venditti, art by Liam Sharp, Adam Brown, Richard Starkings, and Eric, for the first time ever, Comic Craft's Jimmy Bettencourt. Oh, Boom. shit, he's got a last name. He's Super got serious. a last name now, Bettencourt. There he goes. He he didn't like the shade being thrown at him. Now he's fancy. He is now, grown up. Maybe that's because I got a hold of Comic Craft's and said, you know, Jimmy's more than just Comic Craft's to you. That's true. He is now... Jimmy Bettencourt. So I'm just saying, coincidence? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. We get the second part of the Bats Out of Hell metal tying crossover nonsense this oh. week, and it all boils down to a couple fights that may have had a good to great art, which you you even go against that from Liam Sharp, but also ruins one of the best things about the Merciless in the process. Yeah, this is a money grab through and through, and if you're on the fence, uh, don't buy it. Just, just avoid. How this. the just, hell could I be sitting here wishing for the days of the Gotham Resistance? I know clients? the Gotham Resistance now seems to mean something. Uh, this does not. This does not. It and it seems, should. Yeah, it should. 
it just maybe we'll get something in the next couple issues that that ties into metal. Um, maybe how George better. and Lennon Corps tie in. Uh, no, it's just going to be this nonsense. It's just going to be nonsense. You start off and you do have Cyborg is going to give us uh, most, if not all, of the narration. Well, he's got to give talking. us the narration and tell yeah. us how a football team works. Yeah, how, football like, teams. You know, what, what the good thing about a football team is, all the individual players. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? USC said with his legs, he no one could cover him there. Florida said, Florida said his hands were guaranteed a sunrise. Uh, he's more than just his some of his parts, Jim. Yeah, really. They were all the same. And it's just him there. And Shut I know. Up, Cyborg. Uh, basically, it's just, you know, getting a quick recap that Cyborg was indeed a football player. We don't need that anyway. But it leads to basically nothing because he goes like, yeah, we got a team. My team now is the Justice League. And this is where I'm reading this. And, and at this point, I can't be that angry. No. Uh, but. When we actually have two full pages of the, hey, today my team is the Justice League, the Flash, Aquaman, then you turn the page, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is going to be nonsense. You cannot take two pages just to show us the, the members of the Justice League that we know are already involved in this. this He's is taking complete. a page out of fucking Tom King's way of writing yeah. shit. Yeah, it's just nonsense. And I do have to say, the, what you didn't like uh, Liam Sharp's art as much as I did in this. The only thing I had problems with really was that first time you see Hal. I, I didn't like the way he drew Hal at all. But uh, we go from cake. that. Yeah, we go from that, and now we're just going to go through and each the thing of is the too, Justice League. Like the last tie-in we had in The Flash, it was talking about how Cyborg's like, oh, they wanted you all in the same place. This is yeah. completely different. Like, yeah, you know, now we did end with them saying, like, we, you know, you have a, a all of us, all seven of us, and what if we made these uh, bat caves that were against you? I get that. But, yeah, like you said – it didn't start that way earlier in that issue anyway. They were supposed to be all together in this null space, it seemed, at one point. And then it said to get them in Gotham, it seemed. Now they're just in these caves, and it's just nonsense fights with their counterparts, and nothing happens. Uh, right? Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm going through. You see freaking Red Death has a whole bunch of Red Death mobiles yeah. that you know are fueled off the speed force, and – I don't care at all because he's like, yeah. you know what, Barry? You know I'm a billionaire. I have to make more than one of everything. I'm like, you're not a billionaire here, yeah. motherfucker. He's not a billionaire. He's not a billionaire in did this, in this earth. Bruce, since he is Bruce Wayne as well, did he tap into Bruce Wayne's Well, funds? then everybody would have. Now you, you barely, They all have every, fucking back caves. Yeah, everybody wants to jump in and get a piece of the pie, I guess. I don't know. I, it's just nonsense. But, yeah, while this is going on, I just want to point out that – while some people may think that the Red Death's word bubbles are cool with that, you know, overlaid deal, it's not. It's hard to read, and it threw me off. And I just blind, sat there. Jim. Oh, I just sat there thinking that blind Eric Shea is having so much problems with this. Uh, but even that, you you I have to magnify everything the Red Death said just yes. read it because of the stupid goddamn yeah. word bubbles. Well, you bubbles. have you have the Red Death, where the big thing about the Red Death was that wake. That he he gives with those bats that were kind of you oh, know choking out Barry and things like that. that. You don't do anything with that here. You deal with fucking nanite goddamn sand that's like an hourglass. Sands in an hourglass. Days, days of our lives. fucking lives here. And that he has flashmobiles. And then the other thing is that Barry is still in the you know in the consciousness of the Red Death begging him to stop but he actually to me just sounds like a whining bitch it, it gets me so angry don't he's like get more involved here barry barry of the mind because top, you know 
on top of all this, you know, we have some weird things coming from these dark nights from the dark multiverse. Like, like you know, while we had the freaking wake of the Red Death being the big thing about him, you know, because it, yeah. it was weird. It was at least kind of interesting yeah. to the degree that he could make people old by, like, being yeah, in the yeah. wake and shit but, but like not that. not here. But, like, here we don't deal with that. And no, go he's going to chase him down with And with Aquaman cars. goes with the drown. All of a sudden, like, I knew that freaking the drown could make people into yeah. dead waters. Why couldn't she make him into fucking crab monsters? Yeah, I, I don't know because uh, even just Mary to end, apparently a crab monster. That yeah, goes well, Aquaman. just to end the the deal with the Red Death as you oh, have I'm him, gone. you know, I'm done. he's done. he's trash talking flat, and then you do have Barry, and he's like, "Hey, I killed you once before, Barry. Another universe, but same you. This time won't be any different. I'm not dead, Bruce. I'm trapped inside you. Shut up, Barry." Like, really? that That's what you're going to give us? And then he's like, gladly, that's where uh, Flash's like, you want to fight? Then come on. Gladly, old friend. One thing, though. Don't do this! I'm like, really? This, this is what you're going to give us, Barry, of the mind? This and, is and an the, entire issue of nothing that puts our yeah. story nowhere going forward. Except yeah, because the fact then, that yeah. we knew we were going to have a fight, and we had the beginnings of a fight nonsense. for each of our characters. Yep, and you go, and the, yeah, you have the, uh, the drown there. And I know, I, I say to you all the time that I hate when they, like, hey, drowned! And like really, and, and then even then, it's like it's funny because I I know that they wanted to be able to have all of these characters call like Bruce. You can't do this. The problem is the drowns Bryce, Bryce. and they wouldn't know. So he's like, no. "You call yourself a Wayne, do you?" Oh goodness! And then he tries. He had this crab monster's there, and he tries to That's use Mara. his aqua telepathy. And he, don't you recognize the love of your life? Oh no, Mara! And all I could think of is, baby, you got real ugly. Exactly. That's all I could think of the whole time. It made me laugh because, yeah, you have a monstrosity that now is Mara that's been changed. And then you so go. It turns out that Cyborg's awesome football team with the freaking angry one. Yeah, they're having all problems. All these things going to be like used against them in the long yeah. run. So yeah. the football team kind of sucks, is what he's telling yeah, me. Yeah, they better get the halftime and fucking redo their playbook here. Because God, then you go, you go then to Diana, who's there with the merciless. And this part, it really did infuriate. No more me punning on because, fourth down, Jim. We're yeah, fucking yeah. playing every goddamn down. Yeah, you, yeah, really, you have yeah, really, you have the merciless who we had such a great setup in that one shot of he ended up the Bruce Wayne there ended up getting the helmet, the the God of War helmet, Ares's helmet. He put it on and then ended up killing Diana at the end because she tried to grab the helmet. But this is something where there was still a humanity of Bruce Wayne inside that actually regretted this and was ashamed and had the guilt. And then when he came through in the uh, the Hathset's tomb and you saw Superman and Wonder Woman when they were getting old laying there, uh, he couldn't even look her in the eye. He couldn't even look at her he ended up taking a walk because he couldn't look at that wonder woman there because of what he did awesome to the one uh, yeah to uh, the love of his life at, in his earth and went up and that's where it kind of was the setup to see the uh the hieroglyphics of the batman throughout Apparently the he's gotten over like that. that he's gotten over it real quick here because now he's pretty much trash talking and and the weird thing is is he's talking to diana i don't think she's listening because he's like listen do you enjoy the cave i built for you there was a time in my universe when i hope we'd share a home but i guess this is the closest we'll ever get and she's there listening you know and he's like you know it's an armory filled with the divine and all this then they start struggling she basically says listen she throws her sword down she wants a hand-to-hand she wants to fight you know hand-to-hand they start who fighting wrote this issue this was robert Venditti. 
So humor. apparently Robert Banditti wasn't told that the freaking Wonder Woman truth arc is over yet because then we have freaking Wonder Woman tell me the truth and all I can think about is the early yeah, days of freaking you know rebirth when yeah. Greg Rucka was writing where yep. every time we saw Wonder Woman she had to she say had to about the lies the or the yep. truth. Yeah, and and the the thing about this is that's where I thought that she can't be listening because he's already basically spelled out, you know, hey, you were my lover there, we whatever. They start hand-to-hand combat and then she's like your moves are clumsy and yet who taught you this grip? A monk? An assassin? A butler? And then he's like, no, it was you. I would die before I'd take someone like that. And he's like, you did. And then it's just, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. And I'm telling you, if this is a special grip, Diana, that only you know or the freaking then it Amazons, has to be why you. would you yeah, ask well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. a butler, a monk, any of this yeah, goddamn shit? Yeah, a, a butler, a monk. And, and anyway, what does it matter? He's not from this earth. So if it was... You from another Earth. If it was another Amazon from whatever, you know this is a guy who came from another fucking multiverse. What? What is that a big deal? Now I do like this little part here that uh, where he spells out that listen, your Batman has a penny. I ended up making the golden drachma I of going to the, the river sticks. man at the river sticks yeah. to collect the coins of every dead Amazon that I killed seeking passage to the afterlife. I melted the coins to, and be reformed into the freaking golden drachma. Yeah. And he gongs the motherfucker. Yeah. And all the spirits of the Amazons come out to fight Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Uh, I wish that he didn't gong it. And then I would have thought it was really cool. I wish that he would have been like, yeah, that's how I destroyed how else every bit. How supposed to freaking command the dead? You need a gong, Jim. Yeah, the problem is I guess the dead came from the dark multiverse, Eric. It just throws me off that these dead What is this warhammer he's carrying out of nowhere? I don't know. It, it, these dead shouldn't be there. It doesn't make any sense to me. I guess they are, their spirits were, you know, in the They're goddamn in the gong, drachma. I guess, in the, the drachma. It doesn't too- make sense. We had this entire bat. This is one thing I actually forgot to bring up yet. Um, we have this freak, all these different bat caves, but the one that yeah. we have, the merciless, then we have all these stuff from the armory that he's collected and all the stuff yeah. that he's done. All when did he have time to pass? This is the problem. This is where I have the, the problem. I was going to say, like, you have the idea that these, you know, these Amazonian zombies, because they couldn't cross over, uh, they're there. They shouldn't be. Well, yeah, how does this shit come? Like, I guess that we didn't like see... Everything that we have in these It's the dark multiverse dark U-Hauls, game. Eric. Exactly. You know? well, how do they have all this shit with them? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, my kids, when they were younger, they really enjoyed, like, you'd go by a U-Haul, and I thought it was a pretty cool idea that U-Haul did, where oh. they'd have the states... On the U-Haul, like yeah, at yeah. point you'd see the U-Haul. Oh my God, that one was from Utah. You, you never saw the Dark Multiverse one. It, no, it's I, there. I think it might have been Hunks hauling Earth junk. Negative uh, Twelve. You, you never saw Earth Negative Twelve on the side of that U-Haul because it, it definitely loaded up all these people, including the spirits of the Amazons. No, Jim, yeah. it's Hunks from the Dark Multiverse hauling junk. <laughs> I, I would, I would hire them. The Hunks from the Dark Multiverse hauling junk. Yeah, it's just them we go through a quick deal where you continue the whole thing with cyborg saying you know oh my god like the is, teams have a problem dark multiverse and has that's tomb still open and they can just go back and forth i don't i guess i don't did, they keep they going take, in and out take a shortcut from the we thought, well th- basically <laughs> it's it's a thin membrane there we, yeah, we thought that these these earths were supposed to die but in fact they're just bringing shit through i don't, I don't know and i don't know and, and just a, a little nerdy thing as well is that What's going on here uh, is nothing like a football team. No. <laughs> they are all uh, on their own. 
There's no way, like, huh, now I got to rely on the one thing. No, this is not a team sport. Cyborg just, he doesn't know much else. He could have tied in monitor duty. He's sick of that. His only other thing Oh, my God. I actually, I'm I'm so glad you brought up monitor duty because fucking him, he's talking about his fucking legs, his hands when he's a football player. He couldn't be stopped, Jim. But the thing is, they didn't realize is he was also his mind because after every game, he would sit there and watch the films of the fucking table. He watched film. He was good in the film room. Yep, he was on monitor duty even then. That's all he could do. Yeah, he's like, they couldn't stop me because I was on monitor duty. The only decent thing about this issue is how laughable it is. It is so bad. And that's, he's like, listen, when your team is scattered, all like this. What's your team scattered? It's a a football game. He's trying to make it a football team. It's like, oh, my God, I I really think we could score a touchdown. The problem is Tom Brady is passed out over there on the 30. He's on the 30-yard line, guys. Let's go. Cyborg is still talking to them through these freaking comps somehow. Just like, defense, defense. <laughs> it's so nonsense. He's like, okay, guys, you know, we're, we're on the goal line defense. Wait a minute. Where's our center? Oh, you didn't hear? He, he's in New York. Oh, my God. We're scattered. We're scattered all over the playing field, just like in a football game when everybody gets scattered all over the playing field. On the frozen field. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, Cyborg or Robert Van Diddy. Please don't don't make this into a football team. And that's Just that's throw him the now, ball it's down, Jim. Yeah, really, that's what you got. But yeah, he's like, you know what? When all of your team is scattered all over the playing field, that's when you go with guts. Eric, you go oh. with guts. Yeah, that's when I you do you the goddamn. It's the fumble rooski. The, the, the fucking Statue of Liberty comes out because then he's like, you know, the one player who's too damn stubborn to quit. Now, that makes sense to me because if they're scattered all over the field, some bad shit is going on. Some idiot is still playing, Eric. He's still, he doesn't know the rules, is what Hal Jordan, because he's talking about Hal Jordan, who's trying to use the oath and, and trying to deal with that. And the Dawnbreaker ends up breaking in. And, you know, in the middle of the oath and saying, your oath is worthless down here in my cave. Oh, really? Why is that? Uh, he's like, uh, this is where is, Cyborg continues. But Green Lantern needs my help. They all do. Only problem is I can't help my team because the Dark Knights have a secret weapon to use against them. And no, it's not his lack of knowledge about how a football team and oh. a football game goes. It is him. And you see that at the end there, you see that the Batman who laughs is controlling him. And it seems to be like it's all a setup and all of these things. Honestly, here. I don't even know what's going on. I don't They're know. kind of rebuilding him with dark yeah. matter. I, I don't, don't know. know. But there you have it. Well, if you remember, that was a big call out that there was some nth metal and stuff. Oh, and I some know. But I'm, I'm looking at this last pet. It looks like I you're trying to reach. I don't know. I, at this point, garbage. please just let me go out the exit. Yeah, that's what I was saying there. I'm like, God damn it, this means nothing. And it just, it even the, the worst is a tie-in that means nothing. That that might be kind of the worst. The worst is a tie-in that means nothing that actually ruins some good stuff that you had before. Yeah. And that's what this one does to me. Uh, but yeah, it says next, follow the story to Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 32, beware his power. And if I was not reviewing and doing this podcast, I would not be following shit. I, I, my, my journey would have ended here. Unfortunately, I have to go on and do it. Eric, what would you give it? Fuck you five. Fuck you five, you say. I'm not going to tell you. People would say, like, how can you get a fuck you five? William Sharp's out on him. I'm like... I yeah, you didn't William like it Sharp as much. Sharp. I don't even think it's that great in this issue. The yeah. best part of the issue that William Sharp drew was Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you hit Wonder Woman, that's when you're like, 
Fuck yeah. He he does that one run. I actually, because of Liam Sharp's art, and I do like it, uh, I, the ending, that last page is a little confusing. I think that might have skewed you a little. I didn't like his Hal Jordan, but I gave it a 5.5. I, I With Liam Sharp on art, I can't give it a fuck you 5, though. I probably should have went a 4.9, uh, oh, only because I just, I'm telling you, this is nonsense. The best part about this issue is the things that you can laugh at it about. And really, we, we were talking about at the beginning where you said, you know, when did you think of the days that you were going to pine for the Gotham resistance? I'll go a little further. When would we pine for the days of goddamn Brian Hitch? I know. I mean, now, honestly, you know, lately, the legacy story like that didn't come together in the end. No, it Hope didn't, but I'd still take show. it. I'd take it more than this. And this yeah. is just out of nowhere. This bullshit, but yeah, I, I I didn't like it, and I see. I'm looking at the reviews because I have to admit I forgot what I gave it, Eric, and I had to run over to the comic book roundup. Yeah, there, there's a 10. Somebody gave it a sir. 10. Of course. Of course, you're right. Why, why does that shock me every Should time? <sighs> Come on, guys. Come on. Let's get together here. But yeah, we're going to go off now to mail section number three. It is the best podcast a week, even the gym. And this one starts out with Pete from NYC. And he says, Ooh. what's up, Jimmy, Eric Spray, and the Fresh Cup poop, poop, poop. poop, poop. DC is killing me. Across the board, Rebirth is stalling. For me, as the Trinity goes, so does my interest in comics. Batman is borderline unreadable. I haven't read the latest, borderline, but frankly, yeah. I'm not interested. I want Batman to be brooding, kicking ass, and smart. Instead, we are getting a pussy whip jive time turkey who is holding Selena's purse that likely has his balls in it. Hell Detective yeah. Comics. Jive time turkey. Detective Comics is a dud. I would say that in it's my, my mind, bad book Detective right – no, mine's White Knight by far, so bite your tongue. Uh, Detective Comics, in, your, in continuity, I would say Detective Comics. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Detective – you mean JLA? That's not – you know that this coming up next week, uh, Batman leaves the team. Eric, he's off of JLA, so what little thing that we would like to have on that is gone. But we'll, the thing we'll get is, to that he doesn't later. do anything. In this. I know he, he doesn't. doesn't. That's no the way. problem. But that's what I've been wanting. I've been wanting him to step it up a little bit. Detective Comics is just very uneven to me. Uh, sometimes it's really good, but then others it's just you know nothing. Maybe it's uh, me, but I want Batman and the family. You know, being detectives. Nightwing nice. this week. It's in the fucking title for Christ's sake. Tim's death should have been huge, but there was never any mystery at all. I remember a guy who was saying that from the why bother figuring it out what the reader has known all along another opportunity missed because of shitty writing and i'll say pete i think that you would agree with me also nervous editorial they really seem to not want to have tim have be dead for p and i it really threw me off action comics sucks too <laughs> this whole jarell bit is a steaming turd 
It's such a poorly conceived plot that it's infuriating. I've completely given up on Wonder Woman. I love Rucka's run, especially the first half of it. I don't know what's going on now. Is anybody at DC watching the the shop? Uh, yeah, I, I liked, uh, I just liked the, uh, what's it, the year one story that, that I was reading. The God Watch? Yeah, no, no, well, yeah. I like God God Watch. How are these last few arcs acceptable? By the way, who are these assholes reviewers, uh, who are these asshole reviewers giving all these books tens? Fuck them fucking hacks. I told, I said, I am having a, a symposium where I'm going to get them all together and, and try to tell them that if every book is perfect, no book is perfect, Aaron. That's right. That's, I, I don't go by your deal that you'll never give a 10, but you can't give everyone a 10. I will not name names. Uh, I almost said your name then. It would have been seen like I was. <laughs> I'm not going to name names with those. Some guy out there the last couple of weeks, I see that he gave a book that I'm telling you is complete and utter garbage, a 10. And so I'm like, you know, and and me and you are, we do this podcast. We're DC comic fans. I don't want anybody to think we're miserable for miserable's sake. But we are also, and especially me and you as well, we're also reviewer fans. I mean, we have, you, you sit there and if you're listening and you have a, you know, you're on a site, you review comics, uh, you're on the comic book roundup. There is probably a 99.9% chance that me and Eric know you by name. Yep. And we talk about you and yep. whether that's good or bad. I'm not saying this is all like we're like, oh, we're the best. And no, it's not that. We just we talk about reviews. Well, we talk about reviews. I'll read you a blurb. There are points, too. I will tell people again. I, I would hope that some other people have sites and things. I know some of the Get Fresh Crew have sites mm-hmm. uh, and, and do things like that. Um, I could read a blurb to Eric, and there's a good chance that he will know the person in the site it's from. And we yeah. do this, and really on Wednesday, we spend a for lot all... of time reading other people's reviews. Yes, and this is where we started our, you know, this show and our site because we were a fan of comics, but we're also a fan of reviewers. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, some guys out there, I'm, it's not trash talking. Uh, we actually, you know, oh man, did you see what this guy gave this? And oh, great. And but I saw this one guy. Now trash talk after I uh, say no trash, trash talk. Right. No, I see this. I'm like a ten. I'm like, hey Eric, I see you gave it this score. You know, might be uh, you know way under oh, it's uh, a five. Cyborg. All right. Yes. Well, it was part of that. But yeah. Now now see, I don't want to throw the crumbs so people oh, can cool. find these people. But uh, I look and I'm like. You know, you're giving these things a 10, and, and it might also be a guy who might be JLA as well, Eric. And I'm like, okay. So then you look, and I want to say, okay, that's cool. These people love this comic. Everybody can love a comic. That's fine. But then when I go and look at your reviews, and for the past fucking 50 reviews, you've given 48 tens, and now I, I'm not going to look at your reviews anymore. No. That's I, nonsense. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to laugh it's when nonsense. I look at them, but I'm still going to look at them. I'm telling you, that's like Eric Shea mailing it in. Nonsense, right. Eric. And that's why I enjoy how we do our reviews. We actually go by a gut feeling. Uh, at the end of the, the end of the day, Eric, I'll say it. Right. Uh, it's more of a gut feeling and how we felt afterwards. And yeah, I can't say that some of these are making me feel great. And they really aren't. Uh, and so there it is, Eric. That was a PSA right. on reviewing. DC stuff. I don't know. I'm telling I am I am really struggling. DC seems to be putting on uh, all their eggs in the doomsday clock basket. The more they tread water now, the greater the expectations become for Johns to bail them out and tie it all together. It's funny because that kind of goes hand in hand of what we used to say about Jeff Johns. That he'd sit there and they're like, hey, hey, Jeff, you want to do Batman? No, I want to do Vibe. 
and then when he does vibe, Aquaman. he he can only go up. You're never gonna have. Oh man, he ruined vibe. He only looked like a king, and no, that's no, he what he looked like a king too because he brought vibe back and like yeah. reintroduced the character and, then and left. made him cool, and then bailed immediately yeah. and brought and somebody bailed. else on. It was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sterling, Sterling Gates, I believe. Yeah, yes. Sterling Gates, which we really liked. I miss Sterling Gates. Uh, but yeah, I I do see him, and he's like, they're like, okay, Jeff, you know what? Doomsday Clock's coming down the line. Uh, we're gonna have all these books. We're gonna have them do their own thing and whatever. He's like, no, no, no. Everything stalls now. So like like uh, Pete is saying, by the time Doomsday Clock, everybody's going to be like, this is what we've been waiting for. Kind of how metal was, too. So. Yeah. And the worst part of all, DC has broken the continuity kid. Have they made him hang up his spurs and crotchless chaps? Say it ain't so. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is hearing Stray lose his shit over some obscure, meaningless piece of continuity. Now he's obscure buying into all, all types of nonsense. He's a beaten man. I think we have something tonight that we got upset about, so you'll be able to hear it. But I, I think it has beaten you down a bit. It has. Uh, I think that the problem is is that it is the New 52 deal, and once Rebirth started, the continuity continued, but we're just kind of going The continuity continued, then Reborn came out and just said, all right, yeah. the continuity's changed, but we're not going to tell maybe. you where. So yeah, maybe. Fucking, you know, you got to figure that. it out for yourself. And every fucking one shot of metal we have goes against everything else we've learned yeah. in the metal event, so how am I supposed to cope? See? Wait, I haven't heard anger like that from you in a while. Yeah. Look at what Pete did. You're turning into me, <laughs> getting mad at that fucking nothing. <laughs> Look, I'm no fancy comic book critic. I don't think about pacing, progression, etc. All I want are stories that are interesting, engaging, and enjoyable. That's why I love etc. He doesn't stand for etc. <laughs> I want to lock myself in the bathroom, hide from my family, and have a good time with some books and myself. That's Ooh. what I usually do. I throw the books out. We're talking about me immediately. Exactly. Keep killing it. I'm Audi 5000. Pete from NYC. Yeah, I, I want all these books to be great. That only would help It'll us. Work. You know, you get everybody on, and then they listen to the podcast. I, I just and know. I'd enjoy talking about the books in the podcast. We enjoy awesome. it. Brandon will be upset because we'll have nothing to complain about. He likes hearing us lose our mind. That's JLA usually. That's his favorite. Luke Holly, what's next? There, the Hollywood Kid is here from Leak Slip. Leak Slip. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh Coop? I really Hello, enjoyed man. recording my rant and rave and putting Eric on blast earlier this week, but I couldn't oh, let my did. typing hands go rusty. So here's a Hollywood mail for you guys. With the Stellar White Knight number two out this week and another solid issue from Nightwing New Order last week, I'm really coming around to the idea of Elseworld stories. Me and you both, I, I, this has completely changed my outlook on them, and I wasn't really that as negative as you. You're not a big fan. I'm a huge fan of continuity and dealing with what yeah. we're going forward, so when you throw these other books out there that can just do anything, and like, I just have to go with it. I don't know. For some reason, I like the homework involved with like, you know, seeing everything that plays out. Like if yeah. you give me a little nugget of something like, you know, five months ago that comes back later on, I get so happy. But yeah. I don't get that happiness with Elseworlds. But ever since we've been dealing with the nonsense lately, I'm right there with That's you. That's what I think with it. I appreciate uh, a fucking Elseworlds because I can just sit back and enjoy myself. Would it surprise and upset you that it's been announced by the writer? We're going to be talking about this tonight. That Black Lightning is out of continuity. No, no, actually, I did not expect it. I when I was okay. reading Black Lightning, you're going earlier, like a bane with it, right? I kind of. I think that's is, how I, I was. I was trying to actually put it in continuity with what we had in the yeah. DC Comics Presents back at the beginning of the New Fifty Two. With it was Black Lightning and Blue Devil, 
And there were elements in this that I could see it tying in, but I wasn't yeah. forcing the issue. Okay. In the past, I've dismissed these stories as being inconsequential to the main continuity exactly. of the book. Or maybe the premise of the Elseworlds title didn't really grab me. Well, not anymore. For me, I think White Knight and New Order excel because they are satisfying and fulfilling in a way that not the main Batman and Nightwing titles have been disappointing me recently. And I'm also a sucker for stories set in the future like New Order, where we see the characters actually age and undergo significant growth, as sometimes it feels like the characters... Characters are in a constant state of stasis, static, even if the world around them isn't. I, I think that my problem sometimes with the Elseworld stuff uh, that isn't really as much in the like Earth One stuff is that usually these always have to have this wow idea. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, what if Superman Everybody crashed in the ideas, you know in yeah. Russia? And, but I'm, I'm you know what I mean. It always I has do. to be like this. You got to like, have a gimmick going forward. It's always a gimmick, and and sometimes it does get a little old. And and you do have the gimmicks in these that right. he's talking about. What if about. the Joker was sane and was the hero of the yeah. story? Yeah. yeah. Oh, or what if Superman went bad and killed the Joker? I mean, these Ooh. all happen. That's one of Injustice is one of my favorite stories, but you always have to have that gimmick. I think I would really... I think I would really dig that Kingdom Come Elseworlds book for the same reason. I'm also a big fan yeah. of Mark Wade, especially his Flash run. The White Knight is also interesting and it's a unique but plausible take on the Joker and kick-ass art. That's almost worth the price of admission just by itself. Almost. That's from Reviewer 101. Between <laughs> those two books and other new minis like Ragman and Black Lightning, DC's miniseries game has been on point lately. Now, I know he says miniseries, but he's throwing a shade at that bane, Eric. Oh, poor bane. That's a messy series. Maybe I not. know. That's why I said it. he said mini, but, uh, well, here, what do you call an eight issue? Uh, because I that's call it a miniseries. You call that a midi series? A miniseries. Bravo. Bravo, my friend. I suppose you could also give an honorable mention to Mr. Miracle as a 12-issue limited series, but I'll wait and see how that all wraps up before I start laying down the praise. It just goes to show that if you're not digging what some of the main titles are doing, uh, these are, and uh, I have to point out, Luke, that is not an Elseworlds story, but it, nope. it is a maxi series. It's funny that you didn't even go with that. You went to Bane. Elseworlds and regular and minis are another valid option. I try option. not to think about Mr. Miracle as much as We have it next week. Yeah. I know. I read it already. And the six-issue limit means it's not going to bust your wallet to invest in a new series. After all, we all know monies is monies. Monies hey, is monies. Even if none of those books float your boat either, there's always the back issues, Eric, and earlier runs of the 90s, like my boy Kyle Rayner. <laughs> and everybody likes Kyle Rayner, right? Sure does. Hey, you, you should. Everybody should like Kyle Rayner. He is like a Dick Grayson, like a Nightwing type deal. I, I said that before. Uh, him, Wally West, and you know Nightwing, those guys are all... Uh, guys, you have to like, I think. Not a Your Tim boy. Drake? No, no. Tim Drake in the New 52 just spoiled him, but I, I don't put him in that really in good day, guys. In the 90s. Yeah, but he wasn't he was a really right good guy. He was a smart was. guy. He was just a smart guy to me. You know, smart guy. Your boy on Leak Slip, the Hollywood kid, XOXOXO, and that is the end of Mail Six wow. number three, and we're going to go off and talk some books. Who is the guy whose songs all seem so long? Who's the guy who can carry a tune? Who is the guy who's butchering good songs? Everyone knows it's Reggie. And Reggie's voice is so low. And Reggie sings so damn slow. And he sings in monotone. 
Now it is time for Reggie. Indeed. It is time Very for good. Reggie. Have you embraced that song yet? No. <laughs> three three times, though. That's good. See, you know that uh, they, they thought he had the man with fear. He's the man with no fear, just like that Daredevil. That is Daredevil? true. That yeah. is true. I, I might even have a site based on And you're a lawyer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, lawyer indeed. I, I'm Judge Jim uh, to some, but we are here with Reggie, and we are here to talk about two crazy books because these uh, – luckily you have these books this week because you didn't have anything else, obviously. Nope. Uh, honestly, I was, after reading these, I was thinking, thank God these are Reggie books. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and we are talking about Dead Man and Black Lightning, which both start up this week, and we did have a thing that we weren't uh, – Nobody was aware of who was doing Black Lightning. Well, so I, was, we were, I assumed and, that I was going to do it because I did one Black Lightning, but I had a shit ton of books this week, and yeah. Reggie thankfully took it off my hands. Yes, he I was did. Do it. I, I, was, I wanted to. I was going to read it anyway, and I was interested in uh, yeah. giving it a little review magic. Yeah. I think I came in maybe a little kinder than uh, you oh, guys might have. Believe me, I, I think you you I did. A, I have a feeling. Yes, I, I have that feeling as well. Uh yeah, it's these. It was weird though because I expected. I, what other book was supposed to come out this week that didn't? Was it Harley or Harley like, was supposed to come out this week? I, it was yeah. weird. Like out of nowhere, you didn't have any other book, and that was just that, that's well, nonsense. And then as usual, next week I have like five. So yeah, no, I saw. And actually, uh, for people, this I think this week we're gonna have more of a on the uh, lower level of uh, amount of time the podcast will be. The running time will be a little lower than <laughs> usual. I don't know what I'm saying, but next week. <laughs> Next week, I think we have like eight more books than we had this week. Yeah. So it's going to be – I have six myself, and I think Eric has five, and you have, I like have five, five or six. six. Yeah, know, It's crazy. Like it's crazy, but we'll get right to this because, yeah, I think that a lot of people are going to go into these books that we're going to talk about wanting to have their first experience with these characters because As we haven't should. seen much of them. Yeah, sure. and uh, that's, the, uh, that's the biggest problem I have with both of these, but we'll start with what, Reggie? Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number one, written by Tony Isabella, art by Clayton Henry and Peter Pantazis. I remember every little thing as if it were only yesterday. Midterms in my briefcase, gonna grade papers all night. And then I heard some crime in progress coming on the radio. And I knew that my students would all be getting bees tonight. My costume looks so good and it fits so tight. I look so good when I get in a fight. My face glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. Glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. Well, come on. Hold on tight. Come on. Hold on tight. Well, it's cold and lonely in the Cleveland night. I can see paradise by my flash of lightning. <laughs> ah, yes. Awesome meatloaf. Now Very I'm hungry. Nice. Now I am hungry. Ray, <laughs> Ray, are you a fan of meatloaf, Reggie? I am a fan of meatloaf, both the singer. Both. <laughs> both the singer and the, the meal? And yes. the loaf, yes. When I'm you have the loaf, do well. you prefer a... Uh, a almost like a ketchup on top or a brown gravy because I think well, you're a brown you, gravy fan. When I was when I was raised as a lad, uh, we never I would put ketchup on the meatloaf, after but that was well. never how it was cooked. It never was on there. But now since my wife has been making meatloaf, we have meatloaf as my special 
Every New Year's, she says, what do you want for dinner? We have a special whatever New Year's okay, thing. Okay, that's cool. It's a special I, Reggie day. Yeah. And I choose, I choose fucking the meatloaf. I love it nice. so much. It's so good. It really I, is. I do like meatloaf. We we actually, the what you have on New Year's, we actually would have growing up. We'd have on uh, uh, Christmas Eve. We'd all get to pick. And my, my brother would pick fondue, and it would it would infuriate me. Because Your brother fond- fondue. I didn't think I knew what fondue was until the late 90s. Fondue's nonsense. And, and why, what why also got me upset. That is your special meal? I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. The other thing that got me mad is because of him wanting that, like at one point they actually had to get him the fondue, you know, the pot, the thing. And, and that to me was bullshit because I didn't get anything extra because I wanted a cheesesteak. That's all I wanted. I, I actually switched it up each year. But I usually go with. Did you get the Jewish Foreman cheesesteak maker? No, no, no. I, I, I I would have made them get that big can of cheese whiz that they have. Yeah, that would be good. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah. I just and because in my house, uh, New Year's is pretty much dominated by pork and sauerkraut. That that was all. That is traditional Germanic. Yes, you cannot change that up in my house. So that's why on on Christmas Eve we'd get to pick our own thing, fondue. It's nonsense. It's, and weird. every year Very he burned himself on the goddamn fondue. It was a pain in the ass. But we're going to jump into this book. And I was I very really excited I think it's worth it. it right there, just the fact that he burned himself every yeah. goddamn time. No, that, that is kind it. of funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, Black Lightning is a character that I it, – it's a weird character for me. I really enjoy him, but I have hardly any inter- – you know, I haven't had much uh, with actually, him. Actually, it's funny when, Jim, you were talking about it with me and you were like, huh. Black lightning is black. <laughs> it never, it never occurred to me. No, yeah, who would have thought? Like, I never thought. I thought they meant he was just very dark. No, that really. My uh, main interaction with him is the outsiders, and that right. you know, and that was he's, pretty he's much it. Fifty-two for like five. Yeah, seconds. but I didn't read those. I didn't yeah. read that you know DC presents or whatever it was with yeah, him and. Uh, first year, I think. Or yeah, I, I didn't read. I think those. he showed up as one of those characters when they were doing open tryouts for the Justice League at one yeah. point before uh, what was it before Forever Evil happened? No, is that no? It was before Forever Evil because fucking Firestorm was on the team when that happened yeah. already. Yeah, yeah I. My whole deal was pretty much my main intro to him was probably Convergence. And then I went back to read the older Batman and the Outsiders run that you loved, Reggie. And then I, I did like him there. Uh, but yeah, here he is. But And it's the original. It's the creator who's doing this. So I expected it to be something a little more, you know, give us more of the character. This is just kind of a cold open, this whole issue. Let, let's me. reboot the character and not tell anybody anything about yeah, it. Yeah, just seemed weird. That's my biggest problem. I, is I like, thought it was pretty explanatory. I felt like, you know, if you had a history... You. If Fuck, you come, I didn't you even think in? the weathermen were self-explanatory. You fucking, I see these blasts of light. They're called the weathermen, of course. Of course. And all I could think of uh, is the weather girls when I – and it's raining men. That's I, I'm, it's uh, This I, issue's okay. To me, it was very – I don't know, kind of generic through the whole deal, and I, I wanted more. I would more. agree with that more. Uh, it, really, it really is sort of a flat issue, and quite frankly yeah. – Tony Isabella for his great creating acumen was never a really dynamic writer to me. Maybe that'll okay. change here, but I I think you can. Oh, what's good about this comic is you can look at the first page and find out whether you want anything to do with this. Yeah. If you look yeah. at the first page, which is six panels of different hands holding cell phones as sort of a news. <laughs> so bulletin the answer happens. is nobody wants anything to do with yeah, it. So, so Eric's see, out is what you're see, saying. Now I looked at that though, and I, I thought it was pretty clever. It's sort of like panels within panels. Yeah, it and is. It's, a, it's a pretty decent way to tell you that, you know, what essentially what's going on. However, 
I definitely could see how a certain uh, segment of the population. We, let's, I'm just going to throw a thing out there, just uh, out there. The I don't know where this is going. But... Uh, if they're going to see that, it's going to infuriate them. You're never going to get back on the trolley. You're done. I'm just wondering why this wasn't a CatCo app that everybody was watching it on. Oh, everybody uses that cat. They have Not their own you know, special news. That's the way it is in these yeah. nowadays. You make your own news bubble, right? You Cleveland witness TV news. 65, you witness news. Breaking you witness news. news. But yeah, tell us about it, Reggie. Let's get into it. Yeah, so there's like these uh, terrorists with stupid looking masks uh, shooting alien guns around yeah, Cleveland. The, which apparently are thunder guns, ice guns, lightning guns, you know, because they're the weathermen, Reggie. They're the weathermen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, and we find out a little bit more about that, but uh, Black Lightning hops into action right away, and he's uh, showing them how he's got a whole bunch of new powers that he didn't used to have, as far as I remember, including being able to fly by like using yeah. magnetism. Yeah, and which you uh, learned from Cyborg, right? Essentially, yep. a whole host of magnetic powers, which again, I don't remember, I don't remember that. I, but you know, to, I would be far from a Black Lightning expert. I'm going to tell oh, you. Oh yeah, that. I'm telling you, it's been so long since anybody's really seen Black Lightning or done anything new with the characters. Like you have, you can pretty much. This is Tony Isabella's reboot of the character, so he can do whatever he wants because this is not in continuity. For no, he yeah, and I, he I even said tried to make continuity. it be where uh, you know, we had the Tobias Whale with Blue Devil and Black Lightning in that freaking um. DC Comics Presents, we had that there. So when you see Tobias Whale in this, he says, oh, my nephew tried to take the name. I'm like, okay, I can kind of try to make this connection. Yeah, now yeah. Black Lightning has left Blue Devil. He's back in Cleveland. So it kind of works out. But Tony, freaking out. Uh, listen, Tony Isabella, he's like, no, no, no. Stop, stop stretching that far. This is all new. It doesn't matter, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, like, he God said that it's, yeah, he said that this is out of continuity, this deal. So that, that's fine, though. Um, out of out of Black Lightning continuity. Yeah, right? yeah, and it just this it's is in just current a, continuity, right? I don't know. He don't seems know. to say that oh, it isn't. He seems whatever. to say this is just read these six issues as a, a fun little Black Lightning deal and go with it. But I'm telling we'll you, see. See, this apparently Black Lightning's been hanging out in the Justice League nonstop. Yeah, he he yeah, is hanging out. Yeah, yeah, but go keep going because I so, I, uh, I read it and it's just it, to me. Have you been reading the Bane miniseries or Maxi series? No, Reggie? I dropped that after. A it, this seems it really goes with that with how the story goes, where you get an issue and you know you can have a little bit of fun, but at the end you're just kind of left like eh, whatever. But go on. I, I mean, I felt like it was a pretty rote kind of pilot episode. So you know, after he yeah. dispenses with those two weathermen, you see him now. He's dressing up and he's talking about how. Uh, he has to get it relaxed at a game before school starts because they're finding out that he's a teacher. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's talking to his dad's picture. So we know his dad is uh, passed on. Uh, then we, we, we learn about more of this later. I, but... I'm telling you, this, this whole day of freaking Jefferson, I just don't understand. It seems like he was at his father's funeral. Oh, man, that was the pits. I'm going to go to a game. You know, like who goes to a goddamn sporting event right after the father's yeah. funeral? Anybody you know, in Cleveland. Is, that's how it is in Cleveland. Yeah, hey, yeah. Really? there's not much there's else not, to there's do. There's not a lot, not a lot going. Ask Andy. Hey, hey, Andy will tell you. There's not much going on. You, you come home from the funeral, you go to a game. You go see the yeah. Indians. The, yeah, the, it's, the fight for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is around the block. You just go see you know, see a game. They have no other option, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this thing, I know Jim liked the guy, the, uh, the big thug that's kind of orchestrating this whole thing behind the scenes who uh, murdered his nephew and then his yeah. sister. Tobias Mark. Whale? Tobias. That was Tobias Whale. So that was uh, that was they threw a boat in her face. We like that. <laughs> it was um, so that, ridiculous. That was just to show you just that, that he he's badass. Cold motherfucker. He's a bad bad dude. He folks. threw that. Not with he him. threw that freaking boat p bottle right in her face. 
An old lady, yeah. too. All he had to do was, you know, scare her. She probably Look, she might died. be an old lady. She's still a sister. And siblings hey, have rivalry. I guess. Actually, he said, act your age, and she died. That's oh, what God. happened. I go, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so, then you go. Uh, he goes to a gala event, Jefferson Pierce, but then he finds out that there's uh, the weathermen are taking back at the casino in force, so he's got to go dress up as Black Lightning again. Yeah, he this, puts this on his outfit. He's putting on his outfit outside, looking very hunky. Uh, but then talking about that if he wore it under his clothing, he would stick to high heaven. So does that yeah. mean that all the other heroes oh, stink to high heaven? We just saw Nightwing. Yeah, we just saw Nightwing this week do it. He probably stinks like hell. He, he I mean, probably has pits like Eric. Eric has a problem with his pits. It's I just problem. imagine, have you ever worn Under Armour? Just imagine how bad you smell from freaking just wearing that for an afternoon and yeah, not having yeah. it on all the time. I guess it's something I didn't want to believe, but now... Uh yeah, everyone just smells like straight up ass and dick all the time. All yep. the time, but thankfully the they're saving our lives and can get away well, with it. And and <laughs> the thing about this scene is, as he's doing this, you have that Tommy Calavito, uh, the woman that he that knows that he is Black yeah, Lightning. Just out of nowhere. Oh, and it, that's the problem. Here. This it's is my problem know. with this. You can kind of get the idea. I just would have liked a little more explanation. Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Black Lightning changing, and she's there. That's and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Issue. This feels like an issue number two where we're, yeah, thrown, we're thrown into a day of the life of Black Lightning, introduced to these characters, and act like we're supposed to know them already. And if you don't, okay, I guess we're just along well, for the line. And, and I hope I remember your name by I'm the end. I'm telling you, this is the, there's one line that I thought really, really uh, showed you that – they, he's really going with everybody knows Black Lightning because there's the, the one guy. I guess he's like the sergeant or the right. lieutenant. And he's like, look at these guys with a gold medalist and my daughter, Cleveland's finest detective in the house. I don't know that anybody will realize that he means Black Lightning <laughs> and, and the, because they don't even – I looked no. at the beginning. It's like you know, you have that little bit where in the credits page that explains the character. I actually thought, OK, let me go back to that because I, I thought – I didn't remember them really – spelling out you know the gold medalist deal uh and it doesn't so again that's something very minor it is the character but not everybody knows that so to oh. just throw that while they're just standing there and saying like look at me with the gold medalist and my daughter the best detective i'm like i don't know anything of what you're you talking know, about i, I don't even know what you saying. are you know even if we're looking at those two panels even if the two panels at the bottom of the page had been transposed so that he was yeah. saying that in the one with just the three of them yeah it would have been clearer that way yeah. but uh i didn't have to, i didn't have trouble with it personally but, yeah. like, I well, you, but you know from. enough about the character I i'm i'm saying and i knew that too but I, people who don't know anything about this character is going to they're going to jump into this and there are points in this where I thought, okay, this is actually pretty decent to grab some new fans. To, you know, there it's almost like it's just out of reach. To Isabella almost had it, but it just seems to have the problem where because he created the character, he knows this stuff. So it yeah. kind of goes. I, I'm telling you, not that this this might sound pretentious, but it, if we're talking about something, and me and Eric see a character, and we're like, oh man, we always talk about this character from the New Fifty Two. Sometimes we gloss over it, not realizing that everybody doesn't know it. I think that's what happens with him. He knows this character. You know, he created him. So he's just going forward thinking, okay, these minor details are known by everyone. Everybody knows that Black Lightning's a gold medalist. Everybody right. knows that he is friends with this detective. And and nobody, people don't. So it, it is the weird. Whole thing is, it's, it's such a weird idea, too, where we have, you know, Black Lightning returning to his hometown town of Cleveland. I remember like, what happened to Metropolis? I really liked Black Lightning operating yeah. out of Metropolis. 
He's so back he home. Lead, uh, new 52. This, yeah, is yeah. Where, this is where he originated, man, in uh, Isabella's hometown, baby. Yeah, yeah, Isabella. Uh, but yeah, they're going. Keep going. You do make a good point. I think that, uh, um, I don't know what the hell I was going to go with that, but uh, you, you do make some sense. <laughs> yeah, you're just telling I, you know, me I, that I make a good point. I agree. Oh, you know what it is? I, I agree, agree with you. Man. You know, whenever you, whenever you pick up a reboot or whatever, or a new number one, you always have to kind of dance that fine line. Like, you're never going to make a Superman comic where he has to fucking explain everything although they yeah have yeah yeah before. but you know you don't need him to come out and explain every little stupid thing about his relationship to lois you just kind of know what it is i'm yeah. just saying though black value. lightning's not quite yeah superman, that's not though. superman right, and right. lois that's my problem you haven't, you haven't seen a you know whatever back to cleveland yeah. black lightning series since the 80s if, if that early i think maybe the 70s uh yeah. so you make you make some points how black lightning in cleveland ever yeah, I didn't well, have that much trouble. Well, that was before you were born when you were a little that tiny. Was, that was before you were born. But, yeah, then we get the idea that the uh, the police are not so hip. On Black Lightning, he's been gone for a while as well, and, and they're talking about, you know, they, they make reference to that, but they don't want superheroes, and they go with the whole deal, which is kind of a cliche, especially right. recently, of the, hey, you know, when the superheroes show up, that's when the real trouble starts, and this is ridiculous. And it's not like, they, you know, Nightwing going to Bloodhaven as yeah, well. Yeah, it's exactly like that, and actually, this does feel a lot like tim seeley's night yeah it really does going to blood and stuff like that yeah. so yeah uh and I, i'm complaining about this i don't hate this issue i i really don't and uh but we go as we go and keep keep going reggie so he eventually goes you know confronts these weathermen that he had been sent down to uh he had gotten dressed to go meet them takes care of them off panel we don't even really see that happen yeah but then uh he, he has to throw a lightning bomb at one of them, and he, he takes them out. They're all looking good, but then this nefarious Tobias Whale. Because uh, oh, he just upgraded their tech so they could go out and actually take out Black Lightning, yeah, and yeah, it turns out that he out. has ulterior motives behind sending the Weathermen back out to finish the job. Yeah. Just zap them on the site and make it look like potentially yeah. that Black Lightning killed all of them. Now everyone hates Black Lightning. He's yeah, a man on seems, the run. Yeah. He's that seems got to be the setup, is cold, to make Black Lightning you know, the enemy. Yes, he does have cold, dead hands. Uh, but yeah, even at the point you it have... It wraps around now. Yes, it does. And yeah, at the one point, uh, you even have Black Lightning save some of the police. They kind of, you know, use their tech against them. And then, yeah, the uh, Tobias ends up doing this where these kind of shock bombs go. And it does look like Black Lightning has killed them. Now, in the meantime, you have the detective, the, the woman that he knows there. And now she has to kind of like, pretend that, that... Yeah, and she's like, you know, pretend, you know, don't... Don't hit me too hard, but you got to hit me and get the hell you know out of there. You could do? You could say, I was standing next to Black Lightning. He didn't do anything instead of having you yeah, think the police officer. No, the best away. is. about the law at all. It's run first. Okay, yes. Eric. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the best is, it's well, like. I have to go outside to run, okay? Yeah, the thing to me outside. about this whole deal is, though, it looks like he killed those guys and then after that slapped the woman in the face. Yeah. Or at least Black pushed Lightning, everybody. Yeah, and the yes, but the problem I have is that this is only six issues, and this issue really was pretty generic. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm I don't know if that I went into this like if I'm a guy who's like okay every every one of these I'm gonna grab the first issue and you know we all often say we'll give things three issues but I think that something like a mini series that I'm not invested in the character too much I might just get the first issue see how it plays out see how it runs mm -hmm. I don't Honestly, know that I, I think 
I think most people are insane where if they see a mini series like this and they grab the first issue, they have to finish it now. Yeah, it is I, only a I just to me, I don't know that I continue. Uh, nothing in this gets me excited to go forward. But since we review them and I know we're going to, I'm hoping that we do get more of Black Lightning and yeah, kind of getting more of it. That there, I think there is room for this to pick up a little yeah, bit. I mean, what, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. I hope that it does. Out of the character. Yeah. And it was, you know, in retrospect. Yeah, I guess they could have done a little better. Matter of fact, they don't even make it totally clear that he's a teacher. No, no, they don't. Page, you almost think he could be a coach or something, which he I may well he be. Yeah, yeah. He was a student who just talks about school. So, uh, yeah, this definitely could have been a little more clearer uh, than it was. At the same time, though, this is essentially like, here, here's who Black Lightning is. Here's his powers. This is what he can do. He can fly. He can use magnets. Yeah, that was he can crazy. lightning bombs. And, uh, yep. That's that's really I feel like what you have to come away. Yeah, with. And, and basically. But what too, about the man Jefferson Pierce? What about well, him? That's what I feel. Yeah. The cold. But here's you know, the thing, that's though. Important stuff, though. I'm it is. You, that, that's what makes him different than I don't know any a million other black dudes that throw lightning around. <laughs> yeah, all those, all those guys. Uh, they, <laughs> I think that one of the main things too is to as they end, and it's it's set up pretty well. Of the you know the cops are after. That he yeah, is not looked at as story right away. So you'll, right. you'll have that going forward, and hopefully, uh, you know, that'll progress in a way that's interesting. But what it just seems like every time I look at Black Lightning, though, he's going up against Tobias Whale, and I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, and you only see him a couple times, and every time it's that. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I thought it was a decent start. Uh, definitely, if it doesn't pick up from here, that'll be quite disappointing. But essentially, what we got was a pilot episode for yeah. a. Uh, mid-season replacement that's hoping to eventually be a series. So uh, and the art felt solid. Not wasn't in love with it, but I really have not no problems with the art. Very clear and storytelling yeah. was pretty good throughout. So I gave it a seven out of ten. I, I like the art. I, I think the art was pretty good. Like you said, it's very clean. Uh, it does its job or whatever. Uh, I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna give it a six. And part of my score still is kind of hopefully getting more later but I, I i got enough of some fun in this but yeah six and that's a lot of the art doing now we'll go to erica's gonna give it a five five but we'll we'll see what he says what do you say i love the art in this <laughs> issue and i love the colors all the way through i'm telling you that is the strongest point of this because the pacing yeah, like is way it. off in this issue they don't tell you anything about the character you're supposed to read he just shows up and you're just supposed to go with it and by the end you know pretty much nothing at all about him and it's very infuriating that's my, it's my a reboot run. they are doing a new thing with the character i don't know what they're doing though his father's dead i'm telling you reggie said they went to a gala that was his father's wake it's not yeah, freaking i don't, properly I don't freaking, like know. you know yeah it's, told it's what really off time it, it time. really the whole is idea off. Too. i'm at my father's funeral but i was going to go to that game and i got school coming up i don't know anything about him except for his father was a good ass guy at some point mm. but seriously i I want to like this because I do like uh, Black Lightning. I want to see what the rebooted Black Lightning is going to be like. But I hate this issue. It's not great. I would give it a 4.9 out of 10. Ooh. I think he went low. I have the, failed. The, un America. the unkindest <laughs> cut. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, yes, well, we're like, gonna. None of the characters are well established. They just show up and say, "Hey, what's going on, Black well, Lightning?" Like, who are you? Yes, uh, who's who's laughing? Uh, we're gonna where, move on where now. Is Black Lightning. That's what we're, everyone should be saying. Yes, we're gonna move time. on to a book now that I believe that Eric's gonna be way lower than that score for this one. Oh, yeah. uh, it is definitely. Here's the thing: is this is definitely a book that's only made for me and Reggie, and yeah. I and I even had problems with it. I do see the crazy light at the end of the tunnel, but 
uh, this issue is fucking whack, as the kids say. I uh, Reggie. You, but, but oh, remember, my God. Remember how coming of the Superman? I know. That's all I can think of. But, I mean, at this point, this issue, and we're talking about Dead Man. This issue has the craziest progression of story that I've ever read. It's confusing I, I, I didn't as hell. Know what I was reading. It is so confusing, but yet there were two and points I, when I'm, I was laughing out loud, and I'm that's all I want. left with the idea, though. Why is Commissioner Gordon an ambassador that goes to Japan to check I out the nuclear know. reactors? I don't. I, uh, why? Why isn't he? That's the yeah, real that's question. the real that's question. Problem. That is the oh my god! Go with it, Reggie. Let let's hear about oh, it. Oh, it's Dead Man Number One, written, drawn, and colored by Neil Adams. Dead Boston brand now. Naughty Dead Man. Dead Man got go bonkos eye. Naughty Dead Man. Naughty Dead Man killer find. Naughty Dead Man. A dead man not can clear his mind. Naughty Dead Man, eh, villain surround the Boston brand. Naughty Dead Man, and him just doing what him can. Naughty Dead Man, but the pen eats to the letter. Naughty Dead Man, Batman's here, it gets no better. Naughty Dead Man, Boston brand, Boston dead now. Oh, no, it's done. Oh, yes. It felt like if you're going to read this comic, if you're going to check out Dead Man, you got to do like Eric does every Friday night and spark up a fat split. I, I really think of, that that's uh, what you do what? need to do. I, I'm uh, right uh, with you. You almost you know, have to. Quakertown Haze is what we call the water. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's this, this, this issue. It is crazy, and I I had heard at one point, and I think me and you talked about it, Reggie, at one point, Neil Adams has some sort of deal with DC, something weird that they, they end up, you know, having to give him books. I don't even know if this was something that we just wondered, or I read it I somewhere, know. that it was something like in a contract that he signed. I, I have no idea. We say the same thing about Paul Levitt and Marvel uh, yeah, Wolfman. I'm, just, nowhere, I'm no? just wondering. I, I even if I, I end I, up I, loving I, this I, miniseries, even if I end up thinking this is the greatest thing ever, I don't know why it exists. I don't know why they agreed to do this. It's just that Neil Adams is a legend. That's it. basically they want to have anything. Uh, you have told me before that, you, you know, for the most part, they want to have him do the cover and the art is what they yeah, really still, want him to do. He still does covers for Green Arrow and stuff. Yes, like yeah. Things. So they, they have him do this. This story... I don't. I I wonder if it's maybe because you know I I've not read comics all my life or almost all my life like the two of you, but I have gone back and read older issues, and the older issues are definitely more dense and more packed. But it seems like he wants to get both you know the best of both worlds, where it, it's very dense, but it's not. It's crazy. This issue is insane. And if you want to see how insane it is, go and look at the reviews, which it's the biggest range of reviews. There's people giving <laughs> this ones, which again, the the uh the Superman book I agree that with we, those people. That well the Superman book that we, me and Reggie really, really enjoyed. We we thought yeah. it was there a was, ball. There was fun factors to that book. There was. Uh this I think that he's gonna get to that fun factor. 
but he seems to be trying to set up some story that I'm trying to figure out, no and I'm hoping, Reggie, you hooked. can tell me. But I do <laughs> think there are some things. First image of Dead Man. That just <sighs> sets the tone for what you're about to see is going to be howling, fucking bat It's just craziness. crazy. It's crazy. Don't look for a linear story. Don't no. see, this is this is where you know you guys are gonna uh, really get disappointed looking for a story with conclusions. <laughs> I just want to know middle section uh, actually characters and dialogue you can follow. I, no. I mean at, at points in this, I didn't know what was going on. I actually thought How that I you? was it's on drugs. Like jazz. It's more like a it's, jazz. It is. Know, it's very jazz, free form. Bro. Is that what you're telling me? Holy moly. All I know is you have at the beginning where they're supposed to be in Japan, and I'm wondering why Jamie Foxx has shown up. The one guy, the one Asian guy, looks to be like Jamie Foxx, and you have Gordon, who then is – oh, my God. Let's go on with it. Tell us about it, Reggie. As we know, uh, all uh, commissioners of police of Gotham City also have to serve double duty as – ambassador yes we all know uh, this doing a tour <laughs> acting ambassador touring nuclear sites around the world yep that's uh that's something that always happens to all elected commissioners um it was the same thing with uh you know the guy before gordon and also sawyer had to do it so he's looking at the uh i don't I know which chief o'hara had to do it for one or, two, well, one or two twice that's Maybe. right yeah it's, it's just something that comes it comes with the job so he's in uh, Japan looking over their uh, nuclear facility. I'm not sure if this is the one that got destroyed by the tsunami. They never really bring that up. Yeah, uh, no, they I, don't. I would think that would be kind of the thing. I think it's the at. rebuilt one. And he's checking out the news proceed, like the new things they did to make sure that never happens again. It sort of makes sense. In I the don't know. They never, never really come in really like <laughs> the thing is, what we're, this nonsense we're talking about is still the stuff that you can understand. Once we get into the whole idea of freaking Hook and Cleveland oh. brand and Boston brand and the twins <laughs> who took over the fucking oh white. Oh, my hoop. goodness. Son took over for Boston brand. Was it a, I, I thought it was a twin. Yeah, I don't, twin. I don't even know. You're right. <laughs> I'm fucking out. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> Fuck you, Neil Adams. I, I, I don't tell you. Even the point where there's they, they have an, a legitimate thing at the beginning of this no, no, is Gordon bending over talking about the seals in the you know and the reactor. That is, that is the most non-crazy part of this issue, and it's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but even that, then Gordon's behind him, and he says, I, I don't know what's what, going uh, on. Another Gordon? What? Yeah, another Gordon, and he's like, your guardian devil, my brother? <laughs> what is going on? What the fuck is going on here? He calls him brother. As he brother. starts passing brother. out, Commissioner Gordon says, damn you, brother. Like, and the th- why? The thing is, I tell Jim all the time, I hate Dead Man because he's a one-trick pony. I was hoping maybe this series could actually get me on board. <laughs> maybe no. it will. Maybe it will. will. Then you have Hook, who I thought, I legitimately, I legitimately thought Hook died three times in this issue as well. I was so confused. I'm still not sure he didn't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. But yeah, you go now. Keep going. Keep going, Reggie. So, I mean, this part, it's like, it looks like Dead Man comes out through a boom tube trying to go after (laughs) Hook. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that Neil Adams is talking about is from the 70s Dead Man series that he drew. And then he did the backups in Aquaman. And I say that not, I haven't read them either. And yeah. So yeah. it's so superfluous and insane. It, is. it just goes it just goes to show what I've always said about comics is you'll never know how crazy they are until you try to explain them to another person. Yeah. yeah this Because he gives you insane. every plot beat and he could have left out eight of them. Yeah. You know I explain I mean? the, comics to people every goddamn week. I could never explain this. If you if you had a gun to my head and tell me and said, You gotta tell so me what happened crazy. to Deadman, 
I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to smoke a last cigarette because I'm not living through this. It's so crazy. Oh, it really probably, is probably crazy. smoke another dube, right? Is Rich Al Ghul sensei? Yeah. I, I don't know. I got the idea that he was, that that was Raish, but I don't know. It doesn't look like him. No, it's crazy. It's not. It's, but they say is. at one point. They, they, he they says do it. say at one point. there are different Raish Al Ghuls. Yeah, that is a, that is a <laughs> Exactly. That is a position you can hold. Okay. okay it's not a guy. That is true. This was a That's a mantle is what you're telling me. Exactly. It's a mantle. It's like like being the CEO. Well, whichever uh, one this is, he should cut his goddamn nails. He looks like he's got Soyalac on him. (laughs) 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 I don't even know what's going on. I'm telling you, the the thing about this is Dead Man throughout this post, he is the most emotionally disturbed fella that I've ever read in a comic. I mean, he is a roller coaster ride of emotions. Oh, Neil Adams is the best at that. He never draws a face that doesn't look like they're either in fucking complete agony or they're like they're it's, just going to be sobbing or screaming. Like, it's, no or there's like the classic of like they've just been shown the most craziest thing and they're like they're mind yeah. blown uh, uh-huh. every panel. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, at one point, he has him uh, laugh, and then I did. I got a chuckle there. He he really does love to have his characters like belly laugh for a whole page he's very into that as well which did make me giggle as well but i'm telling you the art in this is really really good i did see some people bad mouthing uh the story but the art is really good last time we saw him do stuff on the coming of the superman he was inked and colored by other people yes his sons Remember some of yeah. it. Yeah, there are I other, think the like, coming of the Superman art was way better than that. I like this art. I really I like, like this, it. I, I like, like it as a dark better. character and how it goes. And he is very you, busy. There's there's two things that could be the reason I can't understand the story: the writing or the art. And I think it's a combination. You of think both. it's a combo? Uh, I I like at one point that the sensei uh, looks all of a sudden to be like a three year old kid. I, I <laughs> but really all all of this is is he wants to kill Hook. He finds out that Hook was the guy who killed. him. Him uh, as an assassin, so he wants to bring him or down. His and, and, well, and pre- yeah, well, and pretty much the whole time, that's what he's trying to do. And then out of nowhere, fucking Commissioner Gordon starts going ham on on Hook, and, he, and also the Sensei is beating him up. I mean, this is going so crazy about okay. this whole deal that you start to not even realize. And that's the other problem. I will say. I'll go with Eric to the point. I love the art. I really, really like it. But as a progression of knowing where Deadman is going and going into, he does have the, you know, whoa, 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 the the green green, aura around. But besides that, there are a couple times that you're just left confused, but you kind of have to kind of go with the flow and laugh. I I know. It's just, it's so crazy. It really is. And and Gordon being there is so weird. And not even making sense. But then it turns out that it's, it's not, not Gordon. Gordon. It's That's bad. the thing. And I'm well, telling you, by the end, when you do find out that Boston figures out that Gordon isn't really Gordon, it's Batman because he starts fighting and he's fighting pretty good. Uh, then I go back and look at all the things that Gordon was saying before, and I'm wondering what the fuck was in Batman's mind because now I get that Batman was trying to act like Gordon, but he wasn't acting like Gordon. He was all off. But Jeffrey. Uh, People don't know how it was Gordon crazy acts. because then you know out, I mean? of, out of nowhere, Hook okay. now has would, a new I, Hook. I assume I, that these people had a rapport. 
Yeah, well, that was when, at the one point, these guys go bad then, and the whole deal is to kill Gordon. Uh, Boston tries to kind of step in front, but he's dead man at this point. He can't block a what appears to be a laser, but it looks like a shot that goes into Gordon, but it doesn't kill Gordon. And basically, by just Gordon saying, huh, you're predictable, you shot me in the chest. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, what is going on? And then that's he ends up tasering the other guys. It's well, yeah. That's no him. Uh, yeah. yeah, nobody only, shoots people in the chest. Yes, shot. You know that was Hook. That's yeah, the, the best is, is that Why only... Why they call him Hook? If, yes, that's, that's the reason. If only Hook would have just went against his predictability and shot him right in the face. But yeah, and then you just see Gordon just beating the shit out of people. You have ninjas fighting each other. I don't know what's going on. And then Hook you have Gordon just... Oh, my God. Metal, Th- then Gordon hand. just goes to town but, on, but on Hook. That on and, and Gordon beats the fucking holy hell out yeah. of him. Oh, it's so good. I, uh, and then you have and basically... Yeah, goes, cuts off the hand, and then just keeps repeating, who pays you? And then when, when Hook actually tells him, he just calls him a liar and keeps beating the shit out of him. And then Deadman jumps into another guy and knows that it's it's not Gordon. Says, listen, Bats, you know, how are you doing? And she's pretty obvious after a couple seconds because, yeah, he then says, you know that I'm not Gordon. And then he's like, pretty obvious after a few seconds anyway. How do I kn- How do you know he's lying? And they just start yelling at each other. It makes no sense. It They're makes so no bad. sense. Look at them just screaming at each other. It's so yes. crazy. Yeah, and he's that's like, a, I know he's lying. That's the uh, Neil Adams way. Yes, Only it is. And it's so funny because he's yelling at the, you know, at Dead Man in this body. He's like, I know because I killed the sensei. And then right away, I'm like, what are you doing, Neil Adams? This, this is Batman. He doesn't kill. And, and Boston actually calls him out on that as well. Yeah. But in a very odd way, like he's so off here. Uh, because when he says that, when, when Gordon Batman says four forty, uh, you know, 45 caliber cartridges into the sensei's back, I blew his chest to oblivion. Can I be more clear? And he's like, no, I guess not. That's pretty clear. But you never kill and, and, and you never lie. Now, do you? Depends, jackass. That, that's the progression. That's an awesome. Fuck that's you, Neil left. Adams. Uh, that is the best exchange of the year. It is the best exchange. Now, what I. give an Emmy for, for yes. comic acting, I would give it to them. It right only now. goes a little better because then out of nowhere, Gordon pulls out a half cow thing and puts it on his head. I know that's so good. Why? Well, that, that that's his special, like you know, just see, he pulls. <laughs> Here we go. First one, and then yes. he has he has the special. This is basically what you got on the on the Batman day, the mask. Yeah, that's what it Batman looks like. Day. Something you'd get at Walmart for Halloween. That's all it is. That's, and he puts it on. So hide his identity for you know for the interim until he can get to his costume. But so the best is he fun. still has the you know the oh. Gordon. He's ripped off some of the makeup and the the plastic. I'm like so, Eric would do, but kept the hair. So and, if so he crazy. fought then with a Batman cowl yes. and Gordon and Gordon's hair. Why would he get rid of this costume at this point? If he's going to go back to Gotham, he does not have to pull it off like that. He could just go with it. There was no and reason. We already know he's Batman, so why? Yeah, he already and he's already in this Japanese, you know, uh, freaking power plant deal where they think he's Gordon. So why would he go against that? He could just walk out at this point and go, "Huh, shit went crazy, right? I'm going back to Gotham." But instead, he he rips off his face deal and then puts on a half cap. It makes no sense. And then, yeah, then you go, and then you have where people are reading, like, Ambassador Gordon narrowly avoids accident in nuclear power plant today, uh, earlier today. I'm like, 
what? It, it, it just makes no sense. And yeah, you go on because then that's when you go back to uh, Gotham with actually with Gordon and you have Gordon and uh, Bruce. Wait, and then and all Al- of a sudden you have clumsy Alfred. Now he's turned into dead man. Oh, my goodness. Go De- tell dead me. man's got jumped into him. Yeah. And uh, made him said, spill uh, tea. He says he's got some terrible news. He's all a fumble, terribly close. Uh, Brendan was in a tra- tragic accident, and his body is missing from his a coffin. His body's coffin. missing from his coffin, sir. Now, so, I, and uh, I will have to say, before you move on, it's been far too long since the world a fumble, the word that, that has been in a comic. <laughs> it's been way too long since a yeah. comic has used the word a fumble. Back, yeah, I love it. all a fumble. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this... Uh... <laughs> So ridiculous. <laughs> so Dead so man jumps into Gordon's body and yes. fucking bitches out Bruce Wayne for like a page. <laughs> yeah, just, just goes, a page. Just goes nuts because he killed yeah. the sensei and yep. he wants to know. He basically he doesn't believe Batman killed the sensei. No, he wants no. he wants answers. Bruce Wayne is not telling him things, and he just you wouldn't kill Hitler if you got the chance. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. You know that Batman? You royally suck. <laughs> Yeah, he and, calls and him I'll, a dirtbag. He actually calls him a mealy mouth dirtbag, is what he says. What is this, Greg Capullo? You mealy mouth dirtbag. Uh, you mealy mouth dirtbag. So crazy. And, and and then you have the whole idea of the dead man passing notes to each body so he can read where he's supposed to go next. And, holy moly. Which I th- actually, though, that little bit was kind of, kind of cool. It's crazy, it was, though. Uh, it's so I've never crazy. Seen that before. Punches Bruce Wayne in the face. He feels good. Then Bruce Wayne says, I'll give you an address. Go to uh, Hong yeah. Kong. I think Bruce Wayne just wants him to get the fuck out of his face. Yeah. Like, well, whatever. it's great, how too. Far, because How far around the world can I send you? And hey, that's this is what it is. Yes, he gives him. I like when uh, the dead man Gordon is yelling at Bruce. And he's like, how did you solve the problem of getting rid of one of the most horrible assassins in the world? Did you tuck him in for a nappy? And then you go <laughs> and there's Bruce. And he gives him this look. And, you know, that's funny. That's really kind of funny. And then they go from there. And, they, and then he just yells, Gordon yells, you are actually, it's Boston. You criminal scum, explain yourself. And then you have whoops. It's just, it's insane. Eric's checked out. He's yeah, now Eric. This is basically Eric's version of Hellblazer for him. He can check out because it's complete and utter nonsense. But yeah. Uh, but uh, after screaming, he then gives him this, uh, you know, a dead man gets his address to Hong Kong. So he, uh, yeah. Scrams over, I guess, to find out what really happened to the sensei. What is Bruce Wayne lying about? Yeah, what is even he doing? even them talking like then Alfred and Gordon after Dead Man's left, like kind of yeah. like talking to each other. Well, that's that I like. Happened. I actually was going to point this out. This is one of the things that I like. You have the idea that Neil Adams is very intrigued with what happens to to the people after Dead Man leaves, and when they try to explain in their head what they've been doing for the Something past I've, three I've hours. Yeah, and he does do that, and I think Gordon just thinks that he's got Alzheimer's now. He's like, huh? I don't remember that. What's this in my pocket? And it's so funny because Bruce is there. He's like, why am I holding this paper? And he's like, you had an address, something in your pocket. I don't remember that. So no, yeah, that's crazy. fine. Everything's great. So Where crazy. Where's my Yeah, daughter? he's just, he's so, it's basically, right. if this was somebody, he would have thought that maybe Bruce Wayne roofied him and had his way with him in the Batcave or something because he is all confused. But I did like that. I like that little touch that, you know, that is one thing that I've often wondered with Deadman because usually the books, he's just jumping in and out in the other thing. 
Uh, but that's the end. And I'm telling you, how crazy it just sounded, us trying to explain this. This issue is crazier. If you are look, if you are looking for a primer on Dead Man, don't don't even bother. Really, don't. If you just just hold tight. If me and Reggie start really having some fun with this, like we did the coming of Superman, uh, we'll let you know. But as of now, if you didn't read Coming of Superman and, and you thought, oh, they recommended this first issue, you will probably want to kill us because yeah, no. this is crazy. This is – if you're this, not a this, Neil Adams fan, you're I mean, not going to like this. this. Goes along, I think the most fun anyone's going to have is listening to you and – myself talk, yeah, talk we'll about just it giggle. and eric and we'll eric giggle. be upset about it yeah, and eric that's are... the thing eric is not Although a neil adams fan per se superman eric was having a good time yeah we, we got him into it it was all lex when lex just started <laughs> laughing in dark side's face for two issues it was hilarious <laughs> but that was so crazy you know what I'm, and, and, I'm getting the same vibe here i am and, starting to but it's and, it's uh, just I, he's getting there in a convoluted way to start and it's a little off to me but way off i mean yep. listen for nothing bolts comics this is not a comic book that you can read and understand oh like my goodness. at face value i do like the art uh you know this that i guess that's really a I personal I, 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 mean, I think you'd be crazy to say that he doesn't know the you know nuts and bolts of anatomy and motion no. or whatever but uh i like it a lot you know the couple of spots where the ink is a little loose but overall i, I dig it it's uh and I, I still think neil adams is a great artist but the man is freaking out of He's his insane. Bag. He's, He's insane. Totally he is. This this is where we talk about where uh, even with uh, you have like a uh, you know Grant Morrison or you have these guys. I do think that and me and you. I forget what we were talking about. I think it was uh, not Len Wein. Maybe it was when we were talking about Swamp Thing uh, uh, with uh, uh, what's his name, Alan Moore. Where he was able to do whatever he wanted to, and he ended up just, you know, going crazy and things like that. I do believe that Neil Adams hands in a script or a finished comic, and there is not going to be many people at DC oh, that are going to oh, be no. able to talk to him and say, you know what? This progression here was he would probably slap them, man or woman, right in the face. Uh, he is that yeah, kind there, of guy. There is no editorial over, no. over Neil Adams. And that's where uh, I think that that's you see this here. You see this, that this he like is allowed. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Fun. That that actually is who you were telling me the one time that Jack Kirby would write out shit. of that. You know, yeah, yeah, he was his own editor. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case here. Listen, he's got he's got a bunch of books he's done now. Batman Odyssey. He did coming yeah. of the Superman. He's doing this. They're all the same wacky, insane flavor. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. They're crazy. But, They're completely crazy. And nobody's going to edit them. So you're going to get something that it kind of is kind of a, a neat little peek at a insane man writing a comic and drawing well, it. Because I mean, I'm just going to say, though, it's not worth the money. That, no, I mean, it isn't. As cheap as I am, it's not worth the money. <laughs> However, it's probably worth you listening in every time we talk about this book because we're, we're yeah, most we'll like, laugh. I really have a feeling we're going to be – or at least I'm going to be – I think we're going to have some fun, but it, to me, it's like a lesson in trying to explain – like I said, this actually is just like explaining you go into a, a person who's been living in the woods, and they've been writing shit on the wall for three yeah. years. This is how it is to explain it because like it is to, crazy. It's like trying to describe a new color or something. I mean just, yeah, there's no crazy. words for it. But, but uh, what did you give it? Overall, even even for what it was, you know, you, you did sort of get a <laughs> – in a sense, an explanation. <laughs> I liked it more talking to you, actually. I know. It, oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is, I've been waiting for this the whole yeah. time. And when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the same kind of vibes. 
Uh, you know, he does tell you his backstory as fucking convoluted and complex and hard to follow <laughs> no, it's as so, his. It's so uh, convoluted. And you basically get his, his, what his power is, which is to jump into the bodies of the living and yeah. take them over. And even you see that he can't do it to the sensei at one point. So there's there's more to it than that. So and that's really what this is. Again, just like it's similar to Black Lightning. It's a pilot issue. doesn't have the same problems as Black Lightning in that No, respect. no, it it's has its own little insanity, problems. But, I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you for like – Somebody looking for coherent comics that are that are uh, mean something in the co- in the current continuity and are going to have ramifications. Walk far away from this. This is not for you. Yeah. You would give this a four. However, for our purposes here on Weird Science DC Comics and on the site, I gave this a seven out of ten. I am gonna uh, shock Eric because I I don't even know if he's back. He might have left us, but uh, I am going to give it a six because of the art. And I am hoping. And again, we already spelled it out. Don't buy this. Don't don't go right now. Hold tight. Uh, it's not something that I would ever tell somebody that they had to go out and buy right away. So you know, hold tight, whatever. So don't go six and think, oh my God, Jim really did like it. Uh, because yeah, it's crazy. It may be one of those where by the end of this, Reggie, you'll be the only one reviewing it, just like coming <laughs> of Superman. And then yeah. you'll have people later on a year from now on Twitter saying, remember that horrible dead man comic? And I'll have to say, ah, oh, you know what? I had some fun with it. So I'll give it a six. Eric, are you there? Are you there? Eric Shea. <laughs> 1. 5 He's back. Out of 10. I knew I thought he was, I thought he was going to go two. But yeah, well, one point. Yeah, he hates it. This he book did is say. Garbage. I actually I like. like the art, I'm, and it doesn't make any sense. I'm telling you, I'm going more. I'm t- I'm going more that my score was raised just by talking with Reggie and laughing at it because it, it's insane. It is completely insane. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it and try to be uh, positive there. But yeah, not that me. is it. Not you. Yeah, because <laughs> it, yeah, it is. this was never going to be your book. And you, like we said, me and uh, Reggie seem to be the last remaining Neil Adams writing fans because it's just fun. Uh, but yeah, this wasn't as fun yet. I'm waiting. I'm yeah, gonna he wait. Hasn't even in the crazy shit yet. It, yeah, that's all, the it's thing. It's all before us, folks. Yes, yes. I I don't know where he's going with the story, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's it, Reggie. Those are the two books. Uh, there's no like Young Animals is done for a while, right? Animals. As far as we know, I'm going to say Young Animals is is done. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I the only the only evidence I have that something might happen is that uh, Third Eye Comics, I think, in Baltimore, they're having a signing. With Gerard Way and somebody okay. else, it's just supposed to be for Milk Wars in the, at late February. Okay, that that is the most information I have as far as anything possibly happening. Nothing from DC, nothing from any official thing. I think yeah. that we are talking about an imprint that was. Yeah, that was. Now I did say that we'll have to talk later, and we'll we'll talk about things that there are these other things coming out that I don't know. And you have your own thing. You have the Cosmic Treadmill podcast and all, but we'll we'll talk about maybe some uh, like when when Vertigo gets rebooted that they claim or something. Maybe I'll jump in with you. Love to contribute, folks, and uh, yes. we're just looking for a niche to uh, entertain <laughs> and go yes. do our thing on. To you know, it's a good niche. Indeed. Dead man. Yeah, yeah man. I, I have a feeling. I was going to say, there is a very, very good chance, Reggie, that me and you are going to go forward with this without Eric. That, that might happen. So we, oh, we shall We shall what about, see. What about do a little eggnog before we do the segment? Without eggnog? Help you out he didn't like no eggnog. Do you like eggnog? I'm not a fan. By eggnog, I meant gin. 
Oh, that, yes. that, that okay. does mean me. You are correct. But yeah, we're going to go off now to listen to some other guys talk about some other comics. Is that a good segue? Nice. <laughs> I never know what we're gonna fully get, so I can't get. I can't be too specific, but I do think that we're gonna have possibly some comic book talk coming. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim, and I've got such a long way to go. All right, it's time for yet another mail section, mail section number four. We're going to start off with Ray Ray. He says, right. hello, Weird Science. Hello, hello where, where, where is it, Eric? Where, where are my themes here and all my sounds? Hello, Weird Science. There we go. Hey, guys, even though I've been punished with having to take couples cooking classes since I couldn't get that damn chicken dinner from Boston Market, I still have found time to read comics. My favorite book so far has been Batman White Knight. Issue oh. number two has been fantastic. Favorite part was the Harley Quinn twist in the beginning of the book. I love that twist and the backstory of why she left. I'm also enjoying the Batman the Animated Series references, unlike Eric. As I'm reading this, I'm hoping we get this story in animated form. I'd love Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy to voice their respective characters in this universe. I'm also enjoying the metal tie-ins. I'm still thinking none of this will matter after the Doomsday Clock. I agree. But yeah. it has been fun and entertaining. Question for you guys. When Batman eventually meets Dream, what do you think Dream will tell or give Batman? No idea. I don't either. I actually don't have any idea. I, honestly, I would I guess it has to be something Dream to get him out. We haven't done anything with him since that. Like you, we had that like yeah. cliffhanger appearance, and then I've told you all I can. Goodbye, Batman. Yeah, well, remember Ooh. he basically was like, uh, you know, come and find me in the land of no sun, which you would figure is the dark multiverse. Which we're getting Batman lost next week, so maybe we'll see him there. I um, I have not read ahead Fuck on Dream. that book, so I can't make. I, I actually, when I saw this, I was. I'm going to read ahead, and I'm going to look like a fucking smarty pants. Uh, but no, I, I have no idea. I, I would think it's something to get Batman and Superman out of the dark multiverse since the uh, tuning fork now is in the possession of Barbano. So we'll see if it's something like that. be funny. It just gives him like a, a, a pillow. That's all. He's like, rest up, my friend. Lastly, rest, I saw, my friend. You deserve it. It's thinner. Lastly, oh, I saw the promotional art for Doomsday Clock where Batman is reading Rorschach's journal. Is it me, or am I the only one who gets uneasy when Batman starts reading other people's journals? Uh, it is pretty good. Batman, he just he's a nosy guy. He needs to use Google more or start pawning his work off to others. Thanks, guys. He just doesn't like him sitting around reading, I think. Oh. He, he shouldn't have that time. By the way, Jim, my wife and daughter have been painting rocks, too. When did kids start enjoying painting rocks over throwing rocks? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Logan had a rock. Um, I found out this week my cats had rocks 
supposedly. It's like one of the – Tanya gives me the thing where she oh, could be watching TV. Anything that Tanya does and the cats are in the room, that the cats are all of a sudden – they're fully involved. You, you know, like me and the cats were painting the walls. Oh, where oh, are you? The cats were, were they? <laughs> me and the cats. Well, Tanya yeah. started fucking earning their keep exactly. goddamn layabouts. Exactly. Me and the cats looked at the dishes. There you go. All new Dave. Hi, hey, Jim, Jim Eric. Hey, Elder Dave's next. Watching TV. Hey, me and the cats were trash talking you. That's what they say. All new Dave is next. And thanks, Ray. And all new thanks, Dave. Uh, and, and thank you, Stormy, for giving uh, Ray the opportunity to take those cooking classes, Eric. And I do want Ray to tell us in more emails about what he is being taught to cook. And the, the best is, though, to me, Couples cooking classes, right? It's couples cooking classes. Oh, that just means the woman's doing the cooking later. <laughs> That's it. If it's I get sent to cooking classes, then I will – and I cook in our house. So I'm not just being a jerk. But I, I, I have the feeling God. that Ray is not going to do any of the cooking because Stormy knows how to cook. And, and Look, she's taking the classes with him. To go, he already has to go to these classes. He's done his bit. That's what I'm, I'm saying. And also I, I don't – I hope that Stormy – she doesn't become a backseat cook. You know, there's Ray. He's cooking up some, you know, that's not chicken parmesan. Told yeah. us how no, to do this. That's not what we learned in the second class. I think that she's nicer than that. Uh, she, uh, Ray has told me off the air that she is a gem. Eric, there. That's oh. for you, Ray. Wink, wink. All new day. Actually, he hasn't said it. Now I'm getting him in trouble. But I don't want to get him in trouble. talking about how my back, Ray, right? Yeah, that or like, huh, what was he saying? Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't mean <laughs> anything by it. I don't mean anything by it. All new Dave says. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Eric Reggie and the entire Get Fresh crew. It's Yo, been a long 60-hour work week for me, which has, only one, has one saving grace. Plenty of time to catch up with everything weird science DC. Oh, no. Love the main podcast as always, but my highlight was Jim's issues with his wife. I feel for you, Jim. I met my partner when she was 14, and we've been uh, together for nearly three days. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks there now. He, he oh, met wait. her... He met her when she was 14. They begin together uh, nearly two decades. But God damn it, if there isn't a week that goes by where she's threatening to call it off over some trivial bullshit. So God. Tanya isn't the only woman who cried divorce. Laughed all the – actually, she goes sometimes if she's not as mad, it's separation. And oh. the divorce comes. She's downstairs now. I don't recording early. separation. She's downstairs. I don't either. I half the time I think I'm involved in that already. I'm I'm doing comic reviews. She's up watching Joe Kenda. Isn't that kind of a, a partial separation? She's downstairs listening to everything we're saying tonight, oh, getting God. furious. Laughed all the way through the podcast. I'm gonna try and get my girlfriend to listen to it on Sunday. I think she'll enjoy it. I'll tell you, Dave, tell me what she says. I guarantee you that she's gonna say that I'm a jerk and all I'm doing is yelling at my wife. That's what she'll say. I know it. That is not. Well, yeah, a, you know your show format. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I if I'm gonna pitch the show, She's I'm like, hey, wrong if she says here's this. the show. I lose my fucking mind, uh, you know, and yell at my all wife. All this shit I have held against her all week. I can finally, you know, it, it let is it loose. actually it's the best thing because I can yell at her. I gotta be quiet. She's downstairs. I can yell at her, and then when we're done, she gets upset, and I say, oh, baby. Listen here, baby. Actually, I would never say that, but I say, listen, that's all for the show. I really don't mean that stuff, and then I run away. Only two comics for me this week, Action 9 and 90, which was good, and Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica number two, which I'll read tomorrow. You know, and then leave. just to grab out of nowhere, you know? No, he's leaving it around the house, hoping one of the females I live with might take two minutes away from their oh. devices to read something real. <laughs> They're not going to read that. Random question for Eric. Is oh. Mon L... 
still a part of the current DC universe. I got the it new Krypton. Mon- yeah, okay. I got the new Krypton Monel and Man of Valor trades on sale a while ago, and I really enjoyed the character. I know there's bigger characters missing in the current DCU. Just wondering whether there is a chance he might eventually turn back up in action comics. So you're. Saying- I believe that Monel. The last time we saw him it was in the first arc, or maybe the second arc. I forget. It went on for a while, but of Justice League United in the New Fifty Two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are right, Eric, once again. And that is all new Dave. And thank you, all new Dave. And no, no, I'm end. wrong. You know, oh. It was not even in that. It was that <laughs> no? stupid guy. It was a stupid goddamn thing. And I can't remember what the hell it was where we but had. But he was in there. It was a Keith Giffen book. Okay. The fuck was it? Remember like Threshold. we had the guy. No, Lars Oh. Te- so no, that, that was, was a... that was Captain that was yeah. the, uh, Captain Comet. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, no, yeah. anyway. God yeah, did. it doesn't where? matter. It was just head, United. My head's spinning. My head's right. spinning now. That's all new Dave. And thank you, all new Dave. And that is the end of the mail section. We're going to go off to more books. What are you snickering, floppy eared hound? When courage is needed, you're never around. Those medals you wear on your walking chest should be there for bungling in which you are there. So stop the pigeon, 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 stop the pigeon. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Crossover Corner uh, for the week ending the 5th of November. And uh, for those of my uh, distinguished American friends and colleagues, uh, the 5th of November has a particular significance in the United Kingdom. Uh, You guys like to celebrate the 4th of July with fireworks. Uh, The 4th of July seems a reasonably sensible day. Uh, to have fireworks and what have you, what with it being uh, Independence Day and it's in the summer, uh, so you can have lots of people hanging around and going to the park and watching firework displays in the balmy summer evening. We in the UK, we have our fireworks on the 5th of November, which is uh, usually uh, somewhat dreary, a bit cold, windy, wet, damp. All those things. Uh, and of course, we have the 5th of November to celebrate uh, the execution of a religious terrorist who tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament in the early 17th century uh, with King James I in it. He was a Catholic. King James I was Protestant. Obviously, there were sort of issues there. And uh, so we celebrate that. We celebrate the fact that he, well, we, I presume we celebrate the fact that he was unsuccessful. Uh, although lots of people that I speak to on a regular basis probably wish that he uh, he had succeeded in blowing up the Houses of Parliament. But there we go. Yes, yeah, so we celebrate by building bonfires, uh, setting off fireworks, um, uh, encouraging children to make effigies of uh, the religious terrorist in question uh, so that he can be burnt on the bonfire. Uh, it's all highly civilized, obviously. So yes, that's that's uh, that's what we'll be getting up to over the weekend. Now, the reason I mentioned this is simply because uh, you may actually hear some fireworks in the background. I'm not entirely sure uh, how uh, how sensitive this mic will be to picking that stuff up uh, while I'm talking. Uh, so if you do hear any sort of loud bangs. 
Uh, it's not uh, the armed police uh, finally tracking me down and deciding to raid my humble abode. Well, at least I hope it isn't. Anyway, um, it's more likely to be fireworks going off, so don't worry too much about it, and we'll try and soldier on uh, regardless. Uh, we've got two books tonight, uh, which is very exciting. I suppose I should probably call this... Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, there you go. Um, I suppose I should probably call it uh, Cartoon and Crossover Corner, uh, because one of the uh, titles, in fact, the first title I'm going to be discussing tonight, uh, is not a crossover at all, and uh, is actually a Hanna-Barbera title, and that is Dastardly and Muckley, uh, the third issue of which uh, came out uh, this week. Uh, and then after I've uh, sort of gone through uh, Dastardly and Muttley, um what I'll do is, uh, is I'll switch attention to uh, Shadow and the Batman, uh, which I've got, to, I've got to be honest with you, I, I only read it this afternoon, and uh, I kind of liked it, uh, despite the fact that Steve Orlando was writing. So, hmm, there we go. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, for now, we are talking about uh, the rather wonderful Dastardly and Muttley. It is written by Garth Ennis. Uh, art is by Belgian artist Morissette. Uh, colours are by John Calise. Letters are by Rob Steen. It's published by DC Comics. And the price is $3.99. Uh, here is the intro. Given the distinctly uneven quality of DC's Hanna-Barbera titles, I've got to be honest with you, I say that pretty, pretty much every, every review. <laughs> I start with that. I should probably come up with something different uh, for that, but not to worry. Uh, Garth Ennis and Morissette's Dastardly and Muttley has been surprisingly fun, having crossed paths with a reality-altering U.S. military drone. Their lives have become that weird mixture of absurd, terrifying, and frenetic that can only really be described as madcap. The last issue ended with the President of the United States assaulting his political rival with a cartoon mallet live on national television, while Dick Atchley and his dog-faced co-pilot watch on in horror. How things are going to play out is anyone's guess. There's only one way to find out. And in, indeed there is. Uh, I'm going to start with looking at the cover, because covers are nice. Uh, this particular cover is uh, is really... It's a really strong cover, I think. It's got Mutt riding the bike, uh, a motorbike, that is. Uh, that's the main image, really. Um, with Dastardly sort of um, on the back, still in his hospital gown. So his, his uh, feet are bare, and uh, his legs are bare as well, up to the knee. And he's got his hand sort of uh, clenched in a fist, sort of just above his head, so as if he's kind of about to go yeehaw or something suitably American like that. And he's grinning all over his face. He's having the time of his life. Uh, and and Nutley is is kind of he's got his teeth bared and a kind of growl, and he's obviously kind of into the moment as well. It's a lovely image. I, I think I mentioned before. Uh, Morissette can can draw machines really well. I mean, his his aircraft and his bikes and his cars and tanks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're 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 beautifully drawn. In the background on this cover, there is uh, the right hand side is pretty much a kind of flowing part of the American flag. You see the stars, you see the stripes, 
on the left hand side uh, sort of outlined in in kind of a an angry red is a screaming face and, and i'm assuming it is the screaming face of uh, the general who is turning out to be the villain of this uh, of this story it looks like it is anyway it's certainly it's not unless it's meant to be the president it's just possible i suppose but i think i think it's more likely to be the general it's the president that we open with though uh he's just brained his political rival uh, live on national tv uh, he kind of snuck uh, a cartoon mallet into uh, a press conference and then bopped him over the head with it. There's, look, yes, I suppose it's satirical, but let's be clear, it's not exactly subtle. Uh, and, and I think I think Anison is being a bit coy here, and, and probably quite rightly so. It would be ludicrously easy uh, to make the president in this comic a kind of Trumpian sort of figure but he doesn't uh he makes him i think he's a republican because um because he talks about liberal liberal bias in the media uh at a at a at a later point uh but he's not sort of explicitly trump uh which you know it, to be absolutely honest with you i'm kind of relieved about what he's doing here on this first page is he's having a meeting with his advisors and he looks kind of ashamed and guilty uh, and horrified at what he's done. And he's got his face in his hands and he's sweating and he's just, he's obviously kind of in, in pieces here. Uh, his chief of staff is kind of asked, the first thing actually that we hear in the issue is, Mr. President, what did you think you were doing? Now, again, uh, that that might be something uh, the current president's chief of staff says to him on a regular basis, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, moving swiftly on, the the president has got his head in his hands, uh, and he says, "I I, I don't know." I and uh, the chief of staff says, "Well, where did you even get such a thing? And where the hell did you get the idea to hit him with it?" And and he kind of says, "Look, I I just I just found this mallet. It was kind of under my desk, and I just thought it would be a good idea to you know." Uh, to take it into the um, into the press conference with me, so I, so I kind of hid it behind my back, and then I just I just decided uh, I was going to biff him with it uh, and give him a good old bop on the noggin. And the chief of staff is kind of saying, "It's uh, just just hold on, hold on. This language that you're using, you know, biff bop, sir. Why are you talking like that? You caved in the man's skull and put him in a coma." And and it and it's like the, the, there is this kind of really sort of interesting idea here, which which is that um, the, the cartoon it, it's cartoon violence having real world consequences, which, which is which is kind of interesting in itself. But it, but not only that, but but it, it, it's the inability the, whatever is happening with War Pig One, which is this drone that's flying around, kind of farting, uh, sort of reality altering sub, uh, exhaust fumes all around the place. Um, Whatever is going on with it, it not only alters reality, but it alters people. It alters the way they perceive the world. I and mean, we, we saw this with sort of Agent Perkins uh, a couple of issues ago. And actually, last issue, thinking about it. Uh, it, it, it and, and we've seen it with Dastardly as well, actually, um, and Muttley, uh, to a lesser extent, where, where sort of their speech patterns become kind of more cartoonified, if you like. Uh, and uh, and that's what we're kind of getting here. So it, this this thing, this this gas, 
it's not just making physical changes to the to the world, but it's making uh, it's making changes in people's characters, pe- people, uh, changes in people's thought patterns, uh, changes in people's uh, language, which which I think is is really interesting. Uh, the the, <laughs> the president on page two, the president says, "Is he going to be okay?" And the chief of staff says, "What, Mr. President? What exactly do you think happens when you hit someone full force with a thirty-pound mallet?" And, 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 and I've got to be honest with you, you know, say what you like about Ennis. I, 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 I have some issues with this uh, with this story. I have some issues with this issue. <laughs> um, but he does do dialogue really well. Um, and and it's it's it flows really well. So so there's a sort of a female advisor stood behind uh, the president so, saying, are we going to be okay might be a better question, given that it happened on national TV. Now, this is something really interesting. I... I was kind of expect. I, I suppose a certain kind of writer would go for the the talking heads on TV, kind of discussing the situation, using that to fill in the to fill in the blanks for for the reader and what have you. But that isn't what happens here. We we don't we don't see the press coverage particularly. What we see is how the president reacts, and and there is some kind of interesting sort of political. Uh, kind of comment here. Uh, the president uh, tries to brazen it out, and he says, uh, "We uh, we we have to act like everything's normal. We have to project an aura of calm. What's on the agenda for later today?" And uh, it turns out that it's his his daughter's <laughs> his daughter's heart recital. And the, the the chief of staff isn't isn't buying this. He, he they they need to do something about this situation, and this situation needs to be resolved. You can't just sweep it under the carpet. There's an argument between um, the president and his chief of staff, in which, in which the pres the president uses the word cotton picking, which is which is kind of uh, interesting because because the, the chief of staff is black. And he picks up on it, and he says, "I'm your chief of staff. It's my duty to cotton pick it." And, it, and it's almost like um, he's he's become this kind of uh, the president is becoming this this sort of cartoonified version of himself. His, his language is becoming kind of Hanna Barbera esque, and cotton picking is a word that you would certainly uh, hear in uh, in a Hanna Barbera cartoon. But of course, it has, I guess, kind of racial overtones to it, and um, it, it, we move on from that, but it, it, it's kind of interesting that the script kind of registers that, um, and uh, basically things get weirder when um, there's a commotion outside the door, and suddenly in pop, I, I guess it, it, it's a roadrunner and it's a, it's a coyote essentially, but they are they look quite they look quite real, and then they're not. It's not like you know, Wiley Coyote and, and and Roadrunner from the cartoons. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of real creatures, if you see what I mean. But it's, at the same time, you can tell there's something not quite right with them, uh, and it, it's kind of interesting to to, to see that, which, which I guess goes with the with the whole tone of the of the story. You know that there's uh, they're acting like the, the, these two animals are acting like their counterparts in uh, in cartoons. Um, in the same way that uh, the the human characters are acting like uh, cartoon characters, but that doesn't necessarily mean they look like cartoon characters, if that makes sense.
it, it's not a, it's not a case of the of the cartoon world kind of taking over it's the car it's a it's kind of it's more subtle than that it's it's been the the, the cartoon elements are kind of integrating themselves sort of not not completely because because you've still got this kind of weird the weirdness of it is is still there but but the, but they are kind of integrating themselves into the real world i i do you know that there is a I, i'm gonna be honest with you there, there, there is a reasonably good gag here where the the, the president is kind of losing his shit in, in a fairly comprehensive way. And he's on the phone. He's on the phone to the security services. And he says, is this the constabulary? Good. Now listen here. There are varmints, I say. Varmints on the loose in my office. I want to know what you're going to do about it. What? And and in the background, sort of someone saying, get him, damn it, almost. And then, and then he says, furniture's not the answer. You're not going to get anywhere investigating a bureau. Uh, which I, I kind of... I kind of liked. Oh dear. But then I, I have a weird sense of humor. So there's there's basically chaos. There's chaos in the White House. Oh, there we go. There we go, actually. There we go. That's it. Chaos in the White House. A cartoon president. The script writes itself. Right. Uh, then we move. <laughs> oh dear. Can I just say, by the way, I if I, I obviously I, I can't I couldn't vote in last year's election. Uh, if I had, I would have voted for Trump. Uh, there we go. Um, that doesn't that doesn't mean I support everything he does, but but I would have voted for him. Uh, so um, we then then move to we we move to Germany, and uh, Dastardly and Muttley are um, are breaking through uh, like a security barrier at an airport. Uh, this this is such a good a good panel uh, well good good splash page really uh, the, the the signs flying up in the air and the, the 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 barrier is kind of in pieces and they're going through in this um on this motorbike and just as he is on the cover uh, dick is still uh in his uh, hospital gown uh, and mutley is still in his flight uh, clothes and um He's kind of he's kind of uh, trying to argue with Dick. D Dick has decided that it's a good idea to steal a plane, um, and Muttley's really not happy about it. So one of the interesting things about it, uh, and this is uh, this is something that's been true all the way through, is is the um, the characterization of these two characters has been consistent all the way through. So actually is kind of overbearing and uh, he wants to be in charge and he's the leader and what have you. Uh, and he's, he's kind of, he is a bit of a dick actually, to be fair, but Motley is, is much more uh, reserved, much more reticent, much more wanting to do things by the book. And he has a real, problem with the notion of stealing a plane that doesn't stop him though from riding the bike through the uh, the barrier um so they head towards uh the hangars there's some nice stuff here and it, it, it's just I, I i i it's funny i was listening to uh reggie and um uh, and jim talk about issue one uh, a couple of months ago because uh, I'm still very far behind on the podcast. Don't tell anybody. But I was listening to them the other day, and and they picked up on and and they're they're right. They're absolutely right. That they're, they're sometimes 
scenes are just a little bit overextended. Um, that's certainly true of the first scene in the White House. It, it's true of this this sort of section here as well. It's only a few pages, but but at least one of them could probably quite happily disappear. But anyway, they 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 find a plane they they want to steal and they're about to steal it. Then we move to the <coughs> to the United States and we're introduced to two new characters, uh, Zabanovsky, uh, who is a a tall, uh, actually kind of quite attractive. Uh, she's um, she's wearing she's sporting what I would call a uh, a stylish but but pretty severe haircut. Um, and she's obviously the the lead pilot of this this per, and her her co-pilot, her weapons guy is uh, is a guy called Longman, and he's uh, um, an older black guy. And uh, basically, they're they're being briefed by General Harrier, uh, who remember has instructed that Mutley and actually be killed. And then when, in last issue, when, when uh, Dick and Mutt uh, tried to kind of call in a favour with him, uh, he was not prepared to play play ball. Uh, so there's something going on with him. And now he's instructing these two guys uh, to, uh, to shoot Mutley and uh, Dastardly down. Not that they are Dastardly and Mutley at this point, but anyway... This is kind of a. It's a reasonable scene. I mean, there's, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a gag about uh, the the older black guy not being able to take the sight of of cartoon uh, holes in in people's bodies. If you remember from last issue, Agent Perkins fired a cartoon bazooka straight at somebody's uh, stomach and then at a passerby's head, and so it left these kind of holes in their in their bodies. I, I, I mean, the gag, I guess, is is that the 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 female pilot doesn't have any problem with looking at it. The 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 male pilot is throwing up, uh, which I suppose is 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 meant to be funny. Um, the, the the it's all about plot here, really, and and I think to be honest with you, um, it's again, it's just a little bit overdone. It, it is a very wordy issue. This issue. Um, you know, the, and it's not like the the dialogue's bad. It's it's not it's not bad. It's 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 quite readable, but it, it's all just a bit circuitous. You know, it, it takes a while to get to the point. And I mean, much of this uh, much of this scene can probably be be dispensed with, quite frankly. Uh, but it is what it is. The art is good. Uh, and Morissette does faces incredibly well. I, I mean, he does everything very well. To be fair, I. Uh, just a, a very very good artist. Um, a, a weird thing happens during this briefing, which is that um, Zabanowski Z, as we'll call her from now on, sort of briefly becomes Penelope Pitstop. I, what I mean by that is is she she becomes this southern helpless belle who needs rescuing, and uh, she starts screaming out, "Oh hail, pale!" Like that's that's a really bad. That was a really bad southern accent. I'm usually better than that <laughs> with my with my southern accents. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, which is kind of weird. I, 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 actually, do you know what? I, I I had forgotten actually that Penelope Pitstop was in Dastardly and Muttley. It's been it's been a long time since I've seen that show. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I knew she was in Wacky Races, and I knew she was in. Uh, she's she's in the Perils of Penelope Pitstop, fairly obviously, but I'd forgotten that she she made uh, appearances in Dastardly and Muttley. But anyway, there we go. So um, so she kind of sort of embarrassingly becomes it because because the whole point of this character is she's supremely kind of confident and uh, very efficient and uh, she's no nonsense kind of thing and then she sort of becomes this sort of weird sort of weak and pathetic penelope pit stop character and, she, and she's struggling with it she she tries to stop it uh, which is kind of interesting and she manages to kind of get control over it. you see sort of beads of sweat on her forehead as she kind of tries to bring herself back and into control uh anyway they they head off uh to get uh dastardly and lovely uh who aren't actually in the air at that point uh, the 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 rationale that the general gives uh to z and uncle who's the uh the co-pilot is that wherever uh Mutley and uh no that would that sorry the rationale that uh the general gives is that uh mutt and actually have been uh affected by uh by the drone and and it's them that are spreading the chaos not the drone okay so so it, it it's kind of they they've become infected with this stuff um, and they are now the source of the infection, which of course isn't true. Um, so, but he—that's what he says to the to these uh, these two uh, pilots. Anyway, we see them escape. It, it's the, the main thing here is is to be honest with you, it, it's the art. The the, the art is just fantastic. Um, basically, what happens is that um, you get uh, they're being they're being pursued by the police. Uh, and the only way they they can escape them really is to embrace the madness of the uh, cartoon elements of uh, the cockpit. Uh, so th- there's a couple of sort of cartoonish controls that have just suddenly appeared, uh, and that's what he decides to do. He decides to he decides to to use these these controls. Uh, one of which just uh squirts water back into his face um but they do actually use them and, and essentially what happens is 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 they they supersize uh the plane's wheels uh so so that they they basically trample uh over the uh the police cars that are trying to stop them from leaving uh, and then they fly off um and leaving the undercarriage behind them um then we go back to the White House, and uh, in the White House, uh, the President of the United States is indeed listening uh, to his daughter's harp recital. Uh, I don't know whether Ivanka plays the harp. Did Ivanka play the harp? I don't know. Oh, okay, nobody knows. I have no idea. Um, like I said, I mean, uh, I, look, the thing is actually that the, the President, if anything, he looks more like Richard Nixon than, than Trump. I mean, I mean, in, in this particular image where he sat... Uh, at his desk, uh, he looks very like Richard Nixon. Uh, his uh, his daughter is playing uh, the harp for him, 
Uh, and he's on the phone to Harrier, who's... Uh, this is a conversation that really exists only for us. Um, it, it basically establishes the link between Harrier, uh, the general, and um, the original explosion that happened at the start of issue one in Unlikely Stan, um, and where the Unstabilium uh, sort of reactor sort of went off. This section is where the president is on the phone to the general and he mentions Professor Dubious, who we last heard about uh, during the uh, first issue just before the explosion. Uh, he's the one uh, who has kind of been working on this Unstabilium project in, in Unlikely Stan um, and is obviously responsible for essentially everything that, that's been happening. Uh, Harry is trying to kind of deny it. He's trying to deny the fact that sort of Perkins and Nixon are kind of these agents that are out to to recover the unstability or cover it up or whatever. He has to hang up uh, because um, the chief of staff comes in, he says, you're unfit for office. And the president kind of says, no, I, I'm not going to go quietly kind of thing. And uh, he bizarrely and disturbingly uh, runs through his daughter's harp, and there is a there is a burst of kind of green, greenish yellow light as he does so, with sort of like green Kirby dots kind of floating around him. Um, that I presume are kind of meant to sort of represent um, this. Unstabilium energy, and there's a wonderful panel. It might be my favourite panel of the issue, actually, where uh, you get the daughter's face and and the, and the face of all the um, the aides and what have you, uh, who are reacting in kind of varying degrees of horror. And all you see are you don't see anything, but you what you get are the sound effects, which are slapper, 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 spush, as as his presumably. Uh, the president's uh, diced remains hit the uh, the floor of the Oval Office. Uh, gruesome stuff, but the gruesomeness is kind of all uh, all off panel. Then we have, and and this is this is this is what I mean about Morissette's artwork. You you have you have a, a panel in which uh, the president of the United States kind of effectively slices himself to death. Uh, using his daughter's harp strings. And the very next panel is this gorgeous shot, or image, I should say, of a fighter jet with uh, sort of like rosy clouds in the background and there's a refueling uh, bomber, sort of refueling jet uh, behind them. It just looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, this is Z and Uncle who are out to try and uh, take down Dastardly and Motley. Z has another Penelope pit stop uh, kind of moment, uh, which causes Uncle to be just a little bit concerned. Uh, on board the jet, Motley is is piloting the plane uh, while Dastardly is on the loo, and uh, he is uh, he's wax. It, well, he's, not, he's twirling his moustache. And his moustache is, he didn't have a, well, did he have, I, he didn't have this kind of a moustache. His moustache has become a very kind of cartoonish handlebar moustache, precisely the kind of moustache that uh, Dick Dastardly had in the cartoons. And um, they had this conversation. Uh, and again, it, it's like whenever something vaguely cartoony happens, these 
these different coloured sort of uh, dots appear uh, as if to kind of indicate that something strange is going on. Um, uh, we get a lovely shot at the outside of the um, of the plane with um, uh, Z and Uncle's plane kind of coming into view behind them. It's a beautiful shot that. Uh, and so they lock on, basically, and decide to shoot down Dastardly and Muttley's plane. And that's how we leave it, with the uh, the missile kind of leaving uh, the underside of uh, Z and Uncle's plane as it heads towards uh, Dastardly and Muttley's uh, private jet that they have escaped in. So, uh, there we go. That's the issue. Um it's fun. I had fun with this issue. It ain't bad. I gave this 7.5 on the site. I, I, I would uh, stand by that. I, I, I think this is a a kind of an interesting uh, series, really. Uh, there's some interesting ideas. It's fun enough. I, I think it probably could move a little bit more quickly. Dick is still in his... Uh, in the same in the same kind of hospital gown that he was in at the end of issue one. Um, we've not, we've not really got much further along in terms of the plot. Uh, ultimately all the stuff with the president is a little bit of a sideshow. Um, and, and, and as I said before, there is definitely, uh, a sense of, um, sort of scenes being extended beyond, beyond their natural lifespan, as it were. There's just a little bit of drag at times, which is a shame. I, I think I'd like to have seen things move a little bit more uh, quickly. I mean, there's, you know, some of the action is uh, very frenetic. Some of it is very kind of cartoonish and madcap. But I think there's also an awful lot of talking um between in between moments like that i think for for a story like this um that isn't in an entirely good thing as i said ennis does dialogue really well and i think yeah he i mean he does he does comedy really well but i think at the moment that this this is a bit too talky so uh, 7.5 for me uh we're gonna have just a very quick uh musical interlude and then we'll be back to talk about the surprisingly good Shadow and Batman issue two. Don't go away.
So welcome back uh, to Crossover Corner. And it really is Crossover Corner this time around because uh, we are looking at The Shadow and Batman issue number two. Uh, this is written by Steve Orlando uh, with art by Giovanni Timpano. It's published by Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics. Uh, there are colors by Flavio Dispenza, letters by Taylor Esposito, and the cover price is $3.99. My review for the first issue of this Dynamite DC series ended with a forlorn hope for better things. After an initial issue that attempted to hook me with action and mystery, but instead only managed to alienate me with a confusing in-media res opening and a dialogue from the Melodrama 101 handbook, I must confess my expectations for this issue were on the low side. Imagine my surprise then when this afternoon I read a comic book that not only was reasonably easy to follow, but also delivered a bona fide emotional punch to the gut. Yeah, I know. Let me tell you all about it. Uh, let's be clear about this. Um, I have thrown uh, a considerable amount of shade uh, Steve Orlando's way over the uh, the last few months or so. And to be fair, uh, I stand by all of that. <laughs> it's all deserved. Um, but we appear to have uh, a genuinely solid, in fact, actually, uh, I would even go so far as to say, uh, very good Steve Orlando penned issue here. Um, we start off with where we left off last time, uh, which was with Damien being menaced uh, by somebody purporting to be Batman, dressed as Batman, uh, but he obviously wasn't, and um, a number of things gave the game away. The big visual thing was the white on black uh, word balloons in the dialogue, but just his whole way of kind of speaking to Damien uh, was off. It's not really explained in this issue where that fake Batman came from. Um, what we do get, though, is that the aftermath of uh, last issue's ending, which is where, of course, Damien uh, throws a bat grenade at, at Batman, at this fake Batman, uh, and blows him up. Uh, and we start with, I, I'm tempted to say, one of the creepiest lines in comics, which is um, this fake Batman... Uh, on the floor, uh, presumably um, kind of in pieces, really, because he says, come here, Damien, be a good boy and put your father back together. And there's, there's something kind of wonderfully kind of creepy about that. Uh, Damien says, you're not my father. Um, we get a nice picture of him kind of standing over this this weird fake Batman um, we also get a picture of the hideout that Damien has been using, this old Titans hideout in New York that Damien has been using. is about to be overrun uh, by figures. We can't see who they are yet, but we we get the sense that they are up to no good and we see their feet on the on the stairs and what have you as they're coming uh, they're coming up uh, to, to meet with Damien. Um, and so the, the, this kind of dead Batman uh, keeps on talking to, to Damien. 
and then these figures arrive. And it, and it would seem that there's an awful lot of them that are policemen. They're sort of policemen, um, and one of them's wearing a riot shield. Uh, somebody else is holding a kind of a an oil barrel above their heads. They're, they're basically... Uh, they are these kind of... We later find out that, that, that these sort of reanimated corpses. And and Damien's just kind of facing them down. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. He looks pretty badass here. Um, and, and he kind of goes, so who's first? And he's just like really cool about it. And, and Timpano does a, a great job uh, of kind of showing how sort of confident and, and unfazed he is. Uh, by having these people sort of show up. And we get a whole page of him um, sort of starting to take the, them on. But the problem is, is there's just too many of them. Um, and so as as the fight goes on, it, it becomes increasingly clear that he's not, he's not going to win through on this. There are too many of them. They're too strong for him. And, of course, Bruce is watching. Uh, what's kind of interesting is is that he's kind of in the middle of uh, maintaining uh, the bat bike, the bat cycle, I guess, um, and he's got the kind of the security feed sort of on in a background, and then the, the the feed starts cutting out, or the sound on it starts cutting out, and it becomes clear that Damien is in trouble, uh, and of course Batman can't do anything about it because Batman is in Gotham. And uh, Gotham is some distance from New York. And so uh, he's kind of saying, right, he, to Alfred, he kind of says, right, prep the back wing. He's not winning. Uh, and Alfred says, New York is hundreds of miles away, sir. Even you, I know, call Barry or Clark. And then basically the, the feed gets hijacked. Uh, and Batman says, um, "I need to be there." And, and this, and the Shadow's voice. We know it's a Shadow's voice because the Shadow uses uh, square or rectangular word balloons with a bit of sort of yellow orange shading behind it. And Shadow interrupts and says, "Not tonight, Bruce." Uh, Batman's not entirely impressed. I don't think the fact that the Shadow is there on the scene. And then uh, the shadow, because the shadow is incredibly theatrical, um, and not that Batman isn't, but 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 the sh- the shadow uh, out theatrics Batman. I don't know whether that's all a word or not. Let's say it is. And he says, "Tonight, your son's fate rests in the hands of the shadow." And you turn over the page, and it's just this great. Uh, sort of splash page of the shadow hanging upside down from the from pipes in the ceiling, uh, and with one hand he's got his hand on the pistol, he's prepared to draw it. Remember that the shadow has these uh, pistol pistols in holsters, kind of underneath his uh, his armpits, um, and uh, it just looks great. And uh, you know, Damien's kind of surrounded by uh, all these weird looking sort of creatures well they're, they're, they're not that weird looking they're, they're, they're all people at the end of the day but they're they're clearly kind of sort of reanimated and he comes down and distracts them uh, and there's some really interesting kind of stuff here um the, one of the creatures calls him vinko which is interesting and he says only your master calls me that name murder golem 
Uh, and this creature says, he is your master too. And um, he, the shadow has some kind of power over them. He, he kind of gets them to, to, be, to be still. And, th- and they're kind of shaking. You can see them kind of, they're kind of shaking, uh, trying to break free of this, uh, of this power that the shadow has over them. And uh, that gives Damien the, the time to break free. And um, he he legs it out of there, jumps out of the window, the shadow following him, uh, tossing a back grenade behind him to blow them up, uh, which it does. And you see the, you know, the kind of explosion blow out the windows and what have you, uh, all of which is pretty good. And then we get this really nice. I'm going to just say this. I I don't rec- I don't remember the the storytelling being quite this good last issue I, I you know you know sometimes when you when you read um you read an issue uh and you didn't really enjoy the enjoy the previous one and you enjoyed this one so much it makes you wonder <laughs> what the hell you were doing uh reading the first one and 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 i, and I, I got this a lot this issue because this is this is lovely you, you get this um this page of sort of small panels. How many panels are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight panels on the page, but they're kind of rearranged. They're arranged in kind of like an S shape. No, they're not. They're re- arranged in a Z shape is what they are. And uh, you get um, a conversation between Batman and the Shadow. But you don't see them until the very end, very bottom of the page, and only, and even then, it's only in in very, very kind of close up. The rest of the time, uh, you get to see uh, first the the exterior of uh, Wayne Manor, and then um, different sort of corridors and rooms within uh, within the manor, and then leading down to the back. It, it, it's basically it's really it's a really clever piece of. Uh, visual storytelling actually it's really elegant and it's it's uh it's really nicely done you know you 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 kind of get this sense of the manor being kind of being essentially empty apart from obviously the the back case so that you know you you kind of go through these sort of empty rooms and it takes you down the stairs down towards the back cave where um robin uh, Batman and the Shadow are having this conversation, and and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I I am not a huge fan of Orlando's dialogue. I think Orlando his dialogue can be just terrible at times. There is nothing in this issue that particularly stands out to me as being terrible, and in fact, I would say a lot of this dialogue is pretty damn good. The, the, this this conversation here actually is pretty good um and, and there's some really nice little touches so, so so for example you've basically got uh the, the you've got a you got a page where at the top of the page in essentially the main panel of the page uh you've got batman on the left hand side the shadow on the right uh you've got damien in between them um and there's a wonderful bit where um where Damien kind of goes, who is this ridiculous fool? You know, sort of, sort of, Dad. You, you it's almost like you, you, met, you, you, you're getting yourself involved with some real crazies here, Dad. Who's this guy? 
you know, in the Batcave. He's a, you know, what a, what a twist. And you're hanging out with him. The shadow kind of says to Damien, this fool saved your life, Damien Wayne. It now belongs to the shadow. And, and that's, oh man, that's what the shadow does. It's, it's, it's what he, uh, it's his modus operandi. He, he gets agents by saving people's lives and, and kind of essentially, uh, kind of making them feel obliged to work for him. Uh, some of them feel uh, are quite happy to do that. Others, others less so. Uh, and he's trying that with Damien. <laughs> oh yeah, good luck with that. Uh, and then of course Damien says, "No, I don't think so." Uh, he goes, "Then come and take it, you." And then Bruce kind of calms things down. Um, and and sort of the shadow says, look, I wasn't following uh, Damien. I was following the Silent Seven. And this is, of course, uh, this shadowy organization that uh, all organizations are shadowy, aren't they, ultimately? Uh, but this shadowy organization that uh, that Batman uh, kind of learned about last issue and has uh, been... Well, actually, I was going to say he's been tracking them down. No, he hasn't really. He's been sat around uh, in, in the Batcave uh, kind of think, thinking about them, I guess. He hasn't left the Batcave, actually, since the start of issue one. But anyway, there we go. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of ties in with last issue. And it begins to explain uh, last issue a little bit better. And he goes on and talks about how, you know, the Silent Seven have been hiding in plain sight. That once you know what to look for, it becomes obvious that they're kind of everywhere. And again, he kind of says, you know, it's like mass hypnosis. And of course... Uh, that is entirely appropriate because the, the shadow has the ability to cloud, cloud men's minds. And it turns out the person they're up against is uh, Siwan Khan, who is the only other person to be trained uh, at Shambhala in the same kind of techniques as the shadow, except he obviously is using um, his talents for evil, whereas the shadow is using them for good. Um. I just, I really kind of like this. I, I like the fact that the shadow keeps on calling Damien boy, uh, and eventually there's there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be some kickoff about that. Um, and he ties it in. Uh, the shadow ties it in with the last the last series with the stag. Uh, he says, um, "Once I told you there is a darkness that lies always." In your periphery, the stag came from there, and with the destruction of Shambhala, I am one of the few remaining that know its secrets. And he's kind of suggesting here that there's kind of a whole almost world uh, that is hidden from Batman's sight. Uh, it's a little bit of a conceit, I suppose, but I, I, I kind of like it. And I like the way that he, he ties it into the previous series as well. Um, we then get... Uh, a couple of pages of the Silent Seven, uh, and we get uh, three of these um, sort of reanimated corpses um, that are reporting back to their leader, who turns out to be C1 Khan. Uh, but C1 Khan is not alone. Uh, the Silent Seven uh, is a is a kind of a name that these two people have taken. Uh, to sort of represent their organization. Siwan Khan is one of them, and the other is Rajal Ghul. Now, firstly, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. 
I, I think it makes a lot of sense actually, because obviously we've 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 had two very sort of Damien centric issues, uh, and of course Raj is Damien's grandfather, so that that that's kind of nice. Also, uh, Raj Al Ghul and uh, Siwan Khan are kind of similar in the sense that. Uh, there's a, there's a kind of sort of Eastern mysticism sort of vibe to both of them. Um, they're both plotters. They're both manipulators. Um, they are, they're both killers, uh, but not necessarily, um, in a, in a psychopathic way. Um, they're, yeah, they're, they kind of do fit. And this notion of kind of like a, you know, a, a, a vast organization that the pair of them are kind of have, uh, sort of taken over um, and are using for their own ends is is pretty cool. I mean, uh, Rajal Ghul says, we stole Moriarty's criminal network. Uh, your dead men sit in seats of power across the globe. And he's talking to Siwan Khan there. So Khan has this um, ability to reanimate the dead and, and he's used it to kind of essentially... Um, put his people in positions of power all around the globe. So you see, you've got this kind of sort of vast criminal conspiracy that's that's kind of hiding in plain sight with reanimated corpses doing, doing most of the work, um, which is kind of, you know, it, it, it's... It's kind of breathtakingly bold in, in one sense. I, I, I really do quite like it. Then we go back. Um, to the back cave, and um, Damien is is getting annoyed. Uh, he's getting annoyed because the two adults in the room uh, are talking over him, and they're not allowing him to. Um, they're not allowing him to kind of have a say, um, and he feels that um, he should be allowed to deal with this on his own, basically. And uh, he walks out. Uh, he doesn't fight particularly. At one point, um, he slaps Bruce's hand away. Um, and and nor, nor does he, he doesn't storm out either, actually. It, it's, it's quite subtly done. Um, because uh, he says, the last, last, last things he says, says is this. Uh, he, he bats uh, Bruce's hand away. He says, no, when I left the League of Assassins, I didn't know you. You asked for my trust, the chance to prove you could be a father. Now it's time for you to trust me. And he just and he walks out and he's got his, his uh, the Robin Hood up and he looks pretty grim and determined. Um, and it's, it's quite nicely done. I mean, it, it's a, a, a certain kind of writer. And in fact, if I'm being absolutely honest with you, precisely the kind of writer that I think Steve Orlando is most of the time would have made this far more sort of uh, emotional uh, in an attempt to make it kind of more dramatic. But actually, this is this is this is pretty good. Um, it, it, it's a little bit more low key than, than what you might expect. And I kind of like that. What does happen, though, is that uh, Batman and the Shadow have an argument that turns into a fight. Uh, Batman, Batman essentially blames um, the Shadow for for Damien's decision, um, and they they kind of have this this conversation where where basically 
the shadow says, well, you, you, you missed the silent seven. You, you were not capable of seeing them. And Bruce goes, well, you missed them too. For all your weed of crime nonsense, you let them run wild. Do you know what? I, I love that line. Do you know why? Because, because the weed of crime thing is something that, uh, has been present in, uh, <laughs> in, in this series and and the series before it and and, and it's one of those metaphors which sounds kind of okay and then when you kind of start thinking about it it's it's all a bit silly and it's almost as if kind of orlando's going yeah you know it's it it is a bit over the top i i I can't if that is orlando doing that then good man good man good on you um there's a nice bit actually where bruce is really going uh going for it uh and he says now you bring them to me just like last time because you couldn't handle them and you wrapped my son up in it you didn't train me to replace you shadow you trained me to clean up after you and and the shadow kind of tries to do his mind trick uh with bruce by by putting his thumb he did this with the joker actually at the end of uh, the first series he puts his thumb on uh, bruce's forehead uh and tells him to be still and of course because batman's batman it doesn't really work batman's will is just too strong for that and so they have a fight and there's something kind of sort of inevitable about this what i like about it though is first of all the fight's done really well uh timpano's artwork is is really good that the the moves are really well described um the the action and the and the flow of the action is really very clear um so and and, it, and it's sort of rendered and it, the layouts are, are really kind of dramatic and what have you so that's all good what i really like about it is the dialogue and um i i, I love the the fact that both men are kind of dealing with to a greater or lesser extent loss now what what bruce is kind of dealing with is the loss of Damien. Not that he thinks Damien uh, is, is has deserted him. That's not really the issue. The, the, the issue is is that Damien is no longer under his protect, protection and control. I think, well, mostly protection, but let's face it, control as well up to a point. Um, Damien struck off on his own and Bruce is having a hard time with that. What the shadow is dealing with is loss of a considerably different type. He is dealing with the loss of Shambhala. Uh, that in turn means that he is dealing with um, the loss of the possibility of death, which would mean an end to his existence as the shadow. Uh, he's lost that. He's he's the, the the first series kind of dealt with this at the end that he's. Um, he now is is sort of cursed with being the shadow eternally uh, and he's uh he has a hard time with that but most important of all is the fact that he is dealing with the loss of margot lane and we saw margot lane's funeral uh during uh, during issue one um in fact I, it's arguably the best I and mean, it's only a page but it's arguably the, the most kind of interesting and beautifully done moment of issue one actually um so you get this thing where so on, on the left at the bottom of this page on the left hand side uh bruce is kind of thumping 
the shadow he says he's gone and and the shadow says she is gone gone you simpleton and then he just collapses he he breaks down the the the, the truth of it you see and, and again this, this is something that um say what you like about uh orlando and snyder but they did do this pretty well actually in last series um this notion that the shadow kind of uses people that the shadow is cold that the shadow um doesn't have sort of he doesn't have the the time for kind of emotional attachments and suddenly it's like now that margot's gone it's like he realizes how much he needed her and uh he says this he says margot lane is dead wayne i failed her she was a fool the last one that thought she could find the person i once was i needed her and now she is gone i am immortal i have dealt death a thousand times but somehow i never thought i'd outlive margot and i i ah, that's even as i'm reading it now that that gets you it really does and and the way uh giovanni timpano uh draws him here he's just kind of sinking into and you know batman sort of sort of uh behind him kind of watching him um and he just crouches down and then just it's like he's sinking into this sort of despair and you see his eyes and his eyes are kind of tortured and it's it's really well done to be absolutely honest with you um and Batman tries to kind of give him a different perspective. And, and again, it's it's sort of, I kind of like what what he does here. He says, no one is above death's shadow. No one should be, including us. You're not angry at me, not really. And I, Robin is out there alone, hunting the Silent Seven. He needs our help. I told you I could help your mission be about more than just punishment. If that still interests you, it starts now. And again, this is a uh, a reference to um, to the previous series, where at the end it's like um, Batman kind of essentially says you're going to have to to reevaluate who you are and what your purpose is, what your mission is and uh then we get we get the last two pages of the of the book were it's at wayne tower and uh the the two characters are talking to one another uh it would appear that uh cranston has been way sorry that bruce has given uh cranston a an alter ego that he can use uh in his fight against uh against the silent seven and the, the splash page is or the the final page i should say is when um they come into lucius lucius fox's uh office and um cranston is dressed in a very snazzy suit he's got a briefcase and bruce is with him and it's like right that they, they, they're going to take the fight to the silent seven via the boardroom as well as uh as well as sort of batman and the shadow and i kind of like that there's a very unexpected turn of events i i and i kind of like the way this is going 
I, I gave this issue uh, 8 out of 10, which is uh, a full two points more than uh, what I gave last issue. Um, I really liked it. The, the, there's there's a really strong characterization between these two, uh, of these two heroes. There's a strong bond between these two heroes. They, they've worked out their differences. I really like it. Um, it, it doesn't seem especially hokey. It's It, it works pretty well. I, I, I really like this issue. I, Giovanni Tempano's art is really good. I had issues with it last last issue. I, I don't really this issue. I, I, I like it a great deal. I think there's a lot a lot uh, a lot going on here that, that is is really really good. Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty good issue. I, I think there are one or two kind of issues to do with plot. Um, it would be nice to know a little bit more about exactly what uh, Siwan Khan and Rajal Ghul are doing, uh, so that we can then understand exactly what uh, Bruce and uh, and Cranston are doing. Um, but I'm I'm guessing we can we can probably get that next issue. Actually, it won't won't make that much difference. Uh, I think it, it becomes a heck of a lot easier. The the, 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 the first issue, I've got to be honest with you, the first issue throwing in Professor Pig. As much as I like Professor Pig, it was just incredibly confusing, and uh, you just got that that sense of well, what's going on? Because you're kind of in the middle of, or actually towards the end of an ongoing kind of investigation into Professor Pig, which is meant to be well, it's it's now this thing here with uh, these strange. Um, sort of reanimated corpses and all this kind of stuff. All of that's kind of been simplified. Uh, the fact that uh, Rajal Ghul is involved is is pretty cool as well. I, I just really like it. I, I really, really like this issue. Uh, 8 out of 10. I would say, I mean, I'm tempted to say that this is the best issue involving these two characters I've read so far. Of either of the two series, um, just in terms of the the relationship between them is is really played out really really well, and like I said, um, Orlando, I, I give a lot of stick to Orlando. Um, I think, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Okay, let, let let me just give you an example. In just this League of America issue three, uh, which I know is quite a while ago now, but it, it's uh, the it's the extremists um, storyline, and in issue three, the Ray meets up with uh, Dream Slayer. I think it's Dream Slayer, and Dream Slayer is uh, is acting unusually compared to the rest of the extremists in the sense that he's not actually killing anybody; he's keeping them in sort of some kind of magical stasis. So the Ray comes along and starts talking to him. And apropos of absolutely nothing, uh, Dream Slayer just kind of unburdens himself uh, to uh, to the Ray and uh, and gives him a full breakdown of everything that's happened to him in his life, uh, you know how he feels about working with the extremists, all this stuff. And it's just like this this kind of uh, this sort of emotional and psychological kind of incontinence, really, that he seems to be suffering from, and the dialogue is is suitably appalling uh, as a result. This you have something a little bit similar happening in the sense that you you know the shadow kind of opens up a little bit towards uh, to to Bruce uh, about what he's going through, but it, it's it's portrayed in a much more sort of naturalistic way. 
uh, and it, you feel like, and, and uh, Jim uses this this a, a lot. Um, you feel that it's earned this, this this revelation, this moment of character change. It's earned. It's not just kind of shoehorned into the book to 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 move the plot along. It actually it actually springs from the characters themselves. I, I think that's really important, and I think it's good storytelling. Um, and you know, I'll hold my hand up and say. Steve Orlando, you have done a great job on this particular issue. Well done, sir. Keep it up. That's uh, that's all I want to say. Well, that's it for today. Uh, so thank you for listening. Um, two pretty decent books, actually, you know, uh, this time round. Um, I think of the two of them, I think uh, Shadow and the Batman uh, is uh, is a stronger book. But either one is, is kind of worth checking out if, if that you know tickles your fancy. Uh, something a little bit different uh, from from the usual fare, uh, then yeah, give give uh, give these titles a go and uh, and see what you think. But uh, anyway, that's me done for now, and uh, I will hand you back uh, to the wonderful Jim, Eric, and whoever else they have lined up. Uh, in the meantime, you have a fantastic week, and I will doubtless speak to you uh, in a week's time. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. All right, Eric, we are here with our last email section of the night. And it's, it's going already. to start with Jeremy. Yes, this is it, Eric. This is the last of the mails. Uh, I I do say start with Jeremy because we just got a mail as, as this was about to go. We got one last mail. You'll hear who the latecomer is in a minute, ah. but you'll, you'll be happy. Jeremy says, hi, Jim, Eric, happy. and the glorious Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Hope you guys are doing well. The academic year is currently grinding on, and only the continued excellence of Christopher Priest's Deathstroke is keeping me going. Okay, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's not that far from the truth. That said, I haven't read the supersized celebratory issue 25 yet, but I'll be surprised if it comes close to being the stinking pile of educational manure that is my Year 11's utterly pointless mock exam papers. Year 11's, huh? Year 11's. I feel like I should be talking in more of a gentlemanly voice. That that, that felt good. I, I can't. I only no, have cockney. No. You go cockney. I can't. I can't go. Cockney. No, no, there's not. I I can't do it. So that that felt good to say. Actually, how's that? That's my American version of Jeremy. You know, he doesn't stand for baloney. Eric. Why? Would Among he? the many services you gentlemen provide, the opportunity to vent to you about things that don't really matter to you but do to me is perhaps the most valuable so you know thank you and yeah they do matter to us i i say, what does it matter to me all of a sudden his year 11's utterly pointless mock exam papers eric 
I care more about those year 11s than I do about my own family. I do as well. As I may have mentioned in the past, I get my comic books mail ordered from a very nice chap running a one-man show operation in South Wales. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine, I imagine this guy, he's just there, he's got knickers on, he's got a fucking cap, and he's just in this like real thin shop waiting for Jeremy's deal. No, no, he doesn't have a shop He has a sandwich board. Got a sandwich board. A sandwich board, just waiting, waiting for Jeremy to order. Unfortunately, Diamond regularly screw up my orders, so my comic buying is a bit erratic. Some titles in my collection have an unpleasant number of gaps in them, although my guy in Wales does his best to fill them, <laughs> which means that as happened recently, sometimes I get a fair few back issues along with my regular picks. Uh, you have to watch out for those guys in Wales, Aaron. I've now got a huge pile of unread comics to plow through, and then uh, and I'm way behind. So he's way behind. <laughs> I got a guy in Wales. I got a guy in Wales, all right. The last remotely recent DC Comics I read was Deathstroke 24, and it was really very good. Wally getting caught hiding underneath the table in the restaurant was a great moment, only really surpassed by the look on Power Girl's face when Slade played back Wally's comments about her booty. So much characterization in that one panel. He does like that booty. Uh, He's all about that base, Eric. It's funny, but I've only recently heard the podcast where you review issue 23 and point out that we've not been getting much Wally. I think the lesson here is to trust Priest. He really does know what he's doing with this book. The last time, Eric, I trust a priest, I had the worst summer of my life. This issue was a great – I think I know him. This guy in Wales that you had – the issue was a great behind-the-scenes story, which nicely exposed just how horribly – Functional, this team really is. The Terror Ravager cat fight looked promising before Wally broke it up in a ridiculously goofy way. But that final page was something else entirely. No matter how good the Stroke Squad may have been going up against pirates and light constructs, there's no way they're ready to take on a collection of supervillains like that. Or are they? The Stroke Squad, Eric, it's catching on. A couple of questions Killer Frost? Reverse Flash? I know, right? The inclusion of both these characters is a bit problematic for different reasons, although I suppose having Reverse Flash show up makes sense because of his connection with Wally. By the way, uh, am I – and it's it's not that Reverse Flash is the problem. So that's uh, that's out the, the window there. Reverse Flash will still remain kind of an iffy proposition even after you read, but I assure you, uh, you won't mind Killer Frost by the time you're done reading it. And Agreed. we're going to be talking about it next. But By the way, am I the only one who thinks that a character named Reverse Flash – only be able to run fast backwards. I'm with them. It's just me, isn't it? No, no, I, I what like a shitty power. I like it. every time I try to run really fast backwards, I fall and I have such bad. Everybody like, does, I, I, but and I don't really know why bad. you would try to run backwards fast. This is what happens, Eric. That's because oh, you are not a speedy fellow. Paint a picture, fella. please. No, I will paint a picture. You're not. You weren't known growing up as the Quaker Town Comet. No. So what happens I was when Quaker Town is shut up, fatty? Yes, when you're so fast, Eric. When you're halfway done the race, you, you turn around and finish it backwards to taunt them. That's hilarious. Oh, you're a jerk. I got but then you. you fall and you hit your head, get a concussion, and then you end up with a podcast. You're no longer known like as the Quaker Town Cop. No, you're you're known as the asshole with a concussion. I thought Killer Frost was a fully reformed member of the JLA, although I must admit I'm behind on that title and for fairly obvious reasons don't feel any great desire to catch up. I'm not going to spoil it for you, uh, but yes, we're we're talking about that book probably right away there. It does work. Also, Tara, how old is she meant to be in this continuity, and is she still Brian's sister? Not old enough. I know my ignorance is showing, but I'm calling on the continuity kid for help here, and gosh darn it, I know he won't let me down. He has Look, no, I'm telling you, we're not seeing any Geo Force hanging out anywhere. No, Freaking no, Tara, she is just no. old enough not to tell. 
Exactly. That's not a. Where, where's my chess club? That is not appropriate, Eric. Where Where do I have chess? Have fun. Have fun. That's not what you should say when he says that. You hear me, Jim? Oh my goodness! I do hear you. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. And now I think this door slam is actually you shutting the door and locking it. It's the no-tell policy that goes on at the Shea residence. I had a good time yesterday in the Slack, talking to Hussein Trevitt, Alex M., and one or two others about Marvel artists, and it got me thinking about artists that don't work for DC at present, who I really wish were. This may be a controversial thing to say, but I do think at times that Marvel generally has better art than DC. Anyhow, here's my top five of artists not working for DC at present on a title that is not just covers that I really wish were. You're not going to like number one or number five, Riley Rossimo. Eric actually, Eric actually, no, not at the moment. He's Uh doing now. He's working for putting. I don't. I don't know if he's on the Shadow Batman that's on Dynamite. That is like the continuation of the Batman Shadow. You see, they they did a little flip flop there, Eric. When you switch companies, Uh, you the other day came up with a book that would be the nightmare book for you, and it was actually a Steve or plot by Keith Giffen, script by Steve Orlando, and art by Riley Rossimo. No, no, the the art that friggin' it was a a dual team where we had written by Keith Giffen and Steve Orlando, and it was a dual art team because. This is a bi-weekly book just because it has to be a nightmare. Half of it is Riley Rossbone, and then switches off to Brian Hitch. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was it. You were right. People like Brian Hitch's art. I, yeah, those people I call wrong. Oh, that's what you call I know what you're going to say, and you're right. This is Riley Rossimo. It would have to be on the right sort of book. And that's not what I'm saying. I but haven't done that sort of book. His way with layouts and weird monstrous stuff is just excellent. He'd be perfect for Swamp Thing, Animal Man, insert name of your favorite dark character. Here I say Swamp Thing, you are wrong. Animal Man, I can see it. I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see, especially if he's in the red. A if you issue elongated how about man that? series. Ooh, how about if we had an Animal Man book that was uh, art by, you know, whoever. But if you go into the red, Riley Rossimo does all the art in the red. I, I'd like that. F- number four, Phil Noto. Nado. I don't know this guy. He does beautiful work for Marvel. I'm reading his run on Black Widow on the uh, Marvel Unlimited app. Insert customary plea uh, for DC to get their act together here, and they should. I love. I actually read an article today that was just here's what you're gonna get in, in November from the Marvel Unlimited app, and I just sat there smiling. I didn't even know what I was reading. I'm telling you, I'm like, who? Look at all these books at the moment, and it's just gorgeous. Imagine what he could do with well, anything really. Wonder Woman, Batgirl, Cyborg. Uh, it, the tales he'd tell her. I could see his style working on any of those. Mike Del Mundo. That sounds like something I'd yell like after a touch on Mike hey, Del Mundo. Mundo. This is – it's almost like Correct Mundo. This is my chance to plug 2015's Weird World. He does weird science fantasy really well. He would be an excellent – he would be excellent for something like an Adam Strange or Hawkman book. His recent run of adventures. Shade the Changing Man. Oh, was less uh, – the man, you're bringing him back. It was less than stellar, but given the right book, I think he'd be amazing. Number two, Dave Marquez. With the exception of my number one pick Marquez does probably the best superhero art out there at the moment. His work is just phenomenal and was the only thing that made Civil War too bearable. Number one, Sarah Pacelli. Incredible I see Dave artist. Marquez on a background on the Birds of Prey. Are you looking up some of his art? I am. As as, I'm goes? doing everyone as soon as you say okay, it. Okay, here is Sarah, Sarah Pacelli. Uh, Incredible yeah. artist, figure work, facial expressions, everything. Just so good. I know she seems to be a Bendis-only artist, but hey, a man can dream, right? Sarah Pacelli. 
What what do you got there? Okay, you look I'm working. I'm working. You're looking. You don't know how to spell it. Is that the problem? You no, no, Pichelli. I got it. You got the Pichelli. You just you're thinking now. Maybe a green reason. arrow. Okay, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll be interested to see if you guys have any artists you particularly want to see on DC titles. Bear in mind, I'd been out of comic buying game for a good while before I got back into a couple of years ago. There are probably a ton of names I'm not aware of. I'm not. I'm not aware either. Joe Madaria. Yeah, you're you're big on him. Anyway, how about uh, I like uh, John Ramita Jr. Oh, dear. No. Anyway, I've gone on long enough. I know I say it every time I write, but it's worth saying again. Thank you. Thank you for all the insane amount of time, energy, and creativity you guys put in the podcast and the site. Thank you for being awesome people. All the best. And thank, thank you, you Jeremy. Jeremy. You are awesome as well. And Jeremy does a lot of reviews on our site, and they're kick-ass. They they make me fucking ashamed to have my reviews on the site. So there. Uh, we're going to end the uh, mail sections uh, for the night with Swanee. Swanee was the late addition. He ended up doing that. I checked the mail right before that. He had one, and here you we go. You got lucky, Swanee. Yes, he did. Hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, doop. I just finished the books for the week of episode 143. He's a busy guy. The books have been getting better as of late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to hit a brick wall soon. I like the first two issues of Metal. I may uh, also be alone, but I like the tie-in Protectors of Gotham or whatever it's called. And that would be the Gotham Resistance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, we're turning it around and actually liking it a little more now that I we're in the, the Bats Out of Hell. Of Gotham Resistance. Yes, I really like the part three. It was a lot of fun to read and Sedgwick's art is amazing I like the Red Death and the Death Machine was cool too the art was amazing my main thought though is that Dr. Fate is an asshole he saved Flash but let Cyborg get destroyed yeah. you mentioned that because at that Football point he said does a hell of a job though uh, yeah but he said listen he's more machine than man that thing I also think it's strange also you have to think that what they were really going with was not just that Dr. Fate was an asshole and didn't save Flower. Cyborg I'm also going with the fact that it looked like they were really really intent to have Cyborg and because of that I'm talking even the writers and the you no, know I, I agree like, DC in general is really intent to have Cyborg whether the series is garbage or not well yeah well they also want him to be with the Dark Knight so we'll yeah I also think it's strange that we had two issues that Alfred was murdered in. The shits and giggles is so fucking bad, and I'm happy I only have to read one more issue of this shit pile of a story. Are you still in that shit? God damn. Yeah, he's still back there. Batgirl That's 15. not getting any better, so I, I don't even know what the hell to say to that. Like, I oh know. man, wait till you get done that, because it gets way better. No, no, it just continues the nonsense. Yep. Batgirl 15 was shockingly good. At least you don't good. have to see Riddler's jerk-off face That anymore. is true. Uh, Batgirl 15 was shockingly good. I think that's the one I liked. Maybe? It's hard to say what this is. I don't know what read anymore. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, has been okay, but this issue made me remember a question I've been meaning to ask Eric for a while. A lot of questions for you tonight. What is the deal with Rotlop Fan? He has a different lantern symbol on his chest. It looks like a bell or something. Uh, What do you think of that? I have no idea off the top of my head. I'd have to look into it. You'll have to look. So that means never. <laughs> See yeah. you would never. Still really bummed that Oz is Superman's daddy. Also, Detective Comics was a letdown. Not only was horse-faced Tim Drake awful, but the story did not go the way I was hoping. I really hope Shazam or Martian Manhunter or something steps in to help them take down Doomsday. Lastly, and yeah, I, I guess he's not going to hear this until after he reads that. But, yeah, he's hoping for a lot there. A lot of people were hoping. He's actually at the point where you have them just breaking out and you're wondering who else is with them. Yeah, not many people. 
Lastly, Wonder Woman 31 was good. First time I've said that in all of Rebirth. As always, have a great week, and thank you for everything you do. And that is from Swanee, and thank you, thank Swanee. You, Swanee. I'm going to check really quick to see that is indeed the last email, Eric, because we are recording a little bit earlier tonight. So I'm going to check now, and I am going to tell you that oh, we have six more. No, we're oh, my God. That is it. That is the end of the emails. Thanks, everybody, who emailed tonight. We're going to go and finish off the podcast. This is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. And I'm floating in the most peculiar way. And the stars look very different What's up, everyone? Welcome back for another week of Vermillion's Visions. I'm Josh, uh, bringing you guys this week. It's going to be uh, Venus Volume 1. It's from Boom Studios. It's the first four issues of the book, and it's written by Rick Laverde and art by Huang Donlon. Um, Now, just a little background on this book. Um, I actually came across Venus... Um, while I was scrolling through the Hoopla app, just on my phone, just kind of looking around to see what was good, I came across it, the The cover art looked cool, uh, the concept sounded cool, but I honestly didn't have very high hopes for it, uh, so just jumping into it, um, mostly my high hopes were because, you know, it's an indie book that I've never really heard of um so i figured it must not have been that good because it probably didn't have that much buzz around it in the beginning um but just to jump right into it i will definitely be letting you guys know if if it exceeded my expectations or felt fell right in line with what i was what i was thinking heading in uh so the story here follows captain pauline Manash as she takes her crew on an exploit an exploratory mission to the surface of Venus on the spaceship Mayflower. Uh, So in this world, in the year 2150, a second Cold War has broken out, uh, and everyone on the planet fears a nuclear war that will destroy Earth. Uh, So because of this fear and the fact that there are now over 30 billion people on Earth, uh, we're trying to expand to the other planets in the solar system as a way to escape. Uh, The Pan-Pacific Alliance has already colonized the surface of Mars, uh, so America's only hope now is Venus. Uh, The goal for this mission is to get to the surface and basically just check to see if there's viable soil for growing growing any crops. Uh, So the first issue starts out, and it's actually only Commander Menashe at this point, but she gains her captain rank pretty quickly. So a controlled explosive has gone off inside of, of the Mayflower, and the current captain, Captain Kincaid, is dead. Uh, so Captain Manash now is one of the most celebrated pilots in the world. Um, so she follows Kincaid's pre-death orders and goes in for an emergency landing on Venus. So shit has already gone wrong on this on this exploration, and it's pretty much about to get worse. So Captain Manash does manage to make make the landing and uh, you know keep the ship relatively intact. Uh, but they land right next to a huge cliff face. Uh, it's a four-kilometer drop. Luckily, they're only 500 yards from their base camp, but the ship is pretty fucked up. Uh, so the life support system is still working, 
but their comms are down, and the fusion reactor that, that powers the ship is in pretty bad shape. So if that blows, they're all definitely dead. I mean, this whole spaceship is going to blow up if, if the fusion reactor blows. So, um, you know, Captain Manash actually handles this pretty well. She's she's running around with like a chicken with her head cut off trying to make a decision, you know, figure out what's going on. Can they stabilize this fusion reactor um, what, what's the, what's the weather like on the surface of Mars right now? Can they make it to base camp outside? You know, just all kinds of things, you know, what is going on? Um, and she ultimately decides that they need to suit up and get off the ship and take rovers over to the base camp. So now I'm going to take a pause here and take a second to introduce some of the other main characters. Uh, so there is Alejandra Reyes, who's either a cyborg or, you know, just a cybernetically enhanced human. Uh, she has plugs in the side of her head to plug into the ship, and she doesn't need a spacesuit to walk outside. So I'm thinking some kind of cyborg, cybernetically in, uh, enhanced human. Uh, but she doesn't really get along with Captain Minash. She kind of argues with her a lot. She's the head of the engineering team, um, and she doesn't really think that Captain Minash should should be captain. She thinks she should be captain. Um, but, you know, they kind of, they butt heads quite a bit. Uh, but then there's Dr. Chad Park. He's a botanist that was sent along to be the one that decides if the planet can grow sustainable crops. He's this real cocky scientist guy. Um, he just kind of gets on everyone's nerves and doesn't really give a damn. But, you know, he, he, he's kind of like the main point of this mission to see if this planet can grow crops. Uh, and then there's also Dr. Gold, who's the head of the medical staff on the ship, and Sergeant Tim Thorne uh, is one of the other ranking military people on board. Uh, and that's pretty much everyone that gets named uh, in this first issue of the book. Uh, so despite everyone saying that she is wrong, Captain Menash makes the call to abandon the Mayflower. Uh, they get out in the elements, and it's it's pretty rough going. There's a storm raging, huge hail is falling all around them. Uh, one crew member actually gets struck in the helmet uh, with by a piece of hail and falls off the rover, so, you know, he's dead. Um, Alejandra, you know, she starts questioning the captain's decisions once again, something she's been doing a lot of. Uh, but as she's doing that and they're kind of arguing back and forth, the Mayflower does actually fall off the cliff four kilometers down and is completely destroyed. So it looks like Captain Minash definitely made the right call there. Uh, so they do finally make it to the base camp, and a small group of them, uh, they're going to go inside to investigate, see what's going on. Basically, it's just the characters that I've named up to this point. Uh, so they get to the door and open it, and the issue ends by showing us a mostly destroyed robot standing there to greet them. The lights are all out, and there's this massive hole in the roof of the airlock, and the, this base camp is pretty much a wreck. Uh, and that's actually where the first issue ends, so not really sure what's going to happen going forward from there. At that point, it's a pretty cool cliffhanger in my mind. Uh, so the rest of this first trade is all about how they're going to survive here on Venus. You know, they're trying to figure out if they can get back to Earth somehow, is Venus sustainable, and who planted the explosive on the ship. Um, and like I said before, you know, I didn't really have high hopes for this book coming into it, uh, but I, I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of this of this trade. The pacing is good. The dialogue is good. 
the art is good and the story is is really good. I I really like how quickly things progress in the first issue especially uh, because it kind of gives you that idea of just how fast-paced something like this would be. There's no time to just sit around and chat and figure out what's going on. You you know, you're everything is moving too fast for that. You're trying to go at top speed, figure out uh, the best course of action moving forward, and I think the pacing of that first issue really showed that. Um, and the pacing is, is good throughout in each issue. It's a little bit different, but it, it's really good. So I can usually tell if I like a trade, if at the end I find myself wishing the trade was longer, and that is something that definitely happened with this one. It's only four issues long, but, I mean, don't get me wrong, it tells a complete story here, in those four issues, it does a good job of, of telling a full story within those issues, but I just wanted to keep reading and find out what happened next uh, by the end of it. Uh, so with all that, I think I'd have to give this around like a like a 8.5 out of 10. I really did enjoy it a lot, and like I said, I was pleasantly surprised based on my expectations coming in, and I would definitely recommend it to anyone looking, you know, just for an enjoyable trade to pick up, uh, you know, nothing to you know, world shattering, um, but also just, just something, a little enjoyable trade if anybody's looking for one of those, so I definitely recommend it for that. Um, but that pretty much wraps things up, uh, so as I do every week, I like to recommend that you guys go out there and check, check out Weird Science DC on Patreon. They've got a, those guys have been putting out a lot of, a lot of stuff here lately. I think they just eclipsed 80 shows on the Patreon, which is which is really cool. Almost at 100 will be the next milestone, bitches. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up here. So I want to thank everybody for for tuning in this week. Um, brings us to the end. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. Time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Hey there, Eric Shea. How you doing? All right. You seem like it just scared you that that song ended so abruptly. I was, I was actually, because we're on the last section of books, I wanted to make sure that after this I have that app up to talk about the things. Don't worry that I about go, that app. That I, well, to here's the thing. It's great, though. I, I didn't realize because I just wanted to make sure it was still fast as hell. And when I loaded it up, it actually had an update. So it was good that I ended up Boosh. trying to get that uh, and didn't realize because, yes, that song ended right before I realized it was going to end. And it kind of took me off guard. I have to admit, Eric, I'm not going to fake the funk. It took me why off guard. Why would you? I don't know why I would in that case. But some people will fake the funk anytime they can, Eric. But somebody who doesn't fake the funk is Priest. Do you like that? Do you like to call him priest or do you go Christopher Priest? I will priest? go Christopher Priest every time. I think that Perkins and Priest like to be called by those names. So I did end up putting written well, by Priest. From now on, I just want to be called Shay. 
There you go. You can you can want that. I don't have to go with it, but with Priest and Kate Perkins, I will go with it. But Deathstroke number 25, written by Christopher Priest, then, if you will. Art by Carlo Pagulan, Norm Ratman, Trevor Scott, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Sweet Willie Schubert. I usually hate recapping comics, but Christopher Priest does in a way that gets new readers on board while still being entertainment for me, Eric. Because I, I put – I tit for us – and you, I, you told me you didn't like this, so I, I'm not going to include you in I'm anything to do with this. I'm a fan. I like aspects of the No, no, we but... don't want you. Get out. You're out. Uh, I'm, I'm out. Plus, seeing Vandal Where's Savage. Come on, Vandal Savage. Freak. What? What? You're, you're out, you I'm sex. Out. Slam the door. You hear me, Jim? Oh, no. I hit oh. the wrong one, Eric, here. You the door? Edit that out. Oh, my uh. goodness gracious. Wait a minute. Let me do this. Have fun. Oh, no. Wait. Here it is. You hear me, Jim? Wait, I already heard her. Well, I, yes, I hear it. What about that? Oh, my goodness. What's going on with this pod? Oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> I'm not leaving now. Jess is out there. There you go. There you go. There you go. The only thing banging in your house is the door, they say. Like I said before, this is my anniversary, so there might be some door banging later on once we get done. Oh, did you say door? Yeah. <laughs> You better watch yourself. It's your anniversary. Well, well, yeah, it still is. It's not midnight yeah. yet, Eric. It, it's not your anniversary. Or it's still your anniversary. Is there a possibility that you could say anything right now to get Jess so mad that we a star is reborn? We have a Jessica Reaper. No, she's asleep out of the couch out there because she's, she's out tired of waiting for me. Yeah. So there's no way in all of hell that we could ever get something like this. I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. So you hear me, Jim? Uh. Edit that out. Have fun. Damn it, Eric. Damn. That, and for anybody out there who wants to know what that's all about, go and listen to the de- uh, the Detective Comics review on episode 50, and then you will find out what that's all about. And it was not good, Eric. You no. ended up upsetting the love of your life, and yes, I mean I me. I haven't seen her in years. I mean me, Eric. Oh. I was upset. I didn't know how to react to that. I felt so odd and off and whatever. It took me a while to regain my composure. I still don't think you have. I may not have. I, I tonight I'm, I'm having some problems, Eric. Ah, my my brain is right, all the over the talking. goddamn place. It is the pills talking. Uh, plus, seeing Vandal Savage freak out about everyone being good these days to me is priceless. While is the verdict priceless. is that Deathstroke is still a villain, I think Christopher Priest still has some more tricks up his sleeve. Ooh, Priest, Eric. Priest. Is, is it because he's a magician and he just has a one word name? It might be priest. I got nothing. I, I, if I would have realized how much you like those card uh, metaphors, I might have gone with that. How about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my notes here. Uh, while the verdict is that Deathstroke is still a villain, I think Christopher Priest may still shuffle the deck a bit. He has an like, ace up his sleeve, you son of a uh, bitch. No, he doesn't have an ace up his sleeve. He's shuffling the deck. <laughs> How about this? While the verdict is that Deathstroke is still a villain, we're all going to play some 52-card pickup. I don't know what that means. Is that means. good? You don't like that one? You did, didn't like that? How about this? While the verdict is that Deathstroke is still a villain, go fish. How's that? <laughs> Old maid. How about that? Do you like the game Old Maid? <laughs> I don't think I've ever played the game Old Maid. Haven't you played Old Maid? I like Old Maid. Do you like Go Go Fish? No, I'm not six years old. 
No, but but earlier we hear of how how big a goddamn fan you are of Marco Polo. Oh, oh my, my goodness! God, but, I love Marco but, Polo. But go I'm fish! Oh, oh sakes alive! You you can't like go fish. Don't they play that in Vegas? Go fish. Wouldn't it be know. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they did have the go fish table? Like, yeah, like, you end up like a. What the hell was? It? I think there was some tables at friggin' and uh, was it uh, family vacation? Like the when they okay. went to the casino. Yeah, yeah. I can't even think what the hell it was. Uh, Las Vegas vacation. Yes. Friggin' where they, like you know Chevy Chase he's fucking up down on his luck. I think it was Randy Quaid took him to a bunch of lower hand kind of casinos. <laughs> and so like you know guess what's no, like a like number I have behind my back. It's like Two. that shit. Now it's three. Hey, they're playing uh, three card Monty shit like that. <laughs> Uh, yes. Can we get on with this, Eric? Yeah. Your nonsense. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There, there is a lot of recap in this issue. Uh, I actually liked it. Uh, I've never seen it done this way. That it's actually that they're you kind don't of have reviewing. Enough Hector in your life. Well, they're reviewing the you know Deathstroke's life and what led him to become a villain, and then in the aftermath of that, becoming a hero or what he thinks is going to be a hero, and basically the society that we saw. They came and grabbed him, grabbed him out. Now it is kind of because Deadline is pissed off from earlier issues that Deathstroke went, took his kill from him, but also Power he lost his hand. Friend. And it was. It was when Power Girl was involved, when actually it wasn't even... That's the best. If all of a sudden Deathstroke's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't Deathstroke. No. That was that was Twilight. Sure <laughs> it was Twilight, which we love where he was blind, but... That that's the, the whole deal. Hero Twilight. And I, I love the, the fact here where number one, you see the society. They have their round table. Number one, if you look close at the very beginning, Lex Luthor has an empty seat there, which ends up tying in later. Uh but Vandal Savage is the lead here. He's the leader. And one of the big things that we had a problem with was Killer Frost, which he's not a villain, and that is actually explained later as well. Uh, but I like the fact where Vandal Savage pretty much deadline is there. Yes, it, it almost to me is like that is the reason why he was officially allowed to call this trial. But that's not what he cares about. He could no. care less about Deadline. He thinks Deadline's a fucking nonsense uh, villain. Uh, but that was the way, to, the, the technicality to get here because Deathstroke did go against the code. He was served the papers to go and, and appear here and, and ignored them. So we end up finding out that, you know. And the worst part about all of this, when we find out where here is, it's not the goddamn Legion of Doom headquarters no, it isn't, in the volcano so, like yeah. I wanted it to be. Yeah, that would have been I crazy. I the immortal but, men are still using yeah, it. Yeah, they're still using it. But yeah, you even have the thing where raptor is there and raptor is only there as a character witness Thank he's god. there i'm so happy they i'm like it's weird yeah. that they have deadline in the society but as soon as they put raptors like god damn they really yeah. went out for a drive well again and, and you have to and that, like they just got the yeah. bottom of the barrel well again i actually like the whole setup here because you do have the society and yeah deadline it's nonsense deadline doesn't have a seat he, he's not sitting. He, he has to stand. He's not really, you know, he's not an inner circle guy. Now, I, I'll tell you, I still have a problem Death with Reverse Flash being either. there. No, I, I have a real big problem with that Reverse Flash is involved. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him since he was supposedly killed by Iris and, and just throwing that, him in since here. he was killed the last time before that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can tell me, oh, Jim, he, he always comes back. But having him just hanging out here and then thinking, Start like, when this would be, yeah, it's crazy. But... The, the issue and leading all this, this is a pretty cool way for me 
to get new people on, but also I thought it was interesting because you do go back and see scenes we've already seen, but it's through the eyes of this, you know, hallucination type deal that Hector Hammond is giving Deathstroke. And also with that, you have the defense lawyer, which is Riddler, who's also in with him going A through this and explaining Riddler, thank things. You, yeah. Which and, I really appreciated. And yeah, and I going actually, through the summer of war of jokes and riddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and with this, where pretty much every time the Riddler starts off anything, he does start off with a riddle. What makes me laugh about this is he just nobody wants to get involved in his no, riddle, so he just yeah, says great. he and says the, the answers. Is, yeah, his riddles, I like it. Are yeah. pointing to what they're talking about. Yeah, they're good, and they make sense to what they're they're doing. And so, yes, I you like that. You hear me, that. Tom King? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where is? What's that? You hear me, Tom? Tom? There. Did I? Did I? I just edited that. Do you like that remix? Oh, yeah, you hear me, Tom? Tom King? There you go. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, you see, uh, you know, a little bit more than we've gotten before. You do see Deathstroke as a kid with his uh, his parents abusive getting killed father. and things like that. So yeah, abusive father and things like that, and him not crying. Uh, Wintergreen's there, but Wintergreen is there because of the AI of his icon suit that has the voice of uh, Wintergreen. So it's kind of a cool tie-in there. And then we go on. You see the thing with Jericho. You see Grant. You see Adeline. You see all of these things that happen where they're kind of reviewing this is basically the the evidence on the table of showing why and how and what happened because at the end though so i'm like are we ever going to get back to who killed jericho's fiance no i don't know we'll have to see but yeah all this wraps around in that vandal savage is losing his mind because he doesn't understand why all of these people and it's it's kind of like a funny wink wink it's like you know since this whole deal like all of these villains have become good guys and to me i think he's like we have the secret society of, of, of villains and all these freaking people including lex luther he's like i don't know what he's doing i mean he's yeah. lost his goddamn mind and he's like i don't know if there's a virus going oh, so on or something I mean, there is a larger issue here than your uh, grievance such yeah. as the epidemic of our brothers turning to heroes and Lex Luthor being the most notorious example. How are we to know this is not some virus? Yeah, I love it. I think that that is hilarious. Uh, But yeah, and you just keep going and you have even this tying into uh, Killer Frost at the one point saying like, you know, why am I here? Uh, You know, I work with Batman now and you summoned me here. I'm not, a, you know, and that's where he's like, you know, all of you guys, what what the hell are you doing? You know, we're supposed to be villains. We had a really cool society at one point. Every time I turn around, you got yeah. them, you, you, you guys are going here. Deadline in. That's what you yeah. did. Yeah, really. Well, he's desperate now. I think that he doesn't want Deadline in. He's, this is his desperation to try to keep these guys out. But, yeah, you see that basically it does point out to me. And, and this is where I think there is a little bit of subtle things for the long-term readers, the readers so I've read all 25 issues where you have where uh, you see where Adeline ends up getting pissed because Jericho did get his, you know, his throat sliced by uh, Deathstroke's yeah. enemies while he was off dealing with Rose and Rose's yeah. mom. And uh, she blamed him and ended up shooting him in the back of the head. And again, this is like, and that's what caused and you have uh, Grant going down and like, that's when we got the Deathstroke. And I think that somebody just jumping on would be like, okay, shit's gone wrong from whatever. But it does really point out that what's really driven him, what drove him to become a full-out villain at this point is what they're saying. But also is we know that it's also the reason why he's becoming a hero. But it's that his family, his family got fucked with. He didn't have anything to live for pretty much to be a good guy. So he became a super villain. But – 
they, and they that don't... path of villainy took him to the freaking Speed Force where he yes. saw something which, bigger than himself that yes. drove him to be here. Which uh, we know. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. They don't go that far. They're doing this to just go, okay, you know, here's what made him a villain, and now we're going to test him. But they don't go far enough to realize the, the family and the Speed Force and trying to get Grant back and trying to be close to Rose all through the series and now trying to be good to, uh, to Jericho, including at the very beginning that was pointed out where he's like, I'm really proud of my son, Jericho, because he's there in the icon suit. You know, yeah. he's Isherwood's suit and all going around. And I really think that uh, yeah, Christopher Priest does a good job of glossing over that. But if you've been reading, you're like, boy, you've never seen him say that he's proud of Jericho. And he says yeah. it there. And the... You know, the wintergreen AI is like, why don't you tell him? And then it's kind of a cool meta type of deal with like, I can't. This is a hallucination. But it does show you more if you're involved in the series. It does show you more than just a full-out recap of these scenes. And I think that Christopher Priest does a great job. And it, it's such a, a weird thing to show scenes that we already saw, but somehow they gave me more. And that that's why I liked it a little more. And One the thing fact- I think is uh, kind of a disappointment, though, is because we do have Hector Hammond in the mind yeah. of Sway allowing us to see all this stuff. And since we are bringing all this stuff up, what drove Deathstroke to be a villain and why he still yeah. is a villain? Now, I wish we would have gotten to a point where he found a part of uh, Swade's mind with what he saw in the speed. Yeah, that would have been nice. It causes Hector to go into a Oh, I would have said, yeah, that if they saw, and then all of a sudden you almost like a Tim Drake, like that's unbelievable or, you know, that's That's impossible, impossible. something like that. But you don't get that far because what happens then is that the reserve have that chance. Like, yeah, that would have been pretty cool again like this. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens then is that, Deathstroke actually activates the reserve power of the icon suit, breaks out of this. You know, he's actually, while this is all going on, he's actually strapped to a, you know, whatever you would call that, a fucking piece of machinery. Uh, and they're a torture rack. And and they are actually pumping like Drano into him to counteract his, his, yeah, to keep the healing factor down so that he's this. And he ends up breaking out and he ends up pretty much ripping through the society of supervillains. He ends up that he grabbed this staff and just blew right through Hector Hammond's yep. head immediately. Yeah. He just went right you, through. It's, and he goes through it systematically like just through wood. We got to get yeah. rid of the fucking telepath right yep, away. He gets and now rid we of the telepath. The and the best thing about this is to even go even further. He he destroys Hector Hammond. He just blasts him. Then well, he up. pretty much rockies himself up because he allows the flash, reverse flash, reverse flash. to yeah. just go to town on him because the icon suit absorbs kinetic energy. So as the flash hits him a, a trillion times, all that is doing is building up the power of the icon suit to go uh, to the next deal. And yeah, he ends up taking care of, you know, Cuts reverse, reverse flash. flash's head off. Then yep. goes and on then, the ultra humanite. Yeah, humanite. Stabs him and blasts him with the step as well. Yep. And then freaking, then he just takes off freaking black man. I'm telling you, he systematically goes through all, like all of these freaking society yep. members. The worst part is I'm actually kind of pissed that black man was able to get the upper hand of him on at one point. Yeah. And yeah. Stab him with his trident. Well, and it's funny because it does say, uh, he gets hit and the optic blast does inhibit the point defense targeting array which if you read the last issue we saw that as an issue it was already spelled out so he set that up so we realize what that is and that means he can be stabbed and he does get stabbed uh by the trident of uh black mana but then he uses that to pretty much turn around and just run through uh vandal savage and then blow up black mana's head well here's the thing he does some
somehow. I don't. He actually seems to use. I'm looking. Uh, I'm, you, I'm looking at it. It seems like he's shot from behind almost. Yeah, I yeah, don't know what does. causes Black Manor's yeah. head to explode. But it ends up really, none of this matters. It doesn't matter. Kill, That's what I was going to say. Randall Savage. It, it turns out this is all a hallucination. This is all this a hallucination. That yep. Deathstroke is still a villain because yep. as soon as he got the chance, he murdered each and every each one of the Each and society. every one of them. So it, it's funny, like you said, I'm looking at the Black Mana, and really as you're going through, uh, especially once you've read it through once, it, it really yeah. doesn't matter that that's happened. Now I also, you have to kind of point out that he didn't kill, like Killer Frost was not involved in this really no. and neither was deadline or raptor it was like these main guys so even then you get the idea that deathstroke was so fucking furious and all this that he wasn't even paying attention to some of the things going on but oh, pretty even much raptor took off yeah yeah well yeah he got <laughs> and, out, and but... as we know a freaking deadline he's no threat yeah no, no, he only has one no. hand somebody has to give him a hand all right uh, but yeah he it ends up being basically uh Riddler saying, I rest my case. He had yeah. a chance, though he, it was a hallucination, but he thought it was real. And the minute he got a chance, he killed us all. So, yes, he's still a villain. And this is where I think that I had some fun, too, because after this, they're basically like, okay, well, this makes sense. You know what? We're all villains. We're all evil. And then they all get mad and try to explain themselves of why they're not really evil. You have, like, Hector Hammond's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the evolution of mankind. I'm way beyond evil or petty labels. And they just start arguing about this. And this is why the society never gets anything done, I think, Eric. They're always arguing semantics. Because then you go to with reverse flash and he's like, you know what? Murder is wrong because it does not maximize good of those involved, but that's irrelevant to people concerned only with maximizing the positive outcome for themselves. And like they're all gonna argue. I'm not about- evil, I'm efficient. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you're going to go with that, and then you go, and there's Killer Frost, who even says, you know, what's evil got to do with anything? Is evil the goal of society, or is it self-interest? And it just goes down the line. And it makes me laugh, because now they're just straight up arguing with each other about what evil is, and if they are, in fact, villains. And that's Evil when is dark side, Jim. Evil is as evil does. But yeah, they're, they're insulting each other, and all of a sudden, there's a big, giant ba-boom. And now, this is where it's so funny to me. Because you have now had an issue. It's been so long. You, you have had an issue where you are really seem to be trying to get new readers on. And this is where I think Christopher Priest cannot just – he can't write that type of issue fully, it seems. Because all of a sudden now, Dr. Icon shows up out of nowhere. And I had people actually send me messages and say, I, I've been reading Deathstroke Why because you and Eric love it. in a Deathstroke yeah, no, Basically, like, who's that guy? Who's yeah. that guy who showed Fisher up? Wood. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's Isherwood. It's Doctor, the original Doctor Icon, uh, who Jericho was his lover, and then ended up trying to kill. He was in a coma. Doctor Villain brought him back to life and made him a monster with basically. Deathstroke's DNA is yeah. what turned him into this. So there's a lot of shit in the background going really, on with this. You got this guy who shows him. You don't know him. It looks like Solomon Grundy. And yeah, he does Deathstroke look like costume. Solomon Grundy. And the craziest thing, he actually looks to me like a, a Solomon Grundy two-face. But you, yeah. the thing is, though, you all you have all the setup earlier, and now you throw in one of the most obscure characters because especially him being Solomon so Grundy long. now. Yeah, so he shows up, and we did see him for a little bit uh, – when uh, Deathstroke ended up getting taken by the society, we saw him for like one was, panel. Because right. remember, it was supposed to be almost like you thought that he took him, but it was kind of a ruse. So he shows up, grabs Deathstroke and says, you, you best not come after me because there's going to be you know hell to pay if you do. And they just go off. And this is where it's funny to me, too, because Isherwood then, he grabs 
Deathstroke and flies away, crashes through the ceiling and goes away. And there's Deadline still pissed. And he's like, no, you're gonna, you're not going to just sit there and I, I want justice. justice. Damn you. And then there's Vandal Savage like looks up in the air and also it's like – God damn it, you piece of shit. They just shut your mouth. And he's like, I gotta get my freaking headquarters in the volcano up the stop because Yeah, really, because now that place is destroyed. I think that's where they go. And he says, You're here? He goes, That's right. You're still here. You're also still breathing deadline for the moment. He's like, There's not nobody's getting killed because of what happened. And you lost your hand in battle trying to phase through Deathstroke's gravity suit, which is true. He ended up putting it in the gravity sheet that took off his hand. He's like, Yes, he did take your deal. You're going to get 1.2 million. That's and he'll it. He'll also return your infinity rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, and the infinity rifle that he did take. Now, in the meantime, they did have, even in that hallucination, as Deathstroke was going through, through uh you had vandal savage before deathstroke pseudo killed him say you know what you're good to go you're evil i get it you know you're you're good we're wiping it everything clean it was kind of a funny moment because then deathstroke thought he killed vandal savage which he didn't but yeah you have the team the defiance team the stroke squad then wondering what's going on and actually i really like this because you have jericho and he's holding that note that the Riddler wrote, and it says, what does no man want, yet no man wants to lose, and then the next deal is in quotes a lawsuit which is the answer and i thought that was such a good progression a lawsuit which i thought was really good i thought that was such a good progression tom king do you hear me tom king where you hear me tom king and then they're like listen you know it's been four days where's deathstroke and they're like tara's like it's it's obviously a stupid test and they're going and and deathstroke that's the problem deathstroke is now captured by isherwood what you have his team would probably do something, but he has done so many fucked up he's tests. He's the assassin who cried wolf. Yeah. And yeah, he's done so many fucked up things to test them that you would, they're only going to sit and wait. Like, oh, yeah. you know what? He wants to make sure we're patient. He wants to make sure we're doing this. And they're like, you know, and then Tara says, look, either he's dead or whoever snatched him is about to be dead because they do know he's taken away. And he's like, are we really standing here worrying about the deadliest man alive as we see him being pretty much hung over a la Vanilla Ice, Eric, as he's about, you know, Suge Knight and Vanilla Ice there. And Vanilla Ice is in some trouble. But yeah, I love that. I really did. I, I know you said you didn't like it as much. I thought yeah, that this was a really cool way to get everybody up to speed but yet still had those things behind the scenes kind of going that i really could jump onto that really makes me love the characterizations that he does so i i gave it a nine out of ten i thought the art was great too what oh you- i do love the art in this issue i'm telling you i am happy as hell to get a proper riddler back but the whole idea where we have this 25 the 25th issue as an anniversary oversized issue yeah. and we use that time to freaking recap the stuff that readers have already seen and dealt with for so long that we want to get like we want to move along we used more than just the freaking extra yeah. pages for this to fucking recap. So you're going to give it a seven is what you're telling me with yeah, the Yeah, I'm reflection. giving it a seven out of ten. But I, I really <laughs> – I like, could tell I, her. I enjoyed the issue though for what we got because yeah. it was a lot of fun seeing the society. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. my Legion of Doom headquarters. But for Maybe what we got, it was a cool here. switcheroo. And I, I love seeing these characters besides yeah. for Deadline Raptor and freaking – uh, who else? <laughs> reverse Flash, like, maybe, because yeah, that's the one. Flash, I, yeah. I kind of just reverse flashes there. And you Killer have Frost a lot of other guys. And Killer Frost is just weird as well. But even though yeah, they, they say, like, you were a member. Yeah, you're working for Batman, but we, you still came in. Yeah, and, and the, she said I she had to come. That's what actually, to me, makes it like Deathstroke ignored them for weeks. And yeah. they're pissed. And this is something where you have a Killer Frost working with Batman. She is not going to – she's not ignoring it. She knows no. this means – and she even says when she's done, you know, I'm working for Batman. I got it. You know, I 
have to come. I'm wondering if you're going to kill me now because I'm not evil. You know, she was worried about that, but she still had to come. So I thought that kind of upped the ante about but those no, guys I, going. I still love the Deathstroke book. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite books yeah, of Rebirth this. right now. It's just like I said, that we have this idea with Hector Hammond where we can see what, you know, Slade saw. We have a perfect opportunity. Yeah, it is, it is, and we yeah, don't that, do that. that we that is a recap. And I'm like, you know what? I'm 25 issues in. We're, you know, we're moving forward with the issue with stuff, which is cool. But I'm like, we could have gotten so much further if you didn't deal with this nonsense. Yes, but we're going to move on to the last two books. They're both yours, so I can sit back and enjoy, Eric. What are we talking about next? Can you enjoy? Bane I Conquest can enjoy, Eric. Bane Conquest number seven, written by Chuck Dixon, with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, and Carlos M. Manuel. The hunt for the new Naha Naha is on after Bane lost the previous one to Cobra, and the kid ended up accidentally breaking his neck. But thanks to DC's version of Twitter, <laughs> Bane no longer has the advantage. And now our venomed up main character is back where we left off last issue facing off against Cobra. But this time we have a baby to keep safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The the main thing with this is you're a big Chuck Dixon fan. I don't have I a was. lot of background with Chuck Dixon. Uh, obviously him and Graham Nolan, this is their character did they forget what the best things about this character is? I'm I don't. Sorry, this issue is kind of funny, but Bane a dummy. Yeah, Bane's like, a dummy. Bane's wrong term. He's a goddamn emotional dummy that yeah. seems to just want love, and that's all he's yeah. looking for in this crazy way. So, you know, there ain't no time world. for love, Bane. That's what I say. Yeah, because he, he just he keeps emotional. getting fooled. So he got emotional with Catwoman when it seemed like yep. you know Catwoman was into him, and she ended up fucking him because of that emotion. Ooh, Here we did get the she? same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking what basically over. happens. Oh, over. There you go. You have to add that part, or else I start over. getting all sexed up. But yeah, and then you, I have to say you over at the end, so you know I'm done talking. Over, over. over. Uh, you have the you know the whole deal. Bane has the naha naha over. I, I'll keep going, but yeah, you know, you have Cobra, they came up, it was a pretty cool cinematic deal where they come up on their submarine and they get the ship up there, but really from here on out, this issue is a bunch of nonsense, though it is kind of comical, but they, if you don't remember, they are trying to get the Naha Naha, and at a point, you kind of want him to die so that Bane and his, you know, they can all go and get the new Naha Naha by finding out exactly at the point where he dies when the babies are born. And it's really, I mean, it seems so crazy. Just I mean, that whole crazy. point. The whole, the whole thing is where we have Dionysus going and he has an like, uh, algorithm going. So when they actually, if they were, if they got the Naha Naha and brought him back and killed him at a specific moment, they would like to have the yes. algorithm go They'd have and the trace upper hand. where the baby would be born immediately. Yep. But now that the Naha Naha goes and, you know, he's all pissed off that Bane took him before. Now he's back on the sub. Yes. He slips on the rungs going into the yep. sub and yeah, breaks the his Cobra back. saves him from Bane. It's so good. And he ends up, like, wanting to go into the sub. And the one guy's like, oh, Naha Naha, uh, I saved you. Let me give you a hand, oh, holy one. He's like, what do you think? I am stupid. And he goes, and you see there's some gook or something. Water. It's, it's fucking, yeah. I think it might be syrup. They were they had, they had pancake night, Eric, and a guy had it on his shoes. I don't know, but he slipped. And dies. He breaks his neck and dies. This and is. I started laughing it's, immediately it's funny. when I was reading this. Still don't know if it's supposed to be that fun. I don't know that this is supposed to be like Chuck Dixon thought it was fun. I, it's hilarious. But to me, this was just the only way you can figure out that the Naha Naha would die when they aren't prepared for it. Because he ends up slipping and, and falling and, and dying. Even then, but they Dionysus, are prepared for it, kind well, of. Even so. then, Dionysus freaking yells to Bane, who's still yeah. trying to get away from the Cobra sub over to the plane. But he's like, the freaking Naha Naha is dead. 
But the pro- the thing is, it's not that big a deal because we still have three possible freaking points yeah, where the Nana could be born. Points and, and so, like, it's, you're still on a pretty good track. Yeah, you're still. And, and here's the Especially thing. Especially after and, Dionysus tells us that. Yes. And, 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 and is dead. We're going to have all this time in between yeah. the funeral. The yeah, there's a lot of time. It seems like it's supposed to be like a big thing. Like you said, Dionysus at one point seems very upset. And then it's just like, oh, no, let's get back to business because we have some time. They're going to bury the Naha Naha. You have this whole deal. Now, I, I just. like lower soldiers in cover. They're going to kill higher yeah. soldiers to try to get a better. Oh, yeah. You see this lady looks like she's going to poison this sugar daddy's drink. I, you know, crazy shit's going on. Uh, in the meantime, I just am wondering. Wondering how the, the how Cobra finds the next Naha Naha because it it's doesn't seem like meditation and ritual. Yeah, it's it's nonsense is what it is. It's just complete and I just it throws me off the whole concept of it and the point where at this one point only three babies that they know of were born in in the world at this way. Yeah. That's nonsense. That's complete nonsense. Plus, then you get the whole thing where you can't just have that. You have the, the you know the other caveat is it it'll be born with a cobra tattoo. Yeah, and, the birthmark. Uh, yes, the birthmark. So it's not even just being born, but the the one. That's the chosen one, but again, they're gonna sit there and pray and whatever. It's nonsense. But they well, end that's up. How they find it. I know, but it just it, it throws it off for me for some reason. But it just they, one of the, the lower deal. soldiers in Cobra. They're on Chirper, and when this freaking piece of shit freaking woman who like yeah. you know, is now the grandmother of Naha Naha sees that her daughter well, brought yeah. home this baby, she takes a picture because of it, 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 it on yeah. Twitter and like, whoo, yeah. I know what to do. And that's the thing. In the meantime. The three babies that came up on this this algorithm weren't it. They they all they weren't the, the naha naha. So then no they just it's so funny. They're just like, well, somebody might have been off the grid, you know. They and and it was it was this piece of shit family. This woman who had a baby. She's there with her mother. Her mother's a bitch, yelling and screaming. Drunk. Uh, yeah, drunk and smoking, Erica. And uh, yeah, they end up where they take a picture. Take, taking a picture and like, hey, look at this. Your Aunt Gladys is going to – it's Aunt Chloe. Aunt Chloe's going to want to see this. And, and it's like, what? Because, you know, she takes a picture of this and somehow this is, you know, triggers the Cobra, the guy who's the only guy who didn't turn well, off his phone. Thankfully, he was just following this woman, this piece yeah. of shit drunk yeah, woman yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, just this woman. Somehow yeah. across the world, uh, an agent of Cobra is following this woman. Maybe maybe she looked easy because she does. At, but, uh, oh, no, here, here's a tweet. I took the picture. I'm going to gonna send this out now. It's on Chirper. At Aunt Chloe, I'm just gonna call it Twitter because that's what it is. Okay. At Aunt yes. Chloe, check out this new bait. Like, check out your new freaking nephew or someone. It is hashtag snake ta- uh, birthmark. Yeah. Hashtag snake uh, birthmark. Hashtag naha naha. And I was like, oh my Cobra. goodness. Hashtag what what? Hashtag cellar dweller. They Ooh. they have there because they're they're deciding to start. Yeah, a new I saw podcast. a cellar dweller the other day. Was starting a new thing. Hashtag dweller problems. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dweller problems. Oh yes, because then it's funny too. Because all of a sudden the phone goes off in the middle of this. They're they're doing their praying now. They're trying to find the naha na, and the phone goes off, and they're like. What the you? fuck is that you? And he's like, huh, I thought I turned it off. Just a moment. This guy's – he's beheaded within a second. Even though he no, goes, no, he look, found the no, answer. I'm he telling you, <laughs> he's still dead. We will never see this guy again. You know what Plus, the thing is? I think he might be dead just because even though he found the answer, he's like, his phone's going off during the meditation, chanting, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I thought I just turned it off. Just a moment. Instead of doing that – 
you know he checked the notification because he blows up the picture immediately. <laughs> he does. So he, the, he took the time. I, I, so this I is just why he's wish. I just wish that he had like uh, I don't know what his ringtone would be. I'm too sexy. I wish it was something. It's just Bebop B. It, it seems like he's calling out to the the Get Fresh crew. Eric Bebop Boop. Uh, the funny thing is when he's like, "Who is that? You?" And when he the guy, it looks like he's sitting on that other guy's lap. <laughs> hey, let me let me you get don't know up. Know how a, the cobra plays? Let me get up a minute, Johnny. I was really comfortable there. Uh, you're working well as a sofa, but yeah, they're it, like, okay, all right, all right. How about this? His friggin' uh. <laughs> His friggin' ringtone is Union of the Snake by Duran Duran. <laughs> yeah, that's or what you, you, you Union of the Snake would be good, too. Ooh, that would be good. How about it's just like a quote from Snake Plissken? Uh, you know. Snake by Soundgarden. Ooh, now you just looked up songs with Snake, <laughs> didn't you? I put you, up snake a song. you son snake of a bitch. How about it's stop. just any song by White Snake? Can we do <laughs> that? Know. Could it be that? Could it be? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the theme Mark from Kelly's Cobra. Snake. Maybe. Uh, yes, but yeah, they they found out now. They know where the Nahana is. I, I still don't know why this picture. Like this, this picture is giving up a lot of goods here. Uh, but yeah, they go down, and if you are careful and look, you see titties in this. I'm sure I Reggie do. would like that because yeah, there, there's the lady. She's doing the breaststroke, Eric, or actually she's doing Grand the backstroke. No sure but I think it's the breaststroke. Breast. Yes, yes, indeed. But yeah, you have I'm, that. I'm calling I'm, DC. I have a problem. This is yeah, inappropriate. Yeah, really, angry. this is inappropriate, and <laughs> I'm angry with that. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry. You about are that. correct, Jess. You are. Correct. But yeah, they go and they get uh, this woman and said, hey, you're heading off to Bloodhaven, of course. And you know, that's where the we, baby I, I don't is. I think we ever find out the name of this woman. So I'm no, through. no. Yeah, this, this elite Cobra agent yeah. sent off for this baby. Lady Cobra, they call baby. her. Watch out for that bite. She, she I don't know. I, I don't have anything to say about any snake. <laughs> She's more one. than just tail. Ooh, I don't know. I see her there. But yeah, she goes off. And in the meantime, you have uh, Team Bane head off as well. And they're going to pose as, you know, uh, a worker who's going to come check out the baby, Social possibly work, yeah. give them money to, to deal. But unfortunately, Lady Cobra has already beat them to it and ends up grabbing the baby woo, 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 out the back door, starts firing and goes. And that's where Bane comes and is like, hey, that's Naha Naha. You, you got to give me the baby. In the meantime, this woman has shot everybody and blown up half the fucking Bloodhaven. She's running and just throwing grenades over the back. And then he ends up and he's like, come on, you're going to give this. The child is mine. You know, goes to slap her. And then she's like, yes, I see that. But he will need to be cared for. The Naha Naha's life sacred. More sacred than my own. Please allow me to stay with him. And then Bane's like, oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, You'll you care will. For him? You will care for him. Thank you. Thank you. Whoop, 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 goes Sucker. off. Yeah, the cobra out of nowhere. A cobra helicarrier just shows up and she goes up on a zip line. Boom. Oh, I needed Bane, a few seconds for the team to arrive. Sucker. Yeah, and even at that point, you know, and and this is the the cliffhanger, but she is just walking casually, talking shit to Bane, Suck who's it, like, muscles. oh no. Yeah, she's like, I only needed a few seconds for my kill team to arrive. I'm like, you stupid idiot, Bane. You you were supposed to be smart as Batman and and as big as anybody, and you're not. You're just a brute now. I I do think at one point earlier, it's pissing me off. Well, at one point earlier, he gets on the uh the plane after the Naha Naha dies and they have to get the hell out of there and he falls asleep and they're like oh there's that bane you know a lot of juicing going on it makes you tired i don't know if he's trying to make that be what's happening that he's over juicing with the venom and that's making him dumb because boy he is an idiot in this though 
I, I still had a little bit of fun with this. This so is no, not I'm the worst you, book. I had fun with this issue as soon as I opened it up yeah. and saw the Naha Naha slip and break so his own stupid. fucking neck. So stupid, but it is funny. But again, this would be where if this Bane was playing, I mean, boy, his his plans are going to a T. He's like Hannibal in the A Team. He loves when a good plan comes together, Eric. And Hannibal he is, and, uh, yeah, or yeah, or and he's setting up all these pieces or whatever. And then you have the Naha Naha slip, and you're like, oh my God, Bane's been so smart and all this about <laughs> it. It's funny that he just had bad luck, but he's been an idiot this whole time. Like you said, Catwoman played him. You thought that he would learn from there this lady like lady I, Viper, she, I don't know who said, it is yeah that's a pretty good one she is blowing up half of the city bloodhaven is on fire and then all she says is who's gonna care for him i, I love him oh you're gonna care for him oh, yeah shit. i will boom boom out i like really bane they're still behind you shit's on fire from this lady ah uh, yes but what'd you give it I might have gone a little bit high on this, but I did have fun reading this issue, and it is still going on a, like a, a path that I enjoy ever since we introduced Cobra, which I usually hate. Like it here, though, but I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 6.5. And I still love the art. I, I love the art. I like Graham Nolan's art a lot. Uh, and I don't know, because it's an it's kind of an Elseworlds deal. It's not an Elseworlds, but it's an out-of-continuity yeah, out type of continuity story. Deal. And uh, so I, I can go with it and have some fun. I don't really have to worry too much about it. I just wish it. that Chuck Dixon would stop writing Bane as a big fucking dummy. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. He, I think that basically this is Batgirl dressed as Bane because Batgirl can't, you know, that's what it seems. But Well, that's apparently go. the path to take. If you remember Batgirl Future's End, she started taking Venom and became the yeah, Bane-out yeah, fucking yeah, Batgirl. Yeah, she was a Bane-out Batgirl, so there you go. But There's the connection. We are going to end the podcast with one last book, Eric. And he, Do we have ooh, to? He, who, ha. Yeah, we have to. We, we we have a commitment to each other, Eric, and to the people listening to finish off the podcast and talk about what book? Cyborg number 18, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Will Conrad, Cliff Richards, Ivan Nunes, and Rob Lee. Say goodbye to anom- Anomaly, the singularity, and all that jazz as this issue quickly wraps up all that stuff and an <laughs> issue filled with only narration to move the story to its conclusion. Varian says in a, uh, stays in the digital universe. Right here and not- on Weird Science. Anomaly <laughs> decides that his plan was wrong and destroys himself after telling his cyborg soldiers to stand down. And Dr. Silas Stone is saved. If that wasn't enough to piss you off... If you were playing along at home, John Sepper Jr. walks away from this book by trying to explain mother boxes to all of us, and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that is not the thing that infuriated me as much as you, though it is nonsense. The thing that infuriated me, everything that you just told everyone, and we'll go through this book very quickly because – there's barely any dialogue in this book. Is Basically, there any dialogue? That there might be. I think at one point uh, you have Variant and Cyborg might talk to each other. Yeah. They, oh, no, because it's no, in narration. narration but, yeah, but it's her you narration, have to, so if, it's weird. Because not a, lot of, yeah, not a lot of people are reading this book. I see the, the numbers. It's a bunch of nonsense. This book actually is John Semper Jr. basically saying, hey, you remember that character Variant? Here's what happens, and it's all in narration. It All of this is a cyborg basically telling us how everything in this run up until now, all 17 issues before, how this is all being tied up. And it is – I can't even say it's forced. It made me parts furious. Parts actually feeling bad for John Semper Jr. because obviously he had more no, of a story he wanted to tell. I'm not saying I like the book, bullshit. but they must have told him. I said the only way I can figure out 
what's going on is they didn't give him a lot of leadway of like, hey, John, you got four issues left, kind of yeah, wrap yes. it up. In my mind, they didn't need to because he's been well, telling the same story for 18 well, yeah, but issues. I, I'm telling you, I think that maybe the, if you told me this book came out on Wednesday, right? It came New Comic Book Day Wednesday. If you told me he wrote this on Monday and somehow they already had the art and he just shot, I, I, I could see it. It, it is yeah. that bad. It, this is, I, I can't even explain how bad a issue of a comic book this is with that there's no dialogue it's all narration and maybe we'll get to a dialogue or two but, but pretty much it's like hey but you see that, that kid I, over I, there imagine john semper jr did not have a lot of time to write this and then will no. conrad who's the normal artist he's like you have to do a quick layout for the way we're going to tell the story to wrap everything up because yeah. we need this to move along so will conrad's doing layouts on top of doing the the finishes with cliff richard so like yeah we got two, we got another artist just quickly do the layouts it's such a weird thing to do the layouts because yeah. they're like look um he sat down with john Sipper jr in my mind look this is how we're gonna have to lay everything out to tell the rest of your story in one issue without it being fucking bullshit but you know what in the end it's probably gonna be bullshit yeah and it's just talking about this when we talk about it, it's going to sound like shit has gone on in this book. Like, oh, you know, we'll say like and then Cyborg goes and does this and that. And the other thing, basically, these are just a page with some art and like, yep, uh, Eleanor Stone, the alternate reality version of my mother was berating my doppelganger for his behavior during our recent adventure. Instead of having that happen, that is spelled out. And yeah. in this panel, you have XE variant and Cyborg in the background while you see uh, Eleanor pointing at the alternate Cyborg. And then it says she was telling him it was time he got over his childish feelings of being unloved and underappreciated. God it was time it. he, quote unquote, you grew up. His immaturity had almost facilitated the end of the world. Facilitate at the end of the world, and you you go on, and then you even have a part where variants there, and you have what would have been, you know, what you would have thought would have been an emotional deal. Well, she decides to stay. She decides not to go back because she is a villain in the regular world, and yeah, she thinks she, that there be, be no and anyway, real. She's a criminal. If she went back, she'd just be shut off yeah. again. Anyway, and what you get is uh, that wasn't the only surprise ending in store for me. Uh, in a conversation transmitted between us in a microsecond, Varian informed me that she wanted to stay here in this virtual reality. She was not coming back to our reality with me. What? Why? And then you have this, you know, this is kind of a pseudo dialogue because it is in the mind, Eric, but yeah. really it's not. And she just basically says, you know, there's nothing for me back home. I'm a criminal, whatever. And you forgot I was weird. once working. The whole thing is put so through like Cyborg's narration as he's telling us the story. Why would you jump back to have her fucking do a narration as well? Cyborg, no, just yeah. tell us what she said yeah, because she's doing everything else. Yeah, just have – but it, it, John Sepper Jr., just have us say, you know, this could be just – just have it all end because everything is forced to a quick ending here and just have a thing like, come on, Variant, we got to go. No, no, you know there's more work for me to do here. I'm going to stay here. Oh, okay, you know, this isn't really real, but yeah, I guess. But hey, They just go and everything is just spelled out. Then you even have like stupid things like, hey, it was time for me to go. It was the end. I said my farewell to Beast Boy. He'd been a big help. Perhaps I'll meet up with this doppelganger one day in my own reality. I'd like that. What, what? Go meet Beast Boy? You could do that in two seconds when you get back. It was a little more painful saying goodbye to my alternate reality mother. This is stop, this stop is all this, this is. Please. Oh, my God. Uh, and then you have like – while this is going on, like you have things like Cyborg shaking Beast Boy's hand. There he is hugging his alternate mom. There you have Exy giving him the thumbs up. It, it is so 
generic and just nonsense. And then even then he's like, hey, yo, yeah, and with this little doofus too. And there's, you know, Exy giving the thumbs up. And they're all so waving. We, so we, we come back to our world where uh, he's, I'm not going to let you read this fucking I am going anymore. word for word, my friend. It seems like it. I'm like, no. Come back and I just, I really want to stress that these people, that what you're saying is you just, look, this isn't well progressed or, or sp- it's just all. so nonsense. But no, God, like no. we find Detroit under attack by anomalies forces yes. of the cyborgs army. And immediately I get angry even more so because we have the Machine Queen show up who apparently Anomaly yep. was controlling. The Machine Queen, if you don't know, is one of uh, Charles Sewell's last villains yes. of his Swamp Thing run, which is really cool because they're adding the whole yeah. the, yep. uh, technology awesome. as one of the parliaments because, like, you know, technology is getting further along. Yes. AI as, has become its own yes, thing. as the world progresses, more and more things are becoming part of and, the parliaments. That, and, and the it's technology really cool created idea. the Machine Queen yes. as his avatar like Swamp Thing is. So we have a being here who is on par with Swamp Thing, which Cyborg immediately takes out yep. and we move on. Yeah, and basically just says, like, it's very susceptible to the heat. I raised my body temperature. Boom, done. And it really lit her up, freeing me to deal with her ugly friends. And then you go, and then you get Black Narcissus shows up, and then we get that out of nowhere we get her quick background origin story told by Cyborg in narration. And then basically it's like, huh, you know what? I hope she can handle this on her own because I have to go back and see if my dad's alive. And I just tracked freaking, you know, uh, what's it called? Anomaly. And I'm going to – it's so bad. And then uh, we're not even going to deal with this this much. I'm not going to go. And I'm not going to read what he says here, Eric. (laughs) Anomaly wakes up as well because last time we saw him, the freaking – the digital overlord of the digital multiverse Which, had just grabbed Anomaly yes. and freaking whisked him away somewhere. They teleported away, and we that's where we left him. Now he just wakes up. He goes out. He He's like, seen the air of his ways. Yeah, he quickly frees Silas Stone, moves out, goes to the biggest soldier he has, has him pick him up, and he explodes. And then every all the other soldiers, they fly yep. away because apparently they were told in the last second transmission by Anomaly to stand down. Yeah, and then basically it's like this is out of all of this we've dealt – and now I'm not telling you Anomaly's been a great villain, but we had to endure through this nonsense all of these issues. And then it basically ends with him like, I've now seen what you have seen, that the true future of life on this planet is far more complex than I ever imagined. I yeah, know now that you – because the evolution yeah. of mankind starts with Cyborg the way he is, and you can't yep. have that without humans. So he was wrong, but boom. Yeah, but boom, just blows himself up and then ends up in the last second deal, tells, like you said, all his machines, which now appear to be like full-out goddamn war machines before yeah. they seem like goddamn fucking, you know, hideous fucking monstrosities. Now they're just Iron Men flying yeah, away. Where are they the flying? Queen was a part of them, too. Yeah, where are they flying away Don't to? The sun. The There's Leave the sun. And then it's like, you know what? And, and then they're like, uh, and there it was. Another end. Luckily, and that, that's the other thing that made me laugh so much because I'm, they're there and basically Anomaly blew himself up in a skyscraper. The skyscraper is fucking a wreck now. And then that's where you have, huh, luckily every civilian had fled that area during the battle so there weren't any human casualties. I'm telling you, this might as well have been Anomaly uh, went off to his home planet and died on the way. He might as well have poochied his ass because that's what they did. 
It is so bad. This is nonsense. And then we end where you get the idea that Blue was the one who did, you know, you are already said it, but Blue, perhaps, Anomaly had also been taken aside by an advanced life form. And he had seen what I'd been shown. And there's Blue playing his goddamn jazz. And then we go and basically John Semper Jr. in a, a thing that before we had said Keith Giffen is pretty funny when he ends a series. Like he had, uh, what was his name? Uh, Jediah Cole. It was that yeah. his green lantern he had a green lantern in the threshold book in the new 52 that actually had a really cool deal where he had the ring embedded in his chest yeah and when this series ended you have keith giffen is like okay you want to cancel my book i'm gonna kill every motherfucker in it and ended up killing guys left and right and ended up like that's how he ended john semper jr seems to be like okay you want me to get off this book you want to fire me i'm out Okay, you know those things, mother boxes that are in every book now and all over the place since the Jack Kirby's fucking anniversary deal and you have them everywhere? I'm going to make it that they're fucking bullshit now because that's yeah. what he does. Hey, explain it. As it it's turns just out nonsense. The digital multiverse, which you saw before, for some reason when you see all the worlds inside this digital multiverse, it makes the image of a mother box. So it turns out that the digital overlords – they sent mother boxes out throughout the multiverse as yeah. ways to test people to see if you could use these things for good or evil. And that determines whether or not you were like given invitation to join them in the digital multiverse. Yeah, yeah I, I guess, you know. Or the digital universe, side, I'm sorry. Yeah, granny goodness. I mean, they're being tested, Eric. Yeah, it's all being, all being tested. It's all nonsense. And then it ends with a goddamn birthday party because Cyborg missed his birthday again. Have at least one dialogue thing where they're like, hey, son, I love you. Instead, you get just his narration because John Semper Jr. seemed to have all of these ideas that he wanted to give us. And this was the only way he can force them all in to get the hell out because, yeah, this is his last issue. He's done and then basically ends with the, hey, I feel great. I'm cyborg and this is my rebirth. Hmm, really? <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm actually kind of glad that we could start Cyborg's rebirth yeah. in this last 18 issues. My mind don't count anymore because yeah. it's fucking been bullshit. It's just nonsense. It is nonsense. This might be one of the most biggest nonsense issues I've ever and read. I, it is I, I unbelievable. Think I, and the worst part is I think I really went high with my goddamn score because I gave it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. And I, I'd like to say it's because of the art, but I don't even care for the no, art all that much. I, so I get- don't know why. I end up, I think it's, the thing is – I wanted to give it a five, a fuck you five, but I didn't, but you didn't want, want to go too high, and that screwed that it was too you. High, and yeah. I think I just went down and just said fuck it and moved on. From that, yeah, I should have gone down to a two out of ten in my two. mind. I'm a two, a two out of ten. This is the worst excuse for a comic book issue I have read since we started the podcast. It is that bad. It is it just ridiculous. It is a guy who just wanted to leave. And be able to just at least end his story, but had no way to do it because in all of these issues, he's left so many fucking loose ends around and kept adding characters. We kept saying it over and over where you had the story and just end one story and then get out. All of a sudden, Black Narcissus is there. Oh, Varian. Oh, the, oh Exy. He's, he's a rapper on YouTube. You have all these things that never get wrapped up. And this is the worst. It never really even got wrapped up anyway. You just had Anomaly blow himself up because he heard some jazz in the goddamn fucking micro goddamn mega. I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just nonsense. Ah, Eric. What is your what is your book of the week? The fuck is my book of the week? I don't know because I know what mine oh, is. Oh, I think it's uh it is Batman White Knight, I believe. Okay, that is mine as well. Batman White Knight number 2, which 
we had on our Patreon spotlight. Yeah. So if you wanted to listen to that, I'll give you one last plug. You go over to patreon.com slash weird science and we had a double shot. It was actually the Devastator and White Knight number yes. two, uh, which you probably already have heard us say a bunch of times. But yes, that was a, our, our uh, Patreon-only spotlight. Go check us out there. But you want to hear what we're going to talk about next? Can we give a, can we take a week off? Is that possible, Aaron? Can take a week off and kind yes, of regroup? Yes, possible. Can we? This is what we're going to talk about. We have oh. action comics number 991 we're no. getting very close yes that does mean no and no means no we're getting very close to issue 1000 Aaron. Sure we are. have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 16 we have Batman Lost number 1 I'm very interested to see that uh, we have Detective Comics number 968 we have The Flash number 34 we also have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 32 Eric I usually would say okay you know what? I'm looking forward to that, but unfortunately, we're going with the bats out of hell. Maybe that'll yep. be the one that ends up, you know, no, kicking it, it in. Because kicking Robert in. Venditti wrote this. He's also going to write that. Yeah, I see. I see that right there. Okay, I am now uh, upset. Uh, Harley yep. Quinn, number 31. We have Justice League of America, number 18. Some people are really excited to see Prometheus, though I don't know that they know what Prometheus they're wishing for. That's a monkey Not paw. This that's a monkey paw. Yes, for Prometheus, and then he shows up in Steve Orlando's. And it's book. fucking Steve Orlando's Prometheus. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, you have New Superman number seventeen, Ragman number Why was two. I so freaking quick to I wish. Know. I should have Ra- thought about. <laughs> I should have thought of things. I should have asked for ten wishes first. Oh. Ragman number two, which continues that series, which we had as a uh, uh, Patreon, Patreon only deal week. the yeah, last time. Yeah. So, and we liked it enough. It was a little I like the not. Mummy, but it was okay. You, you didn't hate. It wasn't a two. It no, wasn't it was Cyborg. Good. It wasn't Cyborg. That's Red sure. Hood and the Outlaws number 16. Uh, we'll continue with that. See a little Smarty, Smarty Pants, Pants Bizarro. Bizarro. Yep. Uh, Suicide Squad number 29. Supergirl number 15. A little more Steve Orlando for you. Superwoman number 16, which is getting Perkins. close to the ending. A little Perkins. Titans number 17. A little Abnett there. A little Abnett. Uh, almost little like Abner. little Abner. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman number 34. We'll continue that. Jason's story. Now, I said earlier, I don't want to forget, I told you that there is a perfect section. And we do have this section a lot. Super it, section? Yes, it's going to be the super section again. We're going to have to combine a little with Reggie to have new Superman, Superwoman, and Supergirl. Boosh. The only thing better if we put action comics in with it, Eric. Boy, Agreed. that would be that would be the best. But the, those three will be involved. And just to, to point out, the you know, I kind of went through those pretty quick. But new Superman is issue 17. Uh, it's the penultimate issue of what was going to be the end of the series. So yeah. I expect... I expect a lot forward. of things. Yes, it's going forward. But because of that, I do expect a lot of things to happen. In Not as much as I expect in issue 18. No, 18 is going to be – it's going to be crazy for 18 to end. Like, they're all going to be together like, I wonder what the future holds for us. And then we'll Who see next, knows? next month. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But that's it, Eric. That, that is it. And, and again, I will mention the Patreon one more time only because we just said that all of those we'll be talking about – some of those, probably two of those issues, will be Patreon only. Uh, again, if you want to sign up, you go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience. And we have a lot of other shows, including me and Brandon's Far Out Sports Nut show. Eric has the Cellar Dweller. He he knows this guy named the Cellar Dweller yeah, that has a horror movie show. Uh, me and my wife have a show where I scream and yell at her for an hour. Good times. That's, 
basically all that show is is me uh, getting things we got off a my chest. Nonsense. A new Fifty Two yeah. review, uh, back issues podcast where we yeah. we can do a, a book about what the, uh, the the badasses vote on for yep. anything back in the day. And to and say, I, I will tell people before you go on uh, this month, the coming up months, because we're in uh, November. Uh, we are going to do the Necessary Nonsenses on Urban Legends, awesome. and the Back Issues podcast is going to be me and you talking about Batman by Gaslight. So those are all Gotham settled. by Gaslight, Jim. Gotham, Gotham by, by Gaslight. Gaslight. I am sorry, Eric. And again, if I'm going to keep saying things and spouting out things wrong, Eric, uh, I will say something right. And that is if you go over to the Patreon and subscribe now, you will have a month. It Basically, you'll get a free you know, couple weeks before the December 1st. You'll get charged. When you sign up, you won't get charged right away. So you can see if you like it. If you don't, then yeah, you bail. And, and then you're dead to me, Eric. That's, that's how, how it goes, right? It is. <laughs> dead to me, Eric. But yeah, that that is the end of the podcast. I don't want to extend it too much uh it is the it's past your anniversary we're now uh past 12 o'clock uh just to and think, i'm dead Eric, to jess just think uh back in the day we would just be starting uh, when we would record till 5 a.m i know that was like a, a badge of honor for us it really was i don't want that badge anymore because yeah I, i'm wide awake i took adderall earlier and back on adderall and now i will probably not be able to sleep for three weeks that'll be good stuff That'll be great times. I'm going to go out of this. I will hit the sound effect at the end, and then I'm going to go record 17 podcasts. That's that's what I'll do. You're not going to use this time to go to the gym or anything like that? Better yourself? No. The YMCA is not open at this point. I don't go to that 24-7 gym. I go to the YMCA. I don't even know if it's 24-7 anymore, honestly. I I don't know what the freaking selling point of that goddamn gym is because that's what it used to be. It's a little shitty gym, and it used to be like, oh, you can come here 24 hours a day. Oh, that's amazing. I don't think they do that anymore. Uh, do you want to know actually what I'll probably do? I'll continue something that I started when I got home from work today. I started watching a show. Uh, I that was just you... going to say eating, but all right. No, no. Well, I'll do that as well. But uh, <laughs> guess what show I was watching? You have three guesses. The first three don't count, Aaron. Teen Wolf. <laughs> nope, nope. It's a cartoon. It's oh, a cartoon, cartoon. Eric, that I am watching so that maybe I can bond even more with you. What would that be? What cartoon would that be? Cartoon. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nope. Nope. Keep going. He-Man. So, yes. That's what I was right. watching when I came Masters on. But the universe. The original, though. The original. Oh, yeah, not Yeah. So I was doing that. I actually was going to be jumping forth, uh, back and forth between He-Man and Thundar. And then I even was mixing in possibly a little Mr. T. Little groovy bullies, uh, maybe? No, no, Mr. T. Uh, huh. I actually found an app on the stick that does have all the cartoons that I like. Nice. I mean, even some crazy ones that, that I was going through. And it was one of those where we, we say a lot. The, the thing that happens with me is I do collect a lot of things, or at least I used to. But I would never utilize – like I could collect all these books. I ended up collecting what was like the 500 top sci-fi books. I got all 500. I may have read two. And then what – but it carries on with the stick where I just go through and look at things. And I seem to have more fun looking at the pictures on there, the cover of what would be the DVD or whatever, possibly watching the trailer. But it's more of just seeing what's available makes me smile 
Never watched them. So I was going through some stuff, but I did watch He-Man, and then I went, went to watch Thundar, but I had to get uh, – we had problems at the house. I, I told you I, I didn't – I won't even have mentioned it up until this point, but Rafe was at school and ended up slipping and put a pencil through the roof of his fucking mouth and, and ended up having to go to the hospital because he had a hole in his mouth and all this nonsense, Eric. It's never a See, I like to moment. imagine Rafe was at school. He had the pencil, and he was uh, uh, harassing some girl and showing her what a blowjob looked like. She kicked the seat out from under him, and he fucking That would have been mouth. a little better. No, he was just on the seat. I think he got to the edge of the seat. The seat kicked out on its own, and he ended up hitting. And I don't even know why he had a pencil like that in his mouth. I, I just – I don't know. Demonstrating what not, a blowjob He was like. not simulating blowjobs, Eric. He was not doing that, though, maybe. I, I don't know. I well, never – like, He's not going to tell you the truth. I yet. never I got a clear – all I got was a message from Tanya. Uh, you got to come to the hospital. Rafe's going to the hospital. I'm, What's going on? He's bleeding everywhere. I'm like, okay, did he get an axe to the face? Did he goddamn slip and cut his foot off? I, know, I, I, I called don't him know. hatchet face, but this Yeah, is I don't know what's going on here. And then she told me, but she was all mad because before then, when I'm at work, I have to turn off my ringer. And yeah. she ended up – this was right after I got home, and she ended up trying to call me, and I didn't get, like, the first three calls. And then I saw – I just happened out the side of my, you know, vision. I saw the, the phone light up, and I look. I'm like, oh, no. What did I do now? This is what I thought. <laughs> I answered, and then it was actually Wraith. And then because of that, uh, Logan and Ethan oh, no. were what here at he the house. Now? Well, that was the problem. Logan and Ethan were home, and I'm like, I got to run. I got to get to the hospital real quick. And uh, – then when we Rafe ended up getting looked at, they basically said there's not really a lot you can do for no. this. It just heals, but you go home. And then when we got home, Ethan and Logan were gone. And then I spent an hour driving around looking for them around town because we had no idea that, in fact, Ethan and Logan went to get Ethan's check at Giant, the supermarket he works right. at cashed his check at Giant and then walked all the way downtown to the Mexican grocery downtown to have taquitos, Eric. That, that, you know, that sounds amazing. Just a normal night for so two hungry. young kids. Of course. We had no idea where they were. The only place that they usually go to. And also, the basketball was gone. So that we went to the basketball court and they weren't there. So that we wanted Logan's Ethan, just dribbling Ethan around. No, he does not. He's not I'm allowed. Leave. I'm just saying, what, though, what are you talking before you leave? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He has a phone. The next thing you know, half of goddamn the fucking U.S. is getting a dick <laughs> pic within seconds. I, you want him to have a phone? Jesus Christ. I don't want him, you know, anywhere well, near something like that. Somewhere you can like see that. it, so put it on the fridge. Yeah. No, what we usually do, no, when what happens is, you know, what happens is you put it right on the banister, then everybody sees it. Yeah, yeah. Give me no shade. <laughs> no, and then, then we come home. Now, this is the best. We come. I, I, this is something that will be reiterated in the Jim has issues with his wife podcast because I was furious because we come home. Right there, and I'm like, oh no, where are they? And she's like, you better go find them. It's getting dark, which it wasn't at that point. But I start driving around. I'm getting these calls, and me and Rafe are driving around then, and we're getting these calls. And basically, it went from, oh my God, what happened? Like she gets the worst case scenario immediately, and I'm talking worst case scenario is they actually got thrown by Superman in the sun. It, it's that bad. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, they went and they got hit by a car. It becomes like a goddamn tragedy of tragedies. Oh my my and, God, uh, Al-Qaeda's holding them Yeah, ransom. that's what I'm saying. Now we're going to have a beheading video on our hands, and then I'm going to be talking about, you know, things on the with a podium. But, yeah, the, in fact, though, I'm going, and it went from that to suddenly it gets to the point where I saw it. The one And she called like ten times, and I kept saying, just don't worry, whatever. Each call, 
it started skewing more to being my fault. I'm telling you, at one point she's like, "Uh, it's getting dark. Where are they? You know that you can't let Ethan, you know, be this, uh, you know, be in charge. I'm like, okay, I Uh don't remember me saying anything about Ethan being in charge. So I hang up the phone. Then she calls again. It's like, you didn't ask him where they went? We talked about this. I left. They were watching TV. You're the one who called me in a panic that I have to go to the hospital. You're not thinking they got stuck to the TV, are you, honey? Yeah. Well, yeah. We got a poltergeist on our hand. (laughs) Jesus Christ. First off, it's Ethan gets sucked into the TV, and then later uh, uh, Logan dies of an obstructed bowel. I, I tied it in there. Uh, But yeah, then all of a sudden, like the ninth call, it ends up, I answer the call. Why the fuck did you do this? And you're the fucking this and that and the other thing. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on now. Oh, I'm God, in I trouble. And so I end up, we end up going and we find them walking down the street near the basketball. Now, in, in fact, they have, both of them have a bag in their hand with goddamn taquitos in it <laughs> as they're eating. Now, Logan does have the ball still. And I, I'm telling you, I pulled over. I'm like, where the fuck were you? And I'm like, I'm getting killed from this. And they're like, oh, we were shooting hoops. I don't give me that bullshit. I've been to this basketball court 17 times. You were not there. At one point, we went to Walmart because everywhere Tanya said they might be off we went. It was a goddamn wild goose chase. But, yeah, they're there. And they're, oh, well, we went to the Mexican grocery. And, again, this is not anywhere near our house. This no. is, you know, from giant to there is is a, a sizable walk when, yeah, so bullshit and then i call up tanya and i'm like hey you know we found them and she's yelling at me i'm like i don't know why i'm getting killed for this i hang up i yell at them we come home that's the thing and then- the mexican grocery i was thinking to myself like to walk to giant is the equal amount of distance but reversed from yeah. where your house is to the yeah. mexican grocery actually so the mexican grocery might be a little further uh Maybe. actually just a little bit but their their explanation was we wanted to get water I'm like, okay, so you were in a supermarket when you got no. your money. Where do you decide to go all the way across town to get water? You sons of bitches. I saw it. Shit can go wrong. They passed at least <laughs> well, seven sewers. I watched that documentary, Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Shit Massacre. Bad there. I was so angry. So, yeah, all this is, is going on when I know that we have to talk about eight books uh tonight while we're you know recording on friday night is when this happened and i'm like this is just bullshit Uh, and then in the middle of recording i get a message from tanya because at work i ended up having to take pictures of the things that i do to send to our boss and i told tanya listen you're probably going to see this number pop up that there's been photos sent to this number. This is my boss. Here you go. Look, this is my phone. I see it. In the middle, somehow she saw these numbers on the bill flipped out. I had to stop in the middle of recording and go up. And she's like, oh, I kind of remember that. You kind of remember it. Look, there, there's these pictures. Uh, you know, I'm not Ethan. <sighs> Eric, there Where it is. Where are you? There it is. Jim has issues with Eric. Is what this is. Oh God! But yeah, that is the end of the pot. Now I'm now I'm tired after complaining and arguing <laughs> all this. Well, there, there you go, there you go, Eric. Like I said, at least we always have something to say on the podcast. I always can find something. Like almost like this week, uh, you were going to get cigarettes, and there was this young girl working the register, and I thought, Eric, don't you play with fire? Have, and she must have looked at me and said, there's no, no. way this handsome man no, is over 27. She said, I better ask I don't his know. ID. She's like, I don't know how number. old this guy is. Plus, he's a little shady. I actually, at points when we're in line, because that's a big thing for you to get cigarettes, you don't have ID. So yeah. you have to go. And now, in that 
point where you did see, you know some of the people that work at this Wawa that we go after work, you know when you have guys who will let you go. Guys or girls. Oh, yeah. And one of them was at the other register. You didn't realize it was he open. You went, open oh, he was point, open. Nobody was there. He was open. The thing is, I thought to myself, there should be times where we're, we're in line doing something or even anywhere where if I wasn't so socially awkward and, and have such anxiety that I would fuck with you sometimes just so I can laugh at you on the podcast and tell everybody that I fuck with you. But I, I And that, that girl, I was going to say like, hey, man, you, you remember your ID? I was going to say something, but I didn't. I didn't have to. She didn't give me cigarettes. And then I and it really looked like initially she was yeah. like, going to give it to me. But then she looked me up and yep. down and thought to herself, this guy is not old enough to no. smoke. No, no. What she said is like, oh, look at that fucking asshole. I'm going to cause him problems. He looks like a said. pervert. I'm going to ruin yeah, his day. That's what I think it was. <laughs> hey, look, look at this pervert. He don't deserve no cigarettes. But yeah, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. You've heard some comic talk, some stories, Eric, maybe a laugh or two. No, no. I don't know. I think that uh, people will know at this point, but I I don't think it's going to be a very long podcast uh, this week. I did. Oh, and you know what? One other book that's coming out next week. I did forget, and I told you that I was going to try. Oh, right. I forgot about Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle comes out. It's for some reason it wasn't on the list, so I don't know if it was delayed or upped or whatever. But Mr. Miracle comes out as well, Uh, and that's what I wanted to get to. I think that this week's going to be a little bit on the lower side of uh, length. I think next, kind of like you, uh, next oh, yeah. week, though, I think we have like 17. Nobody with a penis that size holding up the no, smoke. No way. Look at that guy. He's hung like a millipeter. Look at him. I don't, but yeah, that's it, Eric. I'm done. I'm tired now. I tired myself. Judging by his penis size, he's just a little <laughs> yeah. baby. baby. Look at him with smoke. the baby penis. <laughs> You're like, hey, baby, suck Aww. my dick. I choke on baby food. Get out of town. (laughs) There you go, kicking things as you go. But yes, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. Proud. (laughs) 